Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the podcast. Just when you thought. I gotta adjust the level here. I'm too loud. It was like a long time. I was about to come back on. I'm not hearing that. I was making sure that I was recording, but I went too high. Because I wanted to hear wrong turn stuff. So here we go. Just when you thought it was safe. To go back in the podcast. Just when you thought you needed a bigger phone. Just when you thought the revenge wasn't 3D enough. Well, Jim and Eric are here to prove you wrong. This is the Weird Science Blogspot. Comicspot.blogs.internets.gazanga.com That's right, you heard it first. Go to the award-winning website that I just said. This is it. Are you ready for the most spellbinding, riveting reviews of all time? That's right, you're here on Weird Science DC Comics Podcast.com Must be Podcast Reborn! Episode number 167, jump straight into your ear holes and slap your brain silly. I'm America's a sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. You okay there? You stutter oh, a little bit, a little stutter. <laughs> <laughs> Must be stuttering reborn. Uh, what what episode is it, Eric? Tell me, tell me. 167, I already told you, baby. And we're listening to the Weird Science is. DC Comics podcast, obviously. Uh, yes, hello one and all to the Weird Science DC Comics podcast, the official unofficial podcast of Eric Shea hey. and WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of March 17th. 2018, we're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Proud. It's just that easy. We are also on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics, Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com, on Twitter at Weird Science DC, and have what we told you already, an award-winning website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. We also have an iTunes account where you can go to just Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. And I had mentioned before that we had had a review on iTunes that was not so uh, – uh, it wasn't glowing. Complimentary. It was not complimentary. A guy named Willie Five was giving us some shade and i said hey if anybody uh feels like it could you go over and put a review up not just because we won and it could be whatever star i just didn't like his being the last one and the call was answered by cr burge from stp eric that is the whole name i'm telling you if this is somebody that we know i apologize i'm really bad with things like that like i see a somebody's uh license plate and it'll say like B-N-G-M-E. And I'm like, Bungma? And then, no, no, that's a porn star. It says, bang me. Oh, I get it now. 
I, I never get things like that. But C.R. Burge from STP did review the podcast, gave us a five-star review, Eric. Oof. And I'm going to read it because I was very excited to see that. says in uh, the subject line, the eight-plus-hour podcast, you didn't know you needed I didn't know I needed it either. (laughs) I'll tell you. This one's got all the stuff you need to effectively ignore your coworkers an entire workday. And that is very important. Jokes, rage, naughty words, song parries, and a big old deep dive into the weekly offerings from DC Comics. If you're a sad, old Willie Five-esque church lady, this program's probably not for you. But if you like angry scamps like Jim and Eric, and we are angry scamps, Eric, along with a a healthy dose of fart jokes, Eric, like like the fart board, you're talking, the fart board like what would you call this one that's not a joke what would you call that one that's me doing my own fart board because i've retired it <laughs> i'm done no no more fart board i'm sorry no more it was fart carlos board. actually the, the thing is though without having that you're also not going to get such things as this have fun Edit that out. I'm sorry. If I get rid of the fartboard, Eric, it all goes out the door. But yes. How and then, dare you take Jess's shining star C- away from her? C.R. Burge from STP uh, then says, check out WSDC. And thank you very, very much. Thank yeah, you, You're STP. not. You're going to get, without the fartboard, you don't get such things as this either. Who is laughing? I hate no, them. No, you don't get, uh, you too. don't get drunk Eric anymore. Segregation, Reggie. You don't get that, Eric. Why so would passionate. you want to get rid of that? Why would you want to, and also you won't get this. Where DC Dahmer books no you won't and you know what i don't no, care okay eric i don't care what type of reborn we're gonna have you're never gonna get such things as this must be eric shave reborn must, must be, be superman reborn <laughs> must be beetle blue blue reborn must be medentia reborn and, and a new one eric that this is a little bit of a uh an unveiling a spoiler if you will must be reborn reborn oh you have to hear uh, what, what could that you'll, one be? you'll have to hear what that is later uh, but yeah, without the fartboard, I'm sorry. You're not going to get... I'm just going to go through the whole thing oh, now. Good. You're not going to get such things as this, Eric. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this. No, nope. you're not going to get that. You won't get that. You won't get this. But Eric, since it is St. Patrick's Day, how could I not give you this? Who else in the level can say yeah? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. See, now it's a pick-me-up. I like the deal like this. Daddy. No, you're not uh, going to get it anymore. I don't like it. You won't get it anymore. You won't get Richard, this. Richard, Richardson here. No, or this, Eric. And what do you think the last one I'm going to play? What would the last one be? Do you do you know what it'll be? I have no idea. No, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> no, Toby, indeed. But yes, we also have a Patreon account, and that is at patreon.com slash weird science. And you can go and listen to almost, or actually maybe now, 200 plus shows. There, A lot of shows, they keep going up uh, this morning. I just put up my... Uh, news podcast. I had that. A lot of news going the on. The comic I, news show. The comic news show of shows. I ended up talking some shade on you and Brandon throughout. That keeps me going, Eric. It makes me. Jesus. It keeps things keeps things fresh. Actually, I think I mentioned uh, just your love of Hawkman. I think I said that wasn't throwing shade, Eric. That no, is the truth. That's you big love yourself. You love yourself, some Hawkman. Brandon, I was talking about that. You you end up you call up Brandon, right? You, me and you, we're, we're going to yeah. hang out with Brandon on the weekend. And I don't know. Are we supposed to wear the jean vest that has the the Bills patch on the back? Are we supposed to wear the jean vest that has all the buttons in the front, Eric? These are big, important questions in Buffalo. Why not wear uh, both? 
Well, so what happens though? I call him, and are we supposed to wear assless or regular chaps? But I call him up and I All say, "Listen, listen, man." And the weird thing is, is we're going to a church function. We're not going to the Bills game, but well, I call him. Well, makes sense. Yeah, and I call him up and I'm like, "Hey, Brandon, uh, we're going out this weekend. I want to know what, uh, you know, what vest I'm supposed to wear." And he answers with, "You know what? I hate that X Men red." Any question I asked him, I asked him a question for the new show if he liked Chip Zdarsky. And what I got back was he, he's okay, but not, you know, not as bad as X-Men Red. Yeah. Any opportunity the guy gets, he throws it out there. Uh, like this guy, Eric. I just, I hit that red. I, I don't even know what's going on. I, I'm a, I'm a little loopy. Right now, I, I seem to, uh, once the, we hit the podcast, Eric, things get a little loopy in my head. Back to the Patreon account. I, I gotta focus. We have a Patreon account where we do a lot of shows. Like I said, I have my new show, whatever. Uh, one of the big shows that we have that is voted by the badass level of the Patreon and the Get Fresh Crew, beep, boop, 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 is the Patreon only spotlight. And this week, of course, I have the wrong things written down, but this week's spotlight was, uh, Action Comics 999 and Sideways, number, Sideways two. number two. And yeah. you should be very proud of me that I didn't say silencer. Because every time I say it to you, I always <laughs> say silencer. I always mess it up. And on the regular feed that you're listening to this podcast on, hopefully, uh, you can also see our regular spotlight that will also not be on the show. But it is free and you can listen to it. And that is Mr. Miracle number seven, which did get the stamp of approval from one Mitch Gerards on, yeah, uh, on Twitter. I was hoping that what he would say, he did say, Eric. I mean, this guy knows how to play the game. He sure does. He complimented my song parody of Lump and he, already, I love the guy now, but I wish oh, one thing. He knows I, it so well. He, he won me over. But, but really, it's the funny thing is you think about all the things I've said about that book and my reviews. I have never once badmouthed him. I love nope. his art and I, I really go over the top. I, I think that's them. You don't, but I really do. I really, really like his art. In the meantime, I wish that he would have given me one bit of advice though and told me how to pronounce his name because I swear to God, every time I say it, I say it different. <laughs> I say it a different way, just hoping at one point I, I will hit on it and at least somebody, I, I'm almost a, I'm a broken clock with that name. I'm right two times a day. So that, that is my problem. But yeah, you can go and listen to that. Mr. Miracle on the regular feed, but back to the idea of the badasses, Eric. I know it's time for you to light up. You're going to light up because it's time I'm, for I'm already lit up. Oh, are you? Yeah, I took too long, didn't I? He already uh -huh. lit up, and we're going to go now to the badass roll call. All right, Eric. We're going to go to the badass roll call now. Right, right away, honorary shout-out to C.R. Burge from STP. I'm telling you, just for defending us, he's going to get that. And I'm doing that because I'm desperately trying to find where I put the badass roll call here. And I found it. Here we go. Well, Abuse Mom in the Verizon Hole, Aldrin Stoja, David Assel, who is all new, Dave, D-Man, Josh, Havlin, Batman Beyond Mark, G-Man, Manship, who yelled at me today because I don't like Mr. Miracle. I'll, I'll talk about that later. B. Murray, Brent, uh, Bobby, Jolly Drew, who we want to hear from. We haven't heard from Jolly in a while, and we both mentioned that we were upset because we want to hear from him. We got Reggie. We got Andrew Belfast, the cellar dweller, J-Man from Half Moon Bay, Danny the Street, Luis, Zach, Ulysses, T, Hakeem, Double A, Ron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony, G, Dave, J, Bill, Bear, Ian, Job, Missy, T, Rob, Lewis, who we'll hear from later, Pete from NYC, Lone Wolf, Marv, uh, Jazz, uh, Ruben, I'm, I'm Ruben. struggling, Ruben, 
and Christopher Hindley OG. I was struggling, but I'm, I'm having problems, Eric. I What's really going on? am. I don't know. I think somebody has gotten my my funny bone, Eric. You tickled the funny bone. Actually, I, I I just took an Adderall, Eric. It's kicking in. There oh, you go. That all makes sense now. Druggy, Eric. I can't help it. I keep telling you that I'm stopping, but it just keeps pulling me back in. But yes, thank you, one and all, and thanks everybody for going on the Patreon and support everything we do. I hope that you're enjoying all the shows that we do, and we try to oh, yeah. give you a bang for your buck. And everybody else, I would like you to just go and, and check out some of the shows. You can join up. You don't get charged right away. Check out some of the things. See if it's worth your while. That's all we ask. And if it's not, then tell us that and, and go on your way and, and shade yeah. us. And then you know, know that I'll go and cry to myself, Eric, because I do. I take everything personally, and I get upset. And you know that is true. It's going to be but okay, yes, baby. I know. Well, thanks, everyone, for that. It is St. Patrick's Day, Eric. Maybe I've been drinking. I'm not telling, but we'll see, because we're going to go off now to the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love, the meat and the cheese that we crave. All right, here we are, Eric, right to the meat and cheese of the podcast, and that is the books. And I said, I said to you before we started this, that we have this deal where we decided to get right into the books, and then I'm listening to a little of last week's podcast. Actually, it was when I was editing it, so I got to get the timestamp. So I'm like, all right, we got in and out. You lighten up, Eric? You think this is a long story? You got to light up and sit back and blow your smokes. But uh while this is going on, I, there you go. Uh, um. I'm editing. I'm like, all right, man, we eight minutes and we were out of that intro and into the books. And then we, we talked nonsense for 25 yep. minutes to, to pretty much shoot ourselves in the foot for all of that. But we're just gonna get like right. every other aspect, just like of everything life. we do. Yeah. I, I mean, really eight hour podcast. What the hell were we thinking? What are we thinking? I we really, weren't, Jim. We weren't. We weren't. And really, uh, welcoming a lot of people who may be, uh, listening to us for the first time, uh, the last couple of weeks at least. Yeah. You're getting off easy. We used to have the 13-hour podcast and things like that. Uh, at least that has gone down, Eric. I am wrong turn, and I prove this message. He proves this message, Eric. But it is time right now for the... It's time for meat and cheese. It is time for and meat and cheese. And that means books for yeah, some reason. And that means books for some reason. Uh, and the meat and cheese, uh, as we go on uh, into this first section at least, it's it's mixed up a little. Uh, we usually have a set type of book that we do. And we up gonna, all week. We, we say that they're going to have to earn their position. And also we like to mix things up. We're mixing things up. But I think that as we have said 
in other weeks as we've gone and done the podcast during it. You've heard us say tread water. You've heard yeah. us say boring. You might have heard us say awful. You know, certain descriptive words as that. Uh, yeah, boosh. You, you may have heard that as well. I will describe a lot of what you're going to get tonight as you know, leading into books being canceled because we have a lot of books this week that are heading for cancellation and or, or even, even just team shakeups, team yeah. shakeups, yeah, creative team changes. So with that, we are starting a weird, almost like you know, uh, DC wide trend of everybody trying to get their P's and Q's together to get the hell out of the books. And this first section is really going to have that. But I'm going to pause a second, Eric, because I'm being handed a coffee by Logan. Oh, Thank you, Logan. You want to say hi to everybody since you just sat there with the coffee looking at me with a weird smile on her face? He couldn't <laughs> yeah. just hand it to me. <laughs> He's just standing there. And yet he won't say anything. He's just standing there with the smile Creepy on his shit. face. It was. He looked a little like it being like the Exorcist or something or, or maybe uh, the Omen. That's what I was He's the children of the corn. He's one of the He's children. He's a children of the coffee, he was, uh, handing me that coffee with a very odd look. But, yeah, uh, these books are going to have a lot of things, as we talk about, uh, of leading. And even say, like, I'll even mention some in particular. You even have a book like The Flash, which isn't changing anything. It's obviously not being canceled. But it's leading to the flash war. So everything seems to be setting up something down the line, and every book has that weird, you know, feeling to it in my mind. But we're going to start right with, with yeah. Well, we're going to start with one that I really think that is doing this in a I don't know a sly way, but the way people are taking this, and it is Detective Comics, uh, the way some people are taking it, where I've seen on Slack even with the Get Fresh Crew people, that they are like, I really like this. Batman is going and talking about some issues that he's had. I don't. I, I find it uh, not infuriating, but I'll, I'll tell you because, Eric, these first three books are my books, and I sat down to write my blurbs uh, knowing that it's going to be my time to shine. I rarely gotcha. get a time yeah. that I have all the books. You have parts because since you took over Batman especially, uh, we would have Batman Superman on the first section when that week comes up and then sometimes a book of yours. So you are a seasoned vet of this. I am not. So I, I'm here Ding. to I'm, I'm here to impress, Eric. Here we go. Detective Comics number 976 written by James Tynan IV, art by Javier Fernandez, which is pretty much Eric's, you know, arch Nemesis, uh, uh, John Calise, and Sal Cipriano, Eric, he's back. Hey. He, he is the, the sexy Sal Cipriano is back, and he is actually listed in the credits. It was That's recently right. announced that James Tynan would be leaving this book in May. But if you didn't hear the news, you can see the writing on the wall in this issue. Where other people see this issue as Batman doing the right thing, I see it as Tynan realizing that he spent way too much time on Clayface, Batwoman, and other things, and he neglected to tell a complete story with his entire team, and he's going to shove it all in before he ends the run. I may be jaded, but Cassandra and Tim needing help, Eric? A little too late. Asriel searching for his father in St. Dumas? That ship feels like it sailed a long time ago. And Luke Fox worried that his daily activities at Fox Tech might interfere with joining Colony Police. I mean, we, we have seen him. When have we seen him go off to work? He's been when involved. have we seen him? He's been at work the whole yeah, time. This is what I'm talking about. And it, it got me angry in this book. Like, okay, I see what's going on. But anybody saying to me, and, and you know, you can like what you want. But people are like, oh, man, you know what? This is Batman being a good guy. No, no. This is Batman. Oh. 
uh, kind of being shamed into doing something he should have done a year ago because we'll talk about time frame and things like that. But uh, we'll go. Don't get me wrong. I like finally seeing everyone get their panel space. But Javier Fernandez art I, and the I, sudden I... concern for everyone made me roll my eyes a bit. And it really did. And, and we'll start as we I would, go. I would have liked seeing everybody get their panel time with a better artist. That would have yeah, been cool. Uh, yeah, I would have liked that as well because uh, I didn't like the art at all. But with that, though, I would have liked, say, a mention of uh, Azriel's dad and St. Dumas maybe 20 issues ago. Uh. You know, all, all, all Azriel got was that one arc. He yep. got the arc uh, that he had, and then we kind of basically threw him aside to team up with Luke to do nothing. And Luke is just there anytime they need the rookie and the bat suit, you know, bat robot uh, army. He's done nothing. So this idea of him saying, uh, you know what, I'm going to have to check my calendar. Uh, you know, this might interfere with my day job. Really? I'm telling you, nonsense. But you start off and you have this several weeks ago. And basically it is Cassandra going off with Clayface, we see, to take down some kidnappers, some people who are, you know, human trafficking with children. You, you mean the Shaka? The Shaka. And I like it. I actually Sadly like the Shaka. Yeah, I like the Shaka just because it's kind of a goofy deal. He has these tattoos that are electrified and things. It, it doesn't they have really matter. Electrodes, yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter in the long run. He's just there for somebody to get beat up, and Cassandra does. She beats him up with the help of Clayface, who comes. And again, then you're like, oh yeah, this and is several weeks ago. Yeah, maybe, but you, you know, and this is where we'll go on from there. Uh, Talking about Cassandra because this all wraps around into her talking to Leslie Tompkins about how she feels and how she's been. Now, this is something that you have her getting talked to because Clayface has died and she was upset about it. The problem being is if you started this book in Rebirth and you didn't read anything in the New 52, this would be a better deal. It will play off better if you all you knew about Cassandra was kind of, oh, well, something about her death. Like, they didn't really mention a lot of things yeah. about her. So you went on. The problem is Batman has known Cassandra for a long enough time. He has asked her to be on the team and knew that she was fucked up. And I, I pardon my French, but when he got her, she is a completely fucked up human being who and was she's a more, living weapon. Yeah. And, and the way this is, is not like you can tell me that Damien, and that is the kind of the, you know, the uh, comparison would be to yeah. Damien. She's worse. She's yep. way worse. Basically, Damien at least was taught to be an assassin, but also was taught chess. Yeah, yeah, Talia might have brought the greatest chess minds in the world and then murdered them in front of them, you know, whatever. But he was also more rounded out. What Cassandra was, and really also when you ended the New 52, and basically all we're going to talk about is mainly Batman and Robin Eternal, where we had Cassandra. She was raised by her father to be a complete and utter assassin whose name is Orphan. Now, that's what I want to get to. By the end of that... You are so you see just such a screwed up little girl who needs help and then says to Batman, one of the last panels of her in the new 52 uh, and the end of uh, I believe it was the end of Batman and Robin Eternal. uh, I'm going to call myself orphan after my father. And Batman even kind of stepped aside a little like you you really think you want to do that because she also saw her dad die in front of her. She also had her dad, who would basically to train Cassandra, would take her into a room and say, okay, there's 50 people here. I'm going to lock this door. Either you come out 
or some of them come out, but somebody's dying, and if you don't want to die, right, you got to kill them. Mine is murder time. Yeah, and it was murder class, and she would do this. Now, also, I know Dancing Mike does not like the character, and I know also that a lot of people who jumped in on Rebirth don't know much about Harper Rowe. She was a big character. She was a big to do in the New Fifty Two and Batman and Robin Eternal. Cassandra murdered her parents. Yep. She murdered her, her parents and her mother, but murdered her mother so that. You know, Harper Rowe could become a Robin-esque, you know, it's all crazy shit. This girl has gone through way more than Clayface dying. Yes, Clayface to her was her friend. Also, the almost like the poster child of redemption to Cassandra. If Clayface can be better, so can I. She watched him die right in front of her, in her hands when, when Batwoman did it. But this character... Cassandra has had problems to, out the wazoo, and Batman never cared. And that's no. why me and Eric took it uh, – we're actually taken aback that she already didn't have a room in the in the mansion that we just didn't know about. Because last, last issue you saw, she's living pretty much the same place she was living in all along. Batman didn't even give her a place to live. And well, that's yet, after just, she was shacking up at friggin' you know, Harper and Stephanie's house yeah, for a while yeah. until the things broke up between them. Then she just started living above like uh, a ballerina studio. Yeah, the ballerina studio, which we saw a little in this run. But this is the problem is Batman has never cared. Batman, no. the biggest concern Batman has had is in a conversation with Kate at the beginning of the series telling Kate, listen, she could kill me. Like yeah. she's the most dangerous person. And Kate, like, do we have a backup plan if she goes wrong? Now, in the meantime – that was kind of shoved aside so that Clayface could go wrong, but there were contingencies, it seemed. It was a, a kind of a sticking point with Kate. All these things about her being a weapon, and now you're going to get it that he's going to help, and then it goes, and you're going to tie and that around even into this being point, a- like you. You said before a little like, you know, too little too late at this point because from the, her sessions with uh, Leslie Tompkins here, it really seems that she's going to be on the offensive soon because, you yeah. know, like Clayface, she was a killer too, looking for redemption. Clayface was murdered by the, the, the Gotham Knights, and now she's just waiting for them to turn on her. Yep, and now one of the big things is she's kind of saying to Leslie that, you know, I kind of go and beat people up and try to do good because doing good makes you good and it makes me feel good. Uh, You know, trying to do stuff that is not bad anymore, but still, she is, you know, one stroll away from uh, breaking the camel's back in her mind and going nuts. Yeah. And with that, though, Batman should have been doing this this whole entire series. And this is where I said that this issue, yes, you see some things. Wish there would have been flashbacks and you would have saw it would have been happening all along. But instead, you get Batman just like, oh, I better do some shit now because, you know, things are going to go bad. It, it's way too long for that. But Tynan doesn't play that out. Yes, he plays out with Leslie who goes off and then talks to Bruce as she's going, you know, she's leaving. And like, listen, you know, I, I didn't mind when you did this with Robbins. I did mind. But at least you spent time with them. You got to spend time with, with her. She's going to crack. And, and with that, you're just like, OK, but Batman never comes off in this, especially then with Tim as somebody who's like, OK, I messed up. It's just like all of a sudden, yep, finally, I see that you're insane. You need help. And again, I wish that Tim would have said in the part, ah, we'll get to that when we do the Tim, because we go from there to go and get Kate, Asriel, and Luke. That and I, yeah, or, yeah, Luke. 
And uh, yeah, yeah. with that, uh, when you were when we were talking about this, we really it, it was pretty cut and dry to us that this was going to be the separation that you were going to have Azriel, Luke, and uh, and uh, Kate, Kate there going off to Colony, and you see it here. And I know that some people in the Slack were saying that it, they thought it, Azriel being there was a little pushed, but eh, this is what you're going to do. I'm telling you, they I'm, go we, off. Have, we have Luke and Azriel have been partnering up this whole time. If one was going, you knew the other was going to go because there was nothing for yeah. them to do in this book otherwise. Yeah, they're the not doing duo in this yeah. book. They really are. And uh they're there and we see that they're going to hunt down some talons and it, whatever you whatever it depends on how you, you know, go with the whole deal with the talons and the court of owls and stuff like that is going to depend, you know, how you feel is going to make you either like the scene or not. I don't like it because to me Every time we see something like this, it, it just diminishes the Court of Owls to me and also diminishes well, that Batman just let shit go. I, it just, is, it this is different nuts. than just the Court of Owls. This is what we had from the Nightwing stuff, the Parliament of Owls, which know, was worldwide, still- while the court kind of just stayed in Gotham. Yeah, I'm saying even anything. Batman is just – he's just closed his eyes to everything. He he just saw this. And also in Nightwing, I thought they were done. And now every time they just keep coming back, and to me, they mean nothing anymore. They mean nothing at all to me, just seeing Talons. And you do get this whole deal because when they first came out, it was a singular Talon. That kind of changed. I'm telling you, each step kind of made me like eh. uh, even with when we saw them in we are robin it was already right. starting to get watered down uh this is and really here's the thing you say all you want they legitimately say the court of owls oh, sends you to die so they say it so you can't go that this is just this is just nonsense to throw them in here and tynan was the one who did the talon book back in the new 52 so i would think he'd know better but he just throws you, them in you sent me a freaking message earlier this week when you were reviewing this book talking oh talon shows back up when you said talon i'm like oh calvin rose yeah. from the talon book and i'm like that'd be cool but no no that's not what no, it was and, and to me the talons have become the bat family nazis or something that you just have them there so you can beat them up and they're an organization you can track down and do something all this is to me is something for colony to do that won't upset batman because in the end you're gonna have to have something where there's gonna to be a showdown of some sort somebody's gonna have to come to an agreement or a disagreement you know agree to disagree whatever it's gonna be down the line uh though we would think that by the end of this issue what's gonna happen is ulysses and brother eye is gonna kind of combine them two together so you can't have kate and you know uh asriel and all of colony and all of them just go off to say egypt to fight right. some nonsense you have to have something that ties in i get it it's just every time i see them it waters them down a bit we even we even when they were in in, uh, metal, it was more of a mention of them and more of what they had done to lead well, up just to the, things. The, so. Just the talents in general, you would think at this point, for the most part, would be destroyed. Yeah, you know, we that's might what have I'm some saying. rando freaking court members just running around yeah. wearing their mask, playing freaking uh, dress up. Yeah. Besides that, the court of the house seems like they should be like com- almost completely destroyed. That's what I'm saying. And, and with that, you also have a Batman who, and if even when not I said the Parliament, even yeah. that, because yeah. you had Spiral go after them yeah, at the end of that night. So when they just keep popping up, you just say, like, what's going on with these? And Talons are kind of a special thing. They're, yeah. they're not just guys dressed up. There is a process and things involved where they even, you know, resurrect them from the, you know, almost dead the and things like ninja that. Zombies. But, yeah, they're just going around and she calls them that, but they're just going around. And it really does throw me off that we keep seeing them. I thought that we were actually done with them for the most part if we did anything like i think you're kind of pointing out i wouldn't mind if we had say a butcher-esque 
talent that we had before. Yeah. Just one guy who doesn't even know, like almost like the robot or uh, actually it would be more like, you know, the guys where you find out that the Vietnam War had ended five years ago and there's one guy in the jungle still thinks it's going on and he's right. still holed up. You have a talent who doesn't even know what's going on. He just keeps sweating, but we don't get that. That's more script, Doctor. But we go off then to uh, the Batcave where Batman realizes that Tim is trying to get this Gotham Knights protocol up again. He doesn't want this. He says, I, I agree with Batgirl. This is not something we need. And by the way, I've noticed you've been acting pretty crazy. And again, some people would take this as, oh, right, Batman cares. He cares about Tim. To me, it's shit is falling apart. I don't need you now. So I want you oh, to get that, help that, when that, you're not that's needed. The, that's the worst part where, you know, Tim is still trying to do what he did to make sure that the Bat family, the legacy of Batman, continues on long yeah. after they're all gone. And this is something that Batman told him was a good thing to do when he started. He is still going to do that because even though Batgirl shamed everybody at that goddamn meeting last issue, he does not think that this whole thing should be over. And now it just no. seems that it is because – Batman had a third in his face. The only reason you did this was to make sure that you had Batwoman on your side, and that was it. And now that she's not, well, Tim, I don't need you anymore, buddy. So uh, go get yourself some help. I'll yeah. see you in a decade. Yeah, where was this when – and even when he says, you know what, you were holed up in Mr. Oz's cell, it seemed weird for him to address it as Mr. Oz anyway, mainly because – we never really saw anything. Now, again, read between the lines off panel. Yeah. I get it. It's comics. Never had a sit down. Never saw where Batman just sat down and said, you know what, Tim? Are you okay? Because what happened? Yeah, what was going on? Me. And maybe I should check because maybe there's somebody tracking you or maybe you're not you. I mean, this is a universe where shit goes wrong. You maybe know I what should I mean? just find out where this goddamn yeah, prison maybe was. Maybe we should find this because you're telling me that you think you were out of space and time. Came and also, back. who knows how many people are still in prison yeah. there that might be dead it now. It just ends up as like a, oh, by the way. I think that maybe when you were with Mr. Oz in that prison, you may be a little crazier that year or whatever you were gone that they kind of spell out. Uh, maybe you should get checked. No, no. Batman, you should have asked him some very simple questions before. But when, and he goes, maybe I shouldn't have rushed you back in action. Yeah, you rushed him back in action because you had a plan that involved him. You, you come off as a real piece of shit, Batman. You really, really do. I'm telling you, at this point too, Eric, this is where I really, and, and this is a nitpick. This is where I, I wanted my move, one of my favorite. You know some of my moves are I love when people bite on cyanide oh, capsules yeah. when they're going to die. When Batman starts talking stuff that he really cares of, of the heart, Eric, matters of the heart, he takes his cow off. And I wish he would have done that. I wish he would have pulled it back and said, listen, because that's when everybody sits. Ooh, he means it. He's not Batman now. He's a man. And I wish he would have done that. Like just pulled it back and like, no, no, no. Not talking Batman shit now. Batman shit's right over there with the cow, or it's hanging off my back. Well, on e the even kit. if that, like, that would be the greatest like scenario we have because right now, as it is, we don't get a cow removal, and what we do have is Batman keeping his back turned to Tim yeah, Drake this to entire time. Yeah, I, I know it's the art, and this is not you know real life, and that, but the the body language is terrible. Also, Batman, while he's doing this, he it, it starts with him like, oh, somebody's somebody's been playing at the committee. You know, stop beating around the bush. <laughs> somebody's been e eating my porridge. But he, he hits this deal, and you have this map. And it's funny because as he's talking, he's staring at the map. And to me, he's like, 
Huh. This yeah. would be good. Could could it work? Like maybe Leslie will be able to talk to him next week. Because, but no, it, it's just nonsense to me, and it's way overdue. And it's only to push. It's only here in this scene of what's going on to push Tim away from Batman because Tynan wants to get him involved with Ulysses. It, it's yeah. very obvious. He goes, and you have a thing where yeah, Tynan has been very good at reminding you and all of us reading it that Tim is a smart guy so when he goes Batman seals the passage to leave on his motorcycle and he he throws shade right at Batman too you know better than that override code R3185 it'd be funny if it didn't open and he fucking just face planted into the wall <laughs> he, he gets out and then Batman's there and he's like I don't know these plans look like they were very costly that's all it is actually he's like maybe I should have told him my fucking credit cards run out it's maxed look, out because the, the that JLA fucking have been rebuilding the sanctuary I don't have time or yeah. money for this guy and, and, and basically he says that dick grayson uh has <laughs> the grayson crossfit and has not been able to carry his weight from i, that. I he, don't know if you heard either that the titans tower in san francisco was destroyed yep that's it, enough that's need, also coming out of my goddamn I need that pocket too. for some reason i've got to do something because of that goddamn throne of crown cr- the, the throne of crowns or whatever <laughs> what is that the crown of crown thorns, of thorns. Yeah, in atlantis i can't I, talk. I, I don't know if you've heard tim but uh the justice league watchtower also crashed in yeah, Earth's that's it. It's lately. crashing. That's on him. That's his bill. I'm trying to think of any other disasters that have happened in the DC. Oh, yeah, uh, Deathstroke, he just needs some money. He, he yeah. needs a, a couple bucks. That's why Batman's going after him and Arkham coming up. He needs, you know, because he ended up getting the money. But, yeah, Tim goes off. I, and... I don't know if you've heard, Tim. Bizarro's smart now, and he created an invisible fortress yeah. in the sky over Gotham. Yeah, he, he still Jason, needed the money to Jason get that together. Jason grabbed that to, to do. But yeah, with that, you have Batman mad, and this is where the worst panel. Oh, while he's getting mad, well, I do, damn it, when he's talking about caring for Tim, and it's like, I don't even know what's going on. Look at that. I it, hate it the art so terrible. much. It's so bad. Uh, Tim leaves, but we go back to Colony. We're on the airship Alpha. And basically, it is Jacob who's going to give them their, you know, the job description. He's their recruiting. It's the big uh, recruitment. And it's pretty it's much really, you down. Yeah, I'm down. You down. Yeah, yeah I'm down. And, all and right, with that, it, the contingencies are all like, hey, Azrael, you want to be down? We'll, we'll go after St. Dumas. We'll find the remnants of that and then go for your dad. All right, I'm in. Uh, Luke, well, I need to figure out how to make that even remotely possible with my responsibilities at Fox Tech. Really? You have been hanging out at the Belfry all this time. We've never Has heard he? this. I Has don't know. But really, we haven't seen have, him do anything. We haven't Obviously, seen him he at, work, hard though, at work, though. He's at Luke's Luke Tech. That's the problem, though. He already says that Tam is already running it day to day. So he hasn't been. He hasn't been there. So oh, basically, Tam. he sets up the possibility that he can't. And then not even the next sentence. It's part of the same sentence where he's like, yep, Tam will take care of that. Uh, I'm in. Uh, Azrael's like, yeah, I really could use some better glasses. These things look fucking ridiculous because I, I hate that look. And she's like, all right. And it's so funny because he's like, and I would request that we divert some of the colony's incredible resources to finding my father and the remnants of St. Dumas. Now, the next page. And I, I Kate, sat there. I'm like this. Like, you know what? Just just tell Azrael we're not interested right now because I don't want to deal with that story because no. I hate St. Dumas. No. Not a fan of Azrael. I don't want to go down that avenue. Yes, Dad. Uh, with that, the next panel – uh, has Kate gone full out phantom? Uh, she has no eyes. It, it's completely white. But for some oh, reason, Javier. even with the white, it's because I think that after Azriel said that, she is rolling her eyes so bad <laughs> that they're rolled back in her fucking head. 
Uh, oh, yeah, we could do all that, uh, uh, Jean-Paul. We'll get right to that. Hey, what do you say, Yin? Yeah, we're in. All right. Hey, welcome to Colony, kiddo. And then they're going to go, and it looks like they're going to go after these talons and things like that. There, there was a mention earlier where Jacob said he's been tracking them and things like that, so we'll see. And in the, there is one part of this whole deal with Colony that I did like because she's talking, listen, uh, Luke, I want you to do some tech, non-lethal, whatever. And Luke's kind of – to me, it was funny. Like Luke's like, what? I kind of joined because I like killing. I like yeah. the killing. Uh, what's this nonsense? And she's like, no, no, no. You know, nine out of ten times, I want to go non-lethal. I believe uh, what that man does time. nine out of ten yeah. times. But sometimes yeah. you have to have that contingency plan to fucking put somebody down if it needs to happen. Yeah, and I like that. I actually like that uh, description. It just seemed Luke was like, oh, shucks. And then oh. kick, kick some dirt. I like the killing. I like the killing as well. Uh, so now we go off to a Luke or a, a Tim, and I don't even know what's going. I'm telling you, the setup of this scene. And it's what's such going a weird on, thing where Tim I, walks into the Robin's nest and yeah. just freaking you know punches the wall, slams his head against head the wall, like the wall. wall as well, while Ulysses is talking to him. And after this long drawn out speech by Ulysses, huh? Who's there? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you you would guess that he is saying that with. The, you know, Tim hearing it. But yeah, yeah, he goes, I just like that he, and this is for a, a brand in a bit, he does a Gus Ferrat. He goes and headbutts the wall for no fucking reason. Uh, and, and earlier, now. Uh, earlier too, I, I have to mention because you did have that thing where Batman didn't seem as much concerned about the Mr. Oz imprisonment. He was concerned about that concussion yeah. that Tim got from King Clayface. Uh, it's fucked up now. I mean, he, if he had a concussion, he just had butted a wall. He, his brain is just spaghetti now. And you have this, and that's why maybe he doesn't react to this crazy ass talking. And it goes on forever. I know exactly how you feel, Tim. And with this, we don't know if Tim hears it or not. I'm assuming he doesn't. Well, I'm telling you, I, at first I assumed he wasn't. And then when he reacts, I'm like, oh, that is that's so the problem. weird. There's nothing between what you get in the first panel to the second because it's i know exactly how you feel tim you had all all it right in your grasp you're the only one smart enough to see the pieces moving into place for a dark twisted future a future where the signs of the present are going to fall squarely on your shoulders now it's all slipping through your fingers and you think you can't turn the tide but you're wrong who's there that reaction it, 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 oh jesus when, when's this guy gonna fucking stop so i can yell who's there i mean really and <laughs> he's now he's very polite tim drake yeah he, he lets me he's unlike me from your i hear from your mother i never let your beautiful voice talk with this though there's one last thing i want to get a little bit angry about is this whole gotham knights you know this whole program the whole thing was started before Tim got taken away by Mr. Oz. This was yeah. always Tim's dream. He wanted to have this whole thing set into place and and make it work. Now, yes, when the Tim of Tomorrow showed up, this actually made Tim go a little over the top and really push that he wanted to really make it work quicker or whatever. But the way that it's spelled out here to me, it's almost like just forget that Tim was doing that stuff before – this is all to do with the future Tim. The way that Ulysses comes about. You see things moving into place. This dark, dark. No, no, no. We had this before. This just was like, this is my plan. I want to keep it going. Like I said earlier, I think it was last issue or the issue before, where you even got away from that idea that Tim didn't want to tell Bruce that he was going to leave and things right. like that. Like that has all been, you know, it's like a little bit of a revisionist bit. history from yeah, where we it started. Is a little. 
must be Tim Drake Reborn, but with this, he's like, who's there? And that's where Ulysses comes out. And uh, I'm glad Tynan did show one thing, because it seemed as if he was going to say that Tim had no idea, or Hadrian uh, Ulysses had no idea, but they did meet uh, for a second. And he's like, yeah. yeah, you met me before, you may not remember. And I'm glad he did throw that I'm out. also the guy that kind of killed you and had you sent away yeah, with my Yeah, drugs. really. And that's the thing. He doesn't say that yet. And I don't know if anybody – and this is the problem. We haven't really had anybody talk to Tim. Nobody wants to bring up shit. He just Every thinks time they do, He's fucking sitting in his goddamn room drawing fucking drawing things pictures on the floor of that beautiful yeah, mind. Like, you know yes. what? Tim, I'll get back to you later yeah, about this. So with that – you feel it a little bit better, buddy. Yeah, so with that, he's there right there with the person who – pretty much tried to kill him though we don't know if he knows that or not i'm getting that maybe that will be revealed where he'll see the video and whatever maybe that'll be what happens but he has all, the future all water under the yeah i don't know though. but he has the brother idea well this is the thing he has that future he does see ominous but he is trying to get to tim in a way that he wants tim to agree and work with him and he's like hey yeah. i'm not your best friend yet but I will be. I hey, but check this out. I have the history of yeah. everything you're going to do. Want to take yeah. a look at it, buddy? Yeah, you want to do this because – Of course I do because yeah. I want to stop this. Yeah, and you have the whole idea where he – Tim's like, I, well, how do you know this? And yeah, he has the downloaded brother eye stuff and the history of what he would become. Obviously, Tim would want to see this to avert that because he does not want to become that Tim Drake. In the meantime – Everything just keeps happening because of what he's doing. It's that monkey paw and of in the time meantime, travel and destiny. We get to this end part where it says Batman, Batman Eternal Part One. Yeah. And anything labeled Eternal, I have a I bad feeling about yeah, right I'm off done. the bat, so I, I don't want to deal with it anymore. I got a bad feeling about this. But yeah, this is going to be what is going to push this book to the end of Tynan's run. Now, I had it on my news thing. A lot of people would have seen, but uh, Brian Hill is taking over this book. And at least for five issues, right. there does not seem to be a team. So if you're going to look at that, maybe that's a spoiler. But there seems to be a it's, team now. Well, it's, I'm saying, though, this uh, coming up, though, seems Batman, Black Lightning, them. And so right. you'd want to know and you're going to wonder what's going to go on with Tim, uh, you know, and, and Cassandra and things and how that's going to work out. This is the beginning of the end for that, it seems. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I hated the art. I really I did. So much. Uh, though that's going to come to bite me in the ass in the last book of this section, I'm sure, because people hated that flash art as well. But, so did uh, I. Yeah, I, I didn't like this art at all, though, throughout. And I think that everything in here is very forced for a first issue of this arc to get it rolling. So right now, I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. I see what's going on. I like some of it. We'll see how it goes. Now that we have the setup, which I guess was necessary, eh, that's what Tynan thinks. We're going to go from now. All you know, now you're going to have to prove it and and work your way through this deal because if it keeps going on like this, my scores are probably going to go more and more down because this is part revisionist history, part trying to make up for things that you didn't do before. Like I said, and still, part making our favorite hero just look like a piece of yeah, shit throughout yeah. this issue. And, and with this, I mean, at the one point where you want to, you want to throw in something, give me where Batman says, I'm starting to worry about you. And, yeah. you know, have Tim say, worry about me. The fucking bat family just came to talk to me five minutes ago only because you called him in about Kate. Nobody has come to talk to me. Not one of you have, has even asked me what happened, even asked me if I'm okay. Batgirl, who you're going to go with this whole damn plan that she's the smartest one in the fucking city, Bruce, who's actually out fighting crime in the city while we argue right now – didn't even come to see if I was okay. And she really spelled that out last issue. Like, huh, how are you? Why are people asking me that? Because yeah, you died. 
Yeah, you know, but you know, and I feel kind of stupid. I'm telling you, I, I once and she got past that period, which you know of, of when something happens to somebody, and then like two weeks, three weeks later, you can't really go now because nope. you waited too long, so you stay away. That's what happened here in this book, and now Bruce wants to just go. Oh, oh I, I'm worried about that concussion. That concussion I was in a fucking cell for a year. You son of a bitch. Yeah, it just, it just feels so weird that Tim Drake is being treated like the Jason Todd of the family. Yeah. He made his ass up on that portrait. He, Batman should be able to talk to him yeah. as a father figure and yes. he actually cares about him. Not all yeah. broody and Batman about it. Bruce and, should have taken that cow yes. off and talked to him he like a goddamn have. father. And, and with that, you point out a thing that actually just comes to mind as you're saying this is why in this issue all of a sudden – is it seeming that what they're shaming Tim as if he did something wrong? He yeah. set up a Gotham Knights protocol with Batman's, you know, full blessing and help because he wants to continue it is not something to be mad about and to think that he has done something wrong. The poor guy would have died if Mr. Oz wouldn't have taken him and then was in a prison cell. Then came face. I mean, how many people are going to come face to face with Doomsday and, and live to tell it and also just be like, eh, fucking, eh, it's skin on, off my back. You know, I don't care. I, like, that's water under the bridge. Then sure. come back to a, a Gotham City that has moved on without him. It's getting attacked and, and everybody looking at him and not even talking to him and then yelling at him. It's just nonsense. It, it really is. Uh, but still, I still gave it a six. So it's not I'm like I'm fully I'd give it a six as well. And I freaking hate the – I think Javier Fernandez is the one artist at DC that I dislike the most. Yeah, yeah. And when I you told me he was on this book, I was so disappointed because this book, in my mind, is known for having some of the best art at DC right now. You know, it goes back and forth, obviously, but I always look forward to the art in Detective Comics. Yeah, and this story it's one of really the better arts. Yeah, this yeah. story just kind of lets me down, though, for where we're going to go for Tynan's ending of it because we're going to break up the team just to have them – you know, maybe come together at the end, but it doesn't look like they're going to stay together. And yeah, no. I don't know. It's just we're dealing with the same stuff over and over again, and it just makes our heroes look like dicks in the long run. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I'll mumbo-jimbo a bit. Just And I've been doing this lately, not mumbo-jimbo, just news, but mumbo-jimbo and how I think stories will end. I think that this is just going to end with the idea of, listen, this was a good idea. Maybe it was a little ahead of its time. Uh, maybe we just didn't have the right pieces, but your hearts were all in the right place. Let's shake on it, and I'll talk to you later. Smell you later. If I need you, I'll call you later. That's how I think it'll end, and yeah. then you'll have Batman, and you'll have it left. Because Tynan, this is his team. It's one of the big things of Rebirth, this crazy team that he put together. He'll leave it open-ended that if somebody wanted to do something like this down the line, they can. But I think that this book will just go back to being Batman going around maybe possibly doing some detective work. I don't know, Eric. That that would be, be crazy cool. in this. Uh, but we're going to move on to the next book, which is a book that I thought was going to get more controversy. And, and I'm shocking you because I was going to do Flash second, but I decided to put Supergirl in here. And with that, there is a message in this book. And I, you'll hear from my blurb, this is a very special episode of Supergirl. There's only sure a couple is. of issues of Supergirl left. Uh, in the meantime, Steve Orlando was doing the stuff with Jody Hauser. This one at least is with Vida Ayala, who's coming on and telling the story that they wanted to tell here. 
And from my blurb, you'll see. You'll see where I stand, Eric, right? I stand on a step stool so I can get up to your level. That's, That's what right. I do, Eric, a step stool. Supergirl number 19, written by Steve Orlando and Vita Ayala. Art by Jamal Campbell and Carlos M. Manguel. I'm not going to pretend anything different about this issue. It is a very special episode of Supergirl about non-binary gender identity, but it's also about the power of acceptance. Yes, the story itself is an abrupt change from what we had in this series, but with the book ending, Steve Orlando got Vita Ayala, who is non-binary uh, on board, and here's the thing, I'll get to it, <laughs> and allowed Vita right. to tell the story Vita needed to tell. You'll mention I say Vita on here. I will never give a book a 10 out of 10 to avoid looking like a piece of shit. And unfortunately, some people do that. And I'm not saying anybody gave this book uh, a 10 out of 10 for an agenda, but this is one of those stories. I will never give a story a high score because it's something that if I don't like, I'll be shamed and I'll look like a piece of shit because I am a piece of shit for the most part. But I also won't give a book a bad score for other reasons as well. So I'm not just – I'm not going to be the opposite. I'm not going to go in this and go, okay, I don't understand this, not on my watch, and give it a, a 2 out of 10 or a 0, which I did see. I saw some people commenting on it. It goes both ways. I'm not going to be one of those either-or reactionaries. So after reading the issue Right a down times, the middle for Jim. There you go. That's where you, you go right down the middle and then nobody can yell at you all right now i came to the conclusion that this actually is probably the most supergirl supergirl has been since rebirth and where i'm going with this is i'm rating it against a lot of the other issues we had and while the situation may have been forced into the series a bit i actually found the message itself not as preachy or overblown as i thought it was going to be and plus, I thought the art was incredible. I love the art so much in this book, especially really good, sandwiched in between these other two books. But yeah, this is going to be one of those. I'm sure that in the Slack chat, people, I'm going to get crap either way. It's one of those. You can't win with a book when it has a message like this. But I don't think that Vita Ayala cares if we win or not. Uh, it's a story. Now, I will tell you that basically about alt-binary deal or non-binary is somebody who does not associate themselves with any gender. That's what this uh, Lee in this book seems to go. There's different forms of it. There's different ways about it. This is something where I've noticed a trend on Twitter where you'll see people and they're against pronouns. You know, I don't go by he, she, you know, stuff like that. The problem is you're so in tune to say things. So I have Vita Ayala and I'm like, oh, you know, this is the story. I'm writing this blurb and I'm like, you know, Vita Ayala got on board and he, uh, Steve allowed to tell her to tell. No, I can't say her. So I go back to Vita and the problem is, is me doing a little research, which I will say that maybe that's why this issue was kind of important because I did learn something about this and something I didn't know before. The problem is it's a very personal issue where if somebody is non-binary like this or even any Anything. I, the problem is with this is we go non-binary. I threw that out to you. Me and you don't really understand what that means. And no. I'm older. So the problem is, though, is me and you both are – we try to be at least very accepting of yeah. a lot of different gender identities and things like that. The problem I see, though, is this non-binary is just new. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's a new phrase to me. So when it pops up, I sit there, but I'm like thinking to me, why, why would I think anything different than somebody who say is transgendered or right. somebody who just wants to be a cross dresser or somebody who whatever, 
that that doesn't bother me at all. So why would this non-binary bit bother me? And the only reason I can say it is because it's new to me, and I don't understand exactly what it means. Well, now I and even into reading it. this issue afterwards, I still don't understand no, what it really means. But that's the pro. That's not the problem. That's why I'm actually saying to you and everybody, you know, listening that. This is not this this issue. This Lee that shows up that's non-binary, it, it does kind of come at you when Lee shows up and the book takes the turn with Lee. You're kind of like, whoa, whoa, you know, what's going on in, in this book? But this never comes about as Lee saying like, hey, guys, I'm non-binary, which means this, 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 and this. And you never have Supergirl say, you know what? I think that we should all love each other no matter what. It actually does a very good job of even Supergirl kind of reacting in a way that, you know, maybe me and you would. That isn't yeah. exactly the way that maybe she should. But in the, the long run, all Supergirl does is listens and yeah, becomes she, friends. She's there for Lee. Yes, she's there for Lee. And that's all that this is about. Now, is this strong enough a thing to have a story on Catco? To get everybody to love Supergirl after what happened. I don't think so. But Vita Ayala said that this is an issue that if would have read as, you know, a younger person saying I'm struggling, a younger person, this would have been an issue that would have been like, okay, this is more about an acceptance and more about, listen, there's people who understand this without pushing it in my face. There's never a point in this issue to me that is like, I'm going to fucking shove this down your throat whether you like it or not. And I see some people saying this was. I disagree completely. Because I actually even thought it was done, like I'm telling you, it is the majority of the issue dealing with alt-binary and Lee as the character herself and what she's going through. I never thought it was too heavy-handed though no, because even by the not. end, I actually kind of wish it was a little bit so I could well, still wrap my head it. about what's going on with the alt-binary and how I could actually you know, yes. talk about it without stammering yes. and trying to figure out what I want to say beforehand. And, and with that, I think that when we're wrapping around – and this is like – what is this? A very special episode of Weird Science because you know, we're actually opening up the veil that we're not exactly the worst people though. I, if, and also I want to go back and say if anybody's listening that you know is you – know, any sort of gender identity and you ever hear me say he or a she or this or that or anything else, please understand that I would never, ever say anything from a place of hate for that. No. So please, I may be naive. You can call it ignorant or stupid. I would say naive. I'm no man, Eric. I I'm telling you, I, I don't understand a lot of things, but believe me, if somebody does come and tell me, hey, listen, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, alt binary. I, I don't, you know, go with this or that. You can trust me that I will end up changing, uh, that and addressing you how you want. Now, all that. Now, the problem is, is what I was going to say is my research into all of this seems to be that a nine, and I keep saying alt binary, non binary. Uh, for the most part, what I have read is it, it's individualistic. If yeah. I am non-binary, I may like to be called a certain thing or I may go by pronouns or I may not. Most of the time I see that it would be like, hey, what should I call you? You know what you should call me? Jim. Because I'm Jim. All right, or, Shorty. You know, see, yeah, or Shorty. I don't care. That's a nickname. But, you know, just call me by my name. You don't have to worry about it. And it's such an individualistic thing that I think that Vida Ayala was afraid to really spell out a specific thing with Lee because then it would go wrap around another way of then 
Oh, you know, you're speaking for Lee as if you're speaking for everyone. Eric Shea speaks for all of the Green Arrow fans out there. <laughs> I, I think that that's why it was. I think that Vita did not want to have a character that is supposed to be like, look at this is the poster child for non-binary. No, everybody has their own deal. And in yeah. this, back, uh, Batgirl, Supergirl calls, you know, says Lee and things like that. Now, I, I will spell out, and whether or not you're supposed to know or, or even deal with it, but I did have people ask me, and Lee appears to be a girl who does not uh, go with the gender of being a girl, well, but see, also that's doesn't That's the thing go. is, I'm not sure, because it actually plays both ways here, where it's it actually doesn't when she's talking to because, her father and mother. Well, not, her not father and mother that, call when, it out. When, it, like when yeah, her father and mother say they girl, call the girl. It out. But the thing is, I don't even go with that. I go with what Lee is talking to Supergirl about. It's like yeah. I don't feel like a girl, not because I don't like stuff yes. that's for girls or whatever. I do. So when she uses the girl first, I assume at that point that she was born a girl and she doesn't yes. feel like a girl though, and she doesn't feel like a boy. But I don't understand the bullying aspect where she's going to go into the girl's locker room. And she's bullied. Where, and we'll get into this because I have a, I have an idea because he says this this bully. I'm, I'm using pronouns. That, and even and with that, uh, just to say, when the family's talking, they do use the term "dear" yeah. in the uh, yes in the femi- you know the female deal, yeah. and then the dad kind of says it. And, and we'll get to the family deal, which again. I think it's done very well. I, I really do because there's no time in this issue where anything is played off as being easy. There's never a time in this issue that anybody is like, except Supergirl, who just is a friend. There's never a time like, oh, you're that okay, I'll do that. Or, oh, you, there, there's road bumps, you know, speed bumps in the road here for Lee that keep coming up. But in the meantime, you start out, which what we think is going to end the series would have to be because we still have uh, Werewolf Detective on the run, uh, Cameron Chase and, I call it Chase the and moon. Laurent Chase the Moon, and you have Bones, and now Steve Orlando Chase start- the Moon Investigations. Chase the Moon Investigations. Uh, Steve Orlando is starting to play a little game here that I don't understand because Cameron calls uh, Bones, says, hey, Bones, listen here. You know what? Uh, you you got to stop this shit with Macari. That is an apocalyptic, insane person. You got to get out of yeah. this. You know, this is not what we need. I'm, I'm calling you because I still kind of respect you from all those years we worked together. I'm like, where are we getting at? Like, we had the whole deal in the new 52, which we've complained about with Bones was already the director. This actually calls out where it, Bones says, you know, you work with me, but I was your boss all those years. I don't know what's going on now. Uh, but it's just thrown in there. And she says, you know what? You got to get the fuck Macari out of there. We got to stop this shit. And let's get back to being good people here. Bones, I know that you are a walking a fucking skeleton, but please flesh this out. I'm trying to think of a pun. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any sort of pun. Listen, don't make any bones well, about Macar- it. We got to get rid of Macari. Don't make it. There's no bones about it. Yeah, no bones about it. And listen, I know that we all have skeletons in our closet. Damn it, that was my bones, next one. But we got to stop this nonsense. And I'm here with Laurent and things are they're about to get hairy. That's what she says. <laughs> Chase the moon investigation. But you have that, which we would think we're going to deal with more in the next issue. Uh, so we go off. And in the beginning also, and I, I do, I have talked to some people, Ryan and Trevitt uh, are two that I talked to that they actually haven't been keeping up with Supergirl. So going in, they actually threw Jamal Campbell some, some props because they have no idea 
that Supergirl is looked at as bad in this, but those kind of propaganda posters, which kind of look like it was pointing back to the red son or the yeah. red daughter of Krypton, but, you know, out with Supergirl and stuff like that. But you see even at the beginning. Which we did have a reference to in this, which yeah, I thought was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, you do. And you have where it's playing a lot of ways here because you have the national, you have this whole deal. Supergirl's just willy-nilly flying around. And we've yeah. seen that anytime she's seen, the DEO jumps to the case and tries to bring her down. And I think she's getting a little too comfortable with herself, but she's going bit. around. And the main deal of this is that Ben I thought Rubel, she had decided that, you know, you know, she could be freaking Kara Danvers more so, yeah. now. Than, and it's because – and that idea then is forced aside because Vita Ayal wants to tell the yeah. story. It doesn't exactly play with what we're dealing with no, previously. And that's, no, it's that's a bit of a problem. shame. And that's where I'm saying that while I think that the story ends up not being heavy-handed or in your face as much, it is forced into the – I can't say that it's not forced into the series because it is – I would have rather now we go to script doctoring. I would have rather have probably nothing of Supergirl in this issue, and we actually have Kara Danvers and Lee as somebody in their school that Kara kind of sees and befriends. You could have done this just as easily. The only thing is, it doesn't end up with the caveat of let's put this story out on Catco so people will love Supergirl. Well, even so that's if it was deal. Kara Danvers the entire time, and then she like you know decided at the end to become Supergirl to like you know be like you know confront Chuck the bully and then. And no. Lee takes it upon, you know, well, her, listen uh, like here. herself to uh, about, take care of the situation. Then we have Supergirl there now, at least, and she yes. could talk to Lee. Well, how about this? Can you – could you do this where you can have – Supergirl reveal her identity. Could you have, could you, you go could. forward with that? Because wouldn't that have been better at the end where Supergirl, Kara's there the whole time. Listen, Lee's like, you don't understand. I'm, I'm something that I'm not. I don't identify with this or that or the other thing. You don't understand, Kara. Your parents are in the DEO. And then her just saying, you know what? This fucking They're identity's not. nonsense. I'm Supergirl. And then revealing it. Hey, look, everybody, I'm Supergirl. You got to live with it. I'm also a girl that goes to your school and all this. Look, I may deal with it almost like how Lee is kind of trying to deal with you know, the gender identity and people accepting it. I don't think that would be the best thing for thing. Supergirl at this point. No, I'm saying, but th this is the thing. You have one more issue to wipe everybody's minds, which they always <laughs> do anyway. Some the satellite. But with this, the problem is Lee just comes in. I would have liked to have had Lee set up in this book. Up until this point, uh, where you'd be like, oh man, look at Lee. You know, you see Lee getting bullied at some point. We don't know what's going on. But in the meantime, we have Supergirl. And, uh, this is Ben Rubel calling Lee and saying, hey, I saw that story of yours, uh, because I'm pretty much having a, a, a crisis here of wondering if Supergirl is actually good. I'm working for a company that they are pretty much catco is trying to bring Supergirl down. I think Supergirl's good. Everybody else hates her. So I need something for myself even to know that she's good and goes and talks to Lee. And Lee meets up and there's a weird deal at the beginning. Like, don't your parents think that it's weird that you're hanging out with a rando? And it's just to push it the next way so that Ben can say, ah, my parents don't care. They, yeah. they tried to get me to a school and all that. But this is where Lee tells the story. And the weird thing is there is a bit of a snafu in my mind where Lee's like, you know what? Everybody is saying Supergirl's dangerous. And, and wrong and all this and I heard it I even believed it for a while but then we go back and see that Lee was 
saved by Supergirl during the cyborg cyborg freaking so, uh, Ar- Argo City cyborg yes. attack. So in that, it looks like Leah's already become. Yes, he does say, or uh, there I go, he or she. I'm sorry, but Lee says, you know, oh, I didn't think that uh, Supergirl would remember me, but she did. But even then, it looks like they are kind of, you know, quick friends. So it is odd for Lee to say, eh, I kind of didn't know what to think either. But, and and the uh, weird part about this whole thing where it does seem like Supergirl does come around and check on Lee from time to time, like we had this in the Silver Swan. Oh, I was Wonder, thinking like, Silver this, Swan this all goes along. bad. Don't do this, no, Supergirl. This is what, I'm telling you, I'm reading this before I knew what was going on. I'm like, oh, no, Supergirl, you better check up on Lee. You better keep <laughs> checking up. Lee's going to end up getting some cybernetic wings and taking you down. But, yeah, but Supergirl's good. So she goes and checks. And this is something where Lee then is able to open up to Supergirl. And I think it's it's kind of one of those, again, it's that it's Supergirl. Yeah. Supergirl's a great gal, uh, but Supergirl's also kind of a non-invested party as well. It seems that what they're getting at here and what Vita Ayala wanted to get at is kind of a thing of people just need somebody to talk to, somebody who isn't going to judge them, somebody who's just going to listen. And this is what Supergirl is. This is not Supergirl who's now going to punch the sun or, or throw somebody in the phantom zone you know, or do a jig, Eric. I don't know what Supergirl does, uh, but with that – this is Supergirl is just listening. You don't even need extra hearing, Eric, to listen. That's my tip for extra everybody hearing. out there. You don't need super hearing super, just to listen to somebody. And that's all this is. And Lee says, listen, I, I don't feel like I'm a girl. Now, again, if in my mind, and I don't know why I had to center on it or whatever or figure out anything, but you would start with – what you, you know, your, your biological gender yeah. is and says, I don't feel like a girl, not because I don't like stuff that's for girls or whatever I do. And not because I feel like a guy and I haven't told anyone else yet. And somehow they know at school it's going to come out. And when it does, my parents will kill me. And then when I met, uh, you know, when we met, I wasn't running from cyborg Superman. Uh, you know, I was running, I was running away. Because of this, because I'm afraid to tell my parents. And then Supergirl kind of is like, Supergirl has a weird deal. And again, Supergirl isn't there. Any other thing, usually what we'll get is, hey, Lee, I accept you for what you are. We're, you know, you're the greatest and so am I. And all right, high five. It's not like that. Supergirl's like, yeah, my parents rocket me away from Krypton. And I wish I had more time. I'm like, yeah, you're making it about you now, Supergirl. But she's like, you know what? No, she wraps it around the word parents. She does. Like, parents you know, can be good and bad. always do the best thing for us, but everything they do is out of love. Yeah, and then says, I'm glad you told me. And I know you are not alone. And I think that's the most important thing that Supergirl says that Lee realizes, okay, that, that's good. Well, we go to school, and this is what the scene we were talking about. And again, Ali comes out of the girls' locker room. Now you have some girls there. Don't seem to care. No. Uh, you have the whole deal with this Chuck, I believe his name is, right? Yes. Fucking Chuck. He's there bouncing the basketball. Chuck and then, Farley. And then disappears, Eric, because he's Chuck. Or but Chuck Cunningham. Uh, yes, that's what I'm going with. But there's Chuck. And the best thing is Chuck's a piece of crap. This friend is is the worst, and he's just, so bad the worst. that he makes me giggle. He's so bad, but you have he's Chuck so bad says, that Chuck beats the shit out yeah. of him after he's done bullying. Yeah, yeah, and says basically, "Hey, what are you creeping around the locker room, bro? You know all this." And this is where you said you were confused, but this is where 
you get the idea in my mind that Lee is kind of, and said, I haven't really told anybody, but somehow they know that there's been talk or something. And Chuck is really big of saying, you're shoving this shit in our faces. And I think that Chuck is basically like, you don't belong anywhere. You know, you want to be a guy, you look like, cause really, she, Lee is dressed as a guy kind of at this point. So you want to shove it in our face, you're a guy, bro. I'm going to beat you up like a guy and you're creeping and all because you get the idea. He's a piece of crap. He's I know a he's a piece of crap. crap. I just don't thing. understand the basis of this because you have this no, girl. I'm just I'm, saying I, that. I assume at this point too, you have gone to school with this person most of your life. You in elementary school where you did know her as a girl mm-hmm. before she figured out who she was. Yes. Just this idea now where she it's like say she's dressing differently because she's uh, you know j- just is. I, but I, she, any but reason that's you can the give, thing. Just the idea where she's coming out of yeah. a girl's locker room and you say, "What are you doing? Taking video of them in there? Yeah, creeping yeah. in the girl?" I'm like. I don't understand well, the again, basis of the bullying. Here's the basis. If I go to work and, you know, I dress, all of a sudden I just dress as a girl and I go as a girl and then we get some new people at work. I, I was going to point this to you. Uh, and we get the idea that they, they even say, and it says shoving in our face and stuff. Who knows what's going around? Like some teachers may have, I don't know, but it seems like. People, I've been talking about this, and he says you've been shoving it in her face. If I'm gonna go, I, I'm dressed up. I have a you know a, a dress on, Eric, and then I go into the men's room. Unfortunately, pieces of shit. And this is all just because I like it. I like to. I'm just somebody who likes the feel of wearing a dress. You know yeah. that there's gonna be pieces of shit at work when I go in. Huh, what are you gonna do? Peeking at but, me but, and, and but say even with that, like the way Lee's dressed, so it's very gender neutral. Yeah, in but my I'm mind. Saying, eh, it looks looks like it's more of a guy. But this is the problem: is I think that it's pointing to the fact that it's been like, oh look, Lee. Lee doesn't think that they're a, a boy or a girl. And where you get the idea then is. Look at – I, I, I don't want to say bad terms, Eric, uh, but really I think that what they're doing is Chuck thinks that basically that Lee dresses up as a guy because Lee is a lesbian and wants to look at girls in the girls' locker room. That's all I think that is. I think that that would be the same way as if I went into our, our bathroom at work and dressed up as a girl all the time. People would get mad thinking that I am gay only because I dress. I think it's supposed to point out the whole idea that Lee has said doesn't have feelings of being a girl or a boy, so doesn't have anything like that. And Chuck is just there to show you what a reaction from somebody would be, uh, and he would just go right with the fact that you're probably peeking at the girls because you're a lesbian, and I don't like it, and I'm going to beat you up, and I'm going to call you bro as an insult. I mean, I think that all of this is just leading to Chuck just doesn't understand what's going on. In and the in meantime, the long run, Chuck's just mad because his dad his came out of the gay. closet and his parents are getting divorced because of it. And their parents are breaking up. Yeah, and as you get, you get this piece of shit friend of his. When he, you know what? I'm going to beat this to hell into you and says, I catch you in there again. I'll make sure you'll never be able to bother the girls ever. And then that's where this piece of shit other friend's like, look, when you go look to at the that. Police. Look at the fairy. Totally going to cry. Bet your dad cries like that too, Chuck, because he... Oh, Chuck hits him. I'm like, shut, Billy, shut the hell up, Billy. But yeah, then you go and you get more of the talk between Lee and Supergirl. But then you get the point where uh, she goes and because of talking to Supergirl and being able to address this and actually say it out loud to somebody, she gets the, you know, the uh, way or the uh, the strength to go tell her parents. And again, par- the parents don't say that's great. You know what? You're, no, no. you're our daughter. Uh, we won't call you that anymore, but we love you, whatever you do. This is, this what is you something usually new to get. them that they're going to have to get used to, but yes. they will get used to it because they love their child. Yes, and but you you have the dad who basically says, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Are you sure? Because this is going to make your life hell. And yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sure, you know, I'm like, but it's not this whole deal of like, you, you would expect Lee to go through this book with everybody parading behind, you know, yelling and screaming, yes, for Lee, yay, for Lee. It's not. You, no. you see that people are trying and to I wrap actually, their head around. For her running away, though, it feels like the, the parents would have had a little bit more like, you know, I don't, I like, you know, they wouldn't have been as okay with it as they were for yeah, her being, yeah. wanting to run away from her family. Yeah, but the weird thing the is, is what she said was she ran away just because of the fear of telling them and she didn't want to, it, it was a Oh, weird you know what? Thing. That does make sense. I can yeah. understand that whole yeah, thing. Yeah. So it's with that. Well, then there, Chuck shows up again and starts bullying Lee again. And you have, I'm telling you, this piece of shit, Billy. So they'll give it to him, Chuck. And then, you know, you suck a punch me and you think, and it seems like Lee has been suspended. For, for punching Chuck and all this. And uh, you, you think being suspended is going to keep us from, you know, messing with you. Supergirl comes down. And again, this could be Supergirl like, hey, can't we all get along? Oh, I'm going to beat you up. Lee says, no, no, no. Stop. You know, thank you. I, I got to do And the thing this. is, I think Lee was suspended from school. Yeah. Uh, well, it says, uh, I, I thought that they actually spelled out that Billy was yelling to Lee. And maybe I got it wrong. But yeah, uh, look, Chuck, the freak thought getting suspended from school would save him. So I guess it seems like Billy's pointing out that, you know, Lee got suspended from school. I don't know. Uh, But Subaru comes down. Lee says, step aside. They start talking. And basically, uh, Lee throws that out there. Listen, I understand your parents are getting divorced because your dad came out as gay. Uh, and then that just pisses him off more. And he's like, oh, fuck you. I'm, I'm getting out of here. Whatever. And then Billy's like, huh, seriously gonna let that freak walk? Like father, like son. Like, why are you friends with this Billy? Seriously. Chuck punches him. And then you have the deal where Lee says, listen, Chuck, once you get yourself sorted out, if you want to talk again, in a forced issue, you know what? I'd like that. Let's go get coffee. No, Chuck Thank is right God with that Chuck. Didn't yeah, Chuck's like, what? Talk to you, you fucking asshole. Fuck off and leaves. So you don't get yeah. that force. Like that's realistic. And Very realistic. he's gonna he's gonna go off and deal with his own problems. Probably just bully more people. And Subaru's there and's like, hey, you want to go fly around? They fly around. They're just friends and they're having some sushi. Uh, they're talking and basically saying, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, but this isn't a fight that you can just punch through. Uh, it's something that has to, you know, work its way and start with discussion and things like that. You've shown me that that's the way. It's going to be difficult, uh, but I'm going to go with it. And thank you, Supergirl, because you've been great. And Supergirl says, you know what? Uh, you know, I'll be side by side with you. I'll help. And it's nice. And it's yeah, Supergirl. It's nice. This is where I said a lot of people were hinging on this series of being like, man, Supergirl ended up being Supergirl. This, to me, is the most Supergirl you're going to okay, get. I would call this Supergirl being super from what mm-hmm. we can get here. Yeah, it's good. So then you get the whole deal where you end it. It was, you know, Lee telling the story to uh Ben Rubel, and he's going to put it on the Catco app. He's going to push it. And you get the idea that maybe some people will see it. And we do see some people seeing it. You see some people, like, look like they're thinking of things. You see Eliza. She's got her stump there, Eric. And you have Bones there smoking his cigars. And And with all this, though, Looks like you got Lee's parents there watching individually at the whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, and even Chuck, everybody in the national seems to be like looking at this story. They're looking at it. Just contemplating whether like, you know, themselves and Supergirl at the same time. And and that's the thing, though, where I like this. It doesn't end with the announcement of everybody loves Supergirl because there are going to be people. Unfortunately, there are going to be people that now didn't care about Cyborg Superman. 
Now it's going to be not on my watch when they see this story. They, there are people like that. So it's going to be, you know, whatever happens. This isn't going to save her from being the scourge of the national. It's just some people will see and go, you know what? Beyond being a girl who punches things in his Kryptonian, all, she actually seems like a decent person. Uh, you get where then Ben Rubel, we get more progression here of Ben Rubel than we've really had in the series where he calls his mom and says, Hey mom, you know what? I need to talk to you. Uh, you know, the Supergirl thing's going on. She's He's like, what's that, Superwoman? He's like, that book's canceled, Ma. Eh, Superwoman's not in the national. And like, hey, uh, I I have some problems. I want to talk to you. And oh, I'll send you a check. And he's like, no, I, I don't need a check. I need to talk to you. And that's when Supergirl shows up and says, you know what? You said something about getting help, and she's gonna help. And you. I just thought, and I'm like, goddamn, eavesdropping girl yeah, over here. Yeah, what really. the hell is this? Yeah, Are I'm you telling. always listening? Yeah. So there it is. The private we, we, conversation I'm having with my terrible mother. Yes, God. My, my, with my awful mother. Uh, but yeah, with that, uh, we talked a lot about it, Eric. We talked a lot of things tonight. Uh, on, yeah, we had uh, a lot of fun. Science. We had a lot of fun. But no, but it, this is a special episode. I know it's going to rub some people the wrong way. I just think if you get beyond that, there, you know, a message or whatever, you well, will I- see that there is another message there that is just Supergirl. And I read this issue. There is no real hokey dialogue. There is no. no nonsense. Uh, you know, the stuff that we've gotten in the series, I think that this is one of the better issues of Supergirl that we got since Rebirth. Uh, but it's not a 10 out of 10. I'm not going to no. give it that just to push that and not be looked at as a piece of shit. Now, in the meantime, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I really like the art. I, I have to go with the, the whole deal though that it is a forced deal into a series and it, it just kind of comes at you but once it's there it kind of settles in and doesn't try to you know shove it down your throat uh with that though yeah i'm the lowest score by far so me being a seven out of ten i'm still a piece of shit you go on no, i'm telling you i think seven out of ten is seven out of ten is a great score for this issue because you were telling me about this all week and i actually really went into this thinking I was going to hate it because I always hate whenever somebody has an agenda to push and has something they yes. really want to point out like this, and it just is forced down your goddamn throat. And I thought yes. that's what we were going to get going into this issue. It is very well crafted, and by the end, I actually think it held back a lot yep. and was very real in the whole like you know idea of the story it wanted to tell, yep. dealing with a non-gendered person. Yep. And I, I'm telling you, having this artist on here too helped a lot too because oh, the book awesome. looked great and it yeah. was very well written for what we were dealing with. I just wish, like you said, it wasn't just out of nowhere and yeah. this doesn't seem to do anything for the rest of you know you know the Supergirl series yeah, until the, the very end the, of the of the book yeah, and the beginning. You had the bookends. Yeah. You had the Mr. Well, Bones, well, Cameron, even that and Mr. Laurent. Bones. There was nothing really going I on there. It seemed more like a catch up. I think they wanted to point that out because they're going to do something to end the series with that, and they don't want well, you to forget. Uh, but yeah, like I said, there are differences between uh, wanting to tell a story. And wanting to teach a lesson, and this didn't feel like a lesson to me. This no. felt like more of a story. And then in the meantime, if something got your interest of wanting to know more about what non-binary is, you could go off and you know start that dialogue. So I actually appreciated that a lot. But we're going to move on to the last book of this section, which I don't think we're going to talk about that much, uh, Eric, because uh, it's a quick-moving issue. Ooh. Because it's The Flash, Flash number 42, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Dan Panasian, Panasian, oh. Hi-Fi and Steve Wands. I've gotten a lot of crap for my score on this book, and maybe I went a bit high. And I'll tell you before we go on, I won't reveal my score yet, Eric. I'm not telling. Uh, but I was going between two scores, and I ended up going on a more positive tip because I'm a positive fella. 
Oh, that's why. But you that's have to understand talking. the only thing I, and actually this was a uh, review night. I didn't have it then and I wasn't going to take it. This was my last book. I may have been a little bit high on life and the idea that I did six reviews and still got done by, by nine o'clock. That's a, a record for me. Uh, that is what you get is when you get a stamp, Eric, and mail that shit in. But yeah, uh, <laughs> the only thing I want from this book is the flash war. This is why I say, and you have to understand the only thing I want from this book now is the flash war and any hints at that and what it's going to be will win me over from here on out until we get there. Yes, the art begins this book awful. It is so bad with maybe the worst Gorilla Grodd I have ever seen in my entire life. I think it gets better, though, when we talk about it. I think that why you don't think so and you won't think so is as it gets better to me, it kind of gets more and more like a Howard Porter art, yeah. which you don't like anyway. Uh, but I think it gets better. But it does get better. And seeing a Barry Allen that finally, Eric, he's not moping around. He's manning up. He is manning up. It's something we rarely have seen him rebirth. Problem is, it's the worst thing that he could have done. Oh, he God, shouldn't have this, done it, but he finally does. Up it. Is just him being an asshole the entire yes. time, though. Yeah, but this is—we wanted Barry Allen, the man, and he mans up, Eric. I'll say that one you more sure time. Sure, he doesn't have he, any of this negative speed force. He up? mans up. Now we'll get into that because I wish that that negative speed force would be spelled out. What's happening to Mina? And Mina can awesome. handle it like a G. Yeah, really. Of course. It's the worst thing that Barry could have done. And now Grodd controls everyone but Barry. So we'll see how that works out. We do start out with what I said, the worst Gorilla Grodd I've ever seen. And I can only think that the pages up until you get Wally West, where Wally is beating the shit out Adoration. of uh, Ray Jin, I believe that this other part was added. I can only think it, it is such a departure of what we get, especially, I mean, that Gorilla Grodd, I, I don't understand it. I, I think the fangs on him, I, I just, is he opening cans with those? I mean, they are humongous. <laughs> he looks like a vampire, and it makes no sense. Vampire gorillas yeah, are the worst. Vampire gorillas are the worst, especially ones that will just spit in your face and throw you off a building. Gorilla uh, yeah. you are. With that, you have Mina and Grodd. They're hanging out, and you get a dialogue about pretty much Wally West. And that's why I really do think this was added in. And the, the big thing of this is where I think the Flash War and what's setting up or whatever, the, the sides are starting to be you know laid out there. And we do think that it's going to be Barry versus Wally at somebody. They even kind of spelled it out that way. Yeah. Uh, with that, you have the people out there that are Wally fans that will never like Barry more. I'm more of a Barry like fan because because of the new 52 he was you know usually your first eric does kind of remain you know the bet of your favorite for a while at yeah, least the wally west yeah so and then barry's mind so we have this but you have grod to kind of spell out a difference like i thought that barry allen was the best flash but boy this guy he's kind of spiritual with it and things like he's that spiritually got, connected to the yeah speed he's horse. got a different connection and things like that so maybe if i would have known better i would have sucked that guy off too and that's sexy and all. But yeah, with these fangs. <laughs> I want your blood, is what he's going to say. But yeah, he's like, I would have gotten you. He even gets some of that too. when he starts coughing because of his terrible gorilla yeah, disease. Blood. And he's coughing up blood. I'm like, oh, god damn it. It's so bad. But I'm t I think that it gets better right when we do get to Wally. It does change a bit into, say, a Howard Porter style, which he's the one going to be doing the Flash War. So that makes oh, sense goody. to me. Uh, you go off then where you have the whole deal where Ray Jin is kind of saying, oh, you know what? 
all this bullshit with Iris West and stuff. It's all a trap. You know, you guys are so foolish. Uh, Grodd's just going to take over everyone. Everybody's going to yeah. die and everybody will be great. And, you know, Grodd will steal everything from you guys. So you guys are fucked. So he goes off. Oh, shit. And he's going to go off and warn everybody. In the meantime, you go to Lower Central City, a.k.a. The Heavy, with uh, Barry and Godspeed. And and I, I don't down. understand what this is. AK this the heavy. He's talking about how he, like, you know, Godspeed when he was researching all of Black Hole, he found this like laboratory underneath the Star Labs. I'm like, yeah. Star Labs, this is a fucking abandoned apartment building. Yeah, and with this, I guess maybe if we looked it up, I didn't know, maybe the heavy was an old school Star Labs hidden laboratory. This is That's just, just lower this, central city this heavy. deal. I, I I thought maybe it was that, but yeah, you have this where they're underneath in this secret bunker that was Black Hole. Now the whole thing is, hey, I was che- Godspeed. I was checking this out. You know, back then when I was doing the whole thing, you know, you know, going and seeing what Black Hole was up to, was that before or after you were killing everybody in sight? Like, I think it was know, Yeah. What, what are you talking about, August? I think that you are now trying to, you know, spell out that you were doing some good things when you weren't. It threw me off, and this is where we're continuing this idea that Joshua Williamson is slowly fixing some shit he must not have liked at the beginning because this whole thing Barry doesn't even like what. Black hole. <laughs> when were you t- researching them? Before or after you killed teenagers? But even it, he just goes Barry. with that. Yeah, really. <laughs> right away. Then you have Barry there, and he's like, "I recognize this. This was something that the gorillas showed me, and this was where uh, the gorillas and the whole deal with the speed force. So this means that Grodd was controlling and manipulating us, you know, black hole all this time. So this is the connection. And then Barry's looking at this deal and trying to figure out." What is up? How they're doing this? But in the meantime, you get this weird progression where Barry's like, I'm going to get my speed force back. And then August just is like he flips out and it doesn't flow very well. Of, it, oh, it doesn't because you I just don't know this me. whole idea. Yeah, this whole idea just becomes, you know, Godspeed is throwing shade at Barry because it's not about, you know, Godspeed helping the situation. It's about helping getting Barry's speed force back. I'm like, yeah. yeah, you know what, though? We do have a lot of flashes. Barry is, you know, in this, it's his book. It would yeah. make sense for him to get his powers back. Yeah. But he goes about it all the wrong way. He like, does you know go what? about it the wrong I'm, way. I'm, I'm all about Barry getting the speed force back. And we know Don't he do will. it in the middle of this goddamn crisis in Central yeah. City that it's only going to cause well, more problems. here's the thing. And this is where I think that Joshua Williamson is going full out 100%. On that classic Barry Allen, you think that you are the best with the Speed Force. You think that you are the one who can control it. You think that you need to be the Flash that saves the day. And they're really pushing that. Even Grodd says it later. That's why I think that Grodd said it before where he had that little deal like, huh, he has a different kind of connection, a spiritual connection where you get that. Barry is kind of, I mean, if anything, he is the I'm going to force this shit on me and make it work no matter what because I'm Barry Allen. And I do think that that plays out well here. And I also think that this is the beginning of what we're going to see the divide for the Flash War. The Flash War is definitely going to be, and even with, uh, you know, you had Reverse Flash. He's always yelling it. Hey, you always think that the Speed Force is just for you, yeah, you bastard, and all these things. We've had this throughout. I think that this is just that last push, and to actually show it, that Barry is so hard-headed that he can't even... He can't even fathom in his head that there are all these Flashes, well, Speedsters, in Central City... That they could stop this, yeah. and then after Grodd is taken care of, 
will sit back and yeah, nobody here, including Godspeed, which he spells out, if you didn't know, he was there and Barry's friend retroactively in the series before Barry was even the Flash and knew his identity. So with that, you have all these things. There's nobody in this book that, you know, Mina, maybe I know, that will at the end say, no, Barry, you can't be the Flash. They will all, the minute that this crisis is over, they will all try to find out how to get the powers back to Barry, which well, to me is just you run around him a bunch of times. That, that's, that's what it seems to be. Is, it's such a weird concept because Barry going in didn't know that Godspeed knew about this lab or anything about that, yeah. which on the wall for some reason, it's like he has the, the blueprints for yeah. the the wand, the, the rod. Wand. I'm, yep. no, I'm sorry, Everything's the there. The, the wand Speed Force is, wand yeah. so he can reprogram it to get his powers back yes. if he interacts with the rod. And yeah. so, but the thing is, like this, <laughs> the rod. Like, oh my god, I'm telling him it's gonna kill me. But he's like, I need you, August. You know, black hole and their secrets. I'm like, what does that have to do with getting your powers back or stopping Gorilla Grodd at this point? Yes, uh, yeah, and, because and, Godspeed does nothing about black hole and secrets except for take him to the secret lab, which Barry yeah, didn't know he knew about. Which Dar- yeah, and didn't know, and really is just pushed in there because I don't think he should have. Uh, with that, then you know, at least show at some point instead of having that nonsense with the rogues underneath uh you know iron heights end up why didn't they have something with black hole trying to you know recruit godspeed and godspeed becoming a you know a good guy and going against that so we had a bit of a connection say listen barry remember that before when uh, you know you saved my ass they showed me and told me about this and we go i know it'd be tough to do that because mina would have a little bit of a problem but with that all of a sudden he knows everything about black hole but never told Barry before when he knew that Barry was going against Black Hole this whole time. Where was he? Because he's always been willing to help and to have Barry's back, even though he is a bad guy who killed people. Barry, he's been wanting to have redemption. Now in this, it goes, and we just saw that with the Flash deal, where he said, oh, you know what? I I may get my redemption. Yeah, you know what, August, you're still a piece of crap, but maybe there is some good in you. That's washed aside here to just go with then Godspeed saying in August, like, I know what this is. I'm only here so that I say that your plan sounds good, and when it goes wrong, you can blame me. Yeah. Like, I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all. But he, you're going to get with that. and then I, I don't see any other reason for Godspeed to really be well, here, though. I, I guess that makes sense, but to me – you would think that you would have like, listen, you, this I need all lab. That's a bonus to Barry. Uh, yeah, I, I'm now. telling you. To me, it's you know all hands on deck. I got to get all the speedsters. We got to kick ass and then go. But in the meantime, Barry doesn't think that because he just wants his powers back and his idea is to get near the rod with the wand, activate it, get his powers back, and attack Grodd. In the meantime, we did see that Avery and Kid Flash were going off to talk to Nina. And I, I don't know what's going on with the science here. I'm telling you, this whole. Th- thing we have with the rod which they talk about the rod still needs to be completed i'm like yeah. i thought it was complete and i don't know what we're doing well, with the i rod think that that's, that's the only thing the there in town when we don't see it i think that maybe that's what barry's doing is completing it now because he sees the blueprints who knows but you have the whole idea of Grodd's just sitting there on his throne saying that Barry will come to him. He knows he can, you know, sense or even know that he'll try to get his yeah. speed force powers. He's going to use the wand, just sit back. He's going to come. Mina walks away, and that's where you have Avery and Kid Flash show up. And like, hey, and you have this vibrational deal that is uh, Avery's powers, though, again, retroactively changing this a bit because at the beginning, Barry was the one who helped Avery with that. Yes. I don't know what happened after in Star Labs for the a- half an 
hour that they had before Mina died, Eric, it <laughs> seemed. But uh, she says, oh, you help me with this. And Mina knows she's there and kind of plays them and says, oh, you know what? They're, they're talking about we know that Grodd's controlling you, kind of break free. She mentions this again as a recap. I was lost in the Speed Force. Black Hole and Grodd pulled me out. I heard their voices, all this. They were the ones. And you know what, you guys? I'm taking you over and fights on. And that's where Wally shows up to try to stop Barry with the wand. In the meantime, Godspeed showing up, you know, triggers Mina because Godspeed did kill Mina. Uh, so they are all going to fight. And it's a big giant fight going on. Multiplex shows up. It is pretty much some And I'm filler. telling you for like, you know, he's like, send Multiplex to me. And Multiplex is there immediately. I'm yeah. like, does Multiplex have the speed force? Yeah, what's the, going on? He teleports now. And with that, you have a panel where it's a spread page where they're all fighting and all of a sudden the art is like really that art really looks good where you have mina and then that barry he looks like oh, the a little spread cr- page actually doesn't look barry that looks a little mind. like thanos I don't like the artist, though but, this but is probably yeah. the best look yeah here. this i don't know what happens there. next though with the crackoom where yeah. all the speedsters think that they must have taken out the right multiplex for them all to disappear but why don't we have Multiplex there still. Yeah, it seems like. Yeah, it seems like. It seems like that's a snafu because there should have been one. You get Mina and Godspeed fighting like, oh, you like killed me. Yeah, I'm gonna kill seems you. Like there should have been something else besides yes. for them actually yeah. beating up Multiplex, the right one to get all the clones to disappear. Yeah, and then you have. You have Wally, Avery, and Kid Flash watching as Godspeed and Mina fight, and they can't decide which side they're going to go on because both are pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Barry gets his powers back. He just uses the wand. He raises it up. The uh, the the, the rod electrifies, he plants it, he comes, he becomes the speed force, he uses that, but right away it seems that Grodd can gather that power from him, the wand or whatever, for some reason can't control Barry, but does control all of the other I, I speedsters. I don't know what the hell is going on So we're going to have to see, story. but that's the thing is, I can't say anything about what ends because it's a cliffhanger, so we have to see if we're told next issue of what ends up happening with those speedsters. I'm it telling you, I don't know the plan so far. They just say, okay, this is here, and because of that, all of these things happen, and I'm going to keep adding things to that until like the story's over because we're never really given a clear cut. We have the rod, we have the wand, they do stuff, and they affect the speed force. Yeah, the only thing that I'm going with is we've been they've been saying all along that once you get the wand near the rod, it's going to activate the speed force and give it to Grodd. So right there, Barry has it, so I assume that it's getting. He looked at it, he activated it from those blueprints, and then it does crack. You see the the rod energize and the speed force goes around him, uh, but it also goes around Grodd as well. This was always his plan, it seemed, and he was counting on the idea that Barry was going to be a dick and demand the speed force back right where he well, that's, again that's this thing. is why really to me is whole, why he hasn't whole, left this whole rod was supposed i thought to suck all the speed out of everybody in central city and the getting the rest of the speedsters was the bonus on top I of actually, it to collect i all actually the speed. thought that the the whole caveat was that grod was going to suck everybody's speed out and kill everybody because he needs all the speed force but uh but he was going to have the rod so i don't know but really all it does and again that might have all been just a setup that was not true that was just said from people saying that because it does seem that Grodd, you, you have a bunch of times where they have said to Grodd, let's get off your goddamn stoop here and let's get going. Let's go get him. Come on. Come with me. And he's like, no, no, no. 
they'll come to us. Seems like that was his plan all along to just wait until that rod came to him and then activate it. And he got the speed force, uh, you know, fully and then took over with that power to take over all the speedsters besides Barry. I want to see if that's because he wants to fuck around with Barry. Is he going to do whatever the case may be? But what it, what it seems to lead to is when this is all said and done, say they defeat Grodd, which, uh, you know, spoiler, yeah. I think they will. You're going to have a lot of mad speedsters that are going to be like, you know what? It's a bunch of bullshit. You, what the fuck were you doing? I, we warned you. We told you not to do this. We can take care of things. We've had it. We had Wally storm off. We had Kid Flash and Wally already arguing earlier about who would be this in Central City and who would be this and who would yeah. be that. When Barry basically told him, get out of town. I don't want you here. Just fucking leave. And they're like, fuck you. You know what? You're a dick. You always think you're the one. It's obviously what the Flash War is going to be about. And this sets it up. So, yeah, I was at one point, I'm telling you, as I was reviewing it, I had a six in my mind. I went up to a six, five. And then at the end with the thing, I'm like, okay, this is setting up the Flash for someone. I went to a seven. But I'm going back down to a six, five. I've come to my senses. I like the art after those first six, seven pages. And the unfortunate thing is every page that was on the preview was that nonsense look. Right. And after that, I do think it went, it, it got better. I did see people in the Slack saying it looked like eight people drew this book because it did change. I actually think that maybe this was one of those stories that the script was changing over and over and they had to go back and change a lot of stuff because there was a lot of stuff going and not looking the same from page to page. But what would you give it? I'd give this issue a 5.5 out of 10. Yeah. I did not care for the art in this issue. And I just still, I'm telling you, I don't understand what the story is getting at. Things just happen. And I don't understand why by the end. And I don't like Barry just being a dick out of nowhere for no goddamn reason. Yeah. I, I, I know what you're saying. A lot of people, I was actually just, uh, somebody asked me a question at this moment about Flash. <laughs> I was actually like, okay, here it goes. I'll, I'll, I'll answer him. And basically asking me what the hell I was on to give it a seven. But yeah, six, five, Eric is what I'm giving it. Uh, but now we're going to go off. That was a long first section of books. So yes. we're, we're going to relax a little now, Eric, and go off to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. With mail section number one, and if you want to be involved in the mail sections of this here podcast, you can email yeah. us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, and we read each and every email that we get. I didn't ask you, Eric, how did you enjoy those blurbs? I said it was my time to shine with there all are. my blurbs in the first section. Are you saying that to keep me on my toes and I'm uh, saying not that get complacent? I don't remember. 
Oh, you son of a bitch. But, Eric, it just happened. We just sure. did. That just happened. Time is That's a funny what, uh, thing, just like on Skitaris. Time is a funny thing. Uh, what you're telling me is a time cloud weaponized and blew into your uh, presence. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Are you blowing smoke up my butt, Eric? Is that what you're telling me? I, I'm blowing Listen, smoke. I was not fun. born yesterday, Eric, but you better bring your A game. That's all I have to say, Eric. The cat got your tongue, does it? You, you caught red-handed. Shut your goddamn mouth. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that what you're saying? But you know, uh, dollars to donuts, Eric. Curiosity did kill the cat. But I want you Satisfaction to brought it back, da- Jim. dare to dream, Eric. But don't burn any bridges and don't leave me hanging. Okay? I, I just want to bridges. tell you that. And with this, it is mail section number one. But don't put all your eggs in one basket, okay? Right. Please Jeez. don't do that and don't bite off more than you can chew. I, I just want to let you know it could be worse. But it can't get any worse, Eric. But it does build character, and it does take two to tango. All right. I just want to make sure that that's it. It's going to be a piece of cake as we go. Uh, But it's about the journey, not the destination, as I always tell you about the mail, right? But when we're done, Eric, it's all gravy to you, right? (laughs) It's not you. It's me, Eric. Uh, But I'm looking out. It's raining cats and dogs out there, Eric. But what I always say is that's the things that will put hair on your chest. How you doing, Eric? How how were how were my blurbs? What's that? Just let your hair down. Let me know what's going on. But let sleeping dogs lie. So you don't get in my face, Eric. Because let's just be friends. Because life will go on. Okay. How's that? You like that? You ready for the mail? Are you ready for the mail? Because you know life's a bitch, Eric, and then you die. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Eric, how are you doing? Why? Why? Uh, what? You what? I'm living on the edge, but you got to live to play and play to live if you're going to do this, Eric. But I live fast, no, but I, I also play, I, game, I huh? also live and let die. It is what I do, and patience is a virtue, as they say, but pain is only temporary, but glory is forever. Uh, and opposites do attract, as I've once been told, but don't put things on a pedestal, and if you have to, just put a sock in it. Okay, there you go. Cliche Chris is who that is. <laughs> I, I was thinking so much. I, I thinking wanted to a, die right now. I was thinking of a crazy uh, persona, and that was it. I'm not going to shake it off, and maybe with the sheer force of will, I'll do it, but I don't think it's selling like hotcakes, uh, you know, this, this persona. I don't know, but he does shoot from the hip, Eric. It's true, uh, but someday my ship will come in. Uh, but I only can do that if I step up to the plate and stay between the lines. There you go. Eric. I don't that? even have you a like horse that? in this race. You like what this is going? Thank God it's Friday. Eric. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when, when it is this podcast, we like to say we take no prisoners during this mail section. But most people I've heard can just take it or leave it. But they like to take a walk on the wild side sometimes. There you go. Eric. There you go. All right. You, you ready for this? You ready? <laughs> Should I hit uh, edit and we just won't have that? Because if we do that, you have to realize that those who forget the past are condemned to repeat it. And I don't want you to just be sour grapes. Uh, you know, that that would be very upsetting for me. But what I what I like about that and really seriously, besides this stupid thing, Eric, I, I it's not hitting uh, with this. What another failed persona's down. But the reason I do like our podcast, Eric, two heads are better than one, uh, is really the things and we like to visualize uh success, but it's uphill both ways sometimes, right? Right. And why I like the mail. You there, Eric? Why I like the mail is we get uh, mails from different people. And as they say, variety is the spice of life. But I'm going to walk the line, but also a thin line and possibly 
that is just water under the bridge. But we're going to go to the mail now, Eric. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I don't okay. know what's going on. I'm right done now. with that, Eric. I'm telling you, we're going to get her done and give or take a few. We'll, we'll be done soon. Okay. Is, is that good for you? Is, is it good for you, Eric? Ah, yes. I, I was going to wait for this, this persona. Our first mail. I was going to wait for this persona for a while, and then I, I feel like crap right now, and I'm trying to just gather up my energy uh, to really go for the gusto. Uh, but really, it, it seems like right now I've just gone fishing, but I'm not going to go away empty-handed, Eric, because the first mail is from Luis. And Luis says – Luis actually said, just say no and give him hell, is what Luis said, you know, off air. But Luis's oh. email says, hello, get fresh crew. Boop, beep, boop. beep, 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 boop. Poop, poop. Hope you guys are having a great week. I want to play was. a quick game. I know you guys know the game Fuck, Mary Kill. Sure. <laughs> it's some cursing in there. So let me play the comic book version. I, I don't know if you realize this, Eric. We're an explicit podcast. I wasn't going to give you a cliche there. I just wanted to remind people this is an explicit podcast. Uh, yes. Then, then I just think they a, know that just a, just a friendly reminder. I actually think that we have kept the cursing at bay for a while. Uh, at one point, telling you, it was like the go-to. Everything was a, a curse and things like that. But now I think that we got all our ducks in a row and we're grabbing the brass ring. And Luis says, he continues then, I know I know you guys know the game Fuck, Mary Kill. This is what happens. I do this nonsense and then I lose my place. Yep. So let's play the comic book version of it called Keep, Change, or Cancel. I, right. And actually... I really like this. I, I think that's a pretty cool game. You pick number one, you pick a book, you will leave just how it is, art, writer, everything. Two, you change the team on a book you would think you would get for uh, better art and writing, and you cancel a book you just want to take out. His choice is he wants to keep detective. It's right. funny because uh, already that's, that's he, he wants to keep detective, but in fact, it is going to be changing, but he wants to keep it, so he's allowed there. He wants to change Batman. Writer that uh, this might be weird and a weird mix. Jason Aaron has been killing it on Thor. And Art, somebody that you're not a fan of, Eric, Andrea Sorrentino, who I love. That like, The last thing we really did with Andrea Sorrentino was Jeff Lemire's and his Green Arrow in the New 52. You were not a fan. Yes. You were not a fan I was at not. All. I loved it. I love his work on Old Man Logan and New 52 Green Arrow. Uh, three, it's hard to pick just one book since most of the DC books kind of suck, so he's figuring what to cancel. If I had to pick just one, I would say Birds of Prey. That book just sucks. There's not much to say about it, just not a good book. And we're, we're a little more positive on that. Now, again, this is one of those things. It's almost though. like that. No, but it, it's one of those things like it's as if I am going to have a ham dinner for dinner tonight. And you say to me, what would you, what is your biggest wish for dinner? And I say, I'd like a ham dinner because Birds of Prey is canceled. And that's going to go hand in hand with my pick because again, I wouldn't say anything about Detective because that is changing. And Birds of Prey, it's almost like you're wasting a pick because, but this is just him off the, the deal. It doesn't matter what is going on, but I, I yeah. can't say Birds of Prey only because I know it's, it's gone. So, but what would you keep? What would be your book to keep and not change? Right now, anything? I would, that's the thing. Is, what There's would not I many, keep? is there? There's not many. No. Uh, I would say Red Hood and the Outlaws. Huh. Well, here's the thing. I, I think that you have to think about it in a different way as well because 
the caveat of changing everything kind of does make me not want to say, you know, it would make me want to keep Red Hood and the Outlaws because I like Dexter Soy's art so much. Me as well. Though I'm telling you, Scott Liddell, I wish that somebody would light a fire under his butt and get that book well. moving forward. But to get but rid I, of I, I'm telling you, I, I like the art Scott so Liddell much, that book. I just want him to move on and tell, yeah, like, you and know, you some want the art to stories. change. So this yeah. is, uh, and it's weird. I actually uh, got this email and read it before and never really thought about any of the things here. I would say, key, such a weird thing, uh, because I would even say to you, uh, being the piece of crap I am, I would love to say keep New Superman and the Justice League of China. But right. if you actually quiz me right now of who the artist actually is now, no, I, I, I wouldn't know. And so that's kind of, that makes me not, you know, you know what I mean? But I did like the look of it this week. So I think that that's probably what I would pick. I can't really think of any book other than that that I can say. And, and also, I, I'm assuming these are going to be all uh, normal books. Like I could say right. White Knight uh, because I think that book, it, it, you know, Sean Murphy on RM writing is great, but it, it's only a mini. It's ending in a couple issues, so I don't want to throw that. What about like an out action there. comics or a Superman? Yeah, and well, here's the thing: if I was gonna pick that and almost do a thing like I'm a sneaky bastard, and, and this is something where the genie just came out of the bottle and offered me this opportunity, I could, I would say maybe action comics, uh, or even go the route of say a. Super Sons, even though I don't think that book has been as good as it could be, but it going away kind of is worse. Uh, but I could say, <laughs> I, but I'm telling you, I could use the monkey paw and just pick action comics just to piss off Brian Michael Bendis. Like all of a sudden he's going to do that. And now I say nope. keep it and he can't go because I'm telling you that action comics might be one of the ones that's close. I, I, it's weird. And, and really, Luis, I think that the, the big thing about this game that's it's going to point out is uh, there's not a lot of books that I really want to keep no. just the way they are. There's a books that every book, I think, and, and the DC line in general, I would like to say, you know, change everything because of the way it's not been hitting and things like that. Been but I'll say for I'm going to say New Superman and the Justice League of China. Um, now, the next one is change. What book would you change? Justice League. Justice League. Yeah, and, and with that, again, this is where there's weird deals because it is going to be changing, but you're just saying change now. Who would yeah. you want, though? Because Luis did tell us who he wanted on Thor. Or on I Thor, want on Tom Batman. Taylor, and I want possibly, uh, you know, know what, Jason Fabach. You know what? I? That's good. You know what? I'm going to go Justice League as well, and I'm going to stick with your Tom Taylor, but I'm saying, you know what? Our man Bruno Redondo has a good working relationship with Tom Taylor. Really does. God damn it. That guy can draw Draws anything. a hell of a bunch of so I would love for this guy. Bruno Redondo is an artist to me that is like it's a he. The circumstances have kept him in, in the minor leagues. Yet if he gets to the major leagues, the Yankees call him up. He'll be an instant all star. But yeah. for some reason, like it would be like a uh, back in the day, Yankees. We'll keep with the Yankees. And uh, you know, you have a guy in the minor leagues of the Yankee system who's an awesome shortstop. It's just that they have Derek Jeter. Uh, but yet they don't want to get rid of this guy, and he just sits in the minors forever because Bruno Redondo deserves to be in the majors, Eric. Not saying that Injustice and Injustice 2 are the minors, but they kind of are. They're digital I'd titles. I'd say they're the minors, yeah. He deserves to be on a bigger book, and it would be awesome just to bring those two right on that's a good Justice pick. League. I, I would be very excited for that. So that's our change. What would you cancel? 
What would I cancel? What wouldn't you cancel, Eric? Seriously, I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to think here I'm now. This is the you, hardest I... part because can can I have like you know most of it? Can I just say most of it? Yeah, I, 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 am I allowed to pick more Actually, than one? Because squad. I have a couple. Yeah, wait a later. I lose my mind over Suicide Squad for something stupid. I would cancel that. I would cancel Hellblazer. I oh, would yeah. can I'm I'm gone. Let let's go down the line. I'd actually Oh, you know what? You you I'm I'm going to change my pick now. I'm going back. Eric. I'm going back to number 2 since you have already done the Justice League. I'm going back on my Justice League pick so we can have variety. I want to change back, girl. I, I want to make oh, that please, book. Yeah. I, I would love to make that book again because I was sitting there thinking of what I would cancel. And I don't want to cancel back, girl. I'd want to change it. Though if I was going to pick who I'd have on, obviously the big pick would be Gail Simone. They're not going to do that. Kind of goes back to the new 52 and seems like you're, you know, going backwards to move forward. Right. Uh, but I, I don't know who else. I don't know who I'd have on it, but I just need something else. But to, to cancel, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, let's go down the line. Greg Rucker. Yeah, maybe. Hellblazer, I, I would want to cancel, like I said. Um, I know this might upset people, uh, but if you can't have – there, there's no pick of uh, going twice a month to monthly because a book like a Green Lanterns, I would like to just be a monthly book. But if I can't have that, I may just cancel that. Uh, that book to me is, is just – again, it's just there to be there. Nothing's going on. We have Jon Stewart. It was you know in the news that Jon Stewart was going to be on the Justice League. That kind of points towards – you know, Jessica and Simon not even having that to do anymore and stuff like that. So I don't know. I cancel it all. Fucking burn it down, Eric. Let's start. Burn anew. it all down. Let's start a new reboot, baby. <laughs> reboot. I know people the hate new, reboots. New 52. The new, new 51. They're not going to have 52 books now. 53. Actually, how about that? Because the 52 kind of went with that new multiverse and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, with them opening up the and multiverse in a bit, yeah. it's just now going to be infinite amount of books, Eric. Every book is a one-issue, one-shot to get to the comics. next uh, yeah, Crisis of infinite nonsense. But yeah, uh, though, yeah, I, I'm sure that a lot of other people have a lot of other choices and things like that. But then also go says, with the week where you change Batman as well, obviously. Yeah, that and that's funny as I'm already going like this is where I have problems. This is like when Reggie gets mad at us for the actual fuck, Mary kill that I cannot just go by a set rule. I'm just thinking that, OK, you know what? Luis has already changed Batman, so I don't need to do that. I'm going to move on to the next one. I'm going to do better work down here. But, yes, he says that was fun, wasn't it? Keep it up, everyone, and see you guys on the 7, Eric. And I, I have so many wrong turns that – See you on the 7. Yes, it, it's very tough for me to grab these clips. And wrong turn, I think, has maybe now – it looks like like 40 – Different uh, freaking sound bites, and one crazier than the next. Crystal shrimp. Where is the one? I love the uh, story of continuity. Uh, he's not so uh, confident with the story over continuity. There, I think what, he what sounds is, happy as hell. What are you talking about? Well, this is my favorite, though. I will, I will let everyone in on a, a little deal. This is my favorite. Load up your pistols, continuity. <laughs> I love it. People coming, coming to, to town. town. There you go, coming to town. That that is that is straight raw footage right there, and uh, that that break is is grinds a get you know gears a grinding. Uh, but yes, thank you, Luis. And we're gonna go on to Ruben, who Ruben says, Ruben, uh, hi Reggie, Eric, and Jim. You son of a bitch. He even put you second. He put Reggie first. How dare you, Ruben? I like to cut his Jim. Dare you? 
I'm telling you, now, Ruben, just because of that, you're only going to get seven songs sent to you this week, and not all of them from Seattle bands. Take that, my friend. You sold... He says, you sold Detective Comics a little short in your review this week, and we've already heard us talk about it, so maybe he'll be more on the Jim and Eric trolley by now, or he may be infuriated. It was good to see Bruce concerned with the psychological well-being of his family members and wards for a change. Last issue, we questioned why Orphan was left to live alone in the ballet theater. Now, uh, you know, you've heard us yell and scream about this earlier. This issue is still questionable. Yeah, you heard us talk about this, but I do want to say that, Roman, that basically where I'm coming from and where Eric is as well, I think, is that we've seen, you know, we didn't just see her just show up. This wasn't one of these like, hey, uh, Cass moved into town. She got herself an apartment. What this whole ballet theater deal, living alone, really spells out to me is that Batman, at the end of the day, when all is said and done, that he has, you know, we're, or actually, at the end of the night, it would be. After they have fought crime for the night, he has just gone home to go to sleep with no care of what has happened to her because the minute that he took her, she is not from Gotham when we when we saw her he brought her to Gotham why didn't he set her up with somewhere to live better than what she had almost as if he didn't even know where she lived why was she better living than she in the had. mansion she didn't have anything she was freaking shagging up with Harper and Stephanie no, no, for a while the night yeah. fucking broke off why was she yeah. why wasn't he why wasn't she living in the mansion and i think that what happened here because uh, she's is, a living weapon, he was afraid of her. Yeah, well, that's what you have to do. Uh, usually, Eric, when it's you like have a Zach living weapon, yeah, but you know what? You got to put that weapon in a holster. You got to make sure they don't get fucking mad. So you give them somewhere to live. The thing is that, that what you're doing, you're making sure that Zach doesn't get mad at you. Right today, he said, uh, "You know, Dad, can you wake up? I I want to go to the gym." I'm like, "Where's the axe?" He's like, "I, I just sharpen it." I'm like, "All right, get in the car. We're going. Uh, let's go I'll, I'll drive you. Let's go to the gym. gym. Drive you to the gym, and you know, and I, I I keep on my you know my P's and Q's in order here. Uh, with this though, uh, like I said, he ended up doing this. But what I think the problem is is that we're fighting, or not fighting, or, or are we? Are because isn't everything a fight for me? Uh, we're, we're talking about something that I don't think is naturally happening in the story. This is not a natural progression of the story. What we're seeing and what we're arguing or talking about is the fact that James Tynum realizes that he's never dealt with this before and is going to force it into the end. So, uh, you know, no matter what, the issue of him doing it, you're right, Robin, that it is a good thing to see it. The issue me and Eric have is the timing of it. We're not saying that he shouldn't be concerned. It's the timing that really points to a different deal, and I think the timing got wonky be, just because it wasn't brought that's, up. That's just even the, the worst thing because before it's all like, all right, you, you guys talk about I should be concerned about Orphan. I guess I'll take her to the ballet or the ball game or yeah. something. Not that's, that's as far as he goes. He's a goddamn yeah. every other weekend dad who just wants to have fun. But after that's said and done, okay, it's not my problem anymore. Yeah, and, and what we said was the Batman and Robin Eternal <laughs> book that Tynan wrote uh, is that there you go. And, and with that, this is the same thing that also drives you uh, insane sometimes is if, say, say, you know, anybody or say me with my mom. Uh, when I was six, I liked white chocolate. To this day, if my mom gets me an Easter basket, she will give me white chocolate, which only points that she knows nothing about me. It would be the same as, oh, I gotta get a gift for Eric Shea. Oh, I'm gonna get him a comic book. I'm gonna get the Army of Darkness. This thing, watch yourself, Eric. Don't go too far with this. Uh, but with that, it almost with the whole thing with the ballet is the fact that 
That's all Bruce knows. And we've, we've seen this. So that is a, that's a cliche of who Cassandra is and just points to the fact he's never gotten to know her. But again, this is just kind of in the comic books. You can sit there and say, well, you know, he probably talked to her, you know, off panel in between issues and things like that. But we don't know. It doesn't appear so. So for us, it's not the act of what's happening. It is the timing. And the timing really makes it seem silly to me. Well, we said, here, just think recently. This is just very recent. Me and Eric made a lot of fun. We we had a lot of laughs, Eric. When we talked about Bruce showing up and saying, Tim, what's going on? Tim is drawing things on the floor. And we (laughs) laughed because Batman, it, it was more concerned with his cape. And things like that. Never said anything. Then all of a sudden, this issue, he says, you know what? You had that issue with Mr. Oz. I think you should need some help. No. that the What that came from is Leslie saying, you got some fucked up kids around you, Bruce. You better do something. This is not – the timing of it again – Makes it seem really odd that when Tim came back from supposedly being dead, never even really seen a thing where, uh, you know, Batman's like, listen, we thought you were dead. I mourned for you. I was worried. And really, what mourning do we really get either? I'm telling you, even that, like, I know it might have been boring. I would have liked to have had an issue dealing with maybe like the Oz aftermath or some shit like that where we have to debrief, like, what's going on with you, What's going on? What the hell is happening? Because I know we had to take some time, fight the Tim tomorrow, but after that... We got some shit to talk about. Yeah, there's never been a talk. There's never been anything like, hey, are you okay? Like I said, it can get even crazier than thinking like, you know what? I watched you die. I did all the tests. Are you a clone? You know, let me see your belly button, you son of a bitch. Uh, Are you fucking, you know, are you Tay-Tay here? And figure that stuff out because shit like that does happen. But he, he did nothing. When Tim came back, there was never a, oh, my God, listen. I thought I lost you, and you know you didn't see it, but I really changed up my game this whole time that you were gone. Uh, and then Tim would be like, "No, no, everybody told me you you didn't change shit. Like no. this wasn't a Jason Todd change or a Damien change, anything like that. It was just you know, let's move on and keep Back going. To business as usual. Where was it the Tim? Thank I don't, God uh, that yeah. Saint Dumas robot grabbed a hold of that orb of information and told me things. Yeah, wh- yeah, really. Where, where was the deal? Yes, with that. And where was also the deal with you know what Stephanie told me that you were about to go to Ivy University. Uh, you are forbidden to be a Robin anymore. You are not allowed. I don't care what you say. You are not welcome here. You know Batman. He'd be like we used to do as kids uh, to break up with women. You just act like a dick so they break up with you. So he would come in the like, – I can't handle that responsibility that, of breaking you, up with someone. No, no. You know what? Yeah, yeah, asshole Tim. You know, you stupid. You dummy. And then Tim would be like, you know, I've had enough and go. And then Batman with one tear and as I fly away, pretty bird. And then they'd go. And then you'd have it. There you go, Eric. But you never you had love any something, of that. you must set them free. <laughs> he's there as he's crushing a dove in his hand and throwing it on the ground. With that, though, you didn't get any of this. And this is what my – and I'm trying to – I know this is going on a while, but I'm trying to explain – all the things that went through my mind when Batman, it's too late. It's a little too late. Like I said in my award-winning blurb, uh-huh. uh, that this stuff is fine. It's just the time has come. This is me showing up at my buddy who got married three years ago with a wedding gift. It, the time has come and gone. They're already divorced, Eric. They, they, it didn't work out. But there I am with a wedding gift three years later saying, hey, guys, here you go. Here's some China. Uh, so I, I thought that that was a little bit off. I gathered that Bruce is trying to step up now and do better for her. 
Yeah, yeah. He, he should have done it a long time ago. And I'm and, actually and, really curious to see where that will go now because, you know, he's finally stepping up, like we said, too little, too late. And for what we have for the next writer coming on Detective, it seems to be a Black Lightning uh, Batman yeah. story. So I have no idea what's going on with the team. Yeah, Detective. And, and with this book and with Detective, you got to be worried. When, when I say all the time is, uh, you know, somebody gets a secret identity, I always say they're going to be dead. If the Flash... Uh, professes his love for you, you're going to oh, die. In Batman, it seems like if any time they bring up, you know what? That person over there, kind of a loose cannon. That means there'll be a loose cannon and that Clayface. Oh my yep. goodness. You know what? I, I'm just worried if, if somehow I just go crazy and, and can't get my mind back. Oh yeah, that's going to uh -oh. happen and did. So yeah, <laughs> once Batman starts to wonder, shit goes wrong. And that whole deal where we had it set up at the beginning with Kate and Batman saying, you know, she's a living weapon. She could, she'll be know. able to kill us all. Yeah, and uh -oh. I think that, I think that kind of the whole thing of it, which was pretty good where Kate said, what would happen? If she attacked you, went nuts and attacked you, and basically Batman said, I would die. <laughs> There's no question. I would be dead. At that point, he's I like, I might be hey, able to have a few seconds left to call up Alfred and ask, is this a good death? Is this a would good they death? Be proud? And then maybe yell, I'm Batman and headbutt her and maybe pretend she's Bane. But, you know, with that, that was when he's like, you know what? You had that whole push. We're going to have to start doing more things with her. Well, you know what they did? They ended up shoving her in a room with Clayface to work lines from Shakespeare. That's all they did because Batman <laughs> was never around with her. And now – Look, what do you want from me? I took her to the ballet that one that time. one Clayface, time. you're not doing nothing. Listen, some Shakespeare know, or something. Clayface, they're, they're running Shakespeare and stuff. She can talk now, you know, really. Uh, and that's – he's, like, yeah, he's like, she can kind of talk. And boy, she, she doesn't fucking shut up. I'm getting really sick of it. Batwing and Azrael joined the colony a little too easily, but I understand that Tynan's trying to quickly set up for his finale, all, our final all-out battle before restoring the status quo. And yeah, that, that's pretty much what that is. And yeah. unfortunately, that status quo really, really doesn't uh, bode well for Say and Azrael. Nope. <laughs> I don't think we're going to see him again for Thank years. God. Yeah, he's and you know what's going to happen. I mean, is this is it just me being crazy, or Azrael is going to turn into Cain and walk the world looking for Saint Dumas and his father? That's all that's going to happen at the end. He's going when they brought that up this issue, all it's going to lead to is Kate or Jacob coming and saying, "Hey, we have this lead. It's not much, but at least it's something." He'll look at the paper and go. Guess it's time for me to get my bindle and start walking, and he'll That's just right. leave. That's how I'll leave, just like that. Uh, Luke's I got have... a fucking Luke Tech or Fox yeah, Tech. He just Fox go back tech. to that, boom. You know what? I really, really want a Batwing book again. I really like that book, but I didn't have any problem with the qu – and also I say that. I actually mean the vehicle, Eric. It'll be like Knight Rider, the Batwing book. Oh, it'll be awesome. I didn't have It'll just problem. be a rookie talking to Batman all the time in the Batwing? Yeah. No, actually, it's just – it never changes. It's just Batwing in the hangar. And then you oh. just look at it, and it's great, you know. And it'll go forward as much as any of these other books. Sometimes Damien comes in to wash it. Alfred looks at it a little, gets the white glove out, and sees if there's any fucking dust on it. And away we go. But I did like the. I really, Ten really like. I really like the Luke Fox Batwing book. That was like a guilty pleasure of ours in the New Fifty Two. Yeah. It was so much fun. I didn't have any problem with the Quick Court of Owls cameo. We've seen in the past that Bruce tolerates their existence at this point, so long as they steer clear of Gotham. And we talked. About that. I'm not going to get that much into this. We talked about it already earlier. Uh, the problem is, is we've seen that it was the Parliament of Owls around the world. This 
yeah. spelled out as the quarter hours. Maybe that was a little bit of a mistake. But the problem is, is especially if you start to think when this book takes place, a lot of these books in the continuity now are seeming to take place after uh, metal. metal. There'd be a debate of this book. This book actually seems like it could be before. I don't know. They never really spell that out. But some of the books, like A Green Arrow, have mentioned things of metal and, and stuff. Titans. So that's Teen Titans. So I don't know where it goes. But if it's JLA. after, uh, I don't think that Bruce is going to let any of the Court of Owls, uh, you know, live. Oh, no. He's coming back with a vengeance after them yeah. for what they yeah. did to him yeah. this yeah. whole they goddamn time. Up. It has to end. Plus, y- you're just telling me then, and I know what you're saying, and to me this whole he tolerates them, he tolerates them just because they keep showing up in other books and we have to justify it. it. It's nonsense, and what I said earlier I'll stick with is it's not just the idea of Bruce not taking care of him, which drives me nuts, that Bruce would be there and this organization that pretty much is running the world – uh, behind the scenes, he's just going to tolerate them just because they don't go in a city is nonsense. Uh, but the, uh, the uh, whole thing about that is there, there's no way that they are around anymore. We've seen them and it waters them down is what I was uh, trying to get to. Every time I see them, they're, they're less. They're, they're less and less. And when we first saw them and they showed up in the New 52, this was like – it was amazing – uh, that there was an organization this deep that Bruce didn't even know about and actually investigated as a kid and couldn't find anything. And now he realizes and all the clues and the, you know, the nursery rhymes. It was a real, like, ominous organization yeah. that you didn't know. The more I see about, and, and you know what, what, what happens when we see them? They get their ass kicked. And immediately. I'm telling you, the, the last time we saw them before Metal was in Green Arrow, who was in Gotham and said, like, their organization is so depleted at this point that you just have freaking rich kids putting on yeah, owl masks and hunting so, fucking and, bombs and, yeah. in the sewer. And then we saw them in Nightwing as the Paramount Owls that supposedly And they were, were shut down, down by Spiral at that point. Spiral was chasing them down and things like that. Now, also, uh, to me, the reason I get a little upset is because they are kind of a joke now. This was a, a bunch of guys where there was only one talent. You, you would, you would uh, activate one talent, and boy, that talent would kick a fucking lot of ass. It was almost impossible. It was almost impossible to take them down at one point, and now they just get beat up uh, every time they show up. They they just go down easily. This time in pretty much one panel, they're just yep. taken care of. And yeah, you can say that you know wrap that around and say, well, it's because you know they are depleted. Maybe these talent uh, to me, it's it's time it's time to put them away. Uh, for a while, because each cameo to me makes him less. Uh, and finally, Ulysses and Brother Eye's appearance before Tim has me intrigued. I guess I'm more invested in time and Tim changing his fate than you guys are. I also still enjoy Brother Eye as a villain, and I, I know Eric would probably say the same thing. The one thing with Brother Eye is you, you got to be very careful what you do with Brother Eye, uh, you know, with the future and all that. I'm, and I'm t- I don't even know how the future the works future. anymore because it seems, it seems that we have the yeah, you know, like the Tim and Tomorrow, the Teen Titans and Tomorrow in the future, while we also have Batman Beyond in the future yeah. after a Brother Eye invasion. So I have no idea how this timeline works. Even 20 years in the future, in this last. LA where we had Micron already doing stuff when he's supposed to be around 35 years from now. Yeah, 
And uh, with that, too, it's like you li- – and also I'll have to admit that some of the things that kind of throw me off is I know how many issues we have left, and I think that some of the stuff is just going to be tied up you know, very quickly and forced. And you know, I don't mind Tim trying to change his future, but I never thought in, in, in any point that he's going to be like, okay – Fuck it, I'm gonna be evil Batman and away we go. Uh the thing that's gonna end up and being everybody again. keeps spelling it out to be an alternate future anyway. Yeah, and, and with that, we're not gonna at the most, this will end with a flash forward where we see a good Tim, but we're not gonna see the ramifications of any of this anyway. It, it's like you said, oh. it could also be an alt future, but it's also just gonna be like, you know what? The future's an open road and uh, you know, Asriel no over there, he's what we make. That's what I'm saying. And like, you know what? What? I think that I'm going to make myself my own man, and we'll see if anybody goes from this Detective Comics run to having Tim possibly show up again with T- Teen Titans down now and canceled for a bit. Maybe he'll go back on the Teen Titans, and then we will get to see Tim grow a little more, but it's just something that's going to happen in the future that we're really not going to see. So. And that would be a cool story going forward if we had the battle for the Titans between Damian Wayne and yeah, uh, Tim cool. Drake. Yep, yeah. that would be cool. And then at the end, they decide to just do it together. They're or if we even, together. like, the Titans are to spend if we have Teen Titans West and Teen Titans East. Yeah, that'd be cool. Teen Titans Detroit. Changing no, gears, no. I completely agree with Reggie's assessment that new Superman is fantastic. I wasn't as enthralled with the last issue, but this one nailed the pacing like comedy and intrigue that led me to loving the series. It amazes me every month that a slight twist on familiar characters can be so engaging, but it is. Uh, I, it does, uh, Justice League does a, an incredible job presenting characters. Oh, actually, he's Gene Luan Yang. It's J-L-Y. I was wondering what he <laughs> meant by that. But Gene Luan Yang does an incredible job presenting characters from a different culture who actually feel like foreigners but are also relatable. I also love that just about everything seems to matter, and there are constant throwbacks to what has happened in the past. I can't wait to see what the Chinese lanterns can do. Anyway, it was nice to enjoy my books this week. I'm glad I read both of those issues instead of Mr. Miracle. Finally, for Deathstroke versus Batman, should I jump in on the next issue or go back and issue? And if you haven't been reading Deathstroke, just jump in the next issue. Just yeah. get the first issue of Deathstroke versus Batman. I, I would say the one thing is Priest is a guy who is not going to, you know, he's not going to make it easy anyway. I, I have a feeling. And that even I, the, the last issue as it was, was just like wrapping yeah. up everything we've dealt with so far just to get Slade in yeah. Arkham Asylum, the end. So just jump yeah. into this next issue. You and should yeah, be okay. Because as long it, as you know that. That's the problem is if you're going to deal with anything, you're going to have to go back to the beginning. And that's, you know, so many issues. And I would hope that my man Alex Antone, who I know is the editor on that book, will just say to Christopher Priest, listen, we, we got to ease some people in. A lot of people this, you throw. This is an event that people would jump into. That's you need what I'm to saying. Ease you throw Batman on the cover, you're going to get a lot of people on this, you know, this story of yours that haven't been reading your book. They're going to be here for Batman. And maybe you can win some fans over with your writing style and all that sort of thing because you're not doing it well on Justice League is what he might say, Eric, if he meant it. Uh, but, yeah, I think that you could just jump in. And, yeah, Deathstroke is in Arkham. Boom. There you go. And may or may not be crazy. So when you see him talking to this guy, uh, a young strapping fella, yeah, if you see him talking to him, he may or may not exist. So there you go. We've caught you up. But that is the first male section. I'm going to go take some uh, cold medicine or something. I'm about to pass out. The cold medicine will probably make me fall asleep. It will. I just I feel like such crap. Uh, But we're going to move on, Eric, to a better time when I didn't feel as bad 
uh, as we go back to the books. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shea. Hey, I want to hear Eric Shea. All I right. always want to hear Eric Shea. And yeah, we'll see if these books are okay indeed. Obviously, this is going to continue the trend of a weird setup of this podcast. We have decided. I still don't know what's going on. Me and you, though, I've decided that basically uh, books are going to have to earn their place from now on. That's that right. No easy ride. No. What free have you done ride. for me lately, books? That is what it's going to be. You hear that, books? Hey, books. What are you doing over there? What you wearing? I'm, I'm sitting there in the books. I'm like, okay, I, I see you over there, Trinity. You trying to get me all excited with those eyes there? No, no, no. You're in the last section. I don't care what you do Ooh. or say. You ain't earning it that way. Listen here. I have this it's is a no casting podcast. couch. This is no casting couch here, Trinity. The you podcast get back there. couch. Yeah, really. You're gonna have to earn it from the inside. Beauty is on the Gross. inside, my friend, not on the outside. Books. So there. Take that, Trinity. I see you, Justice League of America. I don't know where this is going. Right. I don't know why I'm taking this way too I do far. want to tell you, though, we, we just spent a long time talking with each other about things and laughing and things like that. And then we get on, and all of a sudden, it's goddamn fucking uh, comedy hour. Uh, but I do yeah, want to left. tell you, Eric, Adderall is back. Oh, I, I bet. I, <laughs> I ended up, I ended up falling into the clutches of pills again for the night, Eric. Uh, we have a lot of Weird books science intervention that, that me and you are going to be doing tonight. And yet, uh, it it is classic because at, at work today, I'm sitting there telling you, I'm basically what happened is my prescription ran out. Yeah. So I ended up thinking to myself, listen, I, I got to break free of you pills, and the <laughs> only way I could do it is cold turkey. And I'll tell you, it took a bit during the week. I, I was exhausted at points, and I told you. And then you said stupid shit like, why don't you take them responsibly or correctly? Yeah. Like you said, listen, if you take these at night and you're up until 3 a.m. in the morning, maybe you should take them when you're supposed to at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. I said, listen here, buddy. You don't live my life here. <laughs> I, I yeah, tell my pills, pills tell me what to do. But yeah, I said, yeah, maybe I have been using them for a little bit different than what I'm supposed <laughs> to be using them for. But hey, who's to say, Eric? Because we have a lot of stuff to do with our Patreon account and these podcasts. I mean, these things don't get recorded themselves. So I do have to have a little, a little pick me up, if you will. But no, I, I was taking them in a different way. And I said, yeah, fuck this. This is not working. For me, I'm gonna end up dying and whatnot. And then I said to you, basically, okay, I'm not even gonna fill out my prescription. I, this is nonsense. I'm gonna try to, you know, do this. And I do have a problem. I do have severe. Everybody's listening and they're like, Jim is a goddamn drug addict. But I do have a legitimate issue. I do have them prescribed for a legitimate issue. May not be using them exactly for that issue. So no. they, you know, it's a gray area. It's a very gray area, but like I said, this isn't something I'm buying on the street corner, but I thought, you know what? Fuck this, because I hadn't taken it a long while. I had given up because at points I don't like the way it makes me feel, feel like I'm on a runaway train, never coming back, Eric. Never come back Uh, now, No, no, and with that, I said, that's it. I'm going to make the stand. I'm not going to get it refilled. 
Uh, then Tanya just decided, like, hey, do you want your medicine refilled? And I like pill it up, Jim, better. Well, That's and, what she and decided. here's the thing, too. I will also tell you that the prescription that I just got refilled today, uh, I did get originally on uh, November 23rd or something like that, November 21st. So it's been a while. I did not take it for a while. That's 30 pills. So, I, you know, and I kind of said, I don't think you're taking I, this right. But I told – well, I, I had stopped. I told you I wanted to get my blood pressure down first. I was going to do all that. Well, that didn't work, Eric. So, you know, you got to move on to plan B at some points in life. And uh, so I thought, okay, I'm not going to do it. This is where I'm getting – I'm not going to do it. And then she mentions I'm like, all right, well, we'll do that. But I'm not going to take them. I'm just going to kind of no, put them away. I'll I just like them having them. Box. I know I can have and, them. And uh, I realized I have a problem. The minute yeah. that she came back and handed it to me, I, yeah, I immediately opened up. <laughs> Boom took one and i'm like all right well, podcast podcast let's let's ride baby and uh yeah now we're here but i did take it a while back but yeah i can still feel the effects now still i also told high. you in the meantime that i'm very convinced that wrong turn probably has the same deal he would never tell us this but i had mentioned to you before Hell, i think they might mash it up into those fucking food yeah at lunch. well i i had told you before that I really, really see, I, I see a difference between wrong turn AM and wrong turn PM. The minute that noon hits, he goes home for lunch. He comes back and he acts giddy and crazy and just and annoying and, annoying and, and things like that. But I do think that he is on the Adderall train. Just like me, Eric. Climb on board. Yeah, we, we have plenty of room on that train. But back to the books. Enough of my nonsense. Though later, you have to remind me to tell the story about what happened when I brushed my teeth the other day. And no, that was oh, not like, oh, you, you brushed your teeth whether you needed it or not. But yeah, I want to tell everybody what happened to me the other day when I brushed my teeth. The other day, teeth. he brushed his teeth. And you know what? He didn't mind the sensation. No, I did not. I thought to myself, this There's teeth, a new experience that this you might teeth brushing, first off, maybe I should call it a tooth brushing, Eric. I'm not Gross. telling. Old gummy here. Gummy Joe. But no, I, I thought to myself, I could really get behind this brushing of teeth. Why did my <laughs> British mother teach me different is what I said. Uh, but Eric, you can tell. Now, once the light goes on to record, now I'm all over the place. I'm trying to reel myself in. Uh, I think that my enthusiasm for these books may do that for me. Uh, this week was not a, a stellar week, which you've already heard the three books where I've at least uh, said were some of the better books. I, I'm not going to talk, but we're recording this out of sequence, so I'm wondering what future Eric said, which now will be past Eric, which makes no sense. But I'm wondering because I think that this week's a little down, which is kind of going to continue with this section of books, though – I think that this is a decent section, and they're all yours. So we yes. ended up having a weird deal where the first section of books, all mine, the second section, all yours. What are we starting with there? Titans number 21, written by Dan Abner, with art by Paul Pelletier, Andrew Hennessy, Andriano Lucas, Josh Reed, and Carlos M. Manguel. Arsenal's fight against drugs is turning into something bigger as he realizes that a threat is coming to New York that's too much for him to handle. Too bad that everyone thinks that he's relapsed into his drug addiction and doesn't take his warning seriously. Yes. Yeah, uh, this is a weird issue to me. And, and it's also it, – it's one of those where uh, from here on out, and including the last book of that first section, uh, we're, we had a lot of books this week that are ending. I actually said that while I was doing reviews, I think I ended up getting to JLA 
after, say, Supergirl, Trinity, JLA. I'm doing these reviews, or it might have been reverse, whatever it was, though. And I kept writing in these intro paragraphs, like, only a couple more issues left, so you see this and that. Well, this is a book that is ending. We, we know that it's ending at least for a little bit. We're not sure if it's coming back in a different iteration, if Nobody it's coming back yet. at all. Nobody knows. This is all, this is part of the, say, Scott Snyder doing Justice League No Justice, kind of pushing things aside, almost like some of the books were the uh, result of Brian Michael Bendis jumping on Superman right. and Action Comics. So, but what a shakeup. Yeah, and with that, some of these other books, I definitely see a trend. Okay, I see what they're doing here. I see that they're getting this. This, there's no trend. And I, I don't know what they're doing here. No. If they're going to be ending soon. It's such a weird situation that we're thrown into to have an arsenal story with all this weird yes. shit going on in the background where most of the Titans aren't even present. Yeah, and with that, you already had that the Titans were disbanded. I will say one thing. I'm impressed at least a little bit uh, in the back of my mind that they have stuck with that because I yeah. thought that was going to be two issues uh, or maybe even one that they'd come back and decide, okay, we're not going to be the Titans like Batman says with Duke will be something else. But with that, I think that this is leading what I'm getting at is it's leading to an idea in my mind that when this does end, I don't think Dan Abnett was aware of it. I don't think that now I think that maybe we'll get a last issue or something in a last issue for him to tie some things up a bit to move on. But yeah. at this point, like at this point this week, I would believe that the Bensons knew that Birds of Prey was ending. Right. You know what I mean? I also can say that even though it kind of comes about in a weird way, I get the idea Steve Orlando knew that Supergirl was ending as well, the way that's ending. And Trinity uh, as well, you're ending a story kind of setting. This, though, does Trinity not seem – Trinity actually doesn't have any rhyme or reason. So it that doesn't, doesn't even have matter that, but as you that. see, yeah. you see they're ending this one story and then it's going. But this, like, we only have a couple more issues left. And with that – I don't know what they're getting at. Like this could be at the end where Roy, who obviously in this is really pushing that people – he doesn't have a friend. Well, you know what? Jason Todd's his friend and Damn maybe right we're going to see him go off to say the well, Red no, Hood and the we, Well, that's the thing is as we've seen at the end of you know Red Hood and Arsenal – Roy doesn't play well with others is what happens and no. he just ends up being on his own because he's kind of a yeah. dick at times yeah he is uh, but he's gotta yeah, be the victim oh I don't have any friends they just think yeah. I'm a druggie oh yeah, calm it's, down it's Roy. a weird deal too because we jump into this and we had that last issue where we were talking about him being injected by Cheshire yeah. and all this stuff where it seemed like it'd be more than just sapping his intelligence and things like that but what's weird about this issue don't really Go with that. You know what I mean? Like, there's not anything. He does mention well, there, there, it. Kind I'm saying of... there's no real repercussions of him, you know, being no. injected with this bliss drug. Yes, he thinks he's relapsing. There's a problem with that because he's a former dr uh, yeah. junkie. But there is no real repercussions of this yeah. besides people looking at him funny when he says, you know, well, he was yeah. injected with this drug. And that's the weird part of it is it's not from him. And I'm expecting him to feel a little weird. Maybe it does something. You know, you have Cheshire at the end uh, comes back. But it's like then he fights and we'll get into it. But Wally and Dick and him fight and you're waiting for him to say, like, you know what? This isn't me. What's had like anything with that. But all you're going to get in this whole issue is poor Roy, who yeah. Cheshire just injected and did that poor Roy basically saying listen I've kind of uncovered something that is a global problem here huh, you global problem or just something with you buddy and it, it my I started getting angry I, yeah. I was getting angry with Roy saying no 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 and and the the best part is 
we see that there's something going on. So it's not like it's a surprise. Mala and the brain are doing all this stuff, and you have Cheshire, all this. He just needs somebody to say, I believe what's going on. I believe Which I you're really right. think will be the culmination at the end of this it arc, where actually be. we get the rest of the Titans all together again because they yeah. believe in their friend and they have to fight Mala and the brain. Yeah, and with that, you're also getting like a, a continuation of, you know, Dick and Roy kind of going with, you, you know, you had a better mentor. We had this before. Yeah. And I don't mind it. But again, it's really pushing towards like Roy saying like, enough of you guys. I, I'm not good in groups. Maybe going back to Red Hood. I don't know. Uh, even I, with I don't that, know. I'm telling you, I like Roy. I like Arsenal a I lot. Know. And I really liked him in Red Hood and the Outlaws previously. Yeah. I like Red Hood and the Outlaws the way it is right I now. Know, but Throw really, another dy- dynamic in there. It just might be weird. And that's the thing that. I actually wish we would have gotten in the original Red Hood and the Outlaws where we could have more than three members. At yeah. the one point, we well, looked like we're going to have that yeah. character, Crux Stone, and I'm like, you know what? That could be really cool if we had Crux Stone as well. We had Joker's daughter at the end. Exactly. Where we she was yeah. going to be And that redeemed. was just Red Hood Arsenal, though, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. That was a little bit different. And at one point, though, we thought even she, like, oh, she's better in this book than she's been. But what's yeah. weird to me, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little more, obviously, when we get to Red Hood and the Outlaws, but I'm even wondering where that book's going to go after old Smarty Pants Bizarro ends up doing what he's doing and, and whatnot. Like, maybe he's not going to be in that book anymore. I don't know. But we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. But That just this, seems like a thing that'll be like, you know, Bizarro loses intelligence, so things go back to normal at the yeah, end. Yeah, but it seems weird, almost like, because now that we're getting, say, a Clayface dead and detective. Right. And you're getting, say, you know, this whole thing. That almost seems like another one of these villains turn, heroes turn, whatever, kind of just disappearing again to get back to these, you know, solid. Like Lobo and, and JLA? Like Lobo and JLA, you know, things like that. It, it's very weird to me the way things are playing out. But in this, yeah, you have Roy basically. Well, it starts off actually where you're going with Mal and the brain. And, the and we brain find is out what just... this drug Bliss actually does, where it turns yeah. out that everybody who uses this drug, it somehow transfers intelligence into the brain, making him this yeah. hyper-intelligent being, yeah. because he's sick of being laughed at by the uh, the Justice League, and even by you know villains like Lex Luthor and the other like members yeah. of different like societies, they all laugh at Mal in the brain. He's sick and tired of the shit, so he's gonna t- he created this drug that somehow I'm telling you, I don't understand how it works. No. You take the drug it's like and a somehow, hive mind of intelligence yeah, kind that's of That's the thing. Like, you know, it goes out there and right now when Roy was injected with the drug, we found out that, you know, he was at fifteen percent of where they need to go yeah. for this hyper intelligence. And it just keeps, you know, exp- like uh, getting bigger as the issue goes on. But it's just such a weird concept where, all right, I'm going di- to take this drug over here and this guy over here, he's going to get smarter because of it. Yeah, it, it makes it seem it's very much like a uh, drug that's based on, say, a server room with, uh, you know, a computer deal. They're yeah. just turning the You're human race in. into a server room of now we have 18,000 computers that are hooked up to me. So and, and again, you, you're doing this and I don't know the full rules, but you don't really need to. You know what I mean? There's there's books that obviously we scream and yell about the rules. Once the brain says, you know what, this is making me smarter. I can do all this. I can kind of go with it. But what I wanted to know is like, is this something where you've jacked the intelligence from, say, a Roy or is the calculations that he's doing, are they actually, you know, going and grabbing some of Roy's brain to use it at that point and stuff like that? But again, right. that's kind of a side issue. But with that, you don't have Roy at any point go comatose or no. act dumber. And, well, that's just, what's there's weird nothing to like me. that at all. You know, it just seems like the, uh, my girlfriend was telling me the other day how her ex and her used to have this thing back in the day where they had their computer jacked up to, um, 
like NASA, whatever the like the processing they weren't yeah. using at the time, NASA could come in and use and it for their own calculations and stuff for, like yeah, that. Yeah, everybody does that. Uh, and when you said that, I thought you were talking about the book. I thought you were talking about Roy. No. But your your ex, huh? Your, your girlfriend and your when you don't say Jess, it threw me completely off. But yeah, uh, it was like the SETI project, I think is what it was called. Okay. actually, where you would yeah, go. I think that's and, what it was. Yeah, yeah, and you would have your extra thing, and they would use it, and they were looking for things that they didn't even aliens and things like that. And I remember that Tanya's uncle, who's huge into astronomy, also you know helped build the Hubble uh, telescope. Telescope, yeah. He he's he was big on that, and actually asked us. Like I remember when that first started. He's like, can you please do that? Like, if you're leave your computer on at night, you put that in. I don't, fuck that. I'm not. I'm not doing that without any pay. Now that's my watch, problem. I, actually, I did. I, I we set it up, but I forgot all about that. But yeah, how this is going, I don't know. Uh, but what the brain, is. the brain is going way over the top. He's actually going almost in this book as a smarty pants Bizarro. Now, obviously, he didn't start dumb but he's starting to fix things and stuff that well, don't need really to be fixed and things well, going, going a little along, over the top we have these weird things that actually ruin the progression of the book in my mind where we keep jumping back to the brain and mala yeah. as the percentage keeps you know getting higher yeah. and higher and the brain's getting smarter and smarter and talking about i figured out climate control in the building no not just that's yeah, it. Is. No. Just no. He's figuring out climate control for the planet. Yeah. But like now, as it goes yeah. on as well, he's as he gets smarter, it seems like he's losing his love and empathy because everything yeah. he talks about doing, it's a singular, not him and Mala. Yeah. It's just what I can do. What we can do, brain. That's correct, Mala. What we can do. Yep. And, and with that, the one thing that I did want to see, and I think that would have been better served than what we have here. Is as the brain started going and started increasing, I would have liked, obviously, through Roy as our, you know, point of view deal, I would have liked to have seen him get dumber. I would have liked to have seen everybody even have news reports and all of a sudden that because the brain is grabbing this intelligence from everybody else, that people are getting dumber and say, going on Twitter and yelling at Gal Gadot for tweets, Eric, something like that. Like everybody in the book, everybody completely goes uh, dumb. And then starts arguing on Twitter is what I expected. But even through Oh my Roy, God, it's happening. I'm telling you, it's happening now. The brain. But with that, I wanted Roy to be like, you know, maybe walking down the street and like, oh yeah, I got to go home. And like, huh, where is home? And like, as this is going on, see something yeah, that's there, going there, on. There doesn't seem to be any repercussions yeah. of this. And, and I again, actually want to know what this drug does for you because the, I know that they're giving the drugs out for free, you know, yeah. trying to create a, a base of like, you know, of uh, people who want to use it. But I don't know what it really does as a drug itself, yeah. but now it's, well, now it's just, you know, allowing you to hook up to the brain, but there's, yeah. I don't get any enjoyment out of it. But, and, yeah, and I wake and, up and like, what happened? And this is the thing that I would like. Now, Eric, I wish I had my script doctor song done here because what I would like is Roy, uh, he's been tapped into, right? And they're tapping yeah. him, Eric, as they say, uh, down at the rec center. Uh, and the brain is using it and grabbing it. In the meantime, Roy is starting to get dumber. He's starting almost like, you know, being a vet. And this would be when, when, uh, Wally and Dick show up and that would just look like he's on, say, heroin. Like, right. hey, Roy, what's going on? What, man? Hey, hey, guys. And like, oh my God, you're using again. And that would be a, a decent thing for me because if do, the do brain. You know, Dick, you know what yeah. I like about an escalator? Yeah. It can never break. <laughs> It could just know, become stairs. You know what? I, I call zero. and I'm trying to think of some Mitch Hedberg deal. But with that, I, there would have been a progression you of know, that. My, that friend, my friend asked me, do you want a frozen banana? 
I said no, but I wanted a regular one later. So yes. So yes. And I want to be in that club with the. Is it bad that when I think of heroin, I go right to Mitch Hedberg? Yeah, that is bad. Uh, Poor Mitch. Boom, boom. Poor Mitch. Uh, But yeah, with that, you would have had a progression of, okay, I see why they think he's using. They're not listening to him because he's not making sense. He's acting dumb and all this. But instead, it's just Roy who basically is, woe is me. Nobody believes me. They all see me as this user, which I thought we were over with. This, to me, is really going back to the well of saying This is one defining characteristic like that type of thing. It's the only thing we ever have to play, and there's never really any character development beyond that point, and it really pisses me off. The best part of this this issue is when he's fighting in my mind dick and roy and he's talking about i'm arsenal i'm the human weapon i can yeah. make a weapon out of him like damn right you can fucking yeah, show these boys can. up because you're badass yeah and and i think that people forget about that because i even saw some people like oh this is bullshit that he can fight them whatever no no, no. This, this is him and he, beca- he, even he came sees, prepared yeah and he even says through the narration like as he's fighting uh dick that you know dick is better than him he's yeah. just got to do some things the, on- that the only way that he, he beats cheats. dick is because dick hesitates yeah and he cheats all the time he'll do whatever it takes and yeah dick at one point like again if you're gonna go the nitty-gritty uh dick hits him with a frying pan <laughs> and then one of my favorite moves the freezer door that's my favorite but he does hesitate and you you thought that he would you know you knew he would uh and he does and then roy takes takes advantage of that and pretty much gives him the karate chop to the the uh, under his chin and going but then he goes off to stop this you know what ends up being what would be uh the brain and mala and goes to cheshire who's waiting for him and just you know hey you know what we're gonna do this again and whatnot and they're going to they end up fighting that's how it ends with them fighting and the brain achieving pretty much uh you know crazy ass levels of intelligence i'll tell you i do like the one progression here where you know roy is calling up donna he's apologizing for being a dick previous like you know I shouldn't have ended things that wasn't right of me. But yeah. look, you got to contact the Justice League. You got to tell them shit is going wrong. Yeah. And, you have and Batman you know, and the Justice League. Yeah, but, but Donna's just all like, are you using again? Like, God damn it. But she yeah. goes and she asks Batman and the Justice League, you know, look into us. And Batman goes, look, we've used everything that the Watchtower has. We cannot detect any threats going on. Yep. And I just love the progression where you, yeah, you get go this, back to the brain. Then. And then you go back to the brain. I've created a device that shields our energy from anything that would just so you could do. I'm like, you're damn right, because you're getting yeah. smarter and smarter. It was just a yeah, really fun little progression. Now, with that, though, you can't read this and then go to the next book and not think of it almost as a – now, again, brain is not bizarro. No. It just seems too much like it to me. I like, know. Here we go. We have Smarty Pants Brain who is getting too smart for his own good like bizarro uh you're just starting at a different level of smart to begin with but it really feels a lot like that to me and even then like it it threw me off where you had roy again uh, script doctor Eric, but if, if he called donna and couldn't talk very well because he was in jet like i wanted something like him to start off like Man, what what did that? What is going on with me? Like, what was that thing that was injecting? Like, oh my god! And as he's you know almost thinking he's gonna pass out, he calls Donna. Hey Donna, what is it? And are you using against something? Because this conversation that they have all of a sudden out of nowhere, he's like, I think that there's big problems going down. What are you using again? Oh Jesus Christ! I want him to just like really like why this are is we all, friends this is all you guys see of me i mean i know that i i have been pretty upfront and center with my problems here but boy you are really throwing it in my face anytime anything comes up uh but even with that and that's, you, the, 
that's the worst thing because his explanation this is the worst because he did see this whole you know image of the brain taking over the world and the whole 15 percent while he was under the effects of bliss he's like and you say you saw all this because you were using no well kind of but it's not how you think it doesn't matter how i just need you to alert the justice league and that's all she focuses on yeah and then they go and even then when they get to it and batman's checking it's almost like batman's like Nope, he's using. It didn't check out. Well, it's a user, always a user. God damn it, Batman. It's like me with that Adderall. I know what Roy's talking about. Yeah, no second chances. You have Wonder Woman like, hey, listen, I don't know this Roy guy as well as you. Look, look. You know what? I think he's free left. on my team. I'll freaking give anybody a second chance except for junkies. Yeah, really. He's like, that's all I don't like is junkies. That's why he's against Bane so much. Junkie, Eric. He's always going back to that. I'm trying to think desperately of anybody that he's been on that team that ended up like, oh, no. Uh, Asriel did this, or Luke did that, but uh, maybe uh, Luke did some uh, some uh, performance enhancing drugs while he was in the you MMA. Steroids? We don't, yeah. Well, I don't know. Some people use Adderall as that as well, Eric. I told you, but uh, yeah, I like the art in this enough. Not everything's about you, Jim. I know. What? No. That you've, we've done what, 167 episodes and you still haven't realized that everything is about me. But at the end, basically, you have Roy fighting Cheshire, a bunch of ninjas there. You have uh, the brain going nuts with his level of intelligence. You would think that Mala is going to be the savior there because Mala definitely sees that the love of her life is, is going nuts and not including her in the whole scheme of things. So you have that. And then you have the Justice League. What I would think is the thing with the Justice League set up with Batman looking into it is that Mala will unhook whatever this, you know, the thing that's yeah, the keeping bliss. them. And then they'll know this and go, not even just the bliss, maybe oh, just you mean this. You mean like the energy shield? Or- yeah, maybe the energy shield. And that's when the Justice League will realize. And at the end, you'll have Roy like, I told you guys, you know, but you had to go right with the need. It's always me and the needle. The needle is damage done, and then he'll leave. And he'll be like, I've had enough of this. I'm out. You guys don't really trust me, and I can't be friends with you and leave. I'm going back to another Team Arrow. Yet another book. And maybe that's the thing. I actually, if you, you mention that, I keep saying Red Hood and the Outlaws. Wouldn't mind if he went back to Arrow and we had. I'm telling you, I was Arrow. actually that disappointed that he wasn't in the last issue of Green yeah, Arrow with that, everybody that else. That would actually be pretty good. And from what we saw, the Teen Titans is another book with this Titans book that's ending and not having an issue in May, and nobody knows how it's coming back. But they just announced that there is going to be a special, and on the cover is Emiko. So maybe Emiko will leave over to the Teen Titans when that starts up again, and then we'll have a slot for Roy in the Green Arrow book. I'd like that. I'd actually cool. like them, and really. Again, Eric, are, are you uh, doing Editor Shea here? Because there is that weird caveat in this of talking about it. He goes, he's lighting up, folks. It's, and you, you have to say, like, on my watch. Because Roy, uh, thinking in his head, like, Dick had a great mentor. And even them yelling and screaming at each other. Like, hey, I'm sorry that Green Arrow wasn't the mentor that you needed or whatever. Yeah. Maybe that is a hint. That he's going to go off there and they're going to mend Which their be cool. deal uh, uh, some more you, because they have. I, I love the idea of the Titans book. It's one of those things I was really yeah. excited for when it was announced. It never panned out for no. what it could have been though, and it's well, very disappointing. And I, if there's going to be a shakeup and we get these characters and other things, that'd be cool as well yeah. because I do like most of these characters. Yeah, and and with that, when with this started, when Rebirth started. Uh, you wanted this book anyway because you did Titans Hunt, which this was a yeah. direct sequel to. And with Rebirth, you basically said, and this is not this me This is the most lying. important book. Yeah. Yes, that's what you told me. You said, I want Titans because that's the most important book. And that whole Wally thing with West Mr. Is in Twister, this and he is the Wally West and things like that. 
uh, that's kind of come and gone. So, you know, it's not as an important book now, though people still seem to love it. I, I see people liking it all over the place and telling us how much they like it. To me, it's just a book that it really doesn't have as much of a purpose as we thought. And no. then because of that, it's just kind of always just there. Like I, I when will I tell you, though, it, I, I am enjoying getting a, a more like Arsenal-focused story here because yeah, I, 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 I like the character a lot. Yeah, I, like I hate him. that he's a one-trick pony where we can only focus on one aspect of his life. But from what we're getting here, I just like that we're reminding everybody that Arsenal is a badass and yeah. deserves to be on a team like yeah, this. Yeah, I like that as well. Also, what I do have to say, I don't have to review this. So I have to get ready for the podcast. I read it and we talk. I always have a uh, fine enough time talking about it. We always have yeah. something to talk about. I always like the art pretty much. I, we always have something that I can grab onto and enjoy. So it's not one of those books that I would ever say it ever gets me f- furious or infuriated at it. It's just like a, say, an Aquaman book. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's weird because both by Dan Abnett. Dan Abnett knows how to write a comic book. Uh, sometimes it's just not as exciting as I want. But even here, you have a fight between, you know, Roy and Dick and Wally. Uh, that's pretty cool. But what did you give? Yeah, up? I gave this issue a 6.5 out of 10. Well, I love the art and I love the focus on Roy here. I thought the Brain and Mala stuff was just like kind of like, you know, hindered the progression of the story we have going yeah. on with not giving us enough because while he says he's getting smarter because there's there's no real explanation behind it. Yeah, it just kind of feels thrown on. out there and said, okay, I'm the brain. I did this and I'm going to jump back in and tell you how smart I'm getting every couple pages. And it just yeah. felt like it It just it felt weird in the book. And that was like my biggest like uh, disappointing factor of this issue. Yeah. And with like I said throughout and I mentioned a bunch of times, I would have liked to see how – as a repercussion, and we have Roy, who was injected, yeah. where I would have liked to have been that, where we would have seen what's going on. And maybe before all that, you could have set up like, oh, you know, all these junkies are found just drooling with foam coming out of their mouth. Something where you do have yep. that idea. Junkies. Yeah, jun- but that's the perfect plan. That's what I'm saying. But if that was the plan of the brain of basically, listen, now, again, he's going to get a, junkies are not, I don't know if you know this, they're not known a lot of times for their extreme intelligence so you may have uh, to get a lot involved but every bit counts so you say that this... sherlock holmes was a junkie that's right sherlock gnomes yeah I, well there are some guys but again <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to get them before they i know die, my Eric. fictional characters yes you do but yeah uh i would have liked to have seen more of that but i'm gonna go with you i think a six five but not a angry six five i'd oh, like no. to see arsenal i like the art uh, I like the dialogue except for the fact that they really just go to the well forced into, oh, what are you using again? Like, really, you're do. just going to go right to that. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't mind it. But we'll move on to the next book, Eric, another book of yours. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 20, written by Scott Liddell with art by Dexter Soy, Veronica Gandidi, and Taylor Esposito. Smarty Pants Bizarro is going down a dark road and decides th- at this issue that the best way to stop crime in Gotham is to take out all the henchmen that work for the big villains of the city. Thankfully, our favorite clone changes his mind at the last second, but that doesn't mean that Artemis will be safe now that she has discovered Bizarro's synthetic kryptonite secret. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Dun-dun-dun. Yes, you get it. I gotta get that sound effect, but yeah. Yeah, you have that. Now, in the meantime, you do start out But I like doing issue. it so much. 
Yeah, I know. Well, I'll let you do it then. But uh, really, you have what basically this issue is, is the continuation of if or if not, Bizarro is a good guy with this intelligence. Is he doing things? Is he going over the line? What not? Uh, we start off with half the issue pretty much of just Jason Todd sitting in a hotel room because he's getting, you know, and this may tie back and, and all that stuff with the Penguin and stuff like that. But really, we spend a lot of time with Jason there and the continuation of, again, we talked about Arsenal, the book we just talked about. But again, with Jason, he, he has to keep reminding us that he would like to kill this guy, but he made a, a promise, promise to, to Batman, Batman. especially yeah. in his city and things like that. I actually wish that Jason was over that and we progressed past that by now. I think we have, that he doesn't have to remind us, but maybe for people jumping on. But really, you have the, what is he? The, uh, the He is the Avocado King the of Belgium, avocado Jacoby King, from. Yes. Yep, the Avocado King of uh, Belgium was there, but also in the meantime is also an arms dealer uh, running guns and things like that. So I'm telling you, we get past more than a quarter of the issue of just Jason Todd Kind Just of waiting like, for this you know, guy to wake up uh, ah. and then going to him and, and threatening him and telling him, get the fuck out of town. Get out of town, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm and, he's, here to, he's here to broker a deal with the Penguin. Yep. Jason isn't about to let that happen. And that's it. It's just Jason making veil threats yeah. because, you know, he can't really do anything that he wants no. to do, like kill this criminal piece of shit. But yeah. it's just Jason putting on the bravado he likes to do, but it doesn't do anything for the story so far. No, it so doesn't far. do anything. It's, it, it looks it's like, great. You know, it, I'm telling you, Dexter Story's back to this issue. I was so happy oh, yeah. to see that. And Veronica Gandhi, they I'm telling you, so that, well that together. where he's sitting there looking through that, like, I love you it. know, manuscript or man, I don't even know what it is. He's looking through the guy's, uh, you know, where he sends things and things like that and figuring out and just waiting for this guy to wake up. And it looks fantastic, but really you get nothing except the avocado king of Belgium that get out of my tent. You, you, you know, you know what that book is? I, I just put a magnifying glass what over is it. it. It's a self-help book. Become okay. what you are. There you are. I actually thought it was like this guy's <laughs> like, uh, you know, the ins and outs of where he was shipping things. So, so he's going to self-help. And that kind of yeah. goes in with the whole deal. Like I'd like to kill him, but you know, I can't in this city. I, I especially in Batman city, I promised him, but then he you brought that up. I was like, I, I didn't even yeah. bother to look what kind of book I saw he was a reading. little bit of that. Uh, but then you go to the 50s diner in Crime Alley, Swilly's Diner. And Swilly's. now we're going to get four or five pages of now Artemis talking to Bizarro with the same old kind of deal. We're not getting anything in this book at this point that progresses anything. And, and pretty much this is pretty much a recap of yes. what we've been doing with Smarty Pants Bizarro, letting Bizarro know that Artemis doesn't trust him now because yeah. yeah. she knows he's up to something. Yep. Even though I think it was last year, she was like, all right, let's keep quiet about this. Just keep our eyes on Bizarro yep. because we can't trust him right now. Yep. And she really she shows her hands to, you know, really start showing her hand, like you said. And then you have that, you know, that funny line they have where if I told you, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> and he's laughing. Uh, but that just I'm telling you, that's so menacing. I just know. because I know what's behind that fucking yep. that goddamn oh, yeah. stupid face of his. I know what's in his mind. Yeah. Like, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. And then he starts laughing. Like, that doesn't make it any no. better. You still terrify me. And then I don't, I don't know why or how. But yeah, then he says, by Ral. You have to think, like, okay, we were talking about it today, about the whole Ral thing and the Smarty Pants Bizarre. I, I don't know that that, you know, makes sense or whatnot uh, because of what he is. But still, that, that's not a big it's issue. Fine. But no. we are halfway through the issue when Jason shows up at the diner. is like, hey, guys, you know, what's going on? Seems Glad like we're just – Glad to see you two together. Yeah, we're back to normal things. Everybody 
everybody's laughing. Hey, move over, Artemis. Amazons don't move. And and with this, at the end, you have a bit of Artemis deal. But really, if you're here for Artemis, you get nothing. Uh, no. You're getting nothing at all this week except her being threatened and possibly ending up dead next issue. Uh, and that's the problem is if this is one of those where we had to get rid of either Bizarro or Artemis, I'd actually go get rid of Bizarro. I know people would disagree with me. I like the Artemis Jason Todd. You know, I, I, I like it a lot. I, I actually couldn't tell you who I'd like to get rid of yeah. more in the, because I don't want to get rid of anybody. Yeah, I, actually, if we got back to normal dumb Bizarro, I love that character in this book. And I, he, you need the muscle like that in my yeah. mind. But Artemis has grown on me so much since it started. I, I yeah, couldn't see this with book me. without her now. I love the, the interaction with the two. And I don't think we've gotten enough. Uh, only because they're just not doing much together. Yeah. In this, it's basically, hey, you think Bizarro's bad? Yeah, I kind of do. Well, let's see if we have some uh, clues. All right, let's keep on them. And, and with that, you get through, like I said, more than half of the issue is them leaving. You know, they have the whole diner deal, and then they walk off. They're like, hey, you know what? We all have something to do. We're going to go off. In the meantime, we have had a setup where a lot of the criminals – in Gotham have there's everybody's with their apps nowadays Eric I don't oh, know yeah. if you realize this everybody loves these apps and this is like the henchman for hire app where Bizarro we find henchmates yeah henchmates and he set this up where even the bad guys need a little help henchmates yeah, really, henchmates uh, you would think that this is the same and it's so funny to me because what it ends up being is obviously Bizarro has set it up to get all these henchmen in one room and then he's going to gas them and kill them and that's and, his and old it's deal. It's weird because our focus on this is just this random guy named Ben who's just looking yeah. at the app because he needs to work. He like yeah, because he his, likes the idea of henching and being a big shot them. and stuff like this. His gal yeah. has left him because he can't leave the life because he needs in his mind to be this big shot's provider yeah. because she's used to, you know, hoity-toity friends she's and stuff smarty like that. She's a smarty pants yeah. with her hoity-toity friends. That's the thing is she has things that she can do in life. Ben, he doesn't seem to have anything besides his henching, and he believes that yeah. everything he wants will be taken out of, like, he'll get from henching in the long run. So he, we focus on this character and how he's got an update on his yep. henchmates app. There's going to be a get-together at this hotel and stuff like that for a new job going down. So he's like, all right. My girlfriend yeah, just left me because she doesn't fucking want me to do things that I want to do. Not on my watch. Yeah, and so it's I'm not even that. It's here. like I imagine that I, I'm telling you, I, I'm reading this, and I, I don't know if you know this, Eric. I'm not a fancy fella. Uh, you may have noticed that I like to wear sweat, you know, sweatshirts and shorts. Well, Tanya okay, worked yeah. at Merck. And she had a fancy job and a lot of fancy people worked at this job and I would have to go to these, you know, things. They'd have picnics and things like that. Listen, oh, Jimmy boy here, he ain't changing. He doesn't change his stripes or no one, Eric. And I would show up and sweat, you know, sweatshirt. God, damn and yeah, I'm telling you, it would be if we had something fancy to go to, that's different. But, uh, you know, you have a picnic. I'm going there. We're going to play some Ultimate B, stuff like that, Eric. I want to be comfortable. But, you put uh, on a polo I know, shirt and a pair of khakis. Now, I know what this guy is, is, is dealing with but also he only can do one thing and she's like gonna i, I imagine it's what i'm getting at thing. i can only hench baby yeah i'm telling you he's like hey yeah i ain't, I ain't giving up the henching hench life forever baby cakes but i imagine though that this guy is also that day was sitting there you know he's, he did some work around the house he may have done some dishes or something and then he's like you know what 
it's time for some me time, and sits down and puts on, say, cops or something, and then the next thing you know, this wife of his or girlfriend comes and starts throwing shade at him. Like, oh, that's all you do is sit around. Well, now he has an opportunity. Listen, I got an opportunity to hench, baby. This is what I'm good at. He's going to go do it. She doesn't like it. So you have it. But like you said, it's a weird, sympathetic character to throw in just for what we get. The thing is, it really feels like the whole idea, too, of like what what we might be seeding a future story with that, you know, avocado king of Belgium yeah, going forward yeah. with the whole penguin background we have yeah, in yeah. the series he so says, far. He actually says at that point, when Jason says, you're getting out of town, he's like, the penguin's not going to like this. He's going to be pissed. Well, you know what? I'm going to be more pissed if you don't so get out. So you do have that kind of tie-in. But yeah, go on. But on. no, the, the, the other tie-in, though, it seems because we do focus on this Ben character. This might be another seed. It just feels really yeah. odd because – all we know of this guy right now is that he likes to hench it. His name is Ben because later on when ben the whole gas is going on and Bizarro changes his mind, we focus on Ben then leaving the room. Yeah, because so it's, he it's wanted really to leave. Weird. He wanted yeah. to leave beforehand. Now I will go back to something I was going to say and something I thought of. I'm like, okay, you have the henchmates. You got all these guys. And I, again, they're hench. They do henching, Eric. So yeah. again, they may not be the smartest of fellows. None of these guys are graduating to be their own villains. They're henchmen. You have these guys. Hey, I know they're looking down on Ben though. Now, hey, I worked for Calendar Man a few years back with you. I was June. You were July. All right. I got that. The problem with this, and I, I think that there has to be somebody else and maybe a bunch of people that thought of this. This really reminded me of like those pieces of shit that they 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 uh, end up committing a crime. They don't go or even like they have this with guys who don't pay their child support. You send them the thing of Daddy. you won the lottery. You won this. And they end up going there and the police just put cuffs on them and take them away. That's all. One of these guys, I would think, are like, this sounds too crazy that this app is allowed and it's kind of out there. This isn't on the dark web, Eric. This was just on the Google App Store. And all of a sudden that you can gather henchmen to do, you know, well, that's the thing is to, to, keep with the, to keep with the fun of this book. This really turned into me. There'll be like a Venture Brothers episode because yeah. that's what this all felt like you know henchman number 23 step yeah. forward and shit like that yeah because you just have all these guys who've showed up because they want a henching job and tell this really screams venture brothers and that's a very fun show and this wants to be a very fun book it, it, it for what seemed, we get though it's not it's as just, fun to me it's i'm telling you it's a little too drawn out yeah. and it doesn't focus on things because we are uh we're, we're dealing with the smarty pants bizarro story a little too long in my mind, yeah, and I we're just too. really struggling really to long. keep things interesting until everything culminates till the ending, you know, where yep. things are like either Bizarro leaves, he's taken down, or he becomes dumb again. But in between, it's it's overstated its welcome is what I think I put in my yeah. written review because I don't know, this whole henching for hire where Bizarro now is gonna go and you know, he's gonna, gonna guess everybody. Guys. And we have Jason Todd in the background who obviously he wants to keep an eye on, you know, Bizarro yeah, after him and Artemis talked to last one. He, he put on like, his cloak mode that Bizarro made for him, and he followed him there and he's just watching. And at the last minute, Bizarro decides, you know what, this is not the best way to go about things and just yeah. and just blows all the gas out of the room. And Jason shows himself up, Did you do that because you had a change of heart or because you knew I was here? And we never really get an answer. He says, you know, Oh, this is uh, this is something I want to do, but yeah. we don't know. He's smarty pants Bizarro, and smart people I know. know the fucking lie I when know. you need to. I kind of got the idea that he realized it was not the thing to do. It might have been, but still, uh, only because it goes from there to the big part 
that he is full out villain. So, you know, I can go with that. Oh, he kind of, you know, this isn't the right way. Uh, because while this reason, is going on, even when he yeah, says, I, I am so ashamed for, like, I love Dexter. So he's I don't get a clear cut expression no, no. of what his face he's is like right there. If he laughing. actually is ashamed he's or he's just smiling, like, Oh, yeah. he's falling for it. Yeah. And what happens then? And then you do see, uh, you know, some of the guys there, you see Jason and Bizarro walking out, and then you see that Ben guy just like yeah. against the wall. But obviously, we progress from there with Bizarro ending up in the end here, uh, full out Bizarro. And the weird thing is, is where's Jason? Because they go off and they're just going to walk in there like, hey, let's just be thankful you didn't do anything you'll regret later. They go off. While this is going on, Artemis has gone into Bizarro's room, you know, looking at Pup Pup and things yeah, and trying to around. figure out, okay, what's going on? What is, you know, what is this? And sees a green crack in the, the floor, floor, which yeah. is his, you know, entrance into where he bathes in that synthetic kryptonite. She calls the mistress, which obviously is her axe come she pries it open goes down one of the biggest mistakes is putting the axe down there yep. why would you do that but she goes down and sees him like oh no oh no the well axe. it does then because bizarro has it down there so yeah. he's like it's there and like huh what have you done bizarro and that's where bizarro comes and it kind of goes back to the like if i told you i'd have to kill you i wish you had not done what that lady artemis yeah and she, she's upset but you would hope that what this leads into, what I would hope, is it's not just a battle out, an intervention and saying, and what we would come out of this is kind of the deal of, listen, Bizarro, we love you. We love you as smarty pants Bizarro. We also love you as just dumbass Bizarro, that Jason was about to pop a cap in the back of your head, you know, a bunch of issues back. But still, we love you for you. Maybe we can figure out, a, you know, a happy medium. Things are going a little too far. You know, you, you have lost your moral compass here with this intelligence. Yeah. Let's back it off a bit and see what's going on. Uh, but I agree with you. If we're going to continue with a smarty pants or a little bit smarter bizarro, Let's do that. Yeah, we got to get gonna beyond get back this to point. It's been so fucking let's long get back now. To it. Yeah, if we're, whatever we're going to do going forward, let's start going forward because it's really starting, like you said, to overstate, you know, overstate uh, its welcome. Overstate its really, welcome, yeah. Yeah, we're really having problems here where each issue you get it and it's going dribs and drabs. And the thing with all that You just that get a little bit more. Oh, Bizarro showed his hand a little yeah, bit basically, here. that's all it is. A little bit here and a little bit here. Every issue you grab, you're just waiting to see what artemis and jason see or yeah. what we see and they don't and really there never is a lot of it and i really really want to like this book now we were talking earlier today at work that we haven't done our uh five 25 dollar do yeah. or die pull list and we were thinking of doing that but we thought both of us uh, agreed we can't really do that until you get say brian michael bendis's books going the new justice league stuff and right. see also what you have that hawkman book all these new books plastic, plastic Man, stuff Man, like yeah, that so we, we have to sit and see what's going on but this book was on my do or die pull list mine it did well. fall off it at one point because not i mine. said i'm not getting enough of a story i ended up if everybody remembers I started reviewing this. This was the switcheroo. Eric always does a Red Hood book. I always do Nightwing. We decided when Rebirth started, we were going to switch it. it. So yeah. I did Red Shake Hood. And, well, we wanted to have different, you know, different perspective and different scores with yeah. that. I gave this book up. I gave it to you uh, for Nightwing. Again, we just switched back because I just was having no fun overall of a story that wasn't progressing. I said this back at issue six. And now we're this far. We're, tw you know, 20 issues in, 
and we're still kind of going with that pace, and it's a really odd pace, though. I, again, just like the book we just talked about, Titans, never f- infuriated by no, it because I, 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 I never get mad. I only ever got mad when it seemed like we were doing stuff for no reason with like the yeah. the, the detective, like the the Gotham Knights first, and then with the Suicide Squad. It all mm-hmm. seemed odd. Yes, there was a, a wraparound, and by that wraparound, I yeah. didn't think it was needed for any of that. Brazil could have done all this on his own, but yeah. it just felt odd at those points. But we've been doing this for so long now. I want something new out of this book. It seems like we've been doing this for 10 goddamn issues now so on a monthly long. book. It's, I, I might, I'm probably exaggerating, but I know, but it, it feels, feels like that. Me. It certainly feels like that. And so but I, I, really... I, I, re- I enjoy picking it up every goddamn time it yeah. comes out, though, because I love looking at it. I love every character involved. Yeah, I do too. And I just wish we got more. What did you give it? Six out of ten for what you we got son here of because. A bitch. Yeah, I'm telling you, the art's amazing, and it's just, it's a lot of recap, a lot of standing around, and possibly seeding stuff for future stories. But right now, for what we're getting, it just, it's kind of yeah. boring. Yeah, uh, and that's what's weird. We don't have this is the only Scott Liddell book that we have in uh, Rebirth, and I like Scott Liddell. Me and you are both fans of Scott Liddell, yeah. while a lot of people, you know, throw shade at him. A lot of people, I don't really hear much at all about anything anymore like i know that people say oh red hood but i it, scott liddell and i said robert van diddy and scott liddell are kind of names that just kind of get lost in the shuffle uh i don't know that this book after this might need a creative team change but i'd love dexter soy to stay on uh but it just needs something it needs like an adrenaline kick possibly some pills oh, I, I, exactly i think scott liddell just needs some adderall and we'll be fine because I, I i have liked his red hood things for everything he's done for the most part yeah, there have been but like you know, fan. there have been wrong turns down the line for uh-huh. arcs and shit like that. But overall, I'm a big fan of Red Hood and the Outlaws, and I want I him to continue on this book. Wrong turn, and I prove this message. He proves this message. I remember when we had a different writer on Red Hood and the Outlaws in the New Fifty Two, and I did not like anything yeah, we got out of like that until much. Scott Liddell came back. Pistol shrimp. Pistol shrimp. Eric. There you go. I mean, that's what he says. Uh, you have uh, where DC Dahmer books. I'm looking at anything to put. Uh, but yeah, I'm going six as well. I, I like the art a lot. Uh, the story just doesn't go anywhere. It just no. continues, but it doesn't go wrong. It no. just doesn't go anywhere. So I, I'm a little upset with that, but we're going to go on to the last book of this section, another book of yours, and actually a book that's weird because I'm telling you, you can never go with the score. This is where I, I had that uh, deal with Dalton way back where he'd ask, like, how could you rate one book and another, and why is a six different in this book or that book? Because the next book that we're talking about, which is, I'll say, Background Birds of Prey, uh, I have actually been very positive with, sure. even if you look at my scores or listen, because I don't write the reviews, but like a 665 to me for this book is very positive because I didn't expect to like it that much. So, uh, and it kind of goes that route again this week, but uh, tell us about it. Back here on the Birds of Prey, number 20, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson, with art by Raj Antonio, Marcelo Maialo, and Seda Temafante. Burn rate's hunt for Oracle continues, but the Birds of Prey are going to have bigger problem on their hands when they discover that Calculator has broken both Blackbird and Huntress's mother, Fenice, out of Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is uh, another kind of weird deal. This book's ending. Yeah. Uh, it has been canceled. It's been announced it's canceled. So you're going to try to, you know, get some loose ends and go. I would assume. And that... not only that, in my mind, go out on a high note for what yeah. we're getting here. It seems like it's going to be a birds of prey revenge squad for yeah, the deal yeah. kind of thing. And I'm like, you know, that's I don't necessarily love all the villains we've gotten in the series, but no, but I like okay. that idea. Yeah. And with that, that kind of does throw in. 
something that I have really gotten upset about with, say, a Detective Comics, where you just keep getting the same villains thrown back at you. But it's okay. The thing is, though, this is what I was talking about. When you have a book that is ending and you start to get the idea of how it's going to end and whatnot, obviously a Birds of Prey book that's going to end and possibly not continue. Like, I think that if it's going to continue down the line, obviously, to me – it would be just Birds of Prey. You're not right, going to get right. background on Birds of Prey. We're going to get a team change, whatever. So when this ends, I don't think it's going to end with one of those, hey, guys, what, what's up for tomorrow? Just adventuring. Yeah. The world's I our think, oyster. Yeah, no, I think this book ends with a, you know what? It was a good run we had, wasn't it? You know what? I love you girls. Uh, we're best friends, but I got shit to do on my own. And going off, you have Black Canary that would go off to back to her Green Arrow book. You'd yeah. have Batgirl as her own book as well. You have Huntress that's popping up other places. So this actually has, yeah, and this has, and that's not going to last, but she yeah. is in there. Uh, but with that, you have this where you, you see the cracks in the team, like really straight, like, you know what? I'm going to do this and you're that and all. And I get the idea that it's the beginning of the end, which we well, know it is. That, but... That's the problem with this, because I like the things that they knew. This is like this arc, like when they started, they knew things were going to be ending with this yeah. arc. So where we ended, like, you know, we had part one where, you know, Gus Yale died, the faux Oracle we had before. Yep. He was killed by burn rate. And then it's all because that Batgirl was moonlighting as Oracle and she had hacked into calculator's program. Yep. He had found out and that's what got Gus killed. And she did this on the sly, not telling Huntress and Black Canary. So now they're pissed at her. So we have that going from that first issue to this where it's a big old, you know, powder keg. The team's all exploded now. Nobody trusts Barbara Gordon until we have to make that happen right away from this issue. Where, yeah. All right. You know what, girls? This is stupid. Let's get back together. We're a team. All right. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Like, and the what, weird what, thing, what though, what is, happened? <laughs> and the weird thing, though, is because it does start. It, it's a weird, and and there are some weird progressions anyway in this because you have the whole idea where you have burn rate out there. We had already seen that burn rate was hanging outside of like that, that judge's, judge's deal, house, yeah. the, the, and then you have you know Batwoman's there, and you got a pretty man. You got all this. Our background. I mean, you have all this craziness, but yeah, they're talking. about the one thing that as it goes on, they do go to Gus's funeral at the one point and there's like such a weird dialogue thing when we do get to that it's like hey you know what uh we got to watch ourselves here why because it was my fault (laughs) settle down just just say it i know you're thinking it yeah yeah it's so such a weird deal and that's where i was saying it's like do we we really need to do this augustus funeral there's really some forced deals we got a funeral over here we got a burning robot over there we don't need to be doing this shit right now yeah, well, Why was I programmed of... to feel pain? Uh... <laughs> oh, no. I do not have a eulogy uh, loaded up. But yeah, yeah, I yeah, am still... not dressed for this. I, I will tell you also that uh, burn rate, not as fun this issue no, as, as burn rate was. I wish it would have been full out fun. But yeah, with that, though, you're, you're going with a whole deal with Huntress where when she's there, you, you get a little deal. And it's so funny when they're like, hey, because uh, she gets she gets a summons. She has to go. She thinks yes. that there's she to be a character witness her for her, her mother's mother, parole hearing. Fenice, who we did have in this this whole deal where she helped put her away and that all that. That was the first stuff. arc, yeah. And it's so funny to me because they're like, even then and at this beginning, you have this progression. I'm like, you know what, Huntress? I, I don't know how you are keeping this teaching job because I have not seen you teaching anybody. I've seen you teach once and I saw you do a school trip once and that yeah. shit went terrible. Yeah, and uh, she seems so proud of me as a teacher. My job as a teacher, I'm like, at least say that she's a substitute because she ain't been doing no teaching well, I, as I, I it think goes it's funny on. too because they do this whole little thing because this is going to be a Hunter story majority, yeah. like, like for the most part. 
And we have to have a little catch up here where Huntress thinks about, you know, who she is, what she's become, what she's done, and what she, you know, no, uh, no mention of Spiral. No, none at all. Not talked about at all. It's kind of odd. That's, that's all of her before Huntress. Yeah. And really, you you talk about that, and you can bet your bottom dollar that that's going to come up in Deathstroke when she showed up. I mean, that is a huge thing. But yeah, no, just, you know, she's just, she was proud of me as a teacher. She wasn't really happy that I was the the head of a global organization that ended up having a somnus satellite that ended up brainwashing everyone. She didn't like that. Uh, it's a I didn't huge like that thing either. To, well, no, Batman and Robin Eternal, <laughs> go and check that out. But even in Grayson, it was okay. But yeah, that's kind of just pushed aside. And I'll give I'll give the Bensons credit. To me, this is where I opened up this issue, and we have been talking, and we've actually been talking about the Bensons and how well they are trying to play with others, where they are yeah. throwing everybody else's, especially Tom King's continuity, in their own book, only to get it shoved and and their face rubbed in it. I think that they're like, fuck it, we're telling our story now. Fuck that spiral. That's not our shit. She's a yeah. teacher, and we're going to we go with it. We already did that shit. We're yeah. done. Yeah, I'm done with it. I'm done playing with other people. Let's tell our story now because these guys aren't giving us any fucking helping hands. But, yeah, you have uh, – and it's a cool progression, though it is a little extended where you have – yeah, my mom was proud of a teacher. And, oh, she's going home with, like, groceries. She ends up where you think she's getting attacked. It's a guy giving a summons who runs off like, holy shit. Yeah, this is just a summons, but she has to go to the court there to talk to uh you know about her mom and the parole and things like that and where it all goes where we do again we're getting to a point where we are going to be at the midpoint of this book where basically this whole deal of her there during this whole you know uh parole meeting doesn't try yeah. anything it doesn't well, mean, no, it's and, a parole even the whole, and the thing is even this feels really forced for what we need to happen in this book because we find out that the judge is on the take he has his own agenda and he's going to do what it like you yeah. know he works for calculator he calculator has a plan for him to do he's going to do that no matter what but yeah. i want to burton always is like miss bertinelli does your mother deserve to be released back into society and that's another thing because she has served over a year in prison yeah. i'm like uh, you're going to have real time the yeah, exact saying, real going, time Oh, you're I going real time. Well. Yeah. You fuck it up with that. You did it Please again. stop doing that. Yeah. But now it's like, I don't know. I believe she should pay for her crimes, but I think my mother needs help. She, we still have a lot of healing to do. Yeah. I agree with you, Miss Bertinelli. I think your mother needs help that she can't get out of, uh, that's help that she can't get out of Blackgate. Therefore, Maria Bertinelli's parole is denied. <laughs> Further, she will be transferred immediately to Arkham Asylum to serve out the balance of her sentence oh, no. to be treated for, I would yeah. say, out of nowhere, criminal to be treated insanity. for a criminal insanity. No, no, no. Where the she, fuck she, did that come from? She was a crime boss. You know, she, she's insane. And, and even all that, they couldn't even link no all of that to her. No, and this is where, again, I'm like, well, why did they need her there? And And you don't even get that whole thing where you see the judge was kind of goading her towards that. Like, hey, no. you know what? Your mom over there. Looks pretty crazy, doesn't she? Ooh, she's crazy. No, it's just like, what do you think? And she falls right into the trap. Now, I wonder, in, in a side deal, this is just nonsense talk, but I wonder, like, if the judge is like, okay, I got, like, five different options. I could send her off yeah. to Blackgate, maybe, or back to, or maybe I'll send her off to Central City, you know, whatever the case may be. And he just goes, okay, plan A, Arkham. And then as it goes, it's so funny to me because he, well, he has, basically it has to does be Arkham, this. though, because that's where Calculator needs well, her to be, because to that's be. where Blackbird but is. But I'm saying, though, this is where it's just crazy that it's just such a forced way to do this. Like, that's what I'm saying. Is It's so weird that they're going, like, if they're, hey, uh, 
uh, there, uh, Helena. I know your mom, you know, you had some crazy times together. Do you think that she should come out of this and be let go? Yes, I do. Fuck. I, uh, well, a I year disagree. And a, half, a year and a half, that, that's enough. You know, she really didn't do that much. She's just kind of a manipulative bitch, but it'll go with that. Hey, yeah, I think that she should go off. Really? Uh, are you sure? Yes, I'm 100% sure. That's what I think. Yeah, that ain't happening. Like, you're going to get the same Criminally deal. insane, Arkham yeah. Asylum. Criminally insane. Now, I'm also thinking as this goes on, especially, uh, that 100000 that is deposited, I think the calculator is going a little high right away. I mean, why start at 100000 Because when it shows up later, uh, there is that weird idea that when they're scoping them out, when Helena's looking like, huh, looks like he needs something to put food on the table. $100,000. He's buying 17 tables. Every kid's going to have a table. I, I sit there and look at that like, $100,000, like all well, he needed was he, food on the table? Even that part feels very forced because Helena yeah. is like, this doesn't feel right to her. So no. later on, she goes all hunches about it. And she starts scoping out the judge's house and burn rate shows up. And this is already we had burn rate show up at Gus's funeral. Yeah. And, you know, we, burn rate was all last issue where burn rate is trying to find out who Oracle is. This is the calculator's program that he's programmed into burn rate. But as soon as Burn Rate shows up where Huntress is at, who she's attacked Huntress before, yeah. oh my God, Burn Rate must be protecting the judge. He she, he works for the cow, but or he's there for you because you you were attacked fucking last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, with it jumps to a conclusion where the story needs to go completely. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really flow that well in my mind. Now, and with that, she's looking, and we'll go back to the the. Uh the uh what's it called the funeral, funeral for us in a second because when she's there it's like this tie and she's looking she might kill the judge which really that doesn't do much here yeah, and, you know sentence. he just took it and it's just funny it's like yeah i would have loved it if the judge there is like okay arkham you know boom uh, the case closed there we go and he's like it bloop, bloop, bloop. oh i got three coupons to bj's i got a ten dollar right. uh, uh buy one get one free subway because yeah Ooh, she's free just delivery like, of little I'm you, she's just there. they don't even uh, deliver it's a great coupon money but and it's the tie-in to that's how my father was that's why he ended up being you know involved with the mob so i understand and then she still seems like yeah i guess i shouldn't kill this guy in front of his kids because you know they might be pissed off about that but in the meantime before that right before that you did have her come out of this you know parole meeting and then they go to gus's funeral and they're having the funeral she immediately gets their huntress and sees fucking burn rate burn who rate. looks like Tell the you, iron giant he's like there's iron giant trying to hide behind a tree a at tree. a funeral a tree he's hiding or she's hiding behind a tree with flaming shoulder pads looking like the iron giant and while <laughs> this is going on she's scanning the crowd to see if maybe any of these are oracle and you have like the, the poor priest i'm glad that he's not very good at online things it's like pastor robert clark probability 58 percent that's enough for me, kill him. Oh. Uh, but yeah, you have those. Them's his burn rate odds. So you <laughs> have burn rate, who is this flaming robot scanning things. And the way that he is kind of, uh, you know, he, he gets put down here a bit because Huntress picks up a pot. A potted plant. Picks up a vase and turns her from back. Barbara's face. Yeah, yeah, turns her back and, and makes Canary kind of go down. I don't know what Canary thinks she's up to, pushing down. I know you've done that move before, but they run sure away. Have. Yeah, they run away and like, what are you doing? What the hell's going on? It's, it's burn rate. Burn rate's here because it's trying to find out Oracle. All right, I get it. It's my fault. 
Gus is dead because of me. I know you're thinking it because of me. Burn Rate is here because of me, because of Oracle. No, no, no. He's here because he's a bad guy that we have to take out. Goddamn flaming robot. What do you want from me here? And then, then you have the weird thing like, oh, no, I lost Gus's key. Oh, I found it. What? Like, oh really? my god, this is the worst progression too yes. because you, we have to remind people that Gus left Barbara Key when he was dying yep. in the last That's issue all and was. all of a sudden, after the whole you thought it was like, this is my fault because what I did, oh my god Gus's key, it's gone, somehow it fell out of my purse for no yep. reason at all, there it is for, okay, for three, you know what girls a page. Yeah. We're, acting, we're acting funny we should be a team again, yep. let's get over this okay, yeah. you're why right why isn't this that she drops that key and burn rape finds it and says, you know what? I think, I think I'm on to something. This is the key to the problem. Ha ha ha. I am a pun robot. And then goes off. Oh my goodness. Epic burn. Who I am on fire. <laughs> so you got it all going on here. I love it. But yeah, with that, you don't get that, but you do have them, you know, you go back to the whole deal of you know you have uh helena outside of the judges deal like we said we kind of went out of uh sequence but she's there and burn rate shows up iron giant-esque again uh especially when he's coming out of the flames you know there's she out of the frying pan into the fire and then she takes off helena gets on her motorcycle and then burn thank god i have a cycle too a flaming robot on a goddamn cycle what a what is this ghost rider eric but yeah you have this whole thing going on Terminator 2 is what it is. It is Terminator 2. You are correct. I want bad to the bone. And you have this, and you, you know, they're going, and then you go and see what's going on at Arkham. You see this whole well, setup. The thing is, this is the problem I had with the last issue, where it seemed like Burn Rate just teleported places out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. wherever Burn Rate needed to be, the next scene, she was already there ahead of the Birds of Prey or anybody else or any reason that she should ever be in this position. She was already there, and we had this whole motorcycle chase with Huntress, yeah. and we just moved to Arkham Asylum the next page, and there's Burn Rate with the yep, calculator breaking Blackbird out and then moving on to Fenice. It's time to burn rubber. They go off. Uh, it, this is a flame war. I got I got a lot of them tonight, Harry. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, pills. <laughs> Oh, thank goodness. Uh, but yeah, they, they end up going in the calculator's big deal is to get Fenice, uh, out and, uh, what's her name? Uh, Blackbird. I'm like, yeah. really? Blackbird? Uh, and even that, like you said, all of a sudden you have freaking the, the burn right there who can press a button on the side of his head and makes the, uh, uh, everything go bright so you can't use your powers. Oh, no. Like burn rate can uh, I don't know why the calculator's talking well, like burn rate. It's, it's a weird part though. It's like the calculator goes into Blackbird who can, you know, mind control you. Yeah. And when we first see her, she starts the mind control and then and then <laughs> freaking calculator stops like this. You know, burn rate is equipped with a sensory overload mechanism that cripples your ability to use your powers. But she was already using it before you hit that switch. Yeah, yeah. I know. You didn't hit that right away. No, you didn't. I can overload, but I am underloved. That's what he says, or she says. But yeah, you have this where you get, now the plan seems to be of the calculator. Well, obviously we already know, but uh, yeah, Blackbird that can, uh, end up, uh, you know, hypnotizing people. And then you have Fenice just because she's a master manipulator. Is this like they're going to make a two headed monster here to manipulate more people? It, it just, the whole thing makes no sense to me, but I, I didn't mind reading it. But this was a down issue. I, I, what is this progression, though? We, we get we get Blackbird, <laughs> and then I guess we're inside of uh, Fenice's cell. We're outside. We hear, please, please, no. 
Hork sound yeah, effect. Butter, 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 gurgle. Butter, butter, butter. Yeah, butter, the butter, fuck butter. is going and on usually, outside that door? They're making toast, and maybe actually they have pop tarts, Eric. And as you know, I like to put butter, butter, butter on my pop tarts. They eat They're them close. and they go in. But really, it's like, huh? Here's and and you have calculator. This is Maria Bertinelli, or should I say, Finice? She single-handedly bent all the. It's like, okay, we we understand you have to kind of let them back into the yeah. book and whatever, but. What what is the plan here? I, I just don't understand, and that's where Barbara even gets the Arkham breakout in, in progress on her laptop, and they gotta go, and that's oh my god, it's my mom. Who? My mom just got a criminal mastermind. She's a master manipulator. Oh and, no! Yeah, oh no! And then they. I thought next. She, she. I thought she could change, but in the end, maybe no one really does. No one really does. Uh, she's there. Next, oh, my god. the birds Orange. are prey. The birds. <laughs> Our prey. It's like Smokey is the bandit, Eric, at the end. I know who oh gets that reference. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, uh, again, we, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun tonight talking about this book. Sure but did. really, in the end, it's all about puns about fire, Eric, and I like it. But, no, uh, I thought this was okay. Uh, like I said, I liked last issue a little more. Uh, oh, this it's one seemed of my to be a little issues, bit of yeah. a down issue, but we are ending the book, so we're going to have this next The Birds Are Prey. See how that goes. But I, I have a feeling they're going to be like, all right, you know, smell you later. This was fun. This was whatever. I think we have two issues. I do think that we have a May issue where that's where we learned that it was, uh, canceled. it was canceled. So I do yeah. think we'll have maybe the next issue. Hope if it's me, what I actually do like, and we kind of had it a little in that green arrow, but not as much last week where I would actually like to have this story kind of end. Calculator, you go back to jail. You know, Fenice, you're going to get the help you need. Maybe Helen is going to work out her problems with her. You'll see that. I would like a one issue where we you just have – We never see Blackbird again. No, no, no. Uh, I, I would like to have an issue where they all just kind of sit around and as friends and kind of discuss things and then go off with, you know, the uh, jump up and the fist pump and then it pauses. I'd actually like that for this book. Because I've liked it enough, and I like the characters. I really do like Batgirl, uh, you know, Huntress, and Black Canary, though I will tell you, this book has really had nothing for Black Canary to do for a, no. a while. But I like what they're doing with, with Helena, and no matter what Nobody we really say, has anything for Black no, Canary to do in any no, book she's in. No, nothing at all. Uh, in The Green Arrow, she just yells and screams about how, you know, money's awful. But uh, with that... I think that this is the best Batgirl we've gotten in the two books. I think Batgirl oh, is. here is better, though she is kind of, you know, yelling things and jumping to conclusions in this issue. But I have enjoyed it. Uh, what did you give this? All right. Overall, I like the idea of the story that we're give, get, uh, getting for this arc. But you better wait. Before things- you go, Eric, you better not give it a five five or I'll kill you. I will okay. kill you. But what, what, right. do you, what did you give it? Hold on. So overall, go on overall, with your explanation. Overall, I like the story of this, and I really love the art in this issue. It's just a lot of things are really forced to get where the Bensons need to go, and it just, it really just takes me out of the issue because I have to sit and wonder, like, why did we have to do it like this? It just, it doesn't feel right, and it just fucks up the flow of everything that you're dealing with in the yeah. thing. But I would still give it a six out of ten, and that's what okay. I gave it on the side. Yeah, I'd give it a five five. That's why I said I didn't want to uh, be fully on board together, but uh, because I think I'd been around a six six five. 
uh, for the most part with this book. Uh, positive six six five. I, I, I gave last issue a seven. I think you gave okay, it a seven yeah, five last issue. Yeah, I think that issue. we did. Uh, this one to me was down though. There was a mm-hmm. lot of forced deal, like you said. The progressions were weird, so I think it's down. So I hope though that it ends up uh, pretty positive because this again, this is a book that when we talk, not really on the like podcast, Roger Antonio's art. Yeah, I do too. And when we, yeah, I'll go six six. I mean five six. <laughs> I'll go up one. I'll go eight three. Now when oh, we talk about this book uh, at work, when we're just talking about shit because we're bored, Eric. Yeah. we're bored men at our work, and we talk about it, we always talk positive about this book. We we really never – we just say that we wish that it was just a little bit better, and so, no. uh, I hope that it ends that way, and we can just say, like, I know we'll have people online like, this was the best run of Birds of Prey ever. We we get these you know highs and lows crazy uh, online, but we'll see. And you get those crazy time. statements thrown out there about every goddamn yeah, book that's ever been fucking produced. Every best book, ever. Yeah, best ever. Every book is the best ever, but yeah, we're going to go off now to something, and then we'll be back with more books. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week, even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First I'll hear mail with Jim, now mail with Jim. Hello, love. We are back with mail section number two, and we're going to start that out as soon as I pull this up, Eric, with the Hollywood Excuse me while I whip this out. Luke Hollywood, Eric. And as they say about Luke Hollywood, he likes to hang in there, grab the bull by the horns. He's on fire, but he wouldn't hurt a fly, Eric. He We're never would. He never, no. I'm, done. I'm done with Eric. You did not want to play along with me, so I will, I will, I'll I don't even know how you play along with I'll that. retire that one. What? You don't know how to play along? Well, Eric, hold your horses because I'm uh. about to hit you between the eyes and tell you that what you do is you give or take a few. Uh, you go for the gusto, and God never closes a door without opening a window, Eric. And Luke's – Don't crawl through windows. <laughs> don't get stuck. I've seen some videos where shit yeah. goes wrong and you get stuck in that window, which is basically in those sort of videos really already pushing the limits of what those videos are. <laughs> you get stuck in a window. All you do is push up the window. Never seen somebody stuck in these windows like these people in these. I will tell you, though, if I was stuck in a window, you know, God handed me lemons. I'd make lemonade out of it. Well, you would make lemonade. The problem is, is this being being stuck in these windows at this point, Eric, yes, there might be, you know, a random guy named Levi who comes by uh, around the back. But I don't understand why being stuck in the window makes the guy in the front uh, join in the party. Uh, you don't – people don't have to join in the party that you don't want to invite to the party, Eric. But there you go. You're stuck in the window. I guess all bets are off. I've never myself been stuck in a window like that. But just like, say, a drain or you know, a drain in a bathtub or possibly a sink – Things go wonky in your head when stuff goes wrong like that, Eric. You panic, I guess. I don't know. 
You, you with me? You panicking there when you get stuck? I just I need you to come over to my house right now. I think I have a problem with my sink, Eric. Wink, oh. wink. You get me? Wink, wink. And it's funny because the sink actually isn't even connected to anything. And I have a partner in there that when you they grab your hand and won't let go. There you go, Eric. There you go. I don't like your house. I just like – one of my favorite things with those videos, I like when it's the bathtub and there's always going to be the sudsy water. And then as the video progresses, the suds go away and you realize that not many drains in a bathtub are open drains. Nope. So nobody's getting their hands stuck in that drain. You're already having problems with the scenario. <laughs> tell you, when we used to talk about that, we were wondering like what was next. And I said there would be a point where you have a lady and she's stuck on a crossword puzzle. Oh, no, oh, shit no. goes wrong. <laughs> Levi, I need help. I'm stuck in this uh, oh, no, I'm crossword stuck in puzzle. Traffic. Oh, no, I'm stuck in Oh, no. I'm stuck in my ways. Oh, no. <laughs> Luke says, what's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevor, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everyone else in the Get Fresh crew? Boop, boop. Must be Superman Reborn. Yes, for that, Eric. What? These New Age DC Heroes books are a funny thing. They were a lot of mixed emotions going into them with some titles accumulating a lot more hype and expectations than others. I think the only book that performed the way everyone expected it to was The Terrifics. I think most people enjoyed that. I know I did. With the others, he said that. Uh, and I did as well. It was okay. It was all right. I, I think that actually that book uh, was a lot of smoke and mirrors and pomp and circumstance. Uh, and when the smoke cleared, Eric, you kind of like the characters and see what's going to go on. When the smoke cleared, I want to know what happened at the end of Metal. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. And then maybe that's what I'm saying. Like when when everything uh, ended the, with that first issue, you're just like, okay, I like this. You know, you have a good feeling. You didn't really get a lot of what's going forward or anything yet. So with the others, except Tom Strong, with the others, it seems like lots of people are digging books they never thought they would like or are disappointed by the ones they were most looking forward to. That's and that's me. us with Sideways. I know. I, and here we go. I wasn't expecting much from Silencer, but even if she was a lame name, that book is turning out to be the sleeper hit <sighs> of the line. You're supposed to unshim me, Eric. I was actually doing the conversations, and you didn't play along. It's not a very good idea to do that for a podcast, Eric. All right. You, it's the, you have to go, hush. That was it backwards. I was looking forward to damage. Your oh, okay. There you go. We're back. See? That's not something you pull on a podcast. A dead air is not something that I like, Eric, or dead water. I was looking forward to damage because I'm a big Tony S. Daniel fan and a fan of Venditti from Hal G and the GL Core. And I'm really enjoying that book, too. But I hope it doesn't turn it into a fight of the month book with a load of guest appearances from the DC heavy hitters. And I'm going to tell you, Luke. Seems like what it's going to be. Right now, uh, at least. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Who writes Who writes Silencer, Eric? Silencer is written by G.R.G.R. That's yeah. all <laughs> I know about that yeah, guy. I'm you, off the top uh, of my head. I even forgot that Venditti was doing damage. I, I'm not as invested in these yet uh, to the point where I know everything about him. I just wanted to bring that up. Didn't mean to you know, make you look the fool, uh, which you did. I'm sorry uh -huh. to say. But uh, I just – I, I think that they're doing a lot better than I ever thought. And to me, Silencer is the surprise hit, but also just personally damages as well for me because I never thought that I was going to enjoy these things as much as I have. Uh, and, you know, all you heard were people go, oh, Hulk and the DC Universe and things like that. Uh, but most of these are at least 
interesting enough to stand on their own and go forward. That's But I do think Damage is only going to be the fight of the week or fight of the month club there. Uh, then there's Sideways, he goes on. I think that book Dan Abnett writes Silencer. Yes, yes. I, I, I thought it was it was weird. I'm like, I, th- I was going to say James Tynan, but he's supposed to be on uh, the uh, – the what's that one that is never going to come out with the immortal him? man the immortal man yeah he's on that uh with jim lee so i knew it wasn't him but i couldn't remember then there's sideways i think the book ranked high on everyone's expectations and i know and and before it is funny that i i said that you looked the fool but never said who it was because i yep. didn't know either i couldn't remember oh i know that's yeah, why i looked it up yeah that's what you do i think the book ranked high on everyone's expectations i know a certain continuity kid dug the hell out of that costume but it seems that book has been a big letdown for a lot of people i listened to this week's patreon spotlight on issue two this morning and you guys were on the money with a lot of the problems the book has we don't know much about Derek or his powers so it's hard to feel all that concerned about him uh, michael Cray runs into that problem a bit as well you know michael cray the guy who works down at the a plus down downtown michael cray i don't go even though (laughs) i know you don't even though it's a pretty big flaw that that place is a ripoff tanya tanya's a smoker i don't know if you know this smoking she is she needs her ciggies and yeah and she goes uh you you're a smoker as well i think that they charge there for a pack of say a marlboro red uh like twelve fifty, and that Jesus is Christ. highway robbery. This, and it's because we, just think of the situation of where that is and how close it is to say the bush house, the right. scourge of the town, where people really they they can't even get a life going, let alone drive. So that's the only place they can really get cigarettes. So Aww. the guy just gouges them. Even though it's a pretty big flaw, I'm still having great fun with the book, though. I don't know what it is that has me digging it. I like Ernie. I do too. And I think Jim's right when he says she has lots of potential. I also found I found myself feeling sorry for his mom this issue too. At this rate, I didn't. She Where's his dad at? Yeah, I know. Well, that's why he feels bad for her. the guy went out for a pack of smokes, probably at the A plus. They cost too much, and now he has to have three jobs. At this rate, I care a lot more about Derek's supporting cast than Derek himself. That is a problem, though. Even though we know even less about kill speed. Than we do about Derek. That's the supporting cast, Killspeed. I was still pretty pumped with the ending. I'm looking forward to Sideways' first supervillain showdown next issue. You guys are definitely right that this book has plenty of flaws, but I'm still intrigued enough by the concept and hopeful the characters can live up to their potential. I do tend to be a bit on the positive side when it comes to newer books, but this issue didn't have any Kyle Rayner in it, and I still enjoyed it, so it must be doing something right, right? And that's it for me this week. I'm uh, writing this the day before St. Patrick's Day. So I hope everybody in the hashtag Get Fresh Coopy Boop had a good one and got absolutely smashed unless you're allergic to hops like some people are, Eric. And that is our boy from Leak Slip, the Hollywood Kid, XO, XO. XO. Poop, poop. And the next and last uh, email of this section is from Brandon. Brandon says, Sup, fellas, weather update. Sup. Snowing in Buffalo. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. And maybe that's why I'm cranky this week or the, the past eight months. Yeah. Uh, well, that for going on three weeks now, and every goddamn book I open, I see a giant two-page ad with Superman's mug. Bendis that is states, coming. Bendis is coming. And, and it's funny because the next page that isn't in a lot of books. I, did you get any of the print books at all? Uh, this week, yeah, you, you, you got some print books, not digital. Oh no, I didn't. Got, no, uh, no, I didn't get the print. Because it's weird. They have select ones that uh, it says Bendis is coming. Then you turn it says, "How do we know?" And then you turn the page again because his eyes are getting glassy. 
that that's oh. what happens in some of these. I said that is a very odd way to get people pumped up for him. But to twist the knife even deeper into my comic book reading soul, and yes, that took a lot of setup, Eric. It it's really written. did, and me fucking it up by not even listening yeah. about the print. Yeah, you're just that. What are you doing right now? Just fucking looking out the window. Like, oh, what's Jim doing? That brand. He's like, eh, Brandon gets into nonsense at first that I don't have to get involved with. You just wait when when I say, oh, and now Brandon's gonna move on to the books. They fucking Mike goes back on. Oh. Right. Oh, what's, what's going, going on, on here? Except for me to shine. <laughs> you are neither right now a performer or an informer, and you're not giving me dreams. You're giving me nightmares. It's written in my favorite way ever, Superman logo writing. So he said... <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything that kills my comic reading but quicker than that giant ad I haven't found it yet so he's saying Eric to paraphrase for Mr. Not Paying Attention I'm going to come up you need some Adderall Eric I got some extra I'll bring it over I got a lot of toys around that. me alright what I, do you I, want I, yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of toys indeed <laughs> hey, how about that is the seller dweller there with us tell him he's a little behind on his podcast I, okay. I had some people asking about the seller dweller yesterday so tell him that people are on to his game uh, but yeah I'm gonna paraphrase. I'm gonna paraphrase for you. Uh, what Brandon says, he doesn't like the idea that Bendis is coming, but he loves that Superman logo. So it's kind of tearing him apart. Eric. I didn't know if you got the full gist of that whole deal. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm never going to – you're supposed to be – I would say you're not my straight man, and God knows you're not <laughs> my straight man, but uh, you, you, you did not come through for me. No, not at all. Not really dropped the ball on you that one. Uh, not to mention that bald, goofy-looking fuck who never takes off his leather jacket. What? Eric doesn't have a leather jacket. Now, now uh, that has to go. go. Wear See, it every day. There you go. See, now you're back on track. See, I had to throw you a softball to get going now. Though if I threw you a softball, you motherfucker would hit face. you right in the head before you'd even know. See, you're on your game now. You're on your game. You're <laughs> yeah, actually, your nonsense of not paying attention somehow has reinvigorated me. I have my ninth <laughs> win now because of you. Uh, that has to go and chime you're in welcome. about a tweet about Tom King putting his foot in his mouth again. And that's where you had him say. And it's funny, too, because I, in a roundabout deal, I don't want to, you know, lift the veil too much eric but i didn't yell those cliches off the top of my head i actually gathered some online well, I, I don't know, know if you, you know this but when i did go i was trying actually i was trying to make a character that says the all the awful phrases that you hate like you know working hard hardly working couldn't uh. find a great list of that but what i did find was things that you should never put on twitter anymore it's like annoying twitter phrases and things like that and Bendis did one of them that say uh, this one page said it has to end. It was number one. And what that was is Tom King ended up putting out a tweet. Listen, people have asked me about, uh, you know, explaining my stories. This is the book. You can't explain it, whatever. We know the people in the Get Fresh crew know that this kind of was a fight behind the scenes where he pretty much made fun of a guy. And then let everybody make fun of this guy. And we took kind of an offense to that. Yeah. I tweeted to him and said, listen, the guy only – and I'll spell out the whole thing. It was Mr. Miracle. This poor guy ended up getting the Comixology issue last month, issue number, number six. six yeah. And when he got that, it didn't have the last two pages. So the last thing this guy read, and if you think back that far back, uh, what it was was Scott and Barta fought through everybody in New Genesis, those guards, to get to the throne room to go see Orion. The issue ends with – with uh, Scott 
going through into the throne room, finding Orion dead, and then having Darkseid there that basically says Darkseid isn't is, Darkseid does, kind of like that. And then Scott finishing the issue, I've just seen the face of God. It's a big deal now when the next issue starts – This guy had a problem because what he ended the issue with was Scott walking into the throne room. Those other two pages were gone. So all he did was read an entire issue that led to Scott going into the throne room. Now all of a sudden, nine months later, Scott's on Earth and Bart is giving birth. And all this guy wanted to know was what happened in that throne room. Now, little did he know – it doesn't make sense even with those last it doesn't, two pages. But what I'm saying is this guy wasn't saying what ha- you know, what the hell happened in these nine months, like most people were saying. This guy actually was saying what happened when Scott went in the throne room. He he kind of was like there's there's something wrong here. Uh, Tom King never asked him, well, what do you mean? Uh, you know, what happened? Well, it's nine months later, and I don't really want to reveal things. Hey, you know what most writers will say? Hey, what happened? Uh I, I hope that you trust me that I'll reveal everything. All will be revealed by the end. Yeah. Things like that. Instead, he's like, well, what happened was Barda got sick of eating eggs and then started eating grapes. And then you see these comment after comment saying to this guy, you know, yeah, what are you, stupid, that you need somebody to hold your hands? Where do you get like off that? asking what, you know, Tom Kennedy uh, to yeah, explain this Tom, to you? So, I'm so glad that you said that. And I, then you have Patrick Zercher saying, like, you have a beautiful mind, Tom. And no, you know what he had? He had a pretentious, freaking condescending tweet to a guy who actually was confused and had just wanted – And in the meantime, also, Tom King would have realized that. This guy loves Mr. Miracle and thinks it's one of the best books out there. He just was confused that he didn't understand that you had Scott going into the throne room, and then now nine months later, there was no resolution to that throne room scene, and he was confused. And with those two pages missing, he's right. You know, like you said, you read the two pages, you're still confused. But this guy is in tune with this book and likes it. He realized something was missing, and it was. It wasn't Tom King's fault. It was Comixology's fault. Tom King's fault was not talking to this guy and finding out what he was asking. So he threw this tweet out. Oh, she did this, this, and this. So I I tweeted out, and I said to you, should I get involved in this? Tom King has a lot of fans. They're going to freak And I said, you know what? We have on our site that stupid thing that I wrote up five years ago that we're we're the comic book review site for the common man and and woman. And, uh, you know, we're not pretentious and we're not going to give you fancy words. We're going to tell you what we think and we're going to curse and we're going to, you know, all that. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to. So I wrote to him, hey, uh, you know, uh, you know, veiled insult aside, are we going to find out, you know, what's going on? And then he went, then Andrew and Belfast fucking ripped them apart. Like, you know what? This is what I fucking hate about what I see on Twitter from you and all this and that and the other thing. And then Tom King wrote back, you guys are right. I'm deleting the tweet. Okay, so he's deleting that tweet. That's fine. Leave it at that. A minute after he deletes the tweet, he writes up another tweet that is one of those very generic, hey, people have been asking me what happens, and I'm not going to do this, this, or the other thing. And then you have just people, I know, but nobody knows what this was coming about. So, yeah, I kind of went a little over the top and tried to make it, you know, listen, this is all about this, that, and the other thing. Well, Brian Michael Bendis grabbed this tweet and used the thing that they say never to do on Twitter. And I'm going to give you the PSA for everyone out there that this is looked at as ridiculous anymore and don't do it. It's the this and then that tweet. 
And uh, it made me laugh when I saw that after the fact. But there's Brian Michael Bendis who comes in after the fact, doesn't even know what's going on, and just tweets it out. Like I could say, you know what? I think everybody should get along this. And really what I'm talking about is two select groups of piece of shits that I'm involved with. You know, yeah. now I'm talking about, you know, me and my uh, Locos uh, Quaker Tonus uh, gang versus the Eric Shazen asshole gang. And who knows? Whatever the, the deal. The Quaker Locotonus. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go down a bad road with that, so I turned it into what's really weird—a Quaker town uh, gang that uh, gets together and we talk uh, in Latin. Eric, old Latin is what it is. I think we I only talk about Tone Loke. Maybe we do the Tonus Locus uh, deal. I come up and I say, "Listen, I don't care what you say. Wild Thing is way better than Funky Cold Medina, and that's where Bullshit. we get in the fight. That's that's where the fight, the divide. You don't know that the Eric Shays and Asshole group actually was part of my gang at one point. We split off because of that, Eric. That that's Funky what happens sometimes. Sometimes the best of friends can be divided by such things as Tone Loke songs. Then that's just how it is, Eric. And what then crazy there's those other, we live in. Then there's those other guys who show up and like my favorite Tone Lux song is Baby Baby's Got Back. I'm like, that is Sir Mix a lot, my friend. Get, get, get get now, now, again, now that we're friends again. Common enemy, Eric. There we go. <laughs> we're, we've been brought together again. Uh, but yeah, I know again, I don't know why in the smell I, I tended to go off on uh, rambling bits, but it all goes back to Brian Michael Bendis is there. And I'm like, really? This is what you're bringing? Like, don't start alienating people on Twitter uh, just because you're at DC now. Because yeah. from what most people were telling me, he's a pretty good guy on Twitter. And if somebody does say, and it's weird, one guy tweeted out and it's like, you put this, but it's exactly the opposite of what you usually do. That usually if somebody has a question, you're very kind and, and really, you know, over the top even, you know, tell what you think and, and what yeah. you were doing and explain things. So I hope it isn't like a, the DC thing. Like now I could be a jerk online, even though I hear a lot of guys like a Dan Slot are not exactly the nicest guys over at Marvel either. So I guess each person is each person, Eric, just like Funky every Tone Loke song deserves its own light to shine in. And now I, I its have own no. Quakertonian gang. Yes, <laughs> Not to mention, I, I'm t now I'm done. I, I have no idea where we are in this, this mail. Uh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, I'm on Twitter my fair share of the time. People are not constantly tweeting at Bendis to explain anything in his over-explained soap opera. So there you go. Maybe that's what that guy was saying. Now I see it's a veiled insult that, like, nobody ever asked you that because you over uh, – who knows? If anything's possible, are adding him, telling him to shut the fuck up and get the goddamn point already. I lost interest long ago. Uh, I And here we go. Now we're going to start a part of the, uh, the email that I think that we can put our Tone Loke disagreements aside, Eric, right. and maybe go against Brandon because he says, God, I hate him so much. I really, really hate Tom Brady. <laughs> but if Bendis <laughs> is so close on that level of hate for me that if he ever gets put on the main Batman title, I will cry in the corner of my room as if Tom Brady just beat the Bills on a second-to-last TD in the AFC championship game. 
And that, that's the, the thing is, he's saying this, and, and Brandon, we all know that Bills ain't getting in no AFC championship <laughs> game. So, so why are we even bringing it up? I mean, that's that's a fairy tale in on, and of we're, itself. We're having a real discussion here. Yeah, why would really? you bring up why, imaginary why are you land? Bring, yeah, why are you bringing up fairy tales here, buddy? Okay, I feel better now. That is all typed out. And I wonder if the Bills jean vest got in the way there. <laughs> He's like, oh, only if that could happen. Oh, my goodness. Uh, he, uh, speaking of which, and he may, I hope he doesn't get back to it, but he was mad this week because on Twitter, a bunch of people were going nuts and loving Tom Brady because he actually chugged a beer. In a video, and Brandon basically told me that he chugs a beer while he's brushing his teeth and fuck Tom Brady. He's back at his. At one point, I had him almost admitting that Tom Brady was the best quarterback of all time, and, he, and now he's he's done again. He's done. You know what? You just have to have Nick Foles. Stop chugging beers need. when you brush your teeth, Brandon. That's all I gotta yeah. say. Yep. Yeah. Moving on. Double A run crushed my soul this week when he revealed he heard on some podcast Tom King's run is a total of 103 issues. So I would like to issue a formal apology for providing everyone with a wrong countdown as each issue concludes. I'm adjusting the figures as I type now and current countdown number stands at. 61, God which for, for whatever reason seems much larger, more depressing than when the number was in the high 50s. Ah, well, hang tough, fellow Those back are fans. numbers for you. We can rest easy in the fact that Eric's, uh, that gives Eric 61 more chances to recreate the Batman 44 fiasco. And where I'll tell you too, you have this idea. And he always said, I want to have a hundred issue run. Seems silly. It seems it silly does. nowadays. The problem is, you're talking about a book that Rob Liefeld once said in his wise way, uh, the writer doesn't sell the book. Batman does, and that's right. the problem. It's always going to be in the top ten of sales. So you'll never get a writer, unfortunately, off the book because of sales, because people will always go to it. And, and now there there could be uh, you know craziness, uh, but this book still is like the third and fourth best selling book, even though the overall numbers are down. But they're down, you know comic book industry wide so if a guy does want to stay on usually you'll get guys who just want to move on to another book or like i say batman to me is there's me and eric shea we're on batman we start to get in our uh, fucking stupid heads like every boy band does eric that we are bigger than what we're doing yes oh you know what we don't get respect the boy bands always decide they're going to write their own tracks that that doesn't even jump the shark the, jump the shark is, you know what, guys? Maybe we should write our own tracks. Or, hey, we're not respected. You know what? No, cash your checks. And that's the thing with Batman. A lot of these writers start to get this idea, and people will say to them, like a Rob Liefeld did to Scott Snyder, it ain't you, buddy. It's Batman. And then they start to worry. Oh, my God, if I'm on for 100 issues and now am I only ever going to be known as this Batman deal? Am I going to do this? So uh, the way that things run now, though, is where I say Tom King gets off of that is that DC also allows him to do things like a Mr. Miracle. So where he has Batman could just tank completely he still has everybody kissing his ass for for mr miracle and saying that he's a genius so you know he's getting his cake and eating it too probably seven times and then freaking shoving it in eric's face uh but I do yeah like cake. It, i think that at this moment if tom king wants to be on 200 issues 
He's going to be on 200 issues. The only thing that you can hope for if you do want to change is, number one, Tom King to decide himself that he's had enough and told his stories, that I thought it was going to be like, okay, I really wanted to get the bat and the cat wedding, so I'm done that. Issue 50, hey, guys, smell you later and move on. The other, other thing is, which people hate, I mentioned earlier, would be a reboot. Uh, if they had a reboot, usually you want to change up everything and you'd have that. I don't see that coming uh, that soon either. So I think that we are going to get a lot of issues of Tom King. Hopefully he can get back. We have to, to have the doomsday clock end first, and that's yeah. going to be like, you know, August of what, 2019? So yeah, it's going to be a while. And hopefully by the end of all this uh, – Somehow he gets back to what I thought was a great arc, that first arc, which he says is, is his least favorite thing he's ever written, uh, that I Am Gotham, I loved. I was really into it. I was still a huge fan of Tom King at that point. It, it just went downhill for me uh, because of the storytelling just started to get really sparse and, and things like that, and things that everybody who listens to this would know. And now I'm depressing myself, Eric. You had picked me up. you got to fuck up again so that I, I can get a pick-me-up. Yes, and now – under the books. My reading is moving very slowly this week, but I do have a few comments so about uh, my progress so far. Sideways. I'm not blown away in giving this to anyone uh, as a must-read tag on it, but I find the first couple of issues, although light on a true origin for our hero, enjoyable enough to stick around. My main complaint is these creators seemingly get the leeway to create new heroes and villains, and they come up with a cheap, evil Flash ripoff character to end the issue, and I thought that as well. That sucks, and it doesn't hold a candle that a giant gold long uh, gold log i think he meant named a son of a bitch in the beginning of this issue i don't know what he's writing as far as there it is i now thank you brendan i now have my 10th wind the the focus of this title is weird i agree but i'm sticking around to get some payoff for now and actually despite my complaints kind of enjoy it more than say i am the flash Action number 999, and if you read that upside down, Eric, it gets very satanic, not sideways, like you said last week. Not sure if the cover I got was a regular variant, but Superman looks like he was photoshopped into the position uh, one of the Rampage monsters was previously in with the military giving chase in the background, so I got a kick out of that, and I think that was the variant. The issue was eh, but I will miss this run of Superman as it comes to a close. Despite my raging hate for Bendis, running theme this email I know, and life, I uh, going to conclude my Superman run with the Man of Steel event to see if anything left hanging by the other writers has concluded, but I'm firmly not supporting the run from there on out. My flag is Planet Plastic Man will slide in nicely in this empty space. Red Hood, I feel like Bizarro has been smart for about a year now. I finally get where you guys are coming from here in this title, but Dexter Soy sure does help ease the pain. I don't hate the developments by the end just for hopes that this is coming to a wraps now. That's about all I have to say about that. Is that him saying that, or is he doing a Forrest Gump, Eric? Detective and Flash. I haven't read either of these yet, and this is the first uh, issue of Detective I've gotten in a while, but when I saw the storyline title across the top of the label of Batman Eternal, any <laughs> longtime listener knows there was no way I was not picking this bad boy up for my eternal collection of uh. goodness. He's just hoping there's a skip to my little bane, and a spoiler, there isn't. The only thing that would yeah. have made me grab the issue quicker was if Anno Senti was guest writing. <laughs> I, Jens Brandon, he said, I forgot to put, he forgot his poll this week. 
Ooh-wee, that's getting sexy talk. This house is a time suck, and I had a busy week of work. But New Mutants, number one, is the book of the week, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. Should, if you start something that sentence, should you just stop then? If you yeah. start a sentence with, I'm not sure I'm supposed to say this, should you? It's almost like, listen, anytime somebody says, and this is one of my set rules – of all time, I'm going to pass it on to everyone out there. You, you can take this with you, and it will make your life a better place. Anybody who says anything of, I'm not a blank, say, I'm not a racist, but I'm not a hater, uh, but that means they are. You're yeah. never going to – because what they're going to do is now do exactly what they say there aren't. But So that's just a little – I don't know why that came out. You know, I'm not an Eric Shea hater, but – I'm an Eric Shea hater. There you go. I'm not a guy who laughs at Eric because of his anything. I don't know. I don't want to get too far into it. Uh, you know, somebody will be sending me nasty emails. Uh, but yeah, uh, he, uh, he got a, a promotion is what I wanted oh, to nice. say. So I wanted to congratulate him. And basically, what, basically what it is, is that, uh, he I now guess does. bringing that denim vest to the interview. It did. It did the job. It did the job. And that's what shows you, like he tells me, these people that work around him are such mutants that you can show up. With, number one, here's what he did, Eric. He not only showed up at, for the interview with that denim vest, he brought that one guy that in that picture was in the far right. He brought him with him as well. <laughs> Shit's gone wrong there. But no, he got a and he basically said, now I don't have to listen to these fucking idiots. Now I can tell them what the fuck to do. So he's very happy about that. And it looks like it'll make his work week maybe a little busier, as he said. But maybe a little brighter. And maybe actually in his position uh, of authority, he can now demand that they don't have that food truck that only sells fish come well, by outside of his work. Worst food truck ever. Worst food truck ever, indeed. But yeah, uh, that is it for mail section number two. We're going to move on to the Marvel Minute, as Brandon said, is about New Mutants number one. Welcome, everybody. This is the Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by Trevitt. And, uh, you know, we forgot to do a poll this week, so we did the old gym method, and we chose the number one out, um, New Mutants, Dead Souls. Is that part of the title, or is that just the title of this story? Uh, it's part of the title of the miniseries. It's the title of the miniseries, basically. Okay, all right. Oh, I couldn't tell if that was just, I'm like, is that just this issue or is that the title of the book? So, yeah, I mean, New Mutants, Dead Souls, I guess. Number one uh, writer is Matthew Rosenberg. Art team, Adam Gorham. What? It ran out of batteries. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can you hear that? Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so. I'm going to continue talking while I put Leap on Netflix Kids here. Uh, 
So yeah, New Mutants number one writer Matthew Rosenberg. We got art team of Adam Gorham, Michael Garland, and this is a Marvel Comics production. What's this? A six issue mini, I believe. Um, yep. So yeah, that, that's where we're at. And hand up. Uh, I already said this, but I 100% forgot to put up a poll this week, so we went with the gym theory of choosing comic books to talk about and chose a new number one on the shelf. Uh, in line with the lo- relaunch of various other X-Men titles, New Mutants now get their turn, and we're here to talk about it. So should you buy, borrow, or forget the latest New Mutants book? Let's find out. Uh, so our issue begins with the Hitachi Corp Relief Center. 48 hours after Hurricane Alina has made landfall. Uh, we we kind of just check in on some random mustache gentleman. He's walking around counting the uh, the dead bodies, I guess, after this hurricane. Is that what you got that was going yep. on there? Um, yep. When one of them kind of starts moving, I can't I can't tell if this is a – it's just a creature with a, a sheet over it springing up, right? Uh, yeah, it's just like a, a regular person. I could see the shoes, um, and that's it. And then I, I guess if this one's distracting him, another one sneaks up on him and kind of snaps his neck. Well, yeah, uh, that's what so, I was thinking. So it's a little fuzzy, uh, what, what all goes down there, but that's what me and Trevin understood, I guess. <laughs> Glad you confirmed my suspicions, and then we hit. Uh, oh, okay, I see it. The title yeah. page. You could see, uh, you could see the glowing eyes behind him while he's watching the feet move and the dead body. Uh, yeah, in that second panel. Okay, it's very subtle. Yeah. Uh, oh god, that hurt. Yeah, that'll be just the first of a few, like you know, things you really gotta focus on in the art here because it's a little, little funky throughout, but uh, it's it's detailed enough that you know you get what the the point, I guess, is they're talking about in various areas. Um. After our title page, we check in 18 hours later on this team of new mutants that consists of Richter, Boom Boom Magic, Strong Guy, and Wolf Spain. Uh, they're on the scene in the town that investigating the happenings, uh, and, and it all begins to look kind of a little bit more like there was something going on here besides just a hurricane running through town. Um their, their adventure uh, after a random encounter of strong guy seeing this kitten he's taking care of uh, magic then makes it old so it can take care of herself. They encounter. I didn't uh, get that part. I didn't either. I thought it was setting up something later in the story. I'm like, okay, let me take note of this in my brain. Oh, cause like <laughs> and, <laughs> never really does, I guess. Uh, I don't know. What do they say? They say, um, Time moves differently in limbo, so her putting the cat in limbo, pulling it out, it automatically ages instantly. But then I'm like, weren't wasn't the X mansion in limbo for like a year? So like, why didn't they age? Like, just (laughs) yeah, I don't really understand the point of what they're getting to there, other than like just setting up she has access to limbo, uh, just whenever she wants. You know, I guess maybe that's the point of it, like setting up her powers for people that aren't familiar with magic, other. You know, I don't know why you'd be reading this otherwise, but um, we, we continue the story, and it leads to Strong Guy in Wolf Spain uh, rescuing a couple kids that are, I guess, stuck under some debris. Although it seems like they were more hiding from something. If if you ask me, it's not really made all too clear. But they run away from uh, Wolf Spain and Strong Strong Guy because they're scared, kind of. 
Um, and, and in the process of all this, there's like another creature sneaking up on magic and she just basically pulls out her, her sword and, and chops its head off. No problem. Um, and Rickon ends up mentioning, uh, Hey, I, I think that, you know, thing magic just cut the head off is kind of what we're all here for. Um, yeah. Richter. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we, we continue the story and, and it kind of jumps, uh, randomly then to Richter getting hit in the face with a bottle and they're confronted by all these random, uh, humans and they get into a brief kind of fight encounter with these guys until everybody settles down and they kind of get to talking and, and these people mention how they're the survivors of this corporate camp um, gone wrong uh, and shit went down there. Um, so, I, I mean, the, in this bottom panel on this page I'm looking at where right after the fight ends and where they start talking with the the black guy with the mustache magic just straight up looks like somebody you'd find in, in cops getting arrested for possession of <laughs> methamphetamine. <laughs> so fucking true. <laughs> he looks atrocious. Uh, you know, usually, usually magic is, is pretty busty and you're like, yeah, I w- if she, you know, said, would you sleep with me? You would most certainly say yes. In this case, you would not say yes. Uh, <laughs> But, oh God. but anyway, um, we continue our story and we hit this uh, Hitachi corporate relief center and a uh, strong guy um, through conversation picks up on, you know, the only way somebody really could have survived all this chaos in here is if they took residence in one of these trailers and, you know, nobody could get into them because they were locked from the inside. Uh, so strong guy goes busting into this trailer and confronts this dude who's just been hiding out in there um and th- does this guy ever even get a name in this story um if he does have one i do not remember i think he's just like hitachi employee number five like, yeah right <laughs> um red shirt number three yeah, because like, he, he's kind of like the central figure of the story from here on out or one of them he never really gets a name and he, I just refer to him as uh, the scumbag of our story, basically, in our notes here. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> once Strong Guy gets in there, you know, he blasts Strong Guy in the chest. Strong Guy yanks him on out of there. And they start talking to this guy about what happened. And, and he's kind of telling him a, a little bit of a BS story. Um, Magic wanders over to this random chick laying on the ground and kind of notices something weird going on based on what she's wearing and, and everything. Um, while they're, well, they're talking to this dude, they end up, uh, you know, before they really get any concrete answers and can, and gr- grill them too far. Uh, they, they get attacked by like a horde of these undead people. Um, and they turn, you know, full X-Men, they get all their costumes on real quick. Uh, yeah, that made sense. <laughs> I know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that happened either. Right? Like, it looks, looks sweet for the picture. Like that might be the best page of art uh, in this um, in this comic. But like, I, I, you know, they just weird. suddenly have their their shit on. It's like you see the blue flames. Like it looks like it looks like magic user teleportation powers to teleport their uniforms on their bodies. Like it's just so yeah. weird. I've... It was weird. Then we get uh, the splash page of the fight, the zombie fight. Um, 
and magic suddenly disappears. You're like, oh, what a dirtbag. She just totally left all the other new mutants hanging to to fight these zombie dudes. Uh, Rickon and Boom Boom end up, you know, doing a, a power combo to buy themselves a little time, um, leading to magic coming back. Uh, and it looks like sh- someone mentions, oh, you you brought these flies. Um, well, what, what happens? And it took me the second time reading the book to figure out what went on here. Like these flies is, is basically the spirit of this witch. She noticed on the ground, she brings back that was stuck in limbo. Uh, this witch is the one pissed and responsible for all these zombies running around because the guy who was hiding out in the trailer took a ring off of her finger. He was like robbing <laughs> from the dead. I don't know why he, it's never really mentioned why he takes this specific ring. Uh, it's just the one he took and pissed pissed the switch off. She's got like two rings on every finger, but he just takes the one ring (laughs) that makes her mad enough to make zombies. Yeah. Uh, so magic, you know, basically mentions to this guy, stop bullshitting and give the ring back. So he gives it back to the witch and he's like, I don't know why I took it. So we don't get any (laughs) really closure there. He's just like, Oh, this is the one I took because I took it. Here's your ring back, and she wanders off once she gets her wing, ring back, and all the zombies end up just, you know, falling dead in place. Uh, they kind of scold this dude a little bit because he's like, you're just going to let this witch responsible for all this walk away, and Magic's like, no, scumbag, you're the reason this all happened. And then, <laughs> and then they teleport out of here. Um, the end, like nobody's held responsible for any events. There's a bunch of dead people just now zombies dead again. Uh, and the survivors are left to tell everybody what happened. I, I guess, um, we go to later on and it's at Hitachi headquarters and we see who's responsible for basically assembling the new mutants again. And it is, com- com- is it karma? Yeah, Karma. Okay, Karma. I was going to say Kamara, but uh, I'm saying an A that's not there. So Karma, uh, former New Mutant, um, she basically has assembled them because she wants them investigating paranormal occurrences. And when one of the New Mutants basically mentions, why do you want us doing that? The conversation gets interrupted and they get sent off on another mission. Um, We don't really find off where... Find out where they're sent off to, although we kind of would be led to think it connects to our cliffhanger here, uh, which is taking place in Canterbury, Connecticut. And we kind of just got a group of boys beating up this one other specific boy claiming he's a mutant. Uh, They're like, well, prove you're not a mutant. And he's saying, you know, how would I do that? And they get uh, this idea that he kind of snoops on this dude called the alone man and his house. And it looks like there's just a bunch of dead baby dolls. He has dismembered all over the place. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there uh, or their bones. It's hard to tell what is what, cause it's obviously like a baby on the stump. Like, I think they're doll old, parts. It's like doll. Yeah. And I can't tell if it's a pile of bones in the background or more toys on. It's like uh, Eric Shea gone wrong. Uh, if boys toys had failed, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what's going on here. But uh, that's the end of our issue to be continued.
so yeah and then you get a preview of the next uh issue the the art looks a little better uh, i guess <laughs> on the cover anyway <laughs> yeah but, well, it's uh, <laughs> buy borrow or forget i i actually initially came into this leaning i'm getting shushed by my daughter because she can't hear her pony <laughs> but um I came into this with uh, leaning towards a borrow, really, before we started talking about it. But I don't, I don't know. Really, looking through it for a third time, the the people the story centers on, mainly the witch and this dude who stole the ring from the witch, really have no characterization or anything, or you you don't care about the conflict and and why the new mutants are there or, or why any of it really happened. You're not given a reason other than someone was mad. A yeah. ring was stolen off her dead body. Uh, you don't find out why the new mutants are assembled. Or I'm, I'm, I'm sure all that is coming down the line, but it, I don't know. It just wasn't a strong introduction for me. And that sucks because I like a lot of the characters in this title. Uh, I'm interested when they get together and they do something, but I'm not interested really after one issue. And I might peek back in on it because of the... The characters and stuff, I'm really kind of a, a, a person that can be drawn to a book based on the characters in it. But uh, I don't know. I think I'll wait to see what people say about the next couple before I give it another chance here. Um, so I think it's kind of a forget. Just there's there's no fun to be had really in the art. Like magic looks pretty atrocious throughout. Strong guy doesn't even look that imposing compared to the other characters like he normally does. No, uh, he doesn't. Yeah, I know. It's just unless it's, it's from a distance. Well. Yeah, like when he's close up, he looks um, he looks smaller. But when they shoot, like when it's like a shot from them far away, he looks like the size is supposed to be. It's kind of yeah. the scales off in that way. It looks like he skipped leg day a lot of times too. he is like he is supposed to have those tiny ridiculous legs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I want to like it. I do, um, but I, I I think this is a forget for now, and it, it maybe, and that sucks because I like a lot of Matthew Rosenberg's. I don't know if this was just kind of rushed out there, or, or like if the art was better, I would definitely say it's a borrow. But it's it's not a borrow right now. It's a forget for me. I don't know what you think. Um, I'm not a big fan of the colors either, to be honest. Yeah, um, it's that washed out coloring. Yeah, I uh, I love all the characters. Um, you know all the new mutants and x-factor characters in this book uh i like richter a lot i don't know what happened to his mustache the past couple times we saw richter um he had this big mustache of and it just even last week in Iceman, he had a mustache and it just disappeared <laughs> he looks 16 uh, in this book he does <laughs> he does um magic she does she looks like white trailer park trash um she looks nothing like the last time you saw her, which wasn't too, too long ago. Mm. She completely reverted to her old costume, uh, and everybody seems to have. Uh, Richter's not even in his actual costume that he wore last week in, uh, in Iceman. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know why they can magically. Um, I, I think magic can do that. I think I've seen her do that before, like be in regular clothes and then like teleport her clothes on or use magic to. Because she she can use magic, um, but yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the art either. Uh, I think the color kind of doesn't give it do like I. 
do it any favors. I think the best page was that page when they were transforming into their costumes. I don't know what's going on with Magic's sword, why it's not the sword that we've been seeing for like the past six or seven years, and it's the sword that we used to see like 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. I don't know why there was a change in the sword in the first place, but <laughs> they just can't seem to keep it straight. Yeah, um, I like the big, huge sword. <laughs> I did too. I don't. I wonder what happened to it. Maybe she's got multiple swords, and today was the day she just decided to take the the smaller one out. Um, uh, I kind of feel the same way you feel about it. Like this issue just didn't grab me at all. Um, I maybe this was just like an introduction to show you where they're at, and the next issue is going to be better and and take us on the story of what this arc is going to be about. But right now, I'm just not feeling it. I'll give it another chance next next month. But um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a forget for me. Are I, they? Uh, is this one of those books with shifting art teams? No, no, it's Adam Gorham for uh, every issue. Oh, that God, and who who in the on on this planet thinks that bangs that short are a good idea? It's not yeah. short. It's not a good idea in comic books it's not a good idea in real life whatever i see it looks like she's one of those like you know when sometimes guys are losing their hair and they like try to grow out their bangs (laughs) extra long to compensate she looks like she's got the high peaks yeah (laughs) yeah it does like at any time in my life where i've seen a girl with bangs that short um they just look ugly like i've seen like really really pretty girls beautiful girls and then they one day decide that this is a good idea and it's really not like it just it, <laughs> it just makes them look so it yeah. makes everyone look like trailer trash is what yeah, it does. that was that was definitely like an old school way of of hair cutting you know yeah that, that, i want that anymore they uh, should be wearing like a, a t-shirt with the with the, the fucking confederate flag and have a, a can of paps blue ribbon in their hand and... yeah she does she <laughs> looks like joe dirt in this book uh yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, so we're going to wrap this one up. I'm going to get a poll up this week. My life is not settling down any. Uh, work is now it's, you know, super busy, and this house is driving me crazy. It's like a new problem every week. Uh, I finally got all the water leaks fixed, though, so that is a, a little... <laughs> Is it, stress off my is it like the money pit with Tom Hanks? Yeah, it's basically <laughs> they lip, they lipstick to pig and sold me uh sold me you know bacon. I don't know I don't know what I'm saying there, but uh they put lipstick on a pig. They 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 remodeled the, all the inside and all the guts are terrible. So yeah, I'm I'm slowly making progress, but it's slow. Um, oh man. So yeah, that's that's you know if you, Travis is actually I meant to mention he's going to take over Marvel Madness for a little bit with uh, Double A Ron. They're going to fill in while I get I get shit in order here. It'll take me uh hopefully less than a month. That's what that's what my plan is. But uh yeah, so the water is fixed though. That's a good thing. That was really stressing me out. Um yeah, all right. So that's my rant. Uh, <laughs> like I said, poll will be up Monday this week. I'll get. I'll get that taken care of and get your vote in. Uh, you guys know where to find us. You know, you know all that stuff. So we're going to wrap things up. Any last words there? Uh, nope. All right, guys. So yeah, hit us up throughout the week. Look for that poll. Get your vote in. And we'll talk in seven. Peace out. Peace.
Reggie's books, because Reggie's here, and Reggie talks about his books. I don't know if he has a Roomba there, or maybe Aloha. there's a, there's a lot of wind Jim going. Eric. How you doing, guys? Uh, I come to you in the island spirit of Karen. Oh, yeah? You, know? you do? Were you hanging yeah. out like Spicoli? Is that what you were oh, doing? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I, was being, you... I was being real good, bro. I was yes. uh, kicked back with my Hawaiian shirt and my uh, shorts and just chilling out, catching some rays, bro. So you did you have you a Hawaiian know, shirt at any port. point? Because uh, Homer's oh, what's it? I purchased uh, okay. at there, and and I, mean, I know exactly what you're going to say. I purchased oh, yeah. seven seven nice. classic Hawaiian shirts there, nice. and I know that they're for gay people and big fat party animals. Yeah, that's, and I that's all it is. Homer told I, me. Homer Simpson told me that know, that's all it is. As you I are a you party are, animal. I am not a gay man, no. so I must be a big fat party animal. I was going to go the uh, opposite way, but that's fine. I was just wondering. <laughs> I, I happen, I happen to be, you know, I, or you could be Magnum PI. Where, where does that fall in? He's not he's gay. He's a party animal. God he's not damn big it. and fat. He can't be gay. He's got a mustache. I mean, I really, I, I I've a- heard of that, and he's a party animal, is what he is. Uh, have you? Uh, were you a fan of uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, now I can't remember that. Magnum uh, PI. Magnum PI. I was gonna call it Melvin yeah, PI. Yeah, was all right. I didn't love Magnum PI. To be honest, I, I mean, I loved the character Tom Selleck, but I did find the show to be a little thin. To be honest, even as a I kid, never, I never watched it. I never no? watched it actually. No, it was more of like that was along the lines. Even as I was growing up, it was too much of like later when I was more of an adult. I still wouldn't watch like say a Jag. Or right. or uh, something like that. That was more for adults, it seemed. Yeah, to me. Like, Magnum PI was very talky, whereas let's say a Dukes of Hazard was much more high action, much more yes, sliding across the roof, diving, you know, jumping yes. across shit. So give me Night Rider. I, I would agree with that. Right, exactly. Over That's Remington the caliber, Steel. The, yeah. cal- the caliber of a show we're talking about. That's what I want. I'm telling yeah. you, like Remington Steel, all these things, and even with the whole deal of say a Fantasy Island. Or, uh, you know, some love boat, even though I always like a show that has one star bigger than the next. But I also really love a show that has washed up stars. That that really always makes yeah, me uh, happy. <laughs> I mean, that's my thing. I even said this week, I even tried just to, you know, throw a little shout out uh, to some older folks. Uh, basically me, you, Reggie, and Dancing Mike. Uh, I was going to do my Paul Lynn impersonation to Eric at work this week because I started waxing poetic about the Hollywood squares and I was really having fun, but I ended up not doing my full impersonation, but did try to kind of get the sexual innuendo that was always a laugh to me on that show. But I couldn't couldn't quite grab. They had a a lot of classic guys on there. Jamie Farr was on that for a long time. And a lot uh, of people, Zsa 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 was on. You did have, like you said, Jamie Farr was on. You had a lot of those old guys. And I like, who's the guy that talks like, I I can't do his voice right, but he's not, he's not Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, okay. Hi yes. there. Oh, hey there. Lady. lady. There you go. 
listeners show. <laughs> I also like when John Davidson was the host. I was a big right. John Davidson fan. What happened to him? Uh, we call that alive? the skinny Mike. That would be the skinny Mike oh, era host. Oh, I love host. the skinny yeah. Mike. Yeah, yeah. That's a very important show. I love that. Uh, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know. I, I hope that he retired rich and had no further problems like no. most people in Hollywood. No, man, they always do. They always do. But we're here. We're here to talk about your books. And yeah. even though you were in Hawaii, uh, you definitely did your reviews. And you had, uh, you know, you had a bunch of books. I can't say they were great. Um, do you think that, number one, a lot of people in the Slack chat, just as a little tip or a little uh, spoiler alert, a lot of people said, boy, Reggie's really ripping on these books this week. He's, he's not wow. holding back. Do you think that being in paradise – Reggie led you to look a little more critically at these books. Like you were having such a great time in Hawaii that you were like, boy. I looked outside. I was like, I don't want to fucking review these that's books. That's what I'm enough, saying. Huh? That basically you're like, boy, uh, this sucks. Did that actually, have no, I, anything? I did, I did my reviews very early in the morning, and then I, I finished them up uh, late one night on an overcast day. So oh, really? I don't think that factored in. I'll tell you what my problem was this week with almost all of my books that I had problems with. Is again, and how many times do I have to beat the drum, folks? Writing for the trade is killing yeah. fucking books every left and right. It makes the stories like, you know, untenable, ridiculous, just yep. entire issues where yeah, almost I know that nothing that's your happens. big thing. And uh, uh, that I saw it over and over again. And it really has gotten to the point now where I'm, I, I am checking myself. I'm like, all right, relax. Look, look at this issue for what it is singularly. Make sure I'm not just, you know, going nuts, at being mad at it, but. Even as I as I take a second, third, fourth look, that means I read this stupid comic like three times. Uh, and it's actually not awful, but it's annoying that it's yeah. you know it's the kind of thing. If this is your first one in the in this arc, well, you're in luck. You probably only need to buy this one and the next one, and you're done. But if you bought the other ones, you basically have been ripped off, and it really is annoying. Well, like I say to people usually when when they're you know asking about that sort of thing, ua ola loco e. Ki aloha, which does mean, lot, which does yeah. mean love gives life within in Hawaiian. So I, I hope that, that people, I, I usually that. do. Uh, also, people are like, boy, Reggie always talks about, you know, uh, the trade and it's not worth it and things like that. Well, this is why Reggie is able to afford to go to Hawaii. See, he, he realizes what's going on. He's not being fooled. So you're not being oh. fooled by it, You're like, no, I'm not going to buy those comics. And then oh. you saved all that money I, off I to Hawaii. Buy, I, buy the, I buy the fifth and sixth issue of every arc, and that's it. I save all the money on, on the other three. That's Hawaii money, folks. That I'll tell you is what. Hawaii money. But we're going to go. Or as, or as they call on the island, Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii. I mean, I'm only kidding. We're going to uh, talk about Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 40, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and Tamu Mori. Wouldn't it be nice if Lorzad was older? Then Guy Gardner might defend himself. And wouldn't it be nice if Jack was colder? Two sons of blazing really, really makes me sweat. You know, it's gonna make it seem more daring when we free Hal and he goes dirty Harry. Wouldn't it be nice? Yes. Yes, it would. And uh, I, I do love the Beach Boys. Do you know, do you ever see anything about that song, about the beginning with that and that drum beat? It is a weird beginning. That drum beat took like three weeks for them to record because supposedly Brian Wilson just sat there and like, nope, 
It didn't go like I wanted. He wanted really? a specific sound, and they could not do it, and it drove them insane, and uh, and then drove him insane as well. The Beach but, Boys yeah. are the Beach Boys are a weird group because they're both like like their music really is your basic you know populist yeah. rock. And, uh, yeah, it's that it's it has awesome. all of these esoteric aspects too. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them, a lot of the songs open up in these yeah. weird. Oh yeah, weird. Would, would you agree? <laughs> Uh, my my friend Chad uh, in college loved the Beach Boys, and he sat there, oh. and t- to the day he dies, he's probably saying it right now, and his ears are burning. He tells me that while a lot of mag- uh, musicians, and maybe magicians, as I almost said, but Paul McCartney right. especially, thinks that Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys were incredible. They were geniuses. They were even better than the Beatles. All this stuff that Paul McCartney will say uh, – it, my buddy Chad says that the idea that they were called the Beach Boys really fucked them through their whole career. Like, oh, yeah. there's a lot of people that, oh, the Beach Boys, and then you think Surf and Safari and things like that, right. and don't go with it. Uh, I know that uh, you have a dancing Mike who's a huge fan of later Beach Boys and will tell everybody that they are well past, you know, that surf rock and things that started. Uh, but I think that that, that name did bring them down. Back, baby. Yeah, House really. Into a family that thing again. Not on my Bye watch. That. I definitely think you're right. I think if they even called like you know, pineapple alarm clock Bleach. or whatever the hell, it probably something, would have been different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some, something crazy, but yeah. Well, I'm done. When I was a kid, we actually had a uh, I, the group of kids I hung out with when we were small. We had a Beach Boys kind of like cover band, like a oh. tribute band, because did we you go and we performed. Did you have any gigs? Yeah, we did at the, at the block you? parties and stuff like that. Did you every guys year, have some good we, harmonies going. Well, we were the Beach Bums. Oh, I get wow. It. I get it. Did what you have fun oddly, doing it, though? What an oddly prescient name for a band. Yes, oh, yeah. and, and with that, they are kind of a barbershop quartet slash, you know, they have a lot of things. They have crazy harmonies and things like that that I love. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. This has turned into Eric, a Beach Then Boys Eric podcast. joined the Townie Losers, and then after that, yeah. he was down with the uh, – <laughs> Then he was the in the, the Lead Spose. Balloons – and then he, then he was in the uh-huh. running rocks, is what he was. I'd like to. I wish we had video of the beach bums. That would have been good. I, I. Uh, did yeah. people give you money? Did they tip no, you? We, we were small children. Yeah, sometimes um, you know, they'll give them a nickel or something. Anybody let you swill any beer while you were doing no. this? Like, oh, oh well. I guess it didn't work out for you, did it? Were there any groupies <laughs> uh, that would would come to the shows and possibly throw? I don't Worst know at that point diapers. I, I don't know. Would they throw, uh, you know, th- their underwear at you? Was that a possibility? Or what kind of neighborhood did you grow up in? I grew up in a crazy – I grew up in Warminster, just, just like you at point. Do you know what was going down. <laughs> I had you. a nice neighborhood in Warminster. At one point, I went out. Uh, we were at the pool, and the ice cream truck came, so everybody would get out and go to there. Yeah. And for some reason, I got ice cream, and I didn't want to run back in the pool because I'm eating my ice cream. I went, and there was a little playground behind, and I went there with my buddies. We're going to eat the ice cream. And we went there, and a guy was on the swings totally nude. And that, that happened in Warminster, so who knows what would happen. At one point in Quakertown, in elementary school, we all had to be called in from recess because there was a lady, a nude lady, out on the playground playing guitar – and singing songs, and we were told we had to get in for that, and it was funny. It was like one of those almost like a Christmas story that we all had to go to the classrooms, and every boy was at the window watching and stuff, and what <laughs> happened is it, it almost kind of is still more like a Christmas story because the principal ran out and started running at her, and she got up and started running away, and there was like everybody's like, oh, my God, she's running away, and she had a guitar. Oh, it was, the, the, the oh, it was so good. Playing. It was so great. I loved it. 
One of my great uh, memories as a kid, uh, I'll tell you one memory as an adult that I'm not that fond of as possibly uh, this book. <laughs> Though yeah. I'm not as mad about it as you, Reggie. I, I go with it. I know what you're saying. I know that you're very – and you're reviewing it. So you have seen you know, the writing of the wall with this and going with the trade deal. Uh, the, my biggest problem is just I don't understand what's going on with Kyle and Hal. Uh, and with that, it, it doesn't really – nothing happens. Well, I mean, they're not really clear. So obviously, Hal's ring has special properties because it's forged from his own will. So that's why it behaves differently. It's able to somehow at the end swap Hal Hal for Kyle. That's really the thing that happens in this book, though. Other than that, I mean, you have to understand that everything we've read in the last four issues essentially takes place in about two hours. I don't know, an hour, like something like that. It's like it's not that much time has taken place here, and. They're just dragging it out so long. Luckily, there are a lot of awesome images in this book. Uh, there are a lot of pages I wouldn't mind yeah. owning, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. it's not, it's not, you know, if you're following this along, uh, this should feel like a ripoff, which is what it feels like to me. It starts with, uh, John Stewart talking to the Guardians and they're giving him shit for, you know, letting the, everyone yep. go rescue Hal. And he says what is true that he, he was taking the, his verbal beat down from them while they all convened and went without his authority. Yeah. But he lets them know but that, let you know, know, yeah, they, they have my authority. And if you can't understand that, yeah. then you, then you don't understand Jack. Yeah. That's it. And with that, uh, you have to look at this as where we did have an announcement this week or kind of like a, a side deal. Uh, John Stewart is going to be on the Justice League book. Once the full proper Justice oh, yeah. League book goes, it seems as if Scott Snyder, uh, has already said it will be John Stewart. This is the beginning of the end of him leaving this book in my mind. They're going to say, listen, you're not a leader like we need. You're going against us. You know, if you're not with us, you're against us. Get the fuck out now. You're going to Earth and he'll be part of the. Yeah, it just seemed, say, well, it was such a weird. That. Well, you it was such a. Yeah, and the problem is, is it's such a weird progression where we get this and we had that news this week. So I'm like, OK, that makes sense uh, yeah. with that, too. I also want to just point out that uh, Robert Venditti's leaving this book as well in issue 50. He's leaving in, you know, by around August or so. So this is going to be the start of, you know, getting towards where he's going to end his run. In the meantime, I went and I had this on our Patreon news show and I was talking about it on that. And I went to uh, Reddit to try to find I, I it ended up I ended up there for some reason because there was never really an announcement for Van Diddy leaving he just tweeted it so I, uh-huh. I ended up there and basically all I could see was a love fest about how much this book has kicked ass and how much things have gone on and the stories in the in this run have been some of the best that have ever been told in Green I don't know, know. Green I've lore. seen I, I have seen, seen a lot of that too. Yeah, uh, I, I don't I've know where I'm getting anything. I've seen a lot of that on the anything. internet, too, but I don't, I don't see it either. I mean, you know, if you, take it, if you take it all cumulatively, there's a, there is some stuff to talk about, but it's taken 37 yeah. issues to get yeah, not well, very at, yeah. far. And we're talking that, about, like, five story arcs, you know? Yeah, and, it's and like, this <laughs> is where I say to Eric a lot of times when we're reading a book and you have a lot of characters thrown out there, and I'll say at the end, like, hey, uh, what's the name of that guy? And really, we go with the fact that if we don't know the name after reading the book, that yeah. means it wasn't presented very well, that that yeah. character wasn't developed enough or it wasn't interesting enough. I do that litmus test for this to think, oh, 
how was this run of, of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps? Why did you like it? And I see people say like, I just like it with because it's all the Lanterns. I never see anybody like, well, I liked it because of this particular issue or this story. Nothing wowed me in this whole run. I like the idea of the Yellow Lanterns being a part of the core. That interests me. That just ended. That just ended yeah. and then was pushed aside. But really, we're on issue 40. If this was a test where I had to write Sam down, Walker was sent out to to yeah. bring back the. I didn't even write. Me and Eric both didn't even remember that. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, if I had to write an essay, what was this book about since Rebirth? I would. I'm telling you, all I would say is, yeah, the Yellow Lanterns were involved at one point, and then I guess after that, uh, I'm not sure. I think that guy went around some places, and the, you know, I don't know. I, I really don't. Both, I'd have to really sit and think about it. Because I it's think, not that great. I think what this what this run is really about is that you had the power inside of you yeah. all along, Jim. Yeah, I always did. I knew yeah. that. I don't need this. Oh, uh, you're this, annoyed. I, annoyed by the fucking power. Fuck the power. Yeah, fuck that. But with Enough this, the uh, there's power. nothing else to talk about in this book. Uh, that's why I started uh, just really, talking about that. Really. Because no, you're right. I, essentially what happens fight. is the Green Lanterns land on Jakku. At first, they got the Zod family on the ropes. Then... They don't got the Zod family on the ropes, and then Kyle and, and Hal switch places yeah. through the ring because the ring has special Hal properties. But that does leave Kyle. That is kind of what we talked about. That does leave Kyle uh, beaten and battered in yeah. where where uh, Hal was. So I was saying well, Kyle was on the verge of death of before. Death. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. In, the, in theory, this puts him at a great peril. Uh, there's also more of the of their like alarm that the people on the planet of Jakku are not. Zod haters, uh, they always, you know, this seems to always like perplex the Green Lanterns. But really, this is just a placeholder issue to pet out a trade. I don't give a yeah, fuck. And, tells and me that's all it is. And the, the other thing about it, though, terrific. I love, I love, uh, you know, Guy. We we've talked about this many a time. That's my there favorite that, lantern. Yeah. And you have him fighting Lord Zod. But the problem is, is you're you cannot. I don't care if it's a kid. You cannot spell out constantly that this is a double sun planet and and these Kryptonians are going to kick ass and then have them straight up punch Guy in the face and Guy just fall down and go, oh, man, I'm bleeding a little. His head would be fucking knocked off. And I don't want that because I love Guy, but it, I, I can only hey, think that. It's nonsense. He's from Baltimore. So, and I'm telling you, know, you with that, though, you're, you're that. giving me the, you know, pretty much laying down what the stats are and giving me the tension of it and then not showing it to me. Uh, and you just have the fight. And again, I, I see some people like, it's funny because Guy fights a kid. Eh, whatever. It, it looks great. But nothing happened. I'm telling you, I throughout this issue, I just kept wondering why they like. I like the art in this issue, but they drew Space Ape way too big. He is a bigger character. This are drawing him like a goddamn kaiju monster. That yeah. were the people of Jakul or ants. Well, yeah. I, I, I think sometimes he is like adding a uh, construct around. But you're right, he does look. Retardedly massive. Yeah, I'm looking at one shot of him. He, he might, he might be as big as. No, oh, I'm saying I'm looking at him with about five fucking lanterns around him and, yeah. and Zod, he and he, he is humongous. Tremendous. And he then even now. at the end, though, when when Kyle is fighting Zod and he's talking about, you know, you don't know the power of, you know, how, how Jordan minds put together, and then you see how Jordan's will exit Kyle's body, he explodes in an energy of light, and the ring goes off him searching for how Jordan. I don't know what just happened. Yeah, I don't either. Uh the, the I thing think you that, learned, Eric, that the power was inside of you. Well, you did learn that, but 
I don't understand because at that point, yeah, you have all these things going on. Now, you also have this weird little hint or reminder of the idea like that Kyle was something more and the white land. You know what I mean? You get this idea that I thought it was going to tie into something even bigger with Kyle and then nothing, really. And, and yeah. I, I'd like to see what Luke what, thinks about this because he's big Kyle guy. And really, to me, Kyle, it, there's a setup for something huge with Kyle, which may come about later, I guess, but it, nothing comes about from it. It basically is that Kyle was only there to come back with Hal's ring. That That's yeah. all it seemed. And then bring my ring until back, then, bitch. And that's it. And it really, there was nothing to it. Again, Which I is odd because, you know, Hal sent Kyle off with his ring so he yes. wouldn't die. Kyle comes back, gives up the ring, is going to die, so Hal can just come back out and now fight the battle the, that the other Green Lanterns lost already. Yeah. The, and and the that which Hal lost already. And yeah. the plan works perfectly. And Don't yeah, see, and guys, space is huge. And and the big thing you know, they is, were like, you know, it's not enough that Hal and Kyle got the shit beaten out of them. We got to get like a dozen other Green Lanterns right. to get the shit beaten out of them too. And there it is. No, it, it, you're you're 100 right. I, this is a this is a two story arc, folks. You know what I mean? It's yeah. But land on Zod planet, get captured. Next issue, come back and whatever the fuck they do to wrap this this thing up. Well, they and, and even with that, it's so weird because I would. Yes, if I'm going to mumbo-jimbo this shit, is that you had that start. Hey, uh, John Stewart, we told you, you know, they weren't allowed to leave. And now we have them. You have this whole fucking fight here. There has to be that at some point next issue, somebody slips over to, you know, the next villain of the next arc. And who was it? You even told me, Eric, that somebody was showing up in this book. Uh, did you not? Some, I don't uh, even recall this. No, whatever it was. You told me that some, uh-huh. like I said, oh, nothing's going on. And you said, yeah, oh, no, but the dark stars are coming. The back. dark stars. Oh, the right. dark stars are going to show up next issue on Mogo and there's nobody to protect it. Uh, that's all this can be is you have to be showing that all the lanterns are here fighting Zod. How's there? And well, then only you'll a get handful that of lanterns deal. are out here fighting even I'm telling you though, but they're Although the big it's ones. Arguably the biggest ones. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. the big it would, ones. It would so. leave them at a deficit for sure. Yeah, so this could only be what we're getting here, but it's nothing. And like I said, you get this weird idea that they're pointing Kyle towards something when, and then they're not. And you have guy just, hey, little kid, you know, I'm gonna beat you up. Oh, that hurt. All right, you can get somebody without diapers and not nothing. No, the problem is that he isn't gonna beat the kid up. That's no, the problem. I'm but just saying really, the whole thing's bullshit. He should, he should be beating children. I don't yeah. see what the. What and then you have Ursa's there, and you know she's being stepped on. There you go. The end. And uh, I, I'm the general here, and I said to stop, uh, Zod. All right, whatever. But yeah, when I am seeing at. Ursa, I am imagining her talking like this. Yeah, I nah. don't even imagine uh, shit. He's a little bit like I don't this, imagine you know? shit. What did Maybe you get House Reggie? Maybe Zod is going to destroy. <laughs> oh, uh, no, you know, I, this I is, give orders. This is <laughs> my uh, this is my art team, right? Sandoval, yeah, uh, it looks good. Ori, Except and Tarragona. Space Ape is large, but it looks good for a gorilla. Uh, I love it. I, lo- I love the art. This and there's some great like panels in it, but this uh, this issue is such a waste. It's so empty of things, you know, like yeah. action or not. Uh, action is not the action. right word. Yeah. It's it's empty Substance. of story. It's empty of like yeah. narrative, and and it's it doesn't do anything. This whole arc is like if you, I bet if you took Venditti's whole run, it all takes place in like a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, these things are so expanded, it's ridiculous. Uh, that makes me angry. I feel like it's a rip off, even at three bucks. Uh, you know, if you bought the first four issues of this, you basically flung 
12 bucks away. I'm sorry, folks. This I gave it a 4 out of 10. Yeah, I, I like the art. Uh, like we said, the space ape is out, and it's funny. Didn't even mention it or, or realize that until Eric brought it up. So then I'm like, yeah, I didn't either, actually. Yeah, he's but pretty yeah, goddamn like, oh, yeah. big there. Uh, I think that that's probably passed by everyone, mainly because uh, who knows space ape for real? You know what I mean? He's just oh, I know he's, he, he's big, but he's not that no, big. No, I'm just yeah. saying most people would bit, but that is a problem. The one thing Luke, that also I have. We actually saw him in an earlier arc in Venditti's run, so yeah. it's interesting. Like, yeah, my favorite here, oh, though, whatever. is that you have a whole deal. You have this fight going on, and and then out of nowhere, you get one panel with the Eradicator. Like, hey, remember me, guys? And then he's gone. Shut up, and, Eradicator. Yeah, he does nothing. And uh, it's just nobody's doing anything. He does, you know. Yeah, he just one panel. He's there. Doesn't even. I've almost cracked the ring. Yeah, just they have to remind you of that nonsense. And there you have it. Uh, It's bullshit. And uh, but I like the art, so I'm going. I'm almost going. The art's too good for a fuck you five, but uh, I'm gonna go five five. Uh, Again, there's action. If you like to look at the the different lanterns, you can sit there and you know. I don't know, smile, but yeah, I don't understand what happens with Kyle switching back, the the uh, the pure will coming out of him as his deal. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, yeah, and then, like we said, if we're going to go with a legitimate progression, uh, Kyle is now dead. I hate to tell you, uh, Luke, but he is dead now, and your favorite character's gone. Uh, what would you give it, Eric? 5.1 out of 10. I enjoyed okay. the art enough, even with the space safe, uh, you know, kaijuing it up and shit like that, but there was nothing to the story. It's just more of the same where we have the lanterns fight, they look like they're winning, and they're losing, and the next time you see them, they might be winning again. It just goes yeah. back and forth, and it's the same nonsense, and it's just going back and doing the same thing where, you know, Kyle and Hal show up, they get their asses kicked. Kyle flies off, gets reinforcements, they get their asses they kicked. Their asses Hal's kicked. back, but now it seems like Hal, since he's back, and even though he got his ass kicked before, he's going to be able to save the day. I don't know, it's just... Not enough substance to the story, yeah. and it kills me because I love the Green Lantern Corps. And, and with that, the way you say that, you also – if somebody's out there and they're like, but it's so exciting and I like it, whatever. Just imagine this book and this story, especially even this issue. Imagine it without Green Lanterns because the Green Lanterns and, and Zod especially, it well, makes it a little looking, more exciting. I was all about this story when yeah. I was getting because I'm like, oh my god, the house so, of Zod versus Green and, and Lanterns, that sounds that, cool as hell. It sounds cool and it looks awesome and you do have guys flying around. You have constructs. You have this all this nonsense going on. Just think of this as just a story that would happen in, say, a Deathstroke. Or something in T, you know, something where the guys would just be fighting each other fist to fist. It, it, you'd be bored senseless. Just because you have these pretty colors and the Green Lantern stuff, it, it doesn't make it a better story. It does make it a little more exciting to look at, but nothing is going on. But well, I they, say there that. are more possibilities, but they barely use them. But, and they don't the use them. And right even here. with the possibilities, just the whole story is just this would be like a Batman story where it's like Bat Family. Go attack, and they attack, and then, like Eric said, then they'll go back to the Batcave. What should we do next? Attack, and they go out and attack, and it's just nothing. Uh, but before we go on to the next book, I was a little remiss because I forgot this. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escaped my sight. No warthroats, evil mites. Beware of my power, green's light. Green's light. Yes, green's light. I have to do that just so we remember that in the end, 
the power was in us all along. There, we're that's go. exactly what we're, I want you to remember. Well, we're going to go to the next uh, book. You better remind me some more with this one as well because Eric did point out things. And me and him were arguing a little about this book, about what makes sense. And I think both of us are right that and none of it does. But we'll go right. with this. Uh, what book is it? This one is Suicide Squad, number 37, written by Rob Williams. Art by Jose Luis, Jordi Tarragona, and Adriana Lucas. And here's a book that was so uh devoid to me of like a, a great gripping narrative that actually yeah. when i did the parody song i did it for a different book okay. so i don't have a song for this book <laughs> well, at there all. we go uh, uh but we could we could talk about it it's all about your your home girl hack yeah getting down getting down to the nitty-gritty find out who sacked hack i believe yeah. that was is this the yeah. case of who sacked hack that the is people versus <laughs> hack Hack. And, uh, yeah, she gets them all. In the, it's so, it's really bad, guys. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know what your take is on this, but I hate this digital realm shit. Uh, they yeah, keep bringing I, it I back. It's, it's, it's the most bullshit. And in nonsense. the meantime, Reggie, I was just thinking, I have a parody song. Uh, it's to ACDC's The Jack, and it just goes, right. Who killed the hack? There you go. That's it. Nice. Uh, short Very and sweet good. there. Uh, this issue. <laughs> Is nonsense. It, it is yeah. nonsense. Eric pointed out specifically a lot of nonsense as we start out. So basically. is the problem is the problem, uh, Eric, that if they were restored back to <laughs> versions that Hack had created earlier, then does that make their adventures in between the time Hack was digitized inert? No. no. My problem is that Hack has brought them here after the explosion of the computer server at the end of the last issue. But Killer Fro- I mean, um, Killer Croc, Croc and June Moon were not there. King Faraday was no. in the room, and you know, Boomerang, Harley, Katan, and Deadshot were You're hooked right. up to the server when it exploded. Here is but my June problem. Moon and Croc were nowhere to be seen. I don't and if remember. They were brought back yeah. through the digital code that she had done before. They would have been previous ones who had no idea what the hell was going on with this and, whole situation. And, and with that, uh, my problem is uh, where me and Eric were talking as well. I don't remember her ever digitizing King Faraday. So why nope. is he there as well? Uh, that doesn't make sense to me either, because he came in well past when Hack was dead. Now, so the, the she, only thing I can think of is that she's been making, she's backups. been around making backups ever Yeah, but ever to make since. a backup, new, you would have had people, to have brought them but into But you, you that. do have to go there to, to, to yeah, believe that. It they just don't doesn't make it sense. It, there's nothing explained. If you jumped into this issue without knowing, you'd really be in trouble, but... They try to explain it away, and I believe both me and Eric are right because they do have – it's funny too because you have Croc and they kind of point maybe towards it with the can't be hell, Croc doesn't hurt anymore. That doesn't make sense That's anyway. the current Croc. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because it's the current Croc. So if he's just there and they're like, hey, Croc, you look good. What's going on? What do you mean? You know, oh, yeah. you know it doesn't make sense. It, these would be backed up versions of them. So right. it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, because as Hack describes, this is a cloud of her making. I used to transport you all to, uh, like, you know, to missions around the globe by turning you into pure digital information. I've done the same here. I saved you, and I can delete you which, in any second. Which, by the way, is li- is something she we literally never saw her do. Well, and, the and, only and we, thing and we, we saw did, Hack's entire career from well, beginning to end. You, you know, that's how that's how Boomerang came back when he got yeah. zapped that's what, that's by Zod. That's the only time she yeah. did. That. Yeah, that's the only they might have hinted at it at a point. She never teleported them yeah. around the globe. Yeah, that's nonsense. nonsense. That never happened. It's nonsense. It's just the way that uh, Boomerang it's did come back. Them around and the, the other thing in this, there, I was waiting because we know 
you know, we know the, the mystery. This is one of those books where you know everything that's going on, that Boomerang did kill her. Uh, there isn't a twist. He did nope. kill her. He says why. And I actually just want at one point for Hack to get mad. Like, Hack comes off, obviously, as an insane, you know, ridiculously yeah. insane person. But I would have liked it more of the, you killed me. I'm the one who brought you back. I'm the one that digitized you again yeah. and brought you back. Why would you do this? Hey, I did it for the money, love. There you go. Yeah, that's my, that's my boomerang. Hey, you know how I am. I always come back. There you go. Nice. <laughs> and scene. But, yeah, all this is is a nonsense issue with more like we just had. And this, I think, is worse. I mean, the, the, be, the best part is the team not riding on each other. But there, there's so many weird yeah. things. Even a non-continuity kid like myself had trouble with some of the, like, like exactly, like, I don't understand Croc, Croc's reaction. If this is the old version, yeah. why is Faraday there? Then wouldn't what? Why wouldn't Rick Flag be there? Like, wouldn't yeah, everything just I, be restored? Yeah, just, wouldn't we I, be resetting to like the very beginning? The the thing is, it's like okay, we have this book, and again, this is another one of these books, thirty seven issues, and we have not done much. I know. Uh, and with that, you get this weird deal that this to me is supposed to be one of those hey jump on this issue because when they go in to talk to hack they're going to spell out what each character is oh my goodness yeah you mean katana she kills people for vengeance oh my goodness where did that come from and oh my god <laughs> june moon and and you know enchantress is in love with killer croc oh my god it's just nonsense it's complete nonsense you end up taking and i'm looking now you're at pretty much the 18th page, page 18, before anything happens, and it's because when she finds out, when Hack finds out that it was Boomerang, Boomerang steps up and says, yeah. hey, I did it, you know, and they're like, holy shit, Boomerang, why would you do that to protect us? You know, we're friends. First off, does not sound anything like Boomerang any time that he's in this book, but it's okay. They all laugh, and then Hack goes nuts, and just nonsense. Complete he would have said, he would have said we're mates. Yeah, well, that so, is true, so. too. Uh, I'll tell you, in a weird deal, one of the weird things that I had in this is that you have Amanda Waller then say, you got to get into there. Go in. You know, you got this hack. Anybody who comes out, you know, subdue them, get them or whatever. Why does she send them in with just any sort of weapons that would have no power against hack? She knows yeah. what she knows is going on in there. Like, yes, maybe she doesn't have them. Come. She sends them in with guns. And yeah. she's smarter than this, uh, and just sends them in. And they got, it's just, there's nothing. And then in the meantime, you have, who look at that, uh, you know, that, that visual of a snake going up to Amanda Waller's lap. Oh my goodness gracious. And then you have the wall, which all that, this whole thing, that's all it's about. All it is about is to end, you know, get that, the wall program, the guy there to show up with Rick well, Flagg you know, in his ear. That's it. Through, through the titles and like solicits, I got the impression this this whole thing is some big commentary on like the current presidency. But reading the issues, I don't see it. I don't really understand no. like what what they what they would be trying to say as far as really any aspect of it, except to use the names and the phrases that yeah. that he's that uh, the president has said. And again, so, here's the thing: even if you're going to do that, and I don't know, I, whatever, I don't need that in this. I don't need no, that. In this I, book. I, I wouldn't want to see it, but I, you know, at, at the same time, and, I'm and like, really, here I, I'll give you, I'll give you the whole deal too. Okay, say that Rob Williams, who is a Brit, I believe, uh, you know, he's doing his commentary, whatever he can do, whatever he wants, but he has a book where I don't care if Eric Shea is the president, 
He has a book who the main character, Amanda Waller, is worse than any single person on this whole planet. So don't yeah. give me your commentary in a book that's set up to be a bunch of pieces of shit, being led by a piece of shit, going out yeah. and doing piece of shit things. I, I don't need your, yeah. you know, side commentary in a book. You know what? You don't even deserve to be able to do that because this book isn't good enough for you to, oh, look, I'm going to take a little break and, and do my little political commentary. Go screw yourself. <laughs> You haven't earned that right with this fucking run. It's terrible. This is one of the worst non-existent books that I've ever read. Me and Eric sit there and we talk about books all the time. Me and him have never sat at work and said, you know what? How about that there Suicide Squad? Never. Never do we bring it up. It it, It, it It is a nothing book. It's nothing. And and really, this book needs a change. First off, make it a monthly book. And then change the creative team or get rid of it. You don't need it anymore. That movie came out, goddamn, it seems like 40 years ago. Nobody's talking about it anymore. Change the team. You don't need these fucking characters that were in the movie or anything because nobody cares anymore. This book is nonsense. It really is. And it, it infuriates me now that you told me that it's supposed to be, you know, political commentary because I don't know. I oh, never I, get I don't that. Mean, I, like, but like, even if just, it is, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at titles, this book. Like, like this, this guy is the wall, and there's a comment. There's like little, there's like little like phrases in there. But drain the swamp. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. The whole the arc, the arc is draining the swamp. But in, yeah. in, in terms of like what it actually implies, I have no. I can't really no, figure out. Well, here's the it. thing: it's, is it's, as you said that. I, I, I got online and I, I don't know if you realize I, I have really quick shipping. If I was here, if, if you could see the video, I'm wearing a red hat. It says, make the suicide squad better again. That's oh, right. what I okay, have. There's great. my commentary. Boom. This book sucks. Well, well the give task force S has, X has been shut it's, down. Yeah, shut now, down. So. Oh, goody. I mean, we've had Amanda Waller supposedly die. She didn't. Now we have the wall show up as this, you know, Captain America type guy, Iron Man, who shows up and says that Task Force X is shut down. Yeah, here's the deal. I have an idea that Task Force X will not be shut down. You keep doing this. I have the feeling. A slight feeling, but that's where you get all of the tension that you're supposed to get from this book because they'll never kill anybody. All they'll do is give people headaches. You know what? I think I have a brain bomb because I have a headache now. And and this book sucks. It never ends. There's nothing to it. Why am I yelling about this book? I don't I even no care idea. about it. It's because that whole thing about, oh, he might be sending a message. Yeah, I'm telling you. Somebody uh, send him a message. <laughs> well, I am very glad to get you angry, but I don't. The point was, I don't know what the message is. If there is one, it seems very. <laughs> well, if there isn't, now I'm coming after phrase, you, Reggie. Your, your New York right. way of life. You think Go you're ahead. so good in the I Big know, Apple. The big cities. Look at us in the big Look cities. Look at we you. Got New York, what New York, life. big I city of dreams. Know, you got your Empire State Building and your Coney Island. There you go. Living the life. <laughs> living the life. Yeah, living uh, the dream yeah, you are so. there. Oh, the the Great White Way. That's racist. Go. What what else? I uh yeah, this <laughs> book uh I like the art. Uh I like some of the interactions, but pretty much think this book's a piece of bullshit at this point. Uh this is like I don't know how many arcs this has been now just blown apart by I don't even nonsense, want to get just like stretching <laughs> it out forever down. and ever. I'm trying to calm uh, down. I just yeah. heard uh, Zach's next uh, the room next to, and I just heard him scream down the stairs. What the hell is he yelling about? <laughs> I wow. don't even know anymore. There you go. Just even pop it off. Tell me, tell me yelling about New York ridiculous. City and their citified ways. Right. They think they're I've so good. 
You know that that's a big thing. That is a big, uh, you know, rumor or, you know, about that Philadelphia looks at New York and, you know, we're kind of like the, you know, we're jealous of New York. And I'm just here to say we are. (laughs) We are. But listen, I've been I've been to many uh, cities in this great country, as you well know. I've uh, liked many of them. I'd say all of them have a lot of merit uh, in their no, own unique ways, except for Philadelphia, which is a horrible, flaming mm-hmm. shithole. That really is probably the worst place in America. You son uh, of a bitch. Were you in I Detroit? Would, Were you in Cleveland? I, would, I wouldn't even call it the... Uh, Were you in Salt Lake City? More of the Grundle. Assault a Lake City. Yeah, no, I never, I've Baltimore. Never, yeah, Baltimore. Uh, I, I have been to Baltimore, and Baltimore Buffalo. is better than Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm telling you... Uh, uh, Philadelphia, it's okay. I mean, it's, me and Eric, me and Eric are sitting there, and we could yell and scream and get uh, offended, but probably uh, combined, we've been to Philadelphia three times each in the past twenty years. So it's not. like I'm I telling you, I have not been it. there a lot in the past ten years. I'll tell you that. Super Bowl champs, though, right, Eric? Woo wee! <laughs> we got it's something. The hell city. I do. I do congratulate you on the uh, Super Bowl win, yes, though. But yes, it is I the have. worst city in America. Tell but anyway. uh this book, I gave it a much higher score than I think it deserved. Four point five out of ten. I'm not sure. I guess I like to. I I did like no, that interaction, okay. even though on the digital plane of the uh, Captain Boomerang being buds is a feeling feelings yeah. for his friends. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a soft. I, I like the reaction. I like that little humor yeah. there. Uh, little comedy there. It shows like Rob Williams can this. write characters, but. I, I have a lot of problems with this book too. Boy, the, the problem is, is there's a lot of books that we have read. That, you know, Eric loved the Martian Manhunter that Rob sure Williams did. did. I kind of thought it fell apart, but The Royals is a book that I suggested to Reggie. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. It fell apart at the end. I loved it, but, uh, boy, I don't know what's going on with this book to me. And I, I hate to guess. I don't hate to, but I, you know, guess at a guy's, what he's doing or whatever. This book is lazy. It seems as if. It's not even a concern to the writer who just seems to be stringing things along. I'll tell you, we just talked about Robert Venditti on Green Lantern Corps, you know, how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps. I don't find that lazy. I just think that the everything's extended and things like that and the storytelling is just a little off in our deal. This Suicide Squad just seems like at the beginning where you had Jim Lee that was supposed to be doing the art and it kind of fell apart right away. Yeah. That the book never recovered and it was just like Rob Williams was like, hey, you know what? If they're not going to you know, take it seriously and Jim Lee can, then what the fuck am I doing? And it just seems to have never JR, gotten JR, its JR, deal. JR was on, remember? Yeah, they had the I'm telling you, it just seems like weird. it was just – this was the place to throw shit – to, you know, hey, take this artist, take this, take that. Yeah. And it, it just seems to me like Rob Williams is just there like, eh, I'll just go with the flow and not upset things too much. It's just not interesting. Uh, the most interesting – really, the most interesting we've had in a while, whether it was great or good or not, was that, you know, the story we just had with the guy that, who that showed up and should have yeah. been there. That two yeah. part of that. Yeah, that he, was the he, best he, story. He didn't write that either. No, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. He wasn't even part yeah. of that. So that was the best story, I think, of all of this. I agree, uh, yeah. Yeah, and and then when I see King Faraday, that doesn't make sense. And then when he gets out and I see that red wave viral, I'm like, hey, don't remind me of that shit. I don't want to get into that. Uh, no. But Eric, I, did I give a score? No. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. What would you give it, Eric? I'm right there with you, a 4 out of 10. Our characters stood around and accomplished nothing except for uh, Captain Boomerang saying that he finally killed Hack, which we already know, and there was no yeah, retribution in that. 
Yeah, yeah. And the whole setup for it. She did hold them back. She held them back in the digital world while she burped out everyone else, right? That was really it. Who knows? So in theory, so in theory, she's torturing him forever. Right now, well, in theory, cycles forever now. In theory, Croc and Enchantress shouldn't be there anyway, so there's no theory. But we're going to move on to the last book of this section, which is always a book that we enjoy. What is it, Reggie? New Superman and the Justice League of China, number 21, written by Gene Wenyang, art by Brent Peoples, Matt Santarelli, and Hi-Fi. I'm getting tortured up and down at the same old camp. North Korean winter time is always cold and damp. My spider grab buddies had to intervene. They killed my vicious captors and we split the seed. I get around, round, get around. I get around the cobbled ground, round, get around. I get around. And if I'm found, round, get around. I get around. Die lot, I'll beat them down. I get around. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, you, you like this a little more than I did. I have a feeling Eric probably did as well. I still I like it. I'm telling that. you, this is one of those where I'll take a bad issue of this book over a lot of other series good issues. I, I thought that this issue was a little bit too, uh, getting, you know, they really had to pound in the point of the whole North Korea stuff. I know that it is very important. I know that maybe it's just because if I'm told once, I kind of know enough about What's going on? I was interested on. in their take on it, though. You know, China, that, that's a situation China has to deal with a lot differently than we do in the Western world, obviously. And uh, while I don't, I don't think that this actually is a mouthpiece for Chinese politics or no. like necessarily, but I think I think it shows their attitude is like, look, man, and and it's basically it's it's the Dylan versus Bai Shi. Bai yeah. Shi's playing these Chinese attitude, like, look, yeah, we know they're. I'm not saying they're not assholes, but. We're going to create an international incident over here. Yeah. we got to keep a lid on this. And uh, Dylan is like, no, i got to protect this guy. I also really like the fact, and this will make more sense to those that didn't read it as we explain what happens in the book, but that Dylan's uh, background of being an ancient snake goddess. Snake great goddess, green the snake, green, yeah. green snake, you know, yeah. Play, like, just plays in on, on another level here, you know what I mean? Like, everyone's got their own thing they got to deal with, and that's sort of her thing. And it plays in prominently here. That's why, essentially, they even they even go so they far as to take the on. dude from North Korea. They, and yeah. they know that he is important to the uh, Spider Crab Empire. Well, and, and if you're going to go that route, uh, <laughs> I do like the setup, though, too, because you do have Daylon, who really is old. Doesn't really yeah. care about, you know, modern politics to, to her and her also being Wonder Woman of China there, uh, is like, you know what? No, no, no. I, th- these politics, you know, th- it comes and goes. I, I want to save lives and, and this person's in trouble. And it just so happens these crabs have told me to kind of protect them and, and all this stuff. That's yeah. just a caveat on top. But I do like that little bit of a subtle deal where she, she doesn't care about politics. That doesn't mean right. anything to a green snake goddess who's now Wonder From Woman th- in this book. Thousands yeah, of years, it, it doesn't years make old. any She's sense. Like, but by she, and, and it also goes with the whole idea of by she, it's kind of like a funny deal in this book that you have have had since the beginning where you know we have batman in america where he's kind of he's a little gray area sometimes he'll be like but in this book by she right. is usually the voice of he's, reason he's and like whether the go- it's or the government you know the, the yeah. official position and whether you know, it's because different. he's afraid or what 
but he likes to follow the rules. He's a guy who's based on the rules. You have Kina Kong, who's just a guy, you know, he's just a kid who likes to have fun and is learning to be the Superman, but he kind of is ruled by emotions right. uh, where uh, by she goes by the rules and he does do that. Now, again, the, the, the American Batman follows rules very strictly, too. He just makes those rules. himself. Well, yeah, it's That's his rules. But uh, <laughs> with that, though, it's kind of a little still it's a little forced just to get that whole deal. And it, I just think that it was a little bit overplayed. That you, you can tell the reader I would once say or twice. She, you don't I have to keep saying what's the most overdone, I thought. Where it was like, all right, I get the idea. Especially when they're, they're bringing the guy. So, so at first, they're, they're basically crossing the border, I guess, from North Korea to China, the northern yeah, yeah. border. And the uh, crab, giant crabs are hauling, uh, God, what's his name? I, I got Quang Joe. On Quang Joe. Very much on Quang Joe. They're they're hauling him across, and they're actually blocking the bullets as the North yeah. Korean army uh, is shooting after him. Uh, then when they kind of turn a corner, when when the spider crabs convince Dylan to protect him and keep him, he's the king of Atlantis. They turn a corner, and now the Chinese army is saying, "Nah, man, you gotta, you know, you gotta turn yeah. around." And like, right right at that point, that that should have taken the heat off of Baishi having to keep mentioning. That yeah. like like we're now we're seeing the fruition of what yeah. he we're seeing what's seeing going on or what would happen now in and the now meantime we're seeing, but he but he still plays that same role yeah role. he does Obviously. but and even with that you you are definitely setting up the idea that we've already had that the Justice League of China is already on the run they're they're yeah. already outlaws this really puts a stamp on it that now the government everybody's going to see them as and here's the thing though as it's reported and things like that i do think you're going to have this whole deal of the oh man they they're, they they saved that guy you know we want the people and, and whatever right, right, no right. no no he didn't break the rules so you're going to have this but it does pretty much set forth and allows now fully 100% where the government's going to get involved with the Lantern Corps, all this stuff. So this had to kind of go. You have to have this incident where they kind of got stuck in between so that you can have them be complete 100% outlaws that are going to be I think it's awesome. Down. You know what I mean? I think it's I think it's a great way to really, like, step up the stakes. Well, make, you have to, though, you know? because I'm telling you, they've been – they're kind of rogues yeah. and renegades as it is. Now the government has yeah, to bring them down. now they have to do it. That's what I'm saying. Before you had this whole idea where the ministry – you kind of got this, like, gray area of eh, – and, and as a reader, you're reading it like, boy, you know, the ministry, they're bad. So who cares if they're out – you didn't really have this thing. Now they're outlaws. Like, everybody's going to be against them, and you're going to get – Full out. So yeah, it's an I understand. You need to, yes, and with that, that you would think that the Chinese government's now going to have to go and say to the North Koreans, "Listen, we have nothing to do with them. You know, they're nothing with us. Right. We will bring them down. They There's will, no you know, official. The, they're not officially sanctioned yeah, by us so anymore. Get they are so I understand, yeah. but with that. Yeah. I just think you have that, and then in the meantime, you have the weird thing with the kind of the kibosh a bit on the Keenan and Avery. You know, blossoming romance when Ming Ming comes back. You also get the idea where Ming Ming is there at the ministry and has to fucking bite her tongue and not, you know, help out. It's just there's a lot in here. It's that weird because in my extended. mind, they never push that Ming Ming Keenan relationship as far as it seems it is here. Yeah, I that, said that I didn't agree with. I, I thought it was weird also. As a matter of fact, I thought it would be more like a Laney Lan type thing, although they never really pushed that either. I think those are those might have been. 
uh, aspects that didn't get written. Yeah, fully I, I, for some run. reason I thought that at the one at the one issue ended up with them kissing, but I, I, can't I, I remember. All I, all I recall Ming Ming and Keenan doing together is going to I Ching's freaking yo yeah. yoga place or whatever the hell he did his freaking chi orienting place, and they just hung out there, and that it never seemed to progress further than that, from what I recall. Well, this is where she's like, "Hey, I'm back," and and maybe I don't know. It's a weird deal because. Yeah, because Avery would know Ming Ming because she even says, I was going to say, if there was a weird thing that Avery didn't know who Ming Ming was and Ming Ming showed up kind of undercover to give him some info and like, oh, who's that? Oh, I'm his girlfriend. But no, she knows because she's like, what are oh. you doing here? And they, they, gets they know each other. And they act like total yeah. bitches to each other. I yeah, loved it. Do. I thought that scene was awesome. Also, Avery's like has her own problems where at one point she tries to save uh, Quang Joe from a hail of bullets and one of them grazes his head, and that gives her uh, a lot of, you know, a doubt in herself. There's a lot yeah. to eat. It, it, it a does, lot until it doesn't. Yeah, until it doesn't. That's, well, you um, know, she got a, well, it turns out to be better for him because it turned him into the fresh Aquaman. So, hello. it's more, She should be thanking. He should be thanking Avery, if you ask me. Yeah. yeah more that's like right. it. Yes. Uh, like, thank you very with much. With that, though, you go, and the you other do thing have I, them. I miss What's also on Kwong Joe when he is first, you know, they're first having conflict with the Chinese government. Uh, Kwang Jo is like, he's on the, the North Korean side. Which he's is like, weird because he was initially, br- he's, he's been brainwashed. He, I, he's I know he's been brainwashed, but it's weird for how, like, you know, against he is Chinese stuff, but like, you know, food in general for how well they eat and American stuff that, you know, Dylan gives him like a Simpsons. soda. But he loves the Simpsons. He's yeah. willing to break the rules for the Simpsons, but nothing else, everything else is like above, above like beyond him. How could you possibly do this? And, but I'm like, and, this is yeah. how we started you off. You you went against the rules yes. and we're freaking getting yeah, American. That's why television. you were getting taken away because you were watching American television. But with that, also you, you have to get that deal. And I I did find it a little forced where he's like, you know what, this is bullshit. And then hey, dogs eat better here than in my, you know. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I I get it. It's just you have to have the progression of why he would go against Korea. But like we said, like Eric just said, he already seemed to already like stuff. And then you end up kind of forgetting about that until then he says, eat my shorts. And yeah. like, what? You, you love the Simpsons and Bart Simpson, but yet you, you're afraid that soda is poisoned? I mean, really, this guy, I know that Aquaman has never known well, any mean, sort of knows, deal. Who knows what he liked about it? He could have been watching it in such a way it's as to true. say, like, ah, Simeon Here, American. But he you know? says, don't have a cow as he's eat, drinking the soda. Also, I, I just, Hate to think that the guy's that dense of, huh, this soda, they're probably poisoning us. Like, you, you die, then you're not buying soda, and it's just no, soda, I, I think dude. What, I think what happened was when he drank the soda, it suddenly dawned on him that don't, don't have a cow was more of a euphemism and not a literal commandment from dear that leaders. That's true. That the people are not allowed to have cows. They're not allowed to have cows. Uh, in the meantime – uh, Gene Luan Yang has to throw shame at all of us fat <laughs> Americans. Just don't drink as much as that, you know, the Americans do, and you won't be fat and lazy. All right, that's advice for everyone. But yeah, yeah. then you that you have the best deal, like I said earlier, where all of a sudden the uh, aquatic life start gathering bones and bringing them into uh, where. Uh, the Aquaman. I, I forgot his name already now. An Quang Jo. An Quang Jo is laying there, and that gets that. In the meantime, you do have Keenan going into the in-between what is and what is not, and he's talking again uh, about this, and should we send Quang Jo back to North Korea, 
And he doesn't get much of a, you know, no. he's going to get the devil on one side and the angel on the other all the time. Anyway, I don't even know why he bothers to ask. Either he's not going to have any answers about it. It's all no. about balance. Yeah, I, I, balance. I like the That's fact it. that he, he keeps telling all Yang to buzz off, though. He's like, I'm only asking I Ching. And it's like, no, That's son, not a package deal. Yeah. That's I know, it's very funny. Yeah, and then uh, basically... And the dragon, the dragon monster says hello. King Munma. Yeah, King, King Munma. Okay, yeah, Munmu, I'm sorry, yeah. King yeah. Munmu, yeah, he says hello. And then Keenan goes back and he's like, listen, I want to be in the Olympics, and I want to do the balance beam. What should I do? Balance is the key. Okay, thank you. Finally, there I got an go. answer yeah. that that would make sense. But yeah, you, you get the dragon son. Uh, the Aquaman of North Korea and now of China, I guess, because he's kind of defected, though officially he never will be able to, so I don't know how he's going to spell it out. But, yeah, you have it at the end, the Aquaman of North Korea. I rises. think, I think he if, looks you, cool. if, you flee, if you flee your despotic country and turn into an ultra-powerful Aquaman, yes, that you technically... You now have, have your own you, deal. Your exactly. own sovereignty you is what you're asylum telling. asylum in, in your own country. So now, well, now he's the good. king of the kingdom of Scylla. So yes, exactly. there you go. And and with exactly. that, I would immediately uh, lodge a complaint and say, listen, you know, I'm I'm uh, the Aquaman of North Korea. You know, we've all heard this, and uh, I see over there. There's this Baylin. She is the uh, or Daylin. She's the Wonder Woman. She's also a giant snake. Why does she look pretty good looking? I'm a monstrosity. Like, why do I have to be the character that becomes myself and, and look like a monstrosity? He he's looks like the a dragon troll. son. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm telling you, Daylin yeah, like, like is a, is a goddamn ancient green snake goddess. She, she just would, looks like everyone else. Considering how complex this uh, outfit is and how much artists don't normally like to draw, redraw outfits this complex yeah. over and over, do you think it that it's going to get toned me. down? He's going to have yeah. a, like, daytime oh, yeah. look. You know, I have a feeling, yeah, he's going to have, like, a day look, and this will be his battle look or whatever. But uh, I like this look a lot. I mean, it is weird as hell. It's very flashy, but it really reminds yeah. me of, like, I don't know, Chinese New Year. And I'm, the, the Aquaman I A like illusion there is there. I dig it. I really like the way it looked. The sword. We like swords. Yeah. Uh, I, I really have no problems with the I also the think that he should complain and say, just because I was wearing an eye patch, why now do I have a shell uh, over my eye? I don't need that. Come on, guys. But, yeah, he, he looks like a monstrosity to me. His he eye looks is cool. All, I think his eye has powers and shit now, right? We'll his eyes all Well, now it's through. all fucking covered with a shell. That's just due to the gunshot. Yeah, all right, yeah that was just a gunshot. So uh, just because of that should not affect what he looks like as the dragon son that's just a little nitpick. But yeah, he Perfect. looks awesome. But I agree. It'd be tough to draw him constantly like that. Plus, he looks like he is aged to about 55 to 60. Doesn't really fit the whole, you know, motif of the Justice League of China. The younger, the younger. Yeah, yeah. So I'm telling yeah. you, he, I'm going to lodge a complaint right there uh, because nobody else looks nonsense like this. But, where, do you uh, lodge, where do you lodge those complaints? The complaints uh, of transformation mm. of normal people into superheroes. It's a really weird uh, organization, but it's, it's a one that needs to... council, right? Okay. Well, yeah, and it needs to have... You need to have it. I'm not saying that every council is, you know, sounds great or you would think that it, it's but needed, but one, it is yeah. needed. Yeah, yeah there's always going to be something for someone, but yes. Uh, or maybe you can get a, uh, a hold of Gene Luan Yang. And tell him, but we'll see. Be like, Yo. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm telling you, this book, like I said, as we started, I would rather get a bad issue of this book than a good issue of a lot of other books. I don't think this is a bad issue, 
but I do think that it's a little padded. There are parts that repeat. You have the thing with uh, Ming Ming just showing up and uh, did nothing. And even before that, even just with Keenan hanging out with Avery, yeah, we're, we're getting this progression, but we've seen it before. Uh, and the whole deal where we have, uh, you know, them walking through and eating food with the dog. It just, to me, there was a lot of padding. I mean, I, I think, I think the Avery, the will they, won't they thing is going to hang around for a while. Yeah. If he writes, if he writes it right, yeah. he's not going to, it's not okay. going to, I like their interaction. Yeah, I but think their was, interactions I thought, I thought are great. there was a lot to bite into on this issue. There's a lot of like different little things. The Ming Ming was probably the most out of place. Uh, it was sort of there to remind us, hey, remember this character? She still yeah. is. Yeah, like but not in this also. light. Yeah. Not in uh, the, yeah. So it's like, ooh. here's the status quo, folks. You know, uh, I do them. also, as I'm looking through, because I was looking through, and I didn't know what happened with uh, Robin Bot, but I do think that Robin Bot killed a man. So that's just oh, a little aside. I see him firing his, uh, you know, double-fisted gun type deal, and a guy that looks like he's been shot in the head. So yeah. well, we'll have to see. But we'll have to see how that goes. That's down. fine. That, yeah, it's char- it's, it's a robot. charted rules, baby. What, are you you know put a robot on trial? No. This is, this is a country of a billion people. You know what I mean? That ain't really a big thing. Life really? is cheap. And really, what's this, Westworld? Uh, you know, it's a robot. You, you can't put him on trial. <laughs> right. I mean, there you go. Right. But uh, what would you give it, Reggie? Uh, I really had a great time with the issue, especially with the last page reveal. I felt like it was earned and warranted and it, it happened at a good pace i like all the different things i like that every character kind of has their own little meaty morsel to bite off on right now and uh you know the flow of it was all good the art is humming along i'm enjoying the shit out of this book since it changed over to the new title and i gave it a nine out of ten you are higher than me but i, I still like it I, i'm not gonna tell sure you that, up, bro. i <laughs> yes uh but i am yeah, really yeah yes Macaulay over there yes son of a bitch you hear this uh, that's my skull that's my skull uh with that i'm gonna give it the same score that eric's gonna give it uh which is a seven five and uh because i did like it i like the art i like the the idea that we have the you know, the, the Aquaman of North Korea, though I'll never remember his name for probably three episodes. I'll have to remember I'm that. Eric Joe. is there. Uh, and also I did like where the, uh, Chinese government and stuff like that did come in and say, listen, you know, what, why are you holding back? We have a whole lantern core here. Uh, yeah. you're going to have to get rid of this, you know, little easy peasy stuff. We got to take these guys down. Do it. And you have that whole deal. And so I, I did like it enough. I just thought that it was padded a bit. Uh, so like Eric, I gave it a 7.5. Eric, what would you give it? I'd give this issue a 6 out of 10. Well, oh, like you son of a enough, bitch. I think that a lot of things were rushed and forced to get yeah. us what we needed Boy. for this issue. I'm telling you, Ming Ming Eric out of nowhere Chet. makes no sense. And it just puts a hold on the stuff that we have been dealing with with Avery and Keenan. And it's very disappointing because if you would have set this up a little bit better, Ming Ming would have made a whole lot more sense. But she just jumps out of nowhere in this whole thing. And even the Aquaman of China, I mean of uh, North Korea – yeah. Being all opposed to everything, you know, Chinese or American, when his whole thing is he was all about this American stuff yeah, and was going to be weird. punished for it, it felt really Boy, odd I out of nowhere. Way off with your score, Eric. You, you, you impressed me. But I, I still enjoy the title. I just thought that this was a little bit of a down issue, especially for where they're introducing, you know, the big reveal of what the Aquaman of North Korea is going to look like. I'm just hoping. But, but Eric, isn't it also hypocritical that you are a true patriotic stalwart American, but you can enjoy North Korean bug fights? That is true. I don't true. even know if, that, if that's a thing. Uh, uh, right, right. Might be. Yeah, that very may convenient. Be. Very convenient. I, I just wait. I'm hoping to God. 
that Eric gets deluged by 17 different panels of Ming Ming and Keenan making out at some point. I hope that that happened, and I hope that he gets them, and then he'll have to go back to that 7-5 that I said he did. But we'll see. Right, but we I will see. But that is the end of this section. We still have one more book with Reggie. Uh, but right now, we're going to go off to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, let's hear what you have to say. We don't need no humor. Wolfman Jack. Hey, this is Wolfman Jack and this man with Eric. Or possibly Ow. Wolfman Jack or Fred Sanford. I'm not sure which which one that is. Hey, this is Wolfman Jack. I'm coming, Elizabeth. Or Andy <laughs> from work. Listen here, dummy. Yeah, really? Yes, that could be it too. This is mail section number three, and it is going to begin and end with Andrew and Belfast. And doesn't huh? everything begin and end with Andrew and Belfast? That's what I hear. Salutations, Jim and Eric, on this fine St. Patrick's Day evening. May your weekend be merry and green. Uh, so thought I'd give you fellas a whistle-stop tour of some of the gems that have been added to my collection while I've been dropping Batman and some other water-treading trash from right. DC of late. Here's some of the highlights from recent weeks. Number one, Len Wein's entire 1986-88 run on Blue Beetle. Funny, nice. crisp, and succinct. Loved it. Number two, Liam Sharp's Brave and the Bold. I love this issue. True to the Celtic mythology, a good story and some jaw-dropping art. Care, attention to detail, and respect for his readers is Mr. Sharp. Uh, that is, uh, I like Celtic mythology, uh, like I said Shut earlier. Shut your mouth. Uh, Kevin McHale is part of Celtic mythology. Eric, that guy had a long wingspan. Number three, the Phoenix Resurrection Saga. You heard what are we talking about? Uh, no, he had an unnaturally large wingspan for a man of his size. That's all I will I think, tell you. I think a wingspan for any man's odd. That's all I will tell you. The Phoenix Resurrection Saga. All five issues, pretty great. A nice dreamy mind. Continuity altering storyline. Enjoyed it. Uh, do you know, I'm trying to think of some other Celtic Mythology. Obviously, we have Larry Bird. Uh-huh. We're not going to talk Another about Bird man. How about Robert Parrish? What is Robert Parrish's nickname, Eric? What was his nickname? I will give you a hint. Uh, it is a character also in a Jack Nicholson movie. A character in a Jack Nicholson movie. Is what they called Robert Parrish. The Batman. Chief. There you go, Chief Eric. Uh, the uh, next one, the X Men Grand Design Book on recommendation from the good fellow known as Mumbo Jimbo. Mm. Uh, yes, I thought that that's a great book. Uh, also, should get a uh, Hip Hop Family Tree if you're into that. Uh, number five, Moon Girl Two and One and Champions from Marvel on an ongoing basis. This is what we're seeing a lot in the Get Fresh Krill. It's very disturbing, Eric, that most of the people that we talk to and are our friends and all that. Uh, they're buying more Marvel books than DC yeah. anymore. Maybe Marvel isn't the only one that will have a fresh start coming up. I'm not telling you. 
<laughs> Number six, a little purchase of the Hollywood Kids Book of the Week, starring a certain Kyle Rayner. A fresh start, Eric. What does that mean? I have to wear underwear now? Holy! Yes. Number Please? seven, sideways, shade the changing woman. Ah, oh, she's all grown up. And eternity girl, which in my mind was just shade the changing woman again, reverting to an immortal self. I'm telling you, thought you had going you, when, when I heard um, Eternity Girl, somehow I forgot about Shade the Changing Woman and thought it was just kind of a continuation of the Shade book. She just didn't like to have people throwing shade at her. Eric, so yeah. She changed her name. There you go. Eternity. Number eight, White Knight, which is just epic. The blood dripping off Batman in that last issue after the 89 Batmobile crashes into him. Awesome sauce. And I do. I love that book, too. I think of starting a weekly diary called better than Batman, detailing what was bought by me and brought me joy with the money I would have otherwise spent the on answer time. this King. week, all of the above. Everything. I have dropped loads of DC titles. He's dropping loads, Eric. He, he dropped loads of DC titles, and from listening to the podcast, have to say I still don't feel like I'm missing a great deal. No, you're not, really. You're, you're no. not. Uh, in other parts of the comic world, I find the image and aftershock are really reliable for a solid roster of interesting books with good writing and art. What would you call an aftershock podcast? If we were going to start an aftershock comic review podcast, what would you call it? Because I know exactly what I'd call it. I'm trying to think here. What the uh, What's the scale they use for uh, earthquakes? Or, uh, the uh, seismic scale? Is that what the they use? The si- seismic the Aftershock Podcast. I would call it the Weird Science Aftershock Comics Podcast. That's what I know. I, I don't think I they call it. it a seismic scale. I don't know. The Richter scale is what the Richter call it. Richter yeah. scale. The Aftershock Podcast. People are like, Boy, that Jim's a real fucking moron. But again, it, that's the, that's the, bigger the, one. the no. The best thing is is it's now been proven twice. Is the person who asked the question. Doesn't know, but the person who answers wrong you is, the, is the dummy. That's right there is the Alex Trebek syndrome of being on Jeopardy and asking the questions. Anybody who asks the question, you're always assuming that they know the answer. It's just the dummy who opens his mouth that doesn't. So, uh, I, yeah, you could call it that. You could call Shake, Rattle, and Roll the Aftershock Podcast. Would you like that? Would you like no. that? How about you'd call it? I don't know. I was going to name like some earthquake or something. San Francisco. Tremors. Uh, <laughs> that'd be good, actually. I'd like that. California will eventually fall off the uh, United States like they've always warned it would happen since I was since two. I've been being told since the I was Aftershock a young child. The Aftershock Podcast. It's weird because my image podcast is called Watch Out for the Killer Bees. They're coming up from Mexico. The Image Comics Podcast. It's very odd. <laughs> I have a lot of the, uh, my boom podcast is called There Are Definitely Alligators in the Sewers. Yep. The Boom Comics Podcast. There's a lot of good stuff going on here, Eric. A lot of wheels are turning. And then my here. dynamite comics is if somebody is driving with their headlights off, do not high beam them <laughs> real quick because they'll come back and kill you because they're part of a cult. The dynamite comics podcast. That is true. Do uh, uh, the, uh, the Xenoscope podcast to me is i i was actually uh mikey did not actually eat pop rocks and drink coke and die uh the xenoscope podcast there you go okay see i'm i'm running out of uh the thing what what are some of what are some of the other things that we love like the the high beam one is the best i still we talk about all the time somebody the other day i was driving and flashed their high beams at me 
and uh, or no, no, it was so no. And, yeah, I'm telling you, that's what it was. Actually, I and that's where the turnaround was. I didn't have my lights on. I ended up. It was one of the podcast deals. I wanted Lady to get a coffee. I wanted guy. to get. I wanted to get a coffee. And so I'm going. And if you don't know me and Eric, this is the story way back and, and continues on that if you're driving and you see somebody without their lights off and you, you flick the high beams to let them know this, that this is actually a thing that's set up where a cult, just crazy people, they're going to come and kill you then. That is their, you know, un- unfortunately, they don't that like good Samaritans. That's yeah. the trigger. So I did get in the car. And I went to go get a coffee, and with that, the, the place is a block away. So I yeah. spun around, and we have lit street. I didn't realize. So I go, and somebody flicked their high beams, and I realized, oh, my God, I didn't have my things on. I actually had this weird idea, like, really? You know what? I've I've led my life like this. It's almost like I have the responsibility Eric, to go and follow and kill I them should now. go follow them and kill them. No matter who it was, I should go <laughs> and slice their throats because how else will this continue and, yeah. and and create joy for many ages to come? So, yeah, these people really, really got very close, uh, very close to me slicing their throats. But uh says then, uh, now again, I've lost my place <laughs> again. Uh, but then he says, one thing I have to say is that I've actually been re- really enjoying Detective comics over the last few months i know that it hasn't bowled you guys over and i think that the storyline and split in the team has given us a pretty interesting storyline i have to keep asking myself if the title has been falsely elevated in my mind because of the sheer amount of crap that tom king is serving up on batman uh, i'm glad you said that because i think it's the opposite i actually think that batman in my mind is bringing down all of these bat books to me because when i don't get a batman book that i'm you know love then the others almost like I'm looking at them like the girlfriend that also has some flaws. You know, I can't get my perfect girl. You know, the girl that I do get, though, it, it's not living up to what I want anyway. So I'm like, you know, you're second rate. You know, Detective Comics, you, you should be better. You have the opportunity now to be with Jim Warner, and you're not impressing anybody. But I, I think know, that's I'm what I'm kind of with Andrew from Belfast and the idea where I'm looking for a Batman book that I can yeah, really gravitate are, towards because must not Batman's like it. not working. Because you're not giving it great scores. He's well, already said that. He's saying that he loves it. I was, I was telling you earlier this week, though, if, if we did another $25 do-or-die pull list, that I might put Detective on there just because I want a bad book. Really? You would put that on? I'm, I was looking for I was thinking crickets. about it. I was looking for the crickets. I know you did tell me that. But he says, anything would look good by comparison. Tyna at least professionally plots a story, ties back to things he starts off. And that's one of my problems because he just doesn't end them. You know, who's the, who's the first victim, Eric? What was that reveal? The I'm the first victim. I, I think at the, I think we all are. I think by the end of this run, it's just going to be one panel that you're going to have them standing there and basically say, "Oh, by the way, I'm uh, John Franklin." No, oh no, not, it's not going to be anybody. John, John, John. <laughs> it's going to be one of those where it'll be a classic. You'll end up having Lex Luthor switch into the body of the first victim, or run into the bathroom, take off the mask. Turns out the first victim of Batman is indeed Bill Finger. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Lex to take off the mask and go, I don't know who this is. Uh, Actually, what isn't the first victim of this Batman himself, Eric? Batman himself? He's still a victim. He's still still suffering. Balance is quite a big roster of characters in his title. I like the return of the villain. Oh, jeez, Bella. The victim syndicate. He has the villain syndicate. He likes the return of it. I'd like to see the end of it. 
Please. And really, we have the first victim that is set up as this huge mystery, a huge mystery. You and mean by Lurch the, and Needles? Yes, and Needles and Lurch and Mudface, which leads to my deal. We have all these characters, and really all it seemed was a setup to kind of make Clayface upset about Mudface. That that yeah. never – I never saw that twist coming, that Mudface was the most important one. We were walking around like a, a second-rate Kathy Bates in that book, fucking with that, with that sun hat on. I don't know what was going on. And that walking I, stick. I'm telling you, that walking stick and all that stuff. But, yeah, the Victim Syndicate and Future Tim storylines, and I'm liking the switch into the colony angle. Again, something that we dealt with already. That it always comes back. Is Captain Boomerang writing this? Because it always keeps returning. I did feel bad for Clayface, but think he was. Uh, uh, it was the right result. I don't think it will shock you if I tell you that I would have taken that shot like Miss Kane. Sorry, Basil. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Boom, and I would have too. And one of the things that I thought and we talked about and discussed way back was what would be the end game for Clayface, and I think that we both even then said that he's probably going to die because what are you going to do? Or, actually, we saw that it was one of two things. He was going to lose his mind and revert back, or he was going to die. And I just think James Tynum wants to not give and saddle anybody with this baggage of this character because, like you say, all the time there's more than one Clayface. So you can have another Clayface down the line. I think that Basil Carlo, though, is done because of the fact that, you know, James Tynum has kind of made this, you know, kind of pigeonholed him in that if he's going to be in a story with Batman, you're going to want Batman to be able to punch him in the face and not feel guilty the whole time because of the fact that of all that went down with them or uh, do you, okay. that just adds drama yeah yeah well that would have been okay actually with some drama okay other matters arising jim i admire your perseverance on twitter at trying to rationally argue with morons i have mostly given up on twitter as a lot of people on it and now i just my my freaking thing shifted eric and now i lost my notes here. oh my god uh, tell me it's really come to you know shit by this time is supposed to have gotten easier right is, is that what they say all right i'm telling you 167 and this goddamn nonsense here we go i got it back it's because i i have three blankets over my itchy fucking trigger finger that I have on my mouse or else the whole podcast would be click, 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 click. All right, here we go. Twitter, as a lot of the people on it, make Arkham inmates look sane. Either that or they are a bunch of prissy posh mama's boys that need a good smack. I did make a little intervention this week on Twitter. My new approach is to be a real bad bastard. Pick the right target and issue one single tweet tailored for maximum annoyance value and then depart the scene, leaving 100% extreme irritation in my wake. That is what I like to call Twitter crop dusting, Eric. I have found (laughs) that if I break my new golden rule and do more than one tweet in these convos, my true Belfast character comes out uh they were basically saying that he must get drunk and i will say anything to win the argument including potentially defamatory and wholly offensive remarks it really with the with the belfast character i know in leak slip the leak slip characters to get drunk and look for bread that, that's yeah. all they do now i think we can all agree that that course is best avoided thus allowing Agreed. me to maintain a yoda like visage uh regards mon visage twitter the hell did you just say to me? He just started writing French. Yes. <laughs> you know those French, Eric. Uh, sorry to bring up King, but he is an ignorant, smarmy a peddler of the Emperor's New Clothes, in my opinion. And uh, that actually, the Emperor's New Clothes, I agree completely. I fully agree. Uh, DC top brass are mugs. And another thing, Bendis can go screw himself. See, now he, he starts talking about being Yoda. Now he's back to the Belfast Yoda. Well, that, that's it, just for Twitter. 
Okay, well, yeah. Normally, yeah. You, you can take the man from Belfast, Eric. You can never take the Belfast from the man. If you right. have to field multiple requests to explain plot holes, then that's on you as a writer. And some people did say that. Like, listen, buddy, if a lot of people are asking you the same question, it kind of, it's like the guy who's been divorced eight times. Maybe your fault. It just may be that you're not a great guy. You're, you're great at the beginning. You don't maintain the relationship well. Bendis' material hasn't been, and that's to you. Bendis' material hasn't been too freaking for hot years. of late. How dare you? Over at my – have you? Oh. <laughs> Where's Jess? Get Jess on that. I'm going to ask if, if she even considers this a relationship. So he maybe shouldn't rush to join the Tom King's busted flush of a Twitter routine. King thinks fans can't see through his bullcrap, but those sales figures keep sinking. Tommy Boy and he ain't going to make your hundred. Uh-oh. Oh, no, you ain't. And now he actually he actually wants a song there as an exclamation point. LeBron James. LeBron James. Hmm. Let me see. What else? So yeah, Jim, I left my ass off the other day when you were talking about being on medication, the anger being diverted from the I'm going to punch you in the face part of the brain into the peace and tranquility numbness part of your brain. <laughs> I got to get on some of that stuff. That would be more like Zoloft. Uh, when you think about it, it is like the speedy route to inner Zen and a happy marriage. And I do agree. Basically, to me, what Zoloft seemed to do was shut down that anger part of your brain and everything. But it's not a good let everything pass. It's no. the, it, it basically, you know what it was like? It was an emotional coma. Be, and in, I say that because I'm going with the coma that you can hear people talk because right. I knew I should be getting angry. And I knew that any other time I might want to punch this guy in the face, but yet I didn't feel that way. And something was off. I was in the matrix, Eric. I, I, things were going wrong. Anywho, it's time to roll. Keep up the good work and don't forget to Eric. And he wants one last deal. Look at him. Chickens. That, that's right there. It shows you how Twitter is an awful place. Because when you have that. Look at all those chickens. The, the roundabout deal is they ain't no chickens, Aaron. I don't care. That girl is so goddamn happy to just look at all those chickens that you should leave her be to be happy. And everybody had to shame her. God, God, you know, I don't know. Forbid. I was going to say forbid you, Aaron. Forbid, forbid me. you. How dare you. Forbid you. Oh, yes, but I don't know what to talk. But we're going to go off now uh, to talk about uh, one of your favorite books, Eric Ragman. We'll be oh. talking about now, and then we'll have a section of uh, Chris and Reggie, and then Jeremy, and then we'll be back later with the Rant and Raves and all the rest. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad. Just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shay. All right, we're back, and we are back I with a book. I do too. I think I might repeat that song this episode, but that's you did. I do like it. Well, we didn't yet because I think it was the last segment. So we'll hear that later, Eric. That's for future Jim and Eric Ooh. to worry about. Uh, but we're here with Reggie to finish up his books with that. He'll be talking with me and Eric about. And thank God we're finishing up the series uh, because it is Ragman. And this miniseries is ending. And Reggie, before we get on, you asked me a very, very poignant question of basically why was this book ever out 
I, I don't have an answer for you. I really don't. Uh, this doesn't seem like it would ever. Now, it does end with the open-ended, huh, maybe I'll be fighting some evil down the road. I mean, not, maybe not, won't we all no. ever see you in this yeah, version yeah, ever again? This version I, is not, this is not good. I, I mean, it's, okay, fine. So this Ragman is a character in the DCU. This series did not need to be the thing to no. create that. He could have, he could have been featured in an arc in Detective Comics or yes. he could have shown up in any other fucking book. Instead of this bloated bullshit that really, uh, the it's way it ended was couldn't be, have been more, uh, bullshit. There's no, really no other word to describe what it was. And of course, the book we're talking about is Ragman number six, written by Ray Fox, art by Anaki Miranda and Eva de la Cruz. If everybody was a martyr across the USA, then everybody would be sacrificed to hellish demonay. Then they're changing their minds up, resurrected to slay. That's why Ragman is bullshit, and this rag is lame. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, I, we have all, the three of us at least, have been off of this book for a little. I know that at the beginning, uh, the first issue, me and Eric were into it. I was actually into it a little more. Uh, Eric immediately, though he loves, I don't know if you know this, Reggie, but he loves the idea of the mummy, the mummy movie that came uh, out with Tom uh, Cruise and the idea that his dark universe was going to be a thing. Oh, uh, and when oh, that the first mummy, issue, the mummy movie, which yes. made the last week it made, I looked it up in nothing, made zero dollars. Yes. The oh, one that I believe, right. uh, domestic <laughs> around 72, uh, 72 million. Nice. But uh, with that though, uh, I liked it enough. It seemed like it was going to be a little bit different. I am a guy who isn't in particularly fond of, say, the horror side of comics or the darker universe mm. stuff of DC. But if I can have some fun with it, I'll, I'm along for the ride. And that first issue seemed to kind of point towards that. Uh, sure. Then it just went downhill from there. Immediately. Immediately and, yeah. went downhill. And it, I know uh, that some people like Swanee, he stuck with it. But I, I can't see – even and I think he even said the last issue he was confused and kind of out as well. But by this point, you end it in such a downer and a non-issue that you get the idea where you say that yeah, they're writing for the trade. Say we were talking about the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Court earlier. That you know, hey, writing for the trade. It is one of your mantras that you go. Right. I, I want to know where we're getting these fucking guys who have six issues to write and can't even finish a goddamn story. There's not enough story for the trade. There really is uh, not enough to even, to even make a story here. No. You're right. I mean, I mean, the whole thing is, uh, my my understanding is that when you make a deal with the devil, the, at the bare minimum, it's not reversible. No. Right? You, you, you can't no, turn that. I would think. You can't do that. It's and not the devil's hand you're playing. You're, you're exactly. worse than that. Yes. Yeah, you, you know, it's like, no matter what the terms are, you can't go back after and change yes. your mind. And that's exactly what this fucking guy does yeah, here. That's I mean, what you know what I mean? He, he, he committed to killing himself. And then, I mean, and this also annoyed me. Like, this to me is like, Ray Fox, use your power to write a story. Yeah, a story. You know, so what would normally happen is, is Jim would make a deal with the devil, you know, put yes. me in a coma, uh, yes. you know, for, and, and for have a it year. So that and, my kids don't bother me and then exactly. somehow I you know, don't get yelled at. There's then, my devil. And, and, the, and the devil, the devil's bargain would be, okay, we'll do that. Put Jim in a coma. But then, of course, he, they put him right outside the, you know, old folks home or something yeah. where he could get that already. Put him outside Fine. the Wendy's drive through and get yelled at. You'd still be okay with that. You'd yeah, be like, well, no, they say it's like, hey, we're going to put you in a coma, but. 
uh, Eric has to suffer. Done and done. I don't even look back. There you go. Uh, but yeah, this just but it what just if Eric's it's suffering twist. Is it's like basically yeah. The, basically, this help. issue ends with hey, I, I, I takes these backsies. Uh, yeah. But with that also is I want I'm gonna uh, talk to uh, your uh, inner uh, reviewer here, Reggie. I'm gonna uh-huh. talk to what. Uh, kind of go into your mind and give you a little idea because we have these mini series. Uh, we've had a lot of these where we're like, okay, listen, you have six issues. All right, let's see what's going on. And you don't get six issues of story. Why can't you have a six issue mini series that has two, three issue stories? Why can't you have something like that where you don't need to sit there and go, okay, my story really only gives me about four issues, so I'll pad the shit out. Why not just tell two it. really uh, tight three-issue stories where Ragman you have almost where you have a miniseries where people I, – I actually think that that idea would make somebody look like a goddamn genius, that you'd have them like – Boy, you know what? That guy, that guy Reggie, he he wrote that book, and in the first three issues, he pretty much gave us an origin story of the character, and then he went off to another story with that character that took place a year later and did this and that. That's actually the way Mother Panic is is written in in three story arcs, which is really – it works really well. I don't see why we can't do that for limited series like this, especially for a character like Ragman where I can essentially tell you his origin – in about yeah. a page. You know, yeah. we don't need a, a long and, drawn And the thing is, even. though, they tried to change this up a little, but it never changed up enough or more interesting enough to really sustain, you know, six issues. There's been nothing. And then you get oh. the idea that in the middle, Ray, Ray Fox is like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Ah, call Etrigan. Get that motherfucker over here because he I don't do have anything. any other he doesn't And that's do the thing. Anything. I think he was just there to tie up some I mean, time. He, he, he and was supposed to be training uh, Rory on how to use the reins. We never see just that. Except for, piss me off. Except yeah, just for one thing. Eric except off. for that one time when he uses his rag sight to, like, find uh, the little boy or whatever, find out where everyone, all the uh, yeah. town zombies are converging. And this thing, he makes a deal with the devil that, that he'll sacrifice himself if he re- saves everyone in the town. And the devil, who isn't the devil, actually, I forgot his real name. He's one of the devils. Yeah. Uh, just flat out refuses to do it, which is like, that's not that's not a deal with the devil. That's not the Faustian bargain I would have yeah. expected. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I would have expected, okay, I'll make sure everyone's protected, but they all have to live in fucking, you know, Quaker Town or something yeah, like that. Yeah, really. That they would be the kind Eric's of apartment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They have to live next door to those kids screaming across <laughs> Eric's hall. Uh, but yeah, you even have, you have crumbs sh- in the fucking hallway. Yeah, and really, you have bastards. Shining Knight, who nothing, and and really all this is, and and I'll even say it too. You have that start with the military. You have him with his squad mates. You have this whole thing that we've gotten with the I feel guilty because you guys died and I didn't. But the problem is that we had them killed so quickly that I have no connection. I, you can mention names and say, Who's hey who? there. Hey there, Sarge. Listen, <laughs> I have no whole, connection with him. The whole way uh, the souls speak to Rory while he's in his ragman suit, they've got to come up with a better way. You have no idea who the fuck no, is saying what at any time. You don't have any idea. You know, you, and just, you have no connection point. to them. And, and, and yeah, we don't know who they are anyway. We, had, we didn't really meet them in the original origin story, but at least we might have some They were some there kind for a panel. If they, had, if they had different colored balloons, we'd at least oh. get an idea of how many 
different souls that are involved in there, you know? All or I know is by the end, by the end, it does seem like maybe possibly he's nailing that one guy's wife, which I said he would be doing. But of course he that's would. And, and that's the worst Look, thing he said. He's and, the one who lived. He's going to live it up. It, well, yeah. that's, it's so you funny because he's like, listen, it didn't take long for things to get better. I mean, we don't forget what happened. We just, we start to live again. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're eating yeah. that ice cream now. You're nailing her. Uh, but then he's like, yep. I don't really see so good anymore with my eyes, but you oh. don't even see that in the art. Though I love the art. I think the art's really good. The art. Uh, I didn't think about he too. sees enough to know that, that that woman was pretty hot. We saw her before, and he's like, yep, now that you're out of my mind, you know, you can't get rid of you, and now I'm with your wife. And that's how he uh, – uh, but really, all this is is a huge battle with people talking, and this is where uh, we talk about all these rules that we kind of come up with in our head reading comics. I have one that I don't think I've ever said before, but I know when there's a nonsense comic is when I'm there, and especially digitally, because sometimes you don't have the full page on, yeah. on the, the screen. So m my rule is if you read a comic and suddenly realize that you read a page completely out of order – and yet it still makes more sense than the page before, <laughs> then you yeah. know there's bullshit going on because there was a spread page that I completely read out of order. I, I seem to think that I can I follow I that more than others. Where you're supposed to read it across left yes, all the way. That's what left, happened. Right, yeah. And I, I didn't go all the way across. I was going up and down. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I get it. And then I'm like, oh, shit. I, I read that wrong. Why did that make sense to me? Why am well, I thinking that that's it, the best page? It's because most of the dialogue is meaningless. It's just yes, people it just saying nonsense. It's not really it's not really progressing anything. Another thing that annoyed me is, you know, so, okay, Ragman, he gets all the people get behind him. They say, you know, somehow come back to life, even though the devil Satan guy killed you. He the comes Dargo. back. Yeah, and, huh. so, and so this is when you would expect some kind of thing where it's like, you know, oh, you may have been able to defeat me before, but you didn't expect the rag bomb. Or yeah. here, oh, I have a secret, you know, I have this MacGuffin offered to the side. No, he just has super rag power and just shoots yeah. him through the through the guy and he's dead. And it's just like, well, what the fuck? Why did you do that in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. powered up with the souls of his best friends. Oh, yeah, well, even that, where I think friends. that Ray Fox is really, really counting on this idea that we're going to be like, all right, you know, these military buddies and his friends and stuff, and this is going to really hold some weight yeah, because no they died during – that's great. That's fine and dandy. But as the story – I have, like I said, I have no connection with him. If you would have told me no. it, it last issue that, hey, listen, Rory, we, you know, I'm Rory, I'm Ragman. Hey, listen, Ragman. And I know these guys as much as I know from reading this. You can win the battle, uh, but your friends, you don't even have to finish. The battle's won. I'm there. Fucking done. See you later, guys. Because it's nonsense. You've never even had a deal where, and I know this goes probably against, I don't know much about Ragman in particular, but with that, you don't even get the idea of like maybe make a deal at one point where one of these devils or whatever, or even Etrigo, whoever is like, listen, if you do this, this, and this, your friends will have life back. You'll have this. You'll have everybody be happy. No, it's just that, oh, I want to be able to talk to them in my head, uh, you know, forever or whatever. It, there's nothing. There really is nothing except that he's going to try to win this battle. Uh, his friends are going to help. So it's all for one, one for all. And you have to save that kid. In the meantime, you're also going to 
save the town, and then you get the fine, let's do a victory lap. That kid's mama's pussy. Yeah, and then the mama, what you have then is like, my eyes ain't so good now, but then I put the rags on, and then I can see, and you know what? I'm helping uh, people that. around. I'm at a support group. All right, that's fine. And, and you remember, hey, guys, you remember my dad in the hospital? Well, they're letting him. They say he's good to go. All right, let's walk home, Dad. But what Boy. we don't know is that even though Zagar Zadargal is dead, yeah. I'm still wearing the rags here, which all the demons yeah. seem to want to be about. So are they still coming forward? Yeah, are because they, they coming just could for open him? portals left and no, right. No, it just and seems also, like now. Yeah, I I feel really bad about the idea that I have to use souls of my friends. So am I going to absorb souls of criminals in here and feel bad about it later but, on? But we're because not right gonna now get anything. I have no power source. Yeah, why wouldn't this been? Where you get the idea that, you know, how he got the rags, you want to push this. But at this point, he should have, uh, you know, let me see him doing some good. This all was pretty much, it ends at the six-issue ending, is just a overlong origin story of mm. this ragman to go to nowhere. Because, like oh, Eric right. said, I don't think we're ever going to go from here. So, uh, at yeah, the end... Eric's totally right. I, could, I can't understand what his day-to-day looks I'm like. I'm telling you, know, like, you... Does, you, he, does no. he go grab a soul from some and this asshole is the on thing. the block? Is, is he still grabbing demons who are yeah, coming out he? because they're we still mad for him? Is he because going after criminals going. absorbing them to keep... Because the rags really shouldn't work at this point because he has nothing to power no, them. but he just mentions them. He goes to see his buddy's graves. He's like, you know what, guys? We did it. And then at the end, he's like, you know, like every other book, he's gone zipping around with his rags. And through this whole six issues, I'm telling you, the six issues condensed are almost like a trailer for what we would have gotten the regular book that we yeah. didn't get. We, we never got all this. All this is is like, he was a military man who went and, and things went wrong. His friends had to help him, and in the end, he fucked his one friend's wife. But it's okay, because he doesn't see very well, so he could just pretend it's somebody else. But now, Ragman's on the move. And, and we never get that. We never once got the idea of, Ragman. oh, man. Now Ragman's doing this. You, you end with like, really? This is what we ended with? I, I just wasted all this time and money to just basically end with, like Eric said, you don't even know how it would continue and what are the rules of going on. Uh, are, is he on the run now? Because if he is, I wouldn't be hanging out with that, you know, the woman and the son now. Yes, yeah, they're in one. grave danger. Everywhere he goes, they're in great danger. And then uh, out of nowhere, he says to his dad, hey – Hey, hey, how's it going, son? I don't know. We're fucking broke. Our house burned down. Hey, we're fucked, Dad. We're really fucked. Uh, all right. At least you got some rags. There you go. They still there have each you other. Go. He's like, all I can do, I don't know. What do you do as a ragman for a job? You, you know, what do you clean windows? I don't know. What does he do? You end up with what should have been the first half of the first issue. Where yeah. you had this deal where he comes back, says, hey, guys, uh, you know, I love you. You're dead. I had to use you, unfortunately. And now I'm going to avenge your death by becoming a good hero and stopping crime. And you Th never this, get that. This is, this is definitely of all the miniseries that are being reviewed now, all being reviewed by myself. Uh, this is the Not most. you're dead, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, gonna yeah he's going to say I Dead Man's worse. One. No, he's saying uh, Dead Man's worse. Oh, oh not, not as far as being worse, but as far as being just devoid of any purpose or reason you know what i mean like like you're right in that what you say is it's like a half issue of story Man. expanded into six issues needlessly and and people just thrown in etrigan and justin uh Man. you know a shining knight thrown in yeah. for no reason so yes uh it's yeah. uh, sorry yes and, 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 and let me remind you reggie that i'm reviewing mara 
So well, I have one miniseries. I have one, have but yeah. I have the other one, but... Uh, and even no, the, so... The, the other miniseries, I'm doing even Dead Man, which is definitely the fucking most bizarre one. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, everything there kind of is playing its role. Here, it's like, what the fuck are happening? What, well, what, this is where what I'll happened? go. What, what are all... What are all... You have, uh, you have Demon Helizer, uh, yeah. which to me, it's teetering towards this one. You that have one Dead Man... That's how it wraps up. And, yeah. and basically all I can think of is when you're thinking of things like you, you have the DC boardroom and you're wondering how this came about. Like what the, at least Dead Men, you have people like Neil Adams. There are Neil Adams fans. So you have that. So, okay, whatever Neil Adams wants to do, just get it. We know we'll get 12,000. Uh, we'll go with that. I, I don't know what that, this is almost like when we had that Dead Man book. Uh, before the uh the mansion of hidden desires, right, 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 right. Like at the end, you're like, well, why did this happen? Yeah. Like, dark it mansion wasn't, forbidden yeah, love. Yeah, the was, dark was mansion the of nonsense. Uh, did the yeah. Ragman fans like come out of nowhere? The Ragman yeah. League showed up and said, "We demand they did, more Ragman." With men. that, with that, where are you going with this? Is this setting up Ragman and another series? I don't think so. Is this going to be an ongoing series? No. I've seen what this is selling. No. So why in hell are you sitting around and going, you know what we need? A Ragman six issue many. There are a lot of other characters that people would want. I know that they kind of hold back on some things like, a, say, a Shazam or whatever. But how about give us Firestorm instead of this yeah. for Eric Shea? Or how about giving us a, a Vandal Savage six-issue mini? I'd like that yeah. more. A Raisha Ghoul. Something no. where – I'm telling enough, you, I would like that. DC, you know, this nonsense you always say, like, we want to hold back until the time is right. Bull fucking yeah, shit. They don't. Just come up with a good idea. I'm saying though, it's, do it. they... it's like it's like more secretive than fucking oh, I know. your your Twitter algorithm I when you know. send out your you know what I mean? Yes. But with that though, what I'm saying is if they put out a Shazam miniseries, sure. people would lose their minds though. Absolutely. And say, Why aren't we getting a regular series instead of just a mini? But yeah, and there's tons there's tons of characters out there and I don't see this as a testing the waters of if people like Ragman, I think that in general, you could probably have come to me. I know yeah. barely anything about Ragman, but, you know, I kind of can look and see some trends and things. And you say to me, what do you think a Ragman will sell by the end of a six-issue mini? And I'd probably say probably about 10,000 copies. And that's probably what it's going to be, if not yeah. less. There That'd is be, no that, way. That would be generous, quite yeah, frankly. And yeah. then where you get the thing is, okay, if this was, say, and, and I'll tell you. I'll go with Mr. Miracle, where I said, no New Gods book's going to sell. That does sell. People seem to love it. So at least you can think that somebody higher up saw that that would be lightning in a bottle. Like, okay, I read the script. I read the treatment that Tom King gave me. I think that this might hit with some people. How could this Ragman – how could it have hit with anybody when this was no. brought or – is this one of those things where if we got in the inner workings, is it that Ray Fox went to them and said, listen, I really want to write a Ragman story? I don't think that's what that is. I think that they went to Ray Fox and said, can you write a Ragman story? Eh, fuck it. I'll do it. And now you're not going to get something that's great. You're, you're just going to get a guy writing a book to write a book. And that's what this seems like. It doesn't have any direction going forward except that know. you're going to leave it open-ended. I think Ray Fox went to Mr. DC and said, listen, it's been my life's calling yeah. to write a Ragman miniseries. And Mr. DC said, get out of my office. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell and you. He said, wait, hear me out, hear me out. Here's my pitch. The, <laughs> yeah, the pitch. second issue, Ragman fights 
two demons. Now wait, two de- now, not wait. one. Then in the third issue, Ragman fights four demons. Now you're uh huh. Now you're now seeing the vision. You are then talking. Now you're the, talking. The third and fourth issue, Etrigan does a bunch of training we don't get to see, but then we do see them do a bunch of talking, and he teaches them him how to use his rag site. Then in the fifth issue. At the end of that, he goes, he goes to his old buddy's house, which is full of zombies. Lost me. <laughs> for no reason. Uh, and his son is also a zombie, but then later he isn't. But then he is again later nice. after that. He goes kind of back and forth between zombies. Turns out to be a big demon. Uh, there yeah, you the go. shining light shows up also at one point, so that's nice. Yeah. And that's it. It all wraps up oh. the power of friendship. The power. Well, what I'm going to tell you right now is as, as Ray Fox is talking to Mr. DC, Mr. DC gets out the ledger and starts to mention the books that Ray Fox has already done, <laughs> like a Pandora, uh, Trinius yeah. and Pandora, a, a Gotham uncertain. by Midnight, yeah, Gotham by Midnight, Constantine, and basically says, listen, every book that I see that you were on has not done well, so you don't get to come to me and, and tell me you're writing a book. This is what I'm but saying. That. There are some people out there. If, say, a Scott Snyder went to Mr. DC and said, you know what? I want to write a detective chimp book. They will let him write a detective chimp book. I don't oh, think that Ray Fox has gotten that sort of credibility if, if or whatever Tom, if, in DC. If Tom King wanted to write a, ran, a Ragman book, yeah. it would be fucking 12 issues and they'd be pumping it out like crazy. And they'd be they'd pumping the, it. And they'd be yeah. fine to do it and they would, it would sell because people love him. Ray Fox, that's the problem is uh, Robin's son of Batman, uh, you know, things like that that oh. he was involved with. I'm just going down this list. Batman Eternal. Like all this stuff, there's nothing that I've read in the past couple of years that I've been impressed with. And this just is like, why did this book exist? And then it starts getting me angry about it because we have to sit here and talk about it and read it and whatnot. But it, it's just not good. It's just Last plain issue of Ragman made, uh, sold 9,000 copies. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. I didn't even know because I wasn't even saying that. I could have told you that six months ago. If yeah. you ask me, because really, for the most part, most books will not go under 8,000. So there's always going to be – and again, that's not even sold. That's shipped. Yeah. Uh, and so you're you're always going to get the worst of the worst are going to be between eight and 10,000 copies, and this but is what, one but of them. What's important is, though, that The Mummy made overall $409 million. Worldwide, mm. not yeah. domestic. And no, it's no. Also, no and also, 80, 80 million domestic. Yeah, 80 million. Bomb. It's listed as a bomb, Eric. I, I can't uh, keep telling you that but they go by... But his budget was 125 doesn't matter. million. They go, by the, million. they go by the respect of the uh, U.S. deal. And also, I would guess that their budget on the uh, what they were pushing at, what's it called, the advertisement and things like that, had to have been at least 50 to $100 million. That fucking worldwide, that thing was pushed so hard, and then nothing. Nothing. Also, I, I don't know their algorithm. We've even talked about, say, a uh, what's it called, a John Carter uh, right. movie that we wanted more and it made money. It made more than it cost, but they considered that a bomb. And I think domestically that made a couple hundred. A I think million that made four hundred million. Yeah, as it well. made something like that. And it's looked at as a bomb because I guess it, what I don't know what is it one of those when they they talk about it. It almost goes hand in hand with the uh, the idea in advertising or business where you say if one person complains. Then that means 50,000 people have that complaint. What the deal is, if a movie only makes that much, it's never going to make more with sequels and uh, it's not worth it then. I don't. What, what would you, what would you, you give this? 
I, uh, you know, in the very beginning of the series, what the, the one thing I was sort of down on was the art. I was, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but I knew I would have to warm up to it. And I totally did. I really liked the art. It was, it was very strong. And I feel like it got stronger on the Ragman parts. And especially in this issue, there's a couple of, uh, splash pages of, you know, Ragman fighting, uh, the big devil monster. Yeah, uh, Dargle. It's a Dargle. And it looks pretty damn good. The flashback sequences don't look as good. But uh, it's just even more maybe maybe possibly a coloring thing more than an art thing. I'm not sure. Uh, but I do like it. I do like the art throughout. Yeah, the I book like is bullshit. If you if yeah. you bought the series, I'm sorry. You wasted your money. Uh, it really went nowhere very slowly. Um, I don't really have much more to say about it. I gave it yeah. a four out of ten. Well, I'm gonna have to try to regain my connection with Eric Shea by giving this a fuck you five because I Whoa. do not have to review it. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't care what you say about the art. This is one of those books that it's just so bad and it's so drawn out and boring that even the artist afterwards, yeah, I, the art's great. I'll sure. tell you, but it doesn't help the piece of you, crap you book. So you can't no. keep giving a book no, a pass. I, I can't, no, it's not getting there. a pass from me. So it's a fuck you five. What would you give it, Eric? Three out of ten. Oh my goodness, Eric! Oh, I, I, I don't. I'm telling you, for some reason, I really like the art in this issue. I, I can't do. give it a fuck you five. So I, I have to give it a three out of ten <laughs> just because three. it's a it's a terrible fucking issue. It's a terrible series. The art is the only reason to buy it, and that's never a reason to buy a book in, in my the, mind. In the weird science continuity, because I'm thinking that in my mind, anything under a three is worse than a fuck you five, right? <laughs> we never really spelled out the continuity rules of I have the no fuck idea you five. But really, just think of me saying I was going to give it a fuck you five. I'm telling you, like if I said I was going to give it a fuck you five, but instead I gave it a 1.5. I, I yeah. think to me the 1.5 is worse. Uh, but yeah, it's anger-wise of just – and to me, this isn't even anger. Uh, mine, it's more of a like – I'm just just imagine me there with my my shoulders hunched up and my hands out like why why is this even in existence why uh, yeah why well, we, we have two floor why? Yeah. why why that's it that's it we have but, a yeah. character that does nothing I have no idea how he's gonna work after the sixth issue is over and on top of him giving two fucking demons who can't stop rhyming and just driving me insane the whole goddamn time and fucking shiny knight showing up and doing absolutely nothing for no yeah. reason yeah nothing at all just to no. add that connection with the demon knights is all yeah, it was no, really it's all was in there to fight yeah. Wrong right. turn gives I, this a fuck you five. Wrong turn give it a fuck you five too. But we're gonna go off now. Kept it right and tight. Kept That's it tight. right. We're gonna go off now to Reggie uh, and Chris talking. Uh, is it Eternity Girl? Is Eternity is Girl number one. It's so yep. funny because I had no idea what this was. And when we did some of the earlier podcasts, we were going down what was coming up this week. And I'm like, oh yeah, and there's Eternity Girl. Uh, that Chris and Reggie will be talking about that. Little did I know that it was a Young Animals book, a Vertigo book. I had no idea until – and then afterwards I was like, oh, shit. This might be a Vertigo book because for some reason I, I just connect. And I'm like, I hope that I didn't fuck up. And then I looked up. You like, were okay, right. This you came right. out of Milk Wars. I'm in. That's right. I am That's in. Right. But we're going to go off now uh, to listen to Chris and Reggie talk about that. And then we will have a little Jeremy talking about Michael Cray, the Wildstorm spinoff book. So we'll be doing that. And then me and Eric will be back with what I, I think is the Brent Raves. So we have a lot ahead. Once in every lifetime, comes 
segment on the weird science dc comics.com podcast my name is reggie my name is chris and this week we have one brand new brand spanking new mm-hmm. young animal title it is the debut issue of eternity girl written by magdalene visaggio art by sunny lou and chick chris chukri mm. uh this of course was we got introduced to this in the backups to milk wars uh, which we couldn't make most of the backups in Young Animal couldn't make heads or tail of. So uh, that factored nothing at all into my feelings <laughs> on this. I, I, I didn't understand what was happening. I Now, having read this, I understand a little bit more about what the backups were trying to do, but mm. just so you know, not a prerequisite for reading this issue. Don't no. worry about it if you miss them. So let's meet Caroline Sharp. She's an Olympic gymnast. She's got two master's degrees, and she operated as a superhero known as Chrysalis. This was while she was employed by Alpha 13, which we have to assume is a clandestine government organization of some description, right? That, that would, Probably. That would yeah. be my guess, some sort of a uh, faux CIA or something, one that would employ genetically enhanced heroes and such. That's sort of a group, right? A, uh, you know, hoary secret uh, military, paramilitary group. So yeah. right right now, Caroline's telling her therapist about the last time she committed suicide, and it was when she jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, a monthly routine. Mm-hmm. Caroline is quite disfigured, and uh, I guess we could probably call her Eternity Girl at this point, or uh, Element Woman, if we're uh, going by her, <laughs> where, where uh, a lot of this story feels like here. Yeah. Um, now, uh, half, of her, half of her is blue and looks crystalline in appearance. Her right arm and feet are these creepy-looking red talons, and she also zaps some sort of magic science-y stuff that uh, the kids are into these days. Uh, now, seems she acquired these powers and this hideous appearance during her final fight with her arch-enemy, Madam Adam, which uh, rhymes. Uh, not long, Yeah, that, that, that's clever. I'll give it that much. Uh, not long after that, the incident happened. Caroline inadvertently killed a bunch of her colleagues with powers in a fit of rage. And since, this ever since, she's been on leave from Alpha 13. And so, this is also why she is regularly seeing her therapist. See, it all comes back. Now it all explains itself. Uh, now, Caroline, uh, Caroline wants to kill herself, but she cannot die. She's cut herself. She has no blood to bleed. She's tried to hang herself. Found she doesn't even need to breathe, really. And she stepped out into traffic, and the car got totaled, and she was fine. Uh, she can also shapeshift to hold human form with some difficulty. So, on a subway ride home, she tries that. But she's having trouble... Connecting with the human race in, in many ways right now. Uh, she is in that human form when her pal Danny drops by. That's a lady Danny with an eye uh, with a cake with cake and vodka, which that's not a good mix, is it, Chris? Probably not. Would you? I wouldn't. I wouldn't put those two together, quite frankly. But okay. No. Uh, Danny is hip to Caroline's real form, though, and tells her to stop shapeshifting. She's very concerned about Caroline's well-being. She's like. She's, she's kind of spiraling into a depression, but Caroline just comes across sort of numb to it all, which actually is sort of the way you are in depression. 
Sure. Uh, Danny gives Carolina pep talk, says she'll be back to work uh, for Alpha 13 in no time. And the very next day, Caroline meets up with the director of Alpha 13 to discuss that just that very thing. And, uh, you know, she has been on leave for six months now. Now, despite her attempts to keep it together, the director maintains that she should not be allowed back into the division, though he acknowledges the fact that they created her horrible condition. And so she flips out on the boss, but uh, doesn't do anything too drastic. Yeah, she loses her human form and screams, but she walks out. And he actually he actually keeps his cool. You get the impression, like... Uh... This is a regular this occurrence. Is, this or something. is not uncommon, no. or you know, he, this is sort of his job to uh, remain cool under superhero pressure. Uh, at home later, uh, Caroline cuts herself. Nothing happens. She meditates and dissipates into pure form, no longer human, which is a nice trick. Then she checks her cell phone for any messages. She's Caroline's bored and lonely. Is the point here? She has nothing. She doesn't know what to do with herself. Just then, the ghost of or a projected mental image of. Madam Adam appears and tells Caroline to stop her moping. Uh, she calls Caroline Chrysalis, because that's how I guess she knows her best from having battled her in uh, whatever battles. In her superhero days. Yeah. Right. Uh, she's also a skeleton, which wasn't the case before she died, based on pictorial evidence. So I guess that's, <laughs> that's her post-dead look. Yeah, she was a flesh and something yeah. human, I guess. Yeah, right. Humanoid. Uh, <laughs> now, they have an ethereal and fairly pleasant conversation about the realities of their business. Then, Madam Adam suggests that Caroline could kill herself if she kills time and space entirely. Madam Adam shoves Caroline through several planes of, we're going to say, realities? I, it, but like, who knows? It's, it's weird stuff either some way, stuff, but uh, she's shoved through things. planes. <laughs> Now, Caroline wakes up on her bathroom floor, empty bottle of vodka behind her, and she pukes in the turlet. I told you, cake and vodka, not a good mix, folks. Not a good mix. Uh, later on, Caroline meets Danny for lunch at a sidewalk cafe called Gelso and Grand. Danny's very supportive about Caroline not getting back with Alpha 13 now, just like a good friend. After a while, Caroline says, I am not real, and her body dissipates in green smoke. But then she's back, and after everyone around her turns briefly to skeletons, a Mack truck careens and slams into Danny and Caroline, who are eating outside. Uh, flashback to Caroline talking with Madam Adam during that ghost dalliance. Uh, she agrees to destroy space and time with the condition that she, Caroline, will definitely die. Uh, I think that was the deal, seems. Anyway, the Earth resets hmm. itself at this point now when Caroline dies, and they're back to eating at the sidewalk cafe, and Caroline is feeling much more chipper about things. So, not 100% sure what mm. happened there at the end there, Chris. It looks like, <laughs> no. though, if Caroline Caroline is the linchpin for the timeline, we'll say, right? Or or this re, uh, a reality. Maybe, yeah. And if maybe. she dies, the reality changes, or maybe she can flip a mental switch. Whatever it is, it's, it's, it's almost like a... Uh, Oh, God, what am I? I think of a million things, and I can't think of one name of them. <laughs> uh, like a Groundhog's Day, you know what I mean? Like, you always get a sure. chance to redo your to redo your last uh, thing. And there's a lot of things like this. But uh, what did you think about it, Chris? Um, didn't hate it, didn't love it, thought it was boring, thought it was confusing. Mm. Um, and it's unoriginal. Uh, right. This is uh, very much like a, uh, a Sandman arc uh, with Element Woman, I remember who was this, trying yeah. to kill herself, and she couldn't maintain a human form, and she wore masks. Right. Um, and ultimately, she made a deal with death and was able to die. Uh, it's very much like that. Um, 
you know, I, I you know this whole thing with her being the linchpin. I, I I hate the idea of introducing a new character and making them the center of the universe. Right. That feels like a very present year Marvel thing. Uh, especially um, especially knowing now that these universes are connected. You know, to exactly because this, you're is, off this is the same universe thing, that. Yeah. Yeah, Darkseid is in this universe. Metron's in this right, universe. All right. these powerful things, but friggin' Eternity Girl is the linchpin. Maybe, Kiss my ass. Maybe they decided this is a, this is a uh, easy way to do reboots. They'll just they'll, they'll just they'll just <laughs> they'll Eternity just Girl. And they'll be like, Eternity oh no, girl. yeah, that happened four realities ago in Eternity Girl. Sorry, we didn't we didn't get to. Yeah, and I don't like that she when she's talking to her uh, to her director there, she's talking about how undangerous she is, and they're showing signs of her being dangerous. Yeah, well, uh, it's. <laughs> It's like, okay, <laughs> you are dangerous. Uh, it just, I, the whole thing just rubs me wrong. And the very nonchalant and dismissive way they're just, dis- I'm not a guy who gets triggered, but I mean, this whole thing with like, oh, suicide. You know, I tried that whole thing where, you know, you throw the toaster in the bathtub shtick. It's like, right. it's like you know, that is, people that have is, killed themselves this way. That is an interesting it's point. Not a shtick. I, I remember not too long ago, although when I really think about it, it was, Longer ago than I like to admit that. Remember that uh, when uh, Palmiotti and Connor first did uh, Harley Quinn. Remember this, and they wanted um, I can't remember yes, all the details, cut, yeah. but but there was one where a page where Harley was going to do a bunch of uh, ways of killing herself, killing herself. and uh, they pretty much people had that cut before it was even ever seen, just yep. because of the reference. Uh, and I haven't seen any clamor about this thing, which is directly about a, a suicidal main character, but. Uh, and I, I definitely people read it probably. I definitely agree with you that at face value, what we're getting here, this isn't the most original story. This is, uh, you know, another kind of also deconstruction of the superhero trope. And uh, we don't get those nearly enough. Exactly, we got plenty of those. Uh, this has remnants to the Black Hammer, kind of. And I remember the arc you're talking about in Sandman. It's very similar to that, even down to the cutting and there being no blood. I believe, like yep. I, yeah, I, I remember so. a scene where it was kind of cool. She kind of opens her arm, and it looks like she cut a ham, basically, or something like that. I think uh, you're right, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I definitely remember the mask and the mask slipping at dinner and stuff like this. It was good art. All that being said, though, I'm, uh, you know, you, you're you leaning towards not liking. I'm leaning towards liking. You know, we're, we're hmm. sort of pivoting from the same point <laughs> and just leading two different ways. I, uh, I thought this was definitely intriguing, kept me interested. I liked the one thing I liked is the way, the story unfolded in within this issue, which we couldn't really do in the recap because it's told over, you know, kind of in hindsight, you know what I mean? It, it, and, yeah. you know, from like the beginning, the therapist thing is sort of like a, a little bit of backstory. Then you get a little bit more, it gets teased out over time, you know, and uh, the implications of like the battling of battling Madam Adam, which is a good name that, that is, uh, it is. That'll shocked get... that wasn't, hasn't been used before in comics, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, I it, to me, this is something that has the potential to be interesting. You know, it's uh, it's mm. got me intrigued. It's not, uh, you know, fascinating, but it's definitely got me intrigued to want to read the next issue. Where it goes, how closely it follows other comics will determine, of course, whether this is a worthwhile comic. Visually, sure. I have no real problems or accolades to give it. Uh, I'd say it looks fine, especially in the yeah, young animal right. in the young animal pantheon. It's not, yeah. I really just have no no complaints or great things to say yeah. about it either way. It's 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 there's nothing really wrong with it. It's not. This wouldn't be the problem with the book if you were to say uh, this book had problems. So uh, mm. 
yeah, I, I ended up thinking it was pretty good, and I gave it a, I think, a fairly positive 7.5 out of 10. Where do you think you would land on it? I'd land closer to a six, I think. I don't want to be too uh, dismissive of it, but at yeah. the same time, I mean, after reading, you know, the new uh, the new volume of Shade and how that is kind of fallen, and then this is similar in tone, to yeah. me at least, it just, it makes me feel like this young animal imprint is headed straight down the toilet. Uh, I hate to be, you know, <laughs> extreme about it, but yeah. it's like, since Milk Wars happened, we've had Shade, and now we have this. And it's just like, wow, I mean, did it change or did I change? It's, <laughs> there's, there's been a change You've here. grown a lot in the last year, Chris. I don't think, I guess, I think maybe right? the uh, maybe the heady poetry of last year is no longer your bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I, I just don't, I don't know. Uh, I just don't know. It's, I'm not as optimistic about the line anymore where I used to be. Even yeah. when we read like those, like almost incomprehensible issues of bug. So oh we God. still stayed. Uh, we still stayed somewhat optimistic about the future. Oh God, but uh, until issue four, then then the optimism drained out of that. Thing. Well, then it just became fun to like, pick apart. God, yeah, we did have a good time doing that much, but three or four. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I really do hear you, and I think I think what you're saying is valid, and I think that just the fact that it rubs you the wrong way is a valid you know thing to say as hmm. well. Uh, you know, it's just. Uh, you, you're looking at it. You're you're not seeing as much potential. I'm seeing, you know, to be potential for yes. something good. But it, it, it could go either way, is what it is right now. What sure, we have, it could be the best thing. It could be the yeah, worst thing. We really, we really have, uh, uh, you know, a very uh, piloty issue here, and not even one of those old school piloty issues that give you like an info dump where you, you know, sure, uh, you know so much about the character by the end of the first issue. People. You used to actually know who the character was at the end of the first issue of comics, believe it or not. That used to be a thing. Uh, yes. But, uh, yeah, anyway, you know, obviously we're going to keep on marching on with this book as it comes out and see what happens with it. I was glad to see it didn't have a backup. That is it, true. It did have a bunch of other, you know, classic young animal nonsense, a letter from Gerard Way or whatever. and what blah, blah. He wrote a letter? Something you have, you have time know. to write a letter. I, I, well, I, he might have dictated it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he, maybe he made, uh, he wrote a letter to press on a T-shirt, and then they just printed the letter. That's what, I, that's how it was. That's how you can <laughs> see the rest of the letter. No, I think it was like when I was a kid and I had to send a letter in for school. My, uh, my dad would make me write it, and he would sign it. That was that's the way Gerard Way did it. <laughs> so Magdalene Visaggio wrote it. And she he wrote it. it. She said, "This is a you can't wait to read this great book." Anyway, uh, so we we will see where Eternity Girls go. Ger, Eternity Girl goes mm-hmm. uh, for the next six months. If for the next six months at least, I would say yeah, but and probably <laughs> probably that's it. But we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, obviously, I, I mean, uh, to be honest with Young Animal, I don't know that... Well, this is a six-issue mini, right? Is it? I, did it say six-issue mini? I didn't see it. I could have sworn. I, already, I, I could have sworn. I already dumped it right after we finished ah. talking about it. So, uh, that's quite... That's You You might be right about that. that that's yeah, that wasn't an indictment on, on it being canceled. But, but also, was... but, but with Young Animal, though, it seems like whether they keep a book going or not, it seems irrespective of the shipping numbers. That's uh, true. Whether they have, like, a secret trade sales algorithm or it's doing great in digital or they just don't care. I don't know what it is. So <laughs> that, you know, a popularity will, I feel like will not have a bearing on whether this book becomes an ongoing, but we don't know. That's sure. a, that is what we call wild speculation at this point. Indeed. Uh, speaking of wild speculation, don't worry about getting the uh, variant cover of this book. It's not going to be rare. So 
Uh, next <laughs> week, we do have a young animal book. We do. Uh, it is. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to this one, Chris. Cave Carson has an interstellar eye, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cave Carson, one of, one of our favorite series. I was uh, going to say, I think this is the one I was looking forward to most. Yeah, uh, you know, well, at one time I might have said Doom Patrol, but I guess that's over. <laughs> that's this, just, this really is the... That ship refuses honest, you know, to sail. I am, I am also very curious about Mother Panic, man. Mother Panic, to me, is a comic that we still don't like, but has become a sleeper hit it's, in yeah. my mind because we, we had discounted it so much, you know? Uh, yes, that one did come around, and it was also the star of Milkwood. The star of Milkwood, and, and it turns out to be just the most flat-out readable comic. Just like, absolutely, here's a comic you can read from front to back and understand. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm just curious as like a, a purely reviewer and you know pre- reading this line level to see what that book's going to be. If that's if that's going to go further and bring out your favorite character find of 2018 ferric fox <laughs> let's hope uh we'll find out but anyway that's 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 in two weeks i guess next week is cave cars and interstellar mm-hmm. eye and we will be back to talk about that one but i think that's all we got from this week chris got anything else for him nope that'll do it well until next time folks i want you to keep it young and animalistic See, when I was a young boy up in the South Bronx, I never carried a gun. Was knocking out chumps, punks, all faggots, plus sisters and creeps. You get in my face, Jack, I lead you out in the streets with no weapons, y'all. Not a chain, no back. But... Hello, and welcome to this edition of. Uh, the Wild Storm. Uh, last week we had issue twelve of the main uh, the main title, and uh, and very good it was too. Uh, we thoroughly enjoyed that, or at least I did. Uh, and I know uh, that the Hollywood Kid from Leak Slip uh, enjoyed it too. So that's all good. Uh, I wonder if uh, if Luke is reading Michael Cray. I'm not sure that he is actually. Um, I, I wouldn't blame him if he wasn't. Um, the Michael Cray series has been uh, very much, well, I think so far a bit of a missed opportunity, and um, this issue is better, and uh, it, there's a real sense of uh, things taking a new direction, uh, which I'm I'm quite happy about. Uh, so this issue of uh, of the Wildstorm Michael Cray, which is issue six. Uh, is uh, is an interesting one. I wouldn't say it's perfect, not by any means, um, but it's uh, it's interesting, and uh, it's moving in a slightly different direction than we've been used to in the series so far. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to talking about it, to be honest with you. So anyway, let's dive in. Here we go. Uh, the Wildstorm Michael Cray issue six is written by Brian Hill with Warren Ellis. Uh, art is by uh, Larry. I think it's Harmer. I've never actually tried to pronounce... <laughs> Larry Hamer, I think, is what it is. Uh, art is by Larry Hamer. Uh, he has done the breakdowns uh, for this issue, as indeed he did for last issue. Um, and Stephen Harris is on pencils, and Dex Devines is on inks. Uh, colours are by Diablo Kelly, uh, and letters are by Simon Boland. It is published by DC Comics, and the price is, of course, $3.99. Michael Cray, a character I quite like, trapped in a book I really haven't, or at least not as much as I wanted to. 
Up to now, Grey Skywatch sanctioned missions to hunt down dark, psychopathic versions of some of the DC Universe's best-loved heroes have been rushed, formulaic, and consequently somewhat predictable. And dull. Will this issue, the conclusion to a two-parter featuring a genetically altered, psychotically deluded Arthur Curry, break the mould? There's only one way to find out. And indeed there is. And uh, we start off less than auspiciously, shall we say, uh, with Michael Cray rescuing Leon. Uh, Leon, if you remember, is the member of his team, uh, the burly, fleshed-out, and uh, generally not very interesting uh, bunch of supporting characters. Uh, their task seems to have been uh, to bail him out of uh, the ending of issue two. Once that has happened, it seems that um, the creative team can't find anything <laughs> useful for them to do. If you remember, they're used as bait um, at the end of uh, issue four, which is the Barry Allen, the end of the Barry Allen two-parter. And now Leon, uh, although not deliberately used as bait uh, by Michael Cray here, um, is nevertheless in that situation, sort of... The issue opens then with, um, I suppose, the last issue's cliffhanger being resolved. Um, the sharks attack the boat. Um, Michael Cray takes them out with a gun. Um, he wades into the water and uh, dispatches the sharks and rescues uh, rescues Leon. Uh, and Leon's are, uh, <coughs> Leon's left arm. Uh, is missing, or at least the, the, the forearm is missing. It's been bitten off by the shark, and uh, Cray kind of just pulls him out of the water, um, and that's that's pretty much it. He kind of leaves him on the beach, and there are a number of dead bodies scattered around who are presumably villagers uh, who have uh, been watching this, uh, this sacrifice, keeping an eye on Leon, and Cray has dispatched them uh, at some point between the end of last issue in the beginning of this and their bodies are just kind of scattered on the beach. Uh, as storytelling goes and as, as a resolution of a crisis goes, uh, it's uh, it's pretty mediocre. Um, and the art is, uh, is also not especially great. The sea is kind of flat. I mean, literally, <laughs> literally flat. Uh, there's a nice kind of sort of moon in the sky kind of thing and there's a nice kind of smoke effect over the over the art as well but there are there are no stars in the sky at all it's just a black uh, sort of rectangle with the moon in the top right hand corner um i i i don't want i don't want to diss professional artists really but i i i just don't think that's particularly good Particularly because of what we get in the in the parent title, uh, where there's a certain attention to detail. I I, I honestly can't imagine uh, Davis Hunt uh, and uh, Steve Bucciolato doing doing something as as kind of basic and perfunctory as as that night sky. If I'm being absolutely honest, but anyway, that is not the not the worst <laughs> worst thing we're going to talk about today. I will just say this: um, in this in this issue, we, we start obviously we, we we start with the with the rescue, which is which is fine. Um, 
the thing that lifts it, the thing that elevates it, the thing that that, that makes it kind of uh, more interesting than than it probably should be, to be honest with you, is is the narration because there is a narrator and mysteriously um simon boland's letters um render this as as white on black text and uh, every so often you get a panel of uh, a weird um sort of purpley background with lightning sort of flaring across it now there's a couple of things that that occur to me about this well, I, 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 okay. I, I, in in order for me to explain or, or talk about that, I'm going to have to give a little bit of of, uh, of the reveal about what the voice is away. So I'll do that now. It is the tumor uh, in Michael Cray's brain. It is talking to Michael, uh, talking about death, talking about change, talking about how they are a necessity. It's not an enemy. It's something to to embrace. It's speaking to him in a very kind of persuasive, sort of almost philosophical way. And it, it's all kind of clever and a bit disturbing. Now, the interesting thing is, as I say, that there are these panels which are... One looks like kind of space. Another looks like a, uh, a sort of purplish, purplish kind of nebula. Uh, with lightning flashing across it. There's a couple of things that, that, that occur to me about this. Uh, one is that that it is out of space. And, and whatever this thing is in Michael Cray's uh, head, it has come from out of space um, and is literally alien in that sense. That's that's certainly a possibility. The other possibility is, is that the colour scheme really reminds me of the bleed. Uh, we've seen the bleed before um, on a number of occasions in the main Wildstorm book. And there is just this kind of suggestion there that, that this is possibly bleedish kind of background. It's interesting anyway. And uh, because it's there, the issue gets intriguing in a way that issues in this series have not been for a good while. Uh, the last time I think I spoke about um, this series... I talked at, at some length about how predictable it, it all is and um, how there's a, there's a set formula that we seem to be following uh, that involves Michael Cray being dispatched to um, take out one of uh, the uh, DC Universe's reimagined uh, heroes uh, that have turned into some kind of psychotic villain for whatever reason. Um, and that information is just kind of dumped on a plate for Michael and also for us, and that it's all it all happens kind of very quickly and quite promising ideas about about kind of psychopathic versions of the DC characters and and what have you are um, are not really followed through and are not really developed. This already this issue is is better, and the, the for the simple reason that there is now an air of mystery in this book. Um, and um, I was talking to uh, Alex M on the Slack chat uh, earlier on this week, and uh, and he said, and I, and I completely agree with him that 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 is exactly what this book needed. Uh, it needed the something out of left field just to kind of manifest itself and 
and give us a kind of a sense of excitement about this book or and and it has done that and and i'm very grateful for that um moving on though we'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute we're, we're moving on uh cray uh looks up this is the title page the title page is page two it's a bit early actually for your average wildstorm book but um anyway uh, Cray's looking up at the cliff face, and on the cliff face, of course, there is uh, Arthur Curry looking down uh, in silhouette. They're sort of behind him. The moon seems to grow and shrink in size, depending on how important it is to the sort of panel. Um, I'm not too bothered about that, really. Cray kind of leaves Leon there. Leon's two lines of dialogue in this whole story are. Uh, Harvard from last issue and from this issue. <laughs> so there you go. Um, Cray says, you know, you're alive, Leon. Be a good boy. Maybe Trelane will fix you. Um, and then he goes after Arthur Curry. Uh, I said in my review on the site, I thought that was that was unnecessarily callous for, for Michael Cray. I, 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 I like Michael. And I think one of the good things about this series is that it has built on this idea of Cray being, yes, he's a killer, and we know he's a killer, but there's also um, a level of vulnerability about Cray that uh, that is kind of appealing, and um, that's very that's very much undercut if if you have him indulge in in kind of this sort of uh, callous. I suppose it's meant to be kind of badass, you know, kind of uh, dialogue. And uh, if you do that, then then you risk undercutting that sort of that sense of uh, sympathy that you really want the reader to have for your character. Um, but anyway, he goes up to uh, Curry's mansion, and before he gets there, we change scene and we go to London, England. That's the caption. And there's a man tied up with tarot cards in front of him and a and a candle. And he's been beaten up. And there's blood on his shirt. And uh, the first thing he says is, I can't focus, can't work like this. And a, and a second person, a man it looks like by his hand, grabs his face and says, well, someone needs to put them back into it then. Put all that fear and pain to you, so I'll just have to give you a bit more. And so he sets out the, he basically sets uh, sets out to perform a tarot reading for this unseen person, who, it is pretty obvious, is John Constantine. And 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 I will say that this is a great way of introducing a character. And I think uh, the creator team do a good job here with the. With the introduction there, he's lighting a cigarette. Uh, he's got the cigarette in his mouth, and he he just says the word bollocks. And weirdly enough, despite the fact you don't see his face properly, that is enough to tell you that it's John Constantine. And I think, as a way of introducing the character, I think that's that's pretty cool. So that's uh, that's good. And then we're back in New Zealand again. Cray is riding up the path to this mansion on the cliff face. There's some nice little touches here. To be fair, the the, the knocker is a kind of uh, is a skull with kind of octopus tentacles um, sort of wrapped around it, and the tumor talks to him and says, "What doors are locked to us? 
Use your will, host. And there's a couple of things here. Firstly, the fact that that it calls him host should be pretty alarming to anybody. Okay, because obviously this is a kind of a parasitical organism, um, and it's directing him and uh, telling him what to do, and he follows its directions and opens the door by disintegrating it. So that all of that's kind of disturbing, really. And he sort of he kind of basically burns a hole through the door, and he kind of steps through it. He steps through the hole in the door and enters the curry residence. He has a look at the he has a look at the fireplace with the picture above it, and he says to hell with kings, which I which I kind of find funny because uh, obviously you've got Jackie King who works for I O. Now we've not seen the two together to be fair, so I don't know whether he's had any sort of direct dealings with her. Uh, and of course you can argue that it it's also uh, to hell with kings is a rep- is a reference not only to sort of Miles Craven, uh, but also to Christine Trelane, who both of whom have kind of some sort of say and authority over his life. So, you know, arguably that's that that's also what he's referring to. But it, it is it is kind of cute, I suppose. And he sits on Curry's throne. And again, you know, the, the tension is building here. He's, we're looking for this confrontation to happen. We're going to have to wait again because we're back to London. And this time, Constantine and this seer are talking. Uh, whenever he turns over the tarot card, it's the death card. And the seer says, uh, and he's referring to Michael Cray, death is coming for me. Uh, that's what the uh, that's what Constantine says. And uh, the seer says, but he's not alone. There's another with him, inside him. I can't see a way to keep him far, far from you. And and so there's this there's this sense that that so it's almost like a confirmation of the the presence of this this alien kind of strange organism presence within Michael Cray's head and uh, it's nicely done that that's actually that works quite well so you, you get this kind of you get this dialogue but also this kind of independent confirmation of what you're beginning to suspect because at this point you, you're still not 100% sure exactly what it is it's talking to Michael Cray and uh, the seer kind of saying this just kind of gets gets you gets you thinking about it is it it's nicely done we come back to uh, the Curry Mansion, and um, Curry sat there in the throne. There are f- flames around him. I don't know why there are flames around him. There is a, there is a fire sort of in the grate. Did he set the flames? If so, that's kind of weird because because when we look at it, there are flames both around him. Uh, sorry, but, uh, behind him. And in front of him, there's a kind of a sense of a, of a circling of, of, of flames. Um, it's it's a bit of an odd thing to do, is to sit there and wait for something to happen and set fire to the room that you happen to be waiting in. This seems a bit bizarre to me. Um, as it happens, uh, Curry attacks from below. Uh, now, from a conceptual point of view, I kind of like that, because obviously Curry is... Uh, is Aquaman, or at least, well, I never use the word Aquaman in, in this universe, but um, he is an aquatic creature, and he's uh, experimented on himself to make himself sort of strong and and uh, able to swim great distances and all that kind of stuff. Um, so having him attack from below kind of makes sense. On the other hand, I, I suppose the idea is that he is doing this very quickly. 
although that's not 100% spelled out, because what he does is he kind of uses his claws to cut a circle in the wooden floor around the throne, and then Cray drops down. Now, that sounds like a good idea, but the problem with this is that uh, there's something kind of cartoonish about it. We've seen this kind of thing in sort of like Tom and Jerry cartoons and stuff like that. I don't really want to be reminded of Tom and Jerry cartoons when I'm when I'm reading uh, a Wildstorm comic. Um, and yes, I am. The the other thing is 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 it doesn't appear his the claw does not appear to be moving quickly enough. Um, and it raises the question of why doesn't Michael Clay just jump out the way? Uh, because it looks like he's got time to do it. Um, I, again, I, I don't think that's the intention, fairly obviously. I think we're meant to think that it's it's very quick. Uh, but it's you actually see just the claw at one point, okay? and it's all almost all the way through. So I guess that the idea is is that you it's meant to be kind of quick, but it just looks a little bit weird and comical. And the fact that there's there's fire burning around as well just seems like an added thing that they put in there uh, to kind of heighten the, the tension and make things look less uh, less silly. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't stop them <laughs> being any less silly. Uh, so yeah it's 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 a bit of an odd one that I, I i anyway he he drops through this this hole in the floor it's it's kind of funny i guess he, the the chair the throne kind of falls apart he he lands on uh, on the bottom of something i i'm going to be honest with you the art here is kind of crap um i i, I only in a sense that it's conf confusing because because on the one hand, the, the first panel is you see him in the chair falling through darkness. The only light source that there is is coming from the hole that he's just fallen through. That's fine. I can handle that. But then uh, for the rest of this page, there's the, the, the light is very bright. You know, there's the, the coloring for the background is quite bright. And it's all just a little bit disconnected and disjointed. You see sort of sort of Curry's hand reaching out for Craig, grabbing him by the head, throwing him through something, we think. But we don't and, and okay, when he goes through this this wooden wall into, I suppose, uh Curry's inner sanctum, um it the the I guess what I'm trying to say is that the the surrounding, the setting becomes more solid, becomes more real, which is which is fine. But 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 the setting from which he's just come is is very abstract, and as a result of that, um, it, it's all just a bit odd. It's just a bit kind of weird, disconnected. It reminds me a little bit of kind of like uh, old 1970s um, sci-fi films, where it was sort of de rigueur to have kind of um to what white backgrounds all white backgrounds and what have you and, and that was meant to be kind of futuristic it sort of reminds me a little bit of that it just doesn't quite come off really as well as it could um anyway he, he, craig comes through into presumably this inner sanctum and there's there's a dead shark uh partly uh eviscerated on the bench in front of him uh there's some kind of weird sort of flayed creature hanging from uh, a sort of metal crossbar uh, to his right. And um, so we get this confrontation between Cray and Curry. Um, you know, Curry 
just looks hideous. He looks monstrous and just insane, fairly obviously. I, I mean, all, all, all the characters that he's met so far are insane. Um, but Curry's is kind of Curry is particularly sort of monstrously insane, um, and the creature in Cray is telling him what to say. He see he wants to say to make this monster afraid host, and um, I I don't know I I don't know whether whether this is is effective dialogue or not really. Uh, the 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 creature inside Cray, I'm calling it a creature. It, it, a presence is probably a better word, actually. The presence inside Crate uh, says, Tell him you are death. Watch his face when he hears you. Make this monster afraid host. That's kind of interesting, I suppose. Does that mean that the presence inside Cray kind of feeds off that fear or something? I, I don't know. Anyway, he doesn't say that he is death. He just says, I just killed the monsters, so let's get on with it. So uh, if I was the host, I'd be like, No, 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 no. I said... I said, tell him you're death. You didn't say that. It's too late now. Uh, and they begin to fight. Of course they do. Uh, but not before a little bit more dialogue uh, where, Cray, where Curry kind of says, I'm no product of science. I'm beyond science. These people worship me as a god. I will teach you why. And he uh, hammers his trident down onto the ground. And um, an octopus emerges from the wall. So that's apparently what what the trident does makes octopuses, sorry, octopi, uh, emerge from the wall. So that's great, and it grabs Cray and takes him into the ocean. And there is a kind of one of the better pieces of art actually is is this kind of smug, self satisfied look on the mutant Arthur Curry's face um, when the when the octopus kind of takes him. Um, so he thinks obviously that he's won. And then uh, the octopus kind of takes him out, uh, bursts out through the cliff wall, which uh, it, it just looks a bit naff, really. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, he kind of kind of comes out uh, through the through the cliff wall and uh, sort of bounces into the into the waves with Cray sort of wrapped up in its tentacles, and um, yeah. Uh, then we're back to London again, and we've got runes being read, and it's all, you know, um, um, they're talking about Cray. They're, I mean, not not talking about him by name, but they know that he's coming. Um, and so we get a little bit more of that, and then we're back into the ocean again, and Cray is drowning, and the um, the presence inside him tells him to. Uh, to sort of cut loose, but he has to beg um, the presence to help him, and and this is interesting because it says you're dying, but you don't need to die. Ask us to help you. Beg us. There's a couple of things. The one is that it, it seems to require permission. Okay, the, this this thing inside him. The second thing is is it's referring to itself as the in in the plural. So ask us to help you, beg us, which raises all sorts of questions about what what it is, what it could be. Uh, it's it's interesting stuff, but whatever it is, it, it is it some kind of gestalt or entity? Is it connected to kind of like a host mind that's somewhere else? Who knows? Who knows? But it's it's, it's prompting all sorts of questions, and that is this. 
that is pretty interesting. And um, Cray breaks free of the octopus by essentially disintegrating it and his clothes. And you end up with uh, essentially a na- a battle between uh, naked men uh, underwater. So if that's your thing, then this is the issue for you. Uh, and there's an interesting kind of line of, of dialogue from the presence here where it says, we've seen gods, he's no god prove it to him and uh and he does he captures the trident that um that curry throws at him and uh pierces curry with it um there's a couple of things to say about this and um, it's still kind of perfunctory and, and, and this has been a problem with this uh series for ever since issue two really which is that the fighting between um uh, between Cray and the various, uh, the various kind of DC villains, sorry, DC heroes turned villain, is just a, it's just a little bit over too quickly. Uh, you know, we, we we are meant to believe that sort of Arthur Curry is this incredibly kind of powerful um, creature. Uh, does he really throw his trident at Michael Cray underwater? expecting it to hit him uh, you know michael cray catching it and using it against him it's kind of I, it, it's not exactly what i would call um complicated as, as a resolution to to a fight uh it's not complicated and it's not especially satisfying the interesting stuff about this this issue is not really to do with arthur curry uh, it's to do with cray himself and you do get this kind of interesting moment, really, where he's he emerges naked from the sea, and uh, he sits. Uh, he he presumably takes one of the one of the robes from the villagers, and he uh, he covers himself up with it. Uh, sit ne- sits next to Arthur Curry's body and Leon's body. Uh, Leon looks like he's passed out, and he sits there, kind of thinking for himself uh, or to himself i would say and then we see him back in um back in curry's workshop and he's on the phone to to trelane and he's basically refusing to hand over curry's research um and he's going to um he's going to destroy it he says, the job is done. I left you a body. There's even a fork in it. And and Trelane says, you work for me, Cray, and I wanted more than a body. Um, and Cray is, a, Cray is very much of the opinion that nobody should have this research. There should be no other monsters like uh, like Arthur Curry. And so he uses the power that these uh, creatures, this presence has within him uh, to destroy the house. And then in the ruins of the house, he says speaking to the creatures which which admittedly he's done a little bit of earlier on this issue but this is a proper conversation he's acknowledging the voice in his head and he's speaking with it as as if it is a person as if it is a uh, a character a personality and he says what are you doing to me and uh i i, I mean to be honest with you we're, we're talking sort of like this is like this is like Hal in 2001. There's, there's that kind of vibe to it. You know, you seem upset, Michael. We're doing so well. 
and and he's crying. Gray is crying, and he says, "I don't want to be this." And he's and the 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 presence says, "How could you know what you want until we show it to you? You're changing, Michael. You're dying, and that's a good thing." And and, and there's something kind of very disturbing about about that and there's also something just a little bit uh sort of religious going on here because because visually a cray looks like almost like this sort of prophetic figure this sort of biblical figure um standing on the edge of of the, the cliff face wearing these robes and kind of screaming and crying into into the into the night uh, uh, that there is something kind of, um, as I said, there's something kind of biblical about it, something sort of profound about it. Or I'm not, I should point out that just because something is biblical means it's profound. But 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 there is something kind of, um, there's something sort of ancient and and mythical uh, being being sort of referred to here, and and I I do I do like that. Um, anyway, we're back to Constantine. The seer looks, the seer looks in pretty bad shape. The the, the final page is well. Uh, let me just go through the dialogue because the dialogue is interesting actually. Uh, Constantine, so this deathly man, how do I stop him? He's going to ask you for help. He needs your knowledge, doctor. He needs an exorcism. Well, that's interesting. Haven't done one of those in a good while. What does this lost, lonely bloke look like? He's black. He looks like a soldier. And I'll do my best to see him coming. Well done, seer. Chin up. Good news is I'm going to set you free, mate. The bad news is how I'm going to do it. And then uh, on the last page, as he's saying that line, you see Constantine in all his glory. Um, he is um, He's bald, um, tanned. Uh, still got the cigarette kind of hanging out of his mouth. His shirt is blood-stained, and he's got a scalpel in his hand, and he looks like a complete lunatic. And it says, uh, Dr. Jonathan Constantine, PhD, physicist, psychologist, occultist, intelligent psychopath, to be continued, and quite rightly so. So th this is all kind of interesting stuff now, because suddenly, instead of just doing uh, Christine Trelane's bidding, uh, Cray has got a personal stake uh, in in the outcome of his missions now, and and there's this notion of I mean the idea of kind of an exorcism is 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 kind of interesting, uh, and him going to Constantine voluntarily is 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 kind of interesting as well. So suddenly that this this series has become quite intriguing again, and and after uh, sort of well probably th at least three issues of really quite sort of disappointing uh storytelling this is much better now I, I i gave it a seven out of ten on the site i i, I will say a couple of things about this now I, I would have liked to have given it slightly higher there is no way uh, i can justify that with the artwork being as ropey as it is i mean th this this last image on the last page is is pretty nice and there are individual panels that work fairly well but as a as a whole taken as a whole there are just too many uh panels where either faces look wonky 
or or the composition is is not especially uh, inspiring or there isn't a, an awful lot of detail or it's difficult to follow there, there are too many um, sort of panels like that uh, in this book for me to uh, to, to ever get uh, enthused about this this artwork so that's one thing the second thing is um, the resolution between the curry fight and the uh, and the cray fight, the the, the 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 tension and the confrontation between them was was I thought handled quite well. I I, I quite liked that. The fight itself was was a, I mean what if you ignore the whole octopus thing? I mean, I mean the octopus thing was okay. It was a bit silly. It, it was a bit. Um, I said yet yeah, last time that uh, there's, a, there's a kind of there's a wicker man kind of vibe to this which which there is um but I, but I think now we're kind of moving into sort of hammer horror kind of territory really in a way um not the hammer horror films were all that bad actually but, but, there, but there's a kind of a sense of it's a little cheesy it's a little pulpy um which, which it, you know again I don't, normally don't have a problem with that but I think I think here uh, I th I would much rather that the confrontation between Curry and Cray was more direct, um, and um, that's not really what we get here, which is which is a bit of a shame. Um, but I am intrigued for for where this series is going um, because it does now feel like it is going somewhere, uh, whereas before it felt quite circular. It felt sort of episodic, but. It was like watching a kind of an old uh, cop show in a way, you know, it, every two issues equals a 50 minute episode of, you know, I don't know, CSI or whatever, where, where things are kind of reset pretty much at the end of every episode and you're back to where you started at the beginning uh of the next episode and whatever character progression there is 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 done extraordinarily slowly and and what have you this now feels like we we've got a bit of a kickstart to this series again and i'm so glad because there is massive potential in this character and, and i like the character i like the character a great deal i think he's a really engaging character i think he's he's interesting i think we feel for him um we we recognize that there's a sort of a moral conundrum to 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 what he does um and also now there is this kind of you know he's losing control and and, and for somebody like cray uh, who should be in control and 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 for whom being in control and being very precise about the way he goes about his job is a key part of his personality and now rather than um than relying on things like planning and what have you he's now being encouraged by literally voices in his head to be uh, much more improvisational and, and to make things up as he goes along. So th th there's there's a there's a, a really kind of interesting sort of tension there that I think, you know, and and when when you kind of see the whole kind of scene where he's he's crying and he's standing on the on the cliff edge at the end of the issue, um, saying that he doesn't want to be this. Th 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 that's that feels very authentic to me. It feels very genuine. And I, I think, you know, as a reader, you can kind of really empathize with that, which is which is great to see. I, I'd still have reservations about this series, but I am much more happy with it now than I was last issue. Uh, so seven out of ten. 
uh, for for that. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, it's been very kind of you to do so. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. It's at Door Jeremy, and uh, you can follow me there. I occasionally spout useless things, and uh, I'm sure those of you who like useless things uh, will probably find that moderately interesting. Uh, if you wish to uh, follow me on uh, on my blog, which still hasn't been updated in ages, uh, it's jddunsani.wordpress.com. Uh, follow me on there. Uh, there'll be quite a bit of uh, comic-related reviews and stuff like that on there. Uh, and uh, you can check me out there. And, of course, you can check me out on the Weird Science DCComics.com website, where there's an awful lot of my reviews up there. And words of Jim and Eric have very kindly allowed me to uh, to participate in this madness that is the Weird Science DC Comics media empire. So I will hand you back over to, to Jim and Eric. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you have a fantastic week, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Welcome to the podcast You know it's gonna be a long one The winner is your winner You know it's gonna be a strong one if you're thinking it's a nonsense, then it's time to phone it in. If you want to share your problems, then you can tell them on the gym. You can bitch about your car, bitch and bitch about your job. You can bitch about a hoodie, cause heck is a slob. You're right, baby. You're calling in the website, CC. You ain't raving, raving. You ain't raving. You gotta hear some real nonsense. Look out! And this is time, obviously, for the rant raise. If you have a rant or rave, you can write in or actually call in to 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. It's just that easy. Yes, it is, Eric. And we have three rent rates this week. And we're going to start with one of our favorite men on the planet, and that is... Rob Lewis. Ooh. Hey, Jim. Eric. Reggie. Members of the Get Fresh Crew. Boop, boop. boop, boop this boop. is your man, Rob Lewis. Poop, poop. Rob. And I'm calling what a rant. All right. Oh. DC Comics, I cannot believe it. <laughs> this Wednesday, I went over to Earthworld Comics here on Central Avenue in lovely Albany, New York. And I picked up Detective Comics. I picked up Action. I picked up Hal Jordan. I picked up The Flash and Titans. It's a lot of books. And I cannot believe it. For the first time, every single comic that I have a hard copy of disappointed me. I cannot believe that I I pulled it over this week. 
I cannot rave about a single thing in a comic that I purchased this week. What yeah. the hell is going on, guys? I want to tell you, I'll be into this with Rebirth with all sorts of enthusiasm, looking Everybody forward did. to what was coming in the future. And so far, I've been let down week after week. Yep. And I'm really fearful what's co coming up soon. Because if we go by past history with DC, now that Brian Bendis has his hands on Superman, you guys bent over and pulled your cheeks open <laughs> and gave oh, him the keys to the kingdom, and he's going to be able to do whatever he wants to do with this book. And I'm almost sure something's going to happen along the line that's going to disappoint a lot of us. Yeah. Oh, well. Say la vie. What can you do? <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Call the Rain Ravon is what you can do. Rob Lewis is very upset. <laughs> this is Maybe a problem. upset now. I said to you, uh, you know, just as a personal deal of having a podcast and wanting people to listen, you start losing your enthusiasm, you stop listening, and that sucks for us, too. So you're like, huh, okay, Weird Science, the Marvel Comics Podcast. Gotcha, yeah, Rob Lewis. Fresh start, the Marvel Comics Podcast. I told you, though, remember when we talked about where people were starting podcasts and websites that were just called The New 52. And yeah, we're like, ooh, yeah, that's putting an expiration date on all you're doing, isn't it, my friends? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't know. This is why uh, the problem with us is we have made the deal, me and Eric have made the business plan or the mission commitment. statement of talking about every single book or, you know, as much as we can or do. And, uh, yeah, so it, it is coming off as we're really negative and that we hate things to hate it. No, we hate it because, like Rob Lewis said, there's a lot of these weeks. And at the end of the podcast, you'll hear when we talk about our book of the week. Obviously, we haven't done all the books, but you can kind of get the gist of kind of how that's going. Probably combined for me and you, the lowest scores for two books of the week for, for the weeks. And honestly, that seems how it's been for a while for me yeah. as well. But even so, like there, you've had like, oh, my book of the week is this at a seven five or whatever, and I'll be like, well, I gave White Knight a nine three. That's obviously my book of the week. This week we're both. I think my book of the week is a seven five, and yours is a seven. Yeah, that's crazy. And and what's crazy about that? Just remember that I think that by the end of this, I haven't done all the calculations. I think that we talked about seven hundred and twenty two books this week. Sounds about right. So there's, but it, this isn't a podcast that we talk about three books. So that would be, oh, what's your book of the week of three? We have a very large pick plus the Patreon only spotlights plus the regular spotlight. We have a lot of so books. many that I usually forget about what my pick yes, of the week would be. Yes, and we have, uh, you know, a lot of books to pick from. Yet it doesn't seem like we can find one all the time to you know really rave about but let's put on a pedestal hopefully brandon's wrong hopefully that by this time say october uh brandon sits there and has to write an email and saying you know what maybe the problem with brian michael bendis is he was burned out at marvel and now he is really good and i have to eat my words and in the same time i'm on the podcast saying you know what tom king nailed the, the fucking ending of mr miracle and really turned around Get the trade, and this Batman story is is fucking incredible. And Crazy oh my talk. goodness, you know the the stuff that we're getting with the Doomsday Clock. I'm so excited now. Also, the Justice League. You know, no justice. Oh my god, best run of Justice League ever. This is possible. People can get better, and people can write better stories. I just I want to see it. 
I, I really want to see it, and I need to see it quick, or I'm going to start yelling for reboot, Eric. And I'm not talking DC Comics. I'm talking me and your life. Uh, freaking the Jim and Eric reboot. I'm going to fucking wipe my everything out of my Is mind. Is that where we gonna... move out west and just become famous singers? Yes, and dancers. Uh, oh. Because I'm going to freaking mind wipe myself and not know any of this nonsense. Told you, I will tell everybody right now, if we decide – in three weeks that we come out here and say, listen, me and Eric, we hate each other so yeah. much. I cannot stand that I have to talk to him when mm -hmm. I don't really have to mm -hmm. and you vice versa. And we say we're done. Believe you me. It's going to be a long time before I read another comic. I'm going to, I'm going to be done and I'm going to be done. I'm going to get back off from all of this and try to see what life is all about. I'm going to look like when a guy gets out of a coma and steps outside for the first time in fucking eight years, uh, fucking rubbing my eyes and wondering why the hell, uh, such singers as Matthew Sweet are no longer America's sweethearts, Eric. It's all passed by and then sit there and like, People don't like Joss Whedon anymore? Jesus Christ, what, what fucking world am I living in? World That's moves on. That's already happened, though, Eric. And I'm like, at least I can sit down and watch that 80s show. I, I, I have to catch up on that one. All right, Eric, we're going to go on. You, nothing with that 80s show you don't even want, no. to, you don't want to control. Hey, anybody can tell me about the new season of Daria? I really think that show is going places. I just want to know what happened. You started this off with you being in a coma for eight years. Yeah, and I'm just saying. But here's the thing. Eight years, but you don't realize, really wasn't into media at that point. <laughs> Everything no. just goes back even further. I come out, and I'm like, hey, is Richie still friends with the Fonz? Did Fonz ever I think get you to... had some problems before did, the coma, Jim. Did Fon... Well, I'm in a coma. I have brain damage. I think it was eight years. They didn't tell me. It's like in Jumanji. Fucking, you know, uh, Nick Jonas thought he was in there for 20 minutes. He was in there for a while. Come... Hey, Cindy Crawford still fly. That's what I'm saying, Eric. See, now I'm, I'm getting in with these movies, with the movie pass. I know what's going on. Hey, did the Fonz ever... Was he ever able to say that he was not cool and that he was in love? Did that ever happen? That's what I say did the did the guys at cheers ever not become pieces of shit there you go there you go eric you know what i'm talking about you know <laughs> eight years isn't all this stuff within eight years hey where's that new nirvana album i think that kurt cobain was going places and that last song i heard was number one with a bullet eric we're gonna move on now to I don't know why you don't know how to say nirvana right if you were a fan it's because i i i had a coma i don't know what's going on I, I can't say it i you know but i could i mean legitimately i am a big fan of nirvana so uh, i do say it right uh yes i come out where, where's this new a bill paxton movie going on i think oh, that guy's a, that guy's a really good talent i like what he's got going on there all right, people still into that there, Nickelback, and yes. they, that up-and-coming band. I really, I, I, I got an advanced preview of their demo. Did they ever hit? There you go, Eric. And see, that is my guy who's come out of an eight-year coma, but yet really was not knowledgeable before that coma. <laughs> John F. Kennedy still president. That is really weird because you weren't even born when he was president. Things are going well. You don't realize now I'm playing a character that the coma, you, you didn't realize this movie that I'm writing now. Coma was actually time travel, Eric. That's oh, how shit. it all turns about. You thought I was in a coma. What a twist. That was just my body 
while I time travel. There you go. That's your Abe Lincoln still have that there headache? There, that's that's stuff that I say in this. Now it's a TV show, uh, kind of like Quantum Leap. It's actually I'm making the new show, Quantum Leap Two, changing it back. And basically, I go through and every episode, Leaper? every episode is just me changing back everything that happened in Quantum Leap. So yeah, I am the. Evil. So you're the evil Leaper, yeah. But actually, it's weird because I can't that's called a jump that. to shark moment. I can't pronounce that either. So what I actually am, I have a disease. I'm the evil leper. Eric, and somehow that leads to me be able to time travel and change things. But the problem is, is the caveat is when you go back in time, you're not supposed to leave a piece of yourself behind. But as a leper, I can't help it. Eric. It happens all the time. A, a knuckle, a fucking foot. You never know what you're going to leave back in the, the Wash time. your goddamn body. I'm a leper. I can't help it. That's not anything to see. Now you're you're pushing the agenda of the fact that lepers are unclean. It, it is yes. a disease, Eric. You don't get leperism, leperism from a from being dirty. You get it because it's a disease. You so get it because how, you were bitten by a leopard. How dare you, leopardism? It's funny that when you get leopardism, that you do lose some body parts, but god damn it, you run fast. You run fast, Eric. That's cheetahs. I don't you give me your <laughs> telling you this all goes in my movie. It all makes sense by the end. And I would say that like, I've never heard of anybody say, though, you know, that Eric, he's as slow as a leopard. I think they might be fast as well. They, they, they seem a little cooler than the cheetah. Cheetah's a little uptight. With his running around and stuff, Eric. Like you, you're running through my mind right now, so I don't know if you're a cheater or something, but you were bitten by something. The, the sexy bug, maybe. I'm what are losing, we doing? I'm losing it, Eric. I'm telling you, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I am really, really, really tired right now, and I'm trying to hold it together with uh, scotch tape and bubble gum. The problem is, like in uh, fucking whatever they movie, live. Yeah, they live, I, I'm out of uh, hula hoops. God this damn next, it. This next, this next, kids. I don't know. Put on those glasses, Eric. Put them on. Yeah, I, I think that people listening, especially to this section, you are witnessing me hitting the wall. That is exhaustion because we, we did get done recording last night. We're, we're, you know, in a roundabout deal. This is Sunday, Sunday later than we ever expected it to be recording yeah. these. I wonder uh, why. It's four o'clock. I don't know. It's four o'clock uh, in the afternoon, Eric. Uh, we were hoping to be done this by probably two. Uh, I didn't go to bed until 7 a.m. after we recorded last night and then was woken up at quarter after eight. So there you go. I am exhausted and I don't feel good at all. I feel like I am, might be getting leopardism. Uh, but you know what? As they say, you, you can't change your spots, Eric, is what they say. Right. <laughs> It all goes around. It's like in that movie, Forrest Gump, when they say life is like a hoagie. You have to eat it quick, is what they say. Here we go. This is Chris. It's the Rimmer Man, and he's going to have a rant and rave about Mr. Miracle that I will try not to lose my mind because I really don't have anything left to lose. So here we go. Hey, guys. Sorry, it's a little bit noisy. Okay, should be quieter now. Listen, he's not on a bus or anything, so that that's hardly noisy, right? Maybe not. Apparently, everyone in Shreveport, Louisiana, thinks they're a drag racer. So, <laughs> you know, every car past. that passes by has 19 mufflers, uh, 25 uh, 
uh, stereo systems. <laughs> Each one with a different uh, CD in it, Eric, a tape. Uh, it's like that movie, The Fast and the Frustrating. Uh, you know, the, the works, uh, what they call the uh, the old Kentucky Derby 2.9, as uh, you know, as everyone calls it up in your parts of the world. What's he talking about, I, I think that Chris is tired, too. Uh, but anyway, I digress. The reason I'm calling is because I just want to talk about Mr. Miracle. Me, me and Chris are working on a side project that we're going to do together, a podcast that it, it'll blow your mind, Eric. And I mean it will because like each of us will just myself. talk about stuff and we won't even listen to each other. We'll just keep talking. Now, I've stayed on – Now he's talking about Mr. Miracle. I'm sorry to step on his toes. I'm bored with this book because it intrigued me from the beginning and <clears> – <throat> sorry. I'm just like – I'm starting to think that these little blips and these things that we think might be – I think he might be on a rocking chair. You hear? You hear? <laughs> he's he's sipping some lemonade and on the rocking chair. The reality like, glipsing. I'm starting to think that we're gonna. It's just gonna keep doing that, and it's just gonna be it Tom is. King writing random situations for yep. him and Big Barda to be in. And then the final like issue will be like, oh, it was no, none of it happened. You were actually trapped in a in a thing the whole yeah, time and you were being forced to dream these things or something it, it just it it's getting frustrating to even me and i'm pretty forgiving when it comes to comics i feel like maybe not so you know i don't know but i feel like i am you know i, I i've been sticking with tom i talked to chris he is he really is uh, Came a little bit longer i think than you guys but even so i've been pretty frustrated for a while but everyone else seems to think it's the most goddamn genius fucking shit they've read in years. And to me, when I read it, it doesn't make any sense. It's There's no connective tissue other than the characters that he's using. It's yeah. like you leave off on a cliffhanger of his brother dying and seeing Darkseid, and then you skip ahead nine months, and they're having a baby. Like, what the fuck happened? What yeah. happened at the point of that, of that cliffhanger? Uh, Barda got sick of eggs, and she's now eating grapes, Eric. We, mm. we found this out on Twitter. Like, Thank this is the problem with, uh, like, his books right now, yeah. his ongoing series. I think his one-shots are really good. They Even are. the Swamp Thing deal, I know it has problems with the poison ivy story, story, but as a standalone thing, I liked it. Yeah. And uh, the same thing with Batman Annual number two and all. I don't know if you heard that. I like that annual, Eric. I heard Batman that. Annual two. Like I just think he's. And also, I don't think you will say it, but the uh, that Looney Tunes, the Batman Elmer Fudd, was great. I never read it. It was great. Me and Reggie loved it. Uh, so Chris is on. More of a one shot guy, but this Mister Miracle thing is is driving me nuts. And the fact that it's gonna be fucking twelve issues of what looks like it's just gonna be bullshit now, every issue, and that no now. cliffhanger that ever happens is gonna fucking matter whatsoever. Now, that am is this the point? Where I'm smiling, uh, which I rarely do, but uh, finally I see that a lot of people are realizing what I was saying all along. That, And this is also, and Chris would probably admit it right now, issue 12 hits, and we do get the tie-in to everything and it all makes sense. At least now I think that people are starting to realize that you can't call this a genius run 
at the moment because we never get anything. You have to wait till the end to kind of give a final decree of it, but nobody wants to wait. They want to declare this as the best book of the last hundred years. I and people I just don't like to declare things. I don't understand it, though, and I think that's where he's going at. That's what he's telling us is like, oh, here's this crazy thing going on. Wait, never mind. Fast forward nine months, and we're having a baby. And what I just, just whatever. And here's the Furies, and they may or may not kill you whenever they get done with all of this. And it's just, I just don't understand if it's supposed to be funny, if it's supposed to be a joke, if it's supposed to be like fucking Garden State or something. Like with Zach Braff, is it supposed to be some weird intellectual <laughs> indie comedy drama that Natalie Portman was in that? Correct. She, she was no in idea. Garden State, I believe she was, but nobody. Brings her up, although it was a Zach Braff, you know, full vehicle there. Like, you get it or you don't get I don't fucking know what's going on, and that's what's frustrating, is because it's it's not like I'm paying a small price for the full book. I'm paying every month for this. I thought that was going to mention the edge of a seat at one point. <laughs> fucking book, and apparently now there's going to be a break, and they're going to make you wait even longer for the next issue, which probably won't do anything, because every yeah, issue is supposed to... Is supposed to be the most groundbreaking issue, and you're not ready for the next nope. one. What do you mean I'm not ready for the next one? If you've ever experienced, I'm not ready for the next one. Uh, you know, your your significant other giving birth in any form or fashion, I have. Um, this is a very tame, very lighthearted version of what that could be like. There's nothing. If you've ever watched a movie about anyone who's pregnant and having a baby, uh, a comedy, drama, it doesn't matter. You, you've seen much better than this. So I just don't understand what the fuck he's getting at. What's the point? What am I supposed to take away from this? Apparently, fucking nothing. Okay, yep. sorry. Four minute rant over. I just also wanted to add, not rant, just a uh, little. <coughs> Oh no! Hey, you guys want to? Nope, no, 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 yes, it is. No, Keith, back, Keith, no, sounds like how I talk to Rafe, right? It's the first time I've ever been able to do that. I feel like I've just made a big accomplishment and it yes. happened on your show, on your show. And that's a big deal for me. Um, I, I'm really, wow. I can't believe I held him back. He's a strong force, that yes, Giffen. Um, man, must be Rimmer Reborn. Anyway, <laughs> I'm out of here, guys. I, I just had to rant to somebody because now I do have to stop because this is. This is going to be pretty much for you, Chris. A hundred percent for you. It was. Uh, it was earlier. We we previewed this, but this is for you. For that must be Reba reborn. Yes, there there Reaver. is me. Must be Reba reborn. I, I go up the wrong turn. I'm like, can you say this? That must be Rimmer reborn. And he just looked at me. And then I yelled at him. And then this is that must be Reba reborn. Reba reborn is is the best we got. But Chris, you are now immortalized in in a wrong turn. Reborn, uh, because I like that. Everyone else that I know, other than Jordan, thinks that Mister Miracle is the most fucking goddamn golden piece of fucking heavenly literature <laughs> on earth. Yes. And other than you guys, obviously, like I said, a lot of people get fresh crew too. Um, and I just don't know. I just don't know what I'm missing. What am I missing? Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. What am I missing? Tell me. Help me. You, you, you listen to the show? I have no right, idea. Goodbye. 
Yes. Uh, basically, what you're missing is you're not on the hype train. I, there's no other way to explain this in my mind. Of, and I, you know, I sit there. Is, is and, and everybody point, else medicated? Is that the problem? Hey, maybe. Maybe it's just going right past that center, that anger center. No, what, what it is to me, and I said, if you want to go back in time and change it, have that first issue, have everybody give fours, and I think it changes the entire landscape of this. Uh, it started with people going, and I was, I think I gave the first issue an eight. I, I like because the first issue, you're never going to get all the answers. You're going to go. You're going to get intrigued. You had the idea of Mr. Miracle uh, trying to commit suicide. That is a wow moment that, okay, let's see where we go from here. By issue two, I was already starting to wonder what the heck is going on and starting to already get people on the site throw shade at me because I said, listen, I'm going to have to start reviewing this as individual issues. I'm not going to I'm not going to review a 12 issue maxi series with the idea that eventually I know 100 percent that things are going to be explained at the end. I can't do that. That would be like, you know, I'm going to review Star Wars New Hope and give it a 10 out of 10 because by the time Return of the Jedi comes out down the road, everything will be explained. You can't do it. And this isn't what we're doing. This is the problem of reviewing individual issues. In the meantime, I think that people. People are jumping on this bandwagon just to get involved in being in the group. Uh, the problem is you sit there and I'll talk to people when they throw – they yell at me. And this is what happens when every – oh, this was a 10 out of 10 perfect issue. And then you know I can't help myself and I'm like, well – what did this mean then? If you're the person who's declared this is the know, greatest but I thing you've it. ever, yeah. What I I don't know what he's saying, but I sure like the way them words are written. Ooh. You can't go by that. I can't go by. So please explain to me. This happens in his Batman too. It's his style. I get it. I get this open-ended style. This came about this week with this guy, unfortunately, asking, can you explain what happened? And some people, not even that guy. Some people just saying, like Chris just did the fuck happened in these nine months like what happened tell me something in this and you have people that are on their pl- plot holes to me are just an opportunity it's almost like you know one person's mistake is another's opportunity to shine like i like the plot holes because then that allows me to fill in the blanks well, oh. you know there you are filling in your goddamn blanks i don't want because the problem is you fill in the blanks of issue two by the time you get to issue six, everybody's filled in blanks the same, different ways. So what I fill in the blank of saying that Scott and Barda went to Aruba and were drinking drinks, by the time issue six goes, Tom King is going to do something that goes against what I thought happened. Now my whole story in my mind is fucking out the door. I need the guy who's writing the story. Uh, I need to think that he is in control of his own story and has a, a, you know, a vision of where it's going, and I need to be in on the, the deal. I, I can't. I say this all the time where I said even in this one shot, which Chris didn't mention, that people went nuts where and where pretty much the Tom King tide switched. And if you're a new Tom King lover, uh, believe me, there were times where I was the highest score on a Tom King book and people were Crazy. really getting sick and tired of him. It changed me really in that swamp thing, that Batman 23. I know that we had problems leading up from I Am Suicide. Those were problems. The minute that you had that issue number 23 where Swamp Thing came and my basic thing, and I think Tom King goes and Mr. Miracle, is to have a mystery to me, you don't set up a mystery with a lack of information. That is not a mystery. That is you keeping back important information 
to fabricate a mystery. And basically the mystery then is not in the book. The mystery is what the fuck's Tom King getting at? I think that that's what we're getting in the, in this Mr. Miracle where people are intrigued and want to go, Oh my goodness. It's so great. I don't know what it's about, but it's intriguing. This mystery, the only mystery you have here is withheld information. And that doesn't make a mystery to me, and because the only way that mystery is solved is by the writer giving you the information at the end in an info dump that will, oh, that's what it was about. But when I get on what I was getting at, when I get on online and I talk to people, oh, why, does, why is this perfect? And then they're like, oh, I don't know. I, you know. And then you say, this is, this is the way they play the game, Eric, and I know you like to play games. I uh, hate games. Kind of like when Jigsaw says, do you want to play a game? Of chess and you know oh. and they go from there and then you know stuff like that uh you get on they're like this issue of quote unquote you know our blank book batman uh mr miracle any book it's perfect i've never read a more perfect issue oh well what was so perfect about it can you explain me what's going on they'll never get now they start if you don't understand then i guess it's not for you okay th- that's that's fine thank you for clearing that up with me. Or, hey, uh, I didn't understand that. Like, I didn't think this was good. This is really convoluted or whatever. Huh, you must be stupid then. Yeah, th- what, does Tom King have to hold your hand? I, no, I don't want these comments or phrases. I'm actually asking you to explain it because I want to be in the Shangri-La that your fucking mind has gone off to when you read these books. Because uh, I'm not there. I get frustrated, and it's a mounting frustration that goes from issue to issue where all of a sudden now I can't tell what's going on because you have a deal on what he does. And, and this is what I, I say to Chris about people giving it 10 out of 10s. Most of the people with Tom King books, unfortunately, they don't care about the last issue. You go, and what they want is that next wow moment, and that's the problem that I have is I've said it all along. He writes wow moments, and they're there to just, oh, my God, and now I see what he's doing now are not just wow moments. They're wow situations, and the wow situations are, hey, let's fight people and kill them while we're talking about remodeling a house. So there you have people, I just remodeled my house. This is such great dialogue. You have Catwoman in the Bat Burger where they're talking, and this is the best dialogue I've ever read. Oh, with this back and forth. Oh, my God, it's so fun. But it's nothing. It, it really is nothing. It is the it's the drug of the fucking masses here. It's, it's getting everybody with just a readable one issue that just doesn't connect, but nobody seems to want to connect it. And we'll see how Batman does next week here. We'll see. I'll tell you. We'll see. You got to review that issue, and uh, you know you'll have some fun with that. And uh, I'm going to move I on. I will not. You are not engaging with me. I'm asking you questions, <laughs> and I'm talking to myself. But we're going to go on to the last rant and rave, which is dancing my. But in the in the meantime, I'll just go. Really, Mister Miracle, I think that the only reason that it is as popular is because it is as popular. There you go. You have a snowball effect of each person. And like I said, I, I, I think I said, I at least said it to you, but on the podcast, it's like one of those things where somebody says to Eric Shea or, uh, you know, I say to Chris, you know what? You have to read this Mr. Miracle. It is mind blowing. This is not just a comic book. This will change your life. You are going to read this. You will see the face of God. You will never be able to put it down without telling me that it's the greatest. Then Chris reads it. He's thinking, what the fuck is Jim talking about? And then goes, you know what? I don't want to look like a dummy. So then I, uh, we go into work. Me and Chris work together. Hey, Chris, what would you think? It was awesome. 
And then you have some fucking schmuck who's sitting there. Hey, what you guys talking about? This fucking – it just goes down the line. It, it's it's a fucking – everybody's being punked uh, down the line of everybody saying it's great, but nobody can give me an idea. And Eric, one last thing. I said that as just you tell me any other book that would have this much open-ended writing and no answers that would go through seven issues. If this was Green Arrow, where all of a sudden you don't even know if, if Oliver's Oliver. You don't even know if Oliver is even in on planet Earth. Do you think that they would get the lead way that this seven issues has got? Because I know the answer is no. They, Depends they on the writer. I'm saying just in I'm saying right now. Or if it was Flash, that all of a sudden we have Flash and he's doing uh, one day uh, Barry Allen is running around and then the next day he's flying and has X-ray vision. And then the next, because that, Mr. May, this book is changing all over the place. And, you know, I just don't think any other book would get this, this lead way. And he's lucky it's a mini series and not a, you know, a regular deal. And most people don't know about Mr. Miracle except through this book. So yeah. there you go. I, I just, it is frustrating, but I'm going to go to the last rant and rave, which is Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And hello, mother. Hello. So, so, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> and a very special shout-out to the king of the Get Fresh crew, one Richard Richardson. He is the king Richard of the Get Fresh crew. Long may he reign. Yes. So, I'm going to mix it up a bit this week and talk about my comics first. So I bought Mage, the Hero Denied number seven from Image Comics, which I have not read because I am trade waiting, like I said before, waiting on the previous trades to come out so I can read the wow. current series. Uh, and that um, sucks. let's say I also bought. And the funny thing is, is this is where I think that Mike jumped on that. Uh, by getting like a free issue number one or a free issue number zero yeah. and actually read it and really enjoyed it. And this is where, you know, you go with the DC with their nonsense that they throw out for free comic book day. You know, you can get fans and you can get people who want to buy books because of that. Mike's right there is a prime example. He ended up just getting it because it's like free or a quarter. Yeah, he's buying like books he every it. time it comes out and that he's not reading. He's, yeah, he's waiting he's for something reading. else to come because out Because he first. likes it so much. He never would have jumped on that, but it was just thrown in in a pile of his because I believe, like I said, it was either free or 25 cents, something like that. Well, I I got three DC comic books. I actually bought two of them. One DC comic was the free World of Krypton issue. I thought he was going to say he stole one. <laughs> which I learned from Jim is actually a reprint of an old John, uh, John Byrne Superman story. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. This is one of those, now it was free, so you can't get mad. It's yeah. not as bad as the Manship getting the Dark Side War special that was all reprinted Just Jack old Kirby reprints stuff. old reprints of Dark Side yeah, stuff. Yeah, Dark Side stuff. Uh, this was pushed by Sci-Fi for that new show, the Krypton show, but it is an old John Byrne's story about Krypton, so it doesn't really tie in yeah. fully in with it, but he ended up getting it free. I think they threw it in. And, I didn't. and in the meantime, it's not a bad issue. It, it really isn't, but it's it's kind of a, a bait and switch. For right. Didn't quite read that one yet. Don't know if I even want to or not. It's DC, again, giving us re reprints anytime instead of, you know, taking the time to actually make something that might promote something new, you know, as in they're doing yeah. in free comic book day again. Let's give people old reprints rather than trying to get new That's readers crazy. or new viewers on board with something, although I don't want to watch the Krypton series anyway because yeah, I don't want one. to see a Superman story with nothing Superman-y 
Yeah, and plus there's no ice <laughs> there's no ice bears in that, Eric. So how and Superman. He's so he's so busy with those ice bears, how could he watch anything that isn't Superman? So, um two other DC Which is now my new reality show, the Superman. The comic books, the ones I actually bought. Wonder Woman number forty two. Now I read Eric's good review on uh, the award-winning website WeirdScienceDCComics.com and good review, Eric. Okay, and good. I didn't have anything really to add in the comments because it was yeah, like he is telling. I still contend the art is very good. And yeah. any of and any of your reviews, have you specifically called out and made a shout out to Dancing Mike by name? Have you ever done that in any of your reviews? No. That's why they're only good. That's why he says oh. mine are great. I, I shout out to him all the time. And people are probably reading like so many people come and probably have never listened to the Bible. Who's this dancing Mike fella that this guy keeps mentioning? And if they were telling this story as it happened or showing us the story, it would be good. But it's just flashbacks, flashbacks. And boy, there were a few panels when Wonder Woman had Grail and the lasso. Are you still talking? Are you ever going to stop talking? Oh my goodness, it's like, shut up, 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 because she would not stop talking. It was very, very much an info dump, and I am not enjoying, I was so excited when Robinson was going to come on, all that enthusiasm has been sucked right out. And then, uh, let's see, I also got Detective Comics number 970, oh, 976. Oh, yeah, I forgot, last last yes, month was a, or last two weeks ago was an anniversary <laughs> issue. Yes. So, um, again, I read Jim's excellent review on the award-winning website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. You don't know how to play the and game, Yeah, I didn't have much to add. The only caveat I have is, I mean, yeah, it's it's... There was some stuff, I actually liked the stuff with Azrael and Kate, and uh, and that okay. one more than most of the rest of the book. I it, The art, yeah, Jim, it was the art was pretty bad. At, at one point, I Terrible. was like, is this supposed to be Tim? Is this supposed to be Damien? Yeah. Because Bruce looked like he was uh, about 12. Yeah, but I do have to disagree like, when you said the art is the worst easily of this uh, run. I think you forgot there were maybe two issues of um, Night of the Monster Man. Yeah, I, I don't include that in the run. I don't no. include the Riley Rossmo Night of the Monster Man because that was kind of a uh, separate deal with Steve Orlando writing it, but you're right. With Riley Rossmo's art, and this, I'm not sure if it was this book or not that had Puppet Duke Thomas, so. It might have been. I think it's. Remember when he. <laughs> You look like a puppet. That was that was a good you know nothing is as bad as the Rossmo art on this series so far. At least we didn't get demonic Tim, but yeah, it was some some bad art in this issue. So yeah, um, Tynion's about done, and there was no mention of the first victim. But I'm like you, we said before, where if you you know I said if you put a gun to Eric's head, could he tell you where the first victim is? I don't know. I don't know. It's out there though. Again it, tonight. Apparently. Doing first victimy stuff, but there was no mention, and that's been a couple of issues now. Always so. playing the victim, that guy. Anyway, so my I was not very happy with my DC comics this week, and yeah, yeah. this is a, it's a sad trend. <laughs> it's a real sad. And trend. Dallas Gibson asked me to review Vampironica yep. number one from Archie Comics. Now 
I have never gone in-depth on discussing any comic from the Archie line whatsoever on this podcast, <laughs> ever. I, Dancing Mike has never given a review of a comic from Archie Comics. No. But I will um, actually go into this just a bit, because if you want to hear a very good review of this, go to Patreon, I'm sorry, Patreon.com slash Weird Science and sign up and listen to Jim's other comic oh. review podcast where he discussed Vampironica did a very good job. I think he went 8.5. I, I'm going to go about 8. It was so, so fast because... Uh, Mike says that. I told you when I was saying... Oh, yeah. like, I'm, I'm flying through this, uh, reviewing it on the other podcast, and at the point where I even got to the end and started making up stuff because it was really quick, but I, I liked I it. I was reading it, and it's like... It's over, but um, I liked it. The, the art is very good. I'm really good. I'm always a fan of the classic Archie art, the Archie comics art, mm-hmm. because uh, the digests and stuff like that. And I know that would not work at all no. with um, this series. And so, I, you know, they've updated a bit. It's not quite the whole Riverdale adult art first. So it's kind of between that. Yes. So I like the art a lot. It's a good look. All the characters are recognizable, drawn well. Good use of colors, you know, the, between the dark and moody and bright and sunny. I agree. Um, it's, like I said, very fast read, but I'm enjoying this. I'm going to definitely get uh, issue number two, yep. going to try to get Mrs. Dancing Mike into this because she liked uh, Archie Afterlife yeah, with Archie. Archie. And All right. It's funny, he says that while I was uh, doing the podcast, the other podcast, talking about this, couldn't remember that it was called Afterlife with Archie. I'm like, you know, like that book, you know, <laughs> that zombie Archie book. And I was like, I sound like such so a dummy. So she read that first trade. She's getting the second trade, although she doesn't know it yet when it comes Ooh. in. I've pre-ordered Ooh. that from the Golden Age 1942 in Maryville, Tennessee. So tell. she'll be getting that, and I think she will enjoy Vampironica also because, as I said a long time ago on the – in the um, on the podcast when I was first calling in, my wife only enjoys comic books where Grundy is not an undead monster, yes. but a teacher. And I think with the uh, Archie horror comics and Afterlife with Archie, Grundy could be a teacher and an undead monster. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. But yeah, um, I, Vampironica, I would give an eight. And uh, what- seriously, she was always one step from the grave. Anyway, really, Eric. <laughs> I, I wasn't about sure me. she already didn't come back. To the yeah, grave. She may have a couple. Of times. In his uh, review on Jim's other comic review podcasts, is that there is a page of text at the end. It's a little page from the Riverdale Gazette giving the history of the vampire outbreak in yeah. Riverdale. So that was a nice little touch, a little backstory there. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'd say an eight. Good art, good story. Just too fast to really go, it's you know, really fully, fully high on that. I but like, I am looking for... It's like one of those, it, it stayed its welcome and, you know, it was done. It, it yeah. didn't get over long and it really it was intriguing. You had a couple, a flashback that led a wraparound deal. I liked it. I really to it, uh, The setup for Vampironica jumps right in and gives you a story and you know what you're getting. And I've got a, I got a beautiful cover on that one. Not sure which variant that was. So I've talked about my comics for this week, and let's talk about other stuff. So it looks like there was an impromptu Boys Toys podcast, a 1970s edition, going on on Twitter the other night. So I think several people saw that. And um, let's see. Last week, Jim speculated that maybe I, or somewhere, Jim speculated that maybe I was um, upset when I didn't leave a long rant and rave that I was upset with... uh, him or something for the stuff the week before where you know my my uh, the a couple of weeks ago when my 
rent and rave got shoved at the end. And no, 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 I wasn't upset about that. I did explain kind of behind the scenes to Jim that I was just upset about some other things. And it's not, it's not Jim, not Eric. It's Life like I told things. Jim that he is a, he is a Jim and Eric <laughs> is a treasure. So yes. um, just some things that put that. me in the bad mood and I didn't want to go well, off on things. Worried. So I thought I would keep my rant and rave short and sweet and simple. And like I said in Slack, I did apologize to everyone for the length of my rant and rave and said I, I said I would set a record as far as the time. And <laughs> I did set a record as far as the time because I think 22 seconds is my shortest rant and rave ever. Yes. And I know it seems like this one might be the longest, but eh. No, not even no. close people. <laughs> it's funny when he, he went on Slack and he put up like, oh, I'm going to set a record with this week's yeah. rant and rave. And then everybody – and I actually let it sit too because I ended up t- tweeting – or not tweeting. I ended up talking in Slack to try to make myself look like a piece of shit. But usually then that gets to me and I don't because I'm like, I know you wouldn't shut the hell up. I said something and then just left it like that. And yeah, it was the joke was because it was so. So, remember when? Remember when Mike originally when uh, we started the rent and raven? He sent in that twenty minute one, and we ended up breaking it up into four. Oh yeah. yeah. And this is another thing that Jim brought up. He credited me with giving rent and raves in. Uh, via email rather than calling them in. He said that I was the first one that started that. Actually, it was someone from overseas, and I want to say it was Toby Hagen that first did that because I think Toby was racking up some big old no, overseas uh, phone charges by calling in. And once I heard the sound quality of those, I was like, wow, I yeah. could do that too because my phone, while it's good for... um you know, receiving calls and it's good enough to record a this rant and rave or maybe a new song or a male a male song before you get audacity. Ooh. Back in the old days, it does sound absolutely horrible while I'm calling in the actual rant and rave line phone number. So I yeah, prefer sound. to send it in by email now. Yeah, it's going to be long. And uh, here, here is where I pull back the curtain a bit and let you know that I actually do call the rant and rave phone line sometime uh-huh. to maintain the anonymity of some of the characters I use in the rant and raves. So in case you're wondering who some of the characters are, I call in. I will list some of the characters that are actually dancing Mike using my incredible repertoire of voices, rivaled maybe only by one Jim Warner. But first of all, you know, if you knew how many voices that I called in and it's actually not, I mean, if, if if I impersonate my voice, it's so good if, if you knew the, the different voices, it would probably knock you on your butt because I can disguise my yeah. voice so well. It would probably knock you on your butt. <laughs> so um, that being said, here are some of the voices. And Jim, get ready and with the bell. These are some of the voices that I have called in using that you might not realize were actually go. dancing mics. So I, I'm sorry if I'm spoilers and spoiling anyone's fun, but here are the characters actually called in by dancing Mike. Keith Giffen. Tony Clifton, Jedediah Jeddington, Toilet Alan Moore, Jar Jar John Romita Jr., Greg Capullo, St. Patreon, Richard Richardson, and Brandon. Yes, those are all the characters. Actually, okay. I I actually thought he was going to go, like everyone, Rob Lewis, just go down the line. It's every single person. I take that back. It's weird, Brandon. I don't do all of those characters. A lot of those characters are some other people, which I know some of them. You can figure out who they are. I don't do all (laughs) those characters. Some of those are other people. But, I I mean, obviously, I'm Brandon. But 
Yes, Come on, obviously. Anyway. That's we all just a knew that. But anyway, um, so, yeah. So. And also remember that uh, he, he doesn't always dance either. We're, we're going to lift the veil completely. Oh, uh, my God. Yes, he's, he sometimes sings as well. My life is a lie. And maybe he's even Reggie, but is that really his name, Eric? So I was not mad at um, Jim or Eric last week. I was just, you know, it's, it's I didn't want to be that kind of person. So I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm saying to Erica at work, like, I, I think Mike's mad at me because I just, again, to go back then, we had all those rant and raves in a row, and then we did Mike's, and then at one point, I was just stopping what Mike was saying and just saying a random word to irritate you, Eric. So I thought, yeah, it kind of was. I was Going a some wrong turn so deals. There. Yeah, and, and that sort of deal. And just, and then I was like leaning back. I'm like, yeah, all that nonsense. And so we're there. And I'm like, I think Dancing Mike hates us now. And you're, he can't hate me. He sent me Snake Mountain. <laughs> he goes, and I'm like, I know. Well, he can't hate us, right? I got worried. And that's where you can tell where, yeah, I'll make jokes and things like that. And I had to, I sent him an email. I'm like, I hope you're not mad at us. I, I can't take that. And he's like, no, no, he was not mad. But you, you have to realize anything that goes different. I'm always going to think it's somebody mad at me and you. So that's what happened. Now, I'm always going to think it's somebody mad at you. Yeah, yeah it's St. Patrick's Day. And I am going to go to Smoky Mountain Brewery where they yes, are having a specials. With, they have green beer. Oh, green beer. They're having special on the uh, pretzels with beer cheese. Oh. And they're also having... I saw pictures of those. It looks so good. They look good. Specials on Reuben sandwiches. Oh, Reuben! <laughs> Reuben! <laughs> I, I, I actually, Ruben said to me that a couple uh, episodes ago, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm glad that you didn't get, to, you know, you didn't act surprised at my name or whatever. And I was like, yeah, your name comes up later because I was making Ruben sandwiches. Basically like, yeah, I've heard that fucking joke eight million times. <laughs> like, it's like when every, John Wayne started emailing it, yeah. howdy pilgrim. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. I'm telling you, everybody has this own personal like nonsense that has gone on in their life. Like I said, mine would be when people found out that my middle name was Alvin, and then uh, oh, hey, where's all the chipmunks? I'm like, I'll show you where those goddamn chipmunks are. But everybody seems to have something like that. You have my son Ethan Werner, who they call Eaton Wiener. There you go, Eric. It all comes around, and uh, you know. But yeah, everybody. You have Eric Shea. Unfortunately, it was Eric Gay. So you that know, was Gay Shea. Gay Shea. But you, you get these things. But everybody seems to have something like that that you don't realize. Ruben was they're like. Hey, what are you, a sandwich or something like that? Yeah, not, I'm not telling you every schoolyard is clever. <laughs> There's a lot of schoolyard bullies that they're good at punching. They're not good at making puns and rhymes. But I am not a big fan of Reuben sandwiches, so I will have something. I love Reuben. I wonder if they're going to have the Rachel. So I, I know it doesn't make Rachel. sense for St. Patty's Day, but that's always a yeah. good oper- like oh, option love, to go against the Reuben. I love the Rachel as well, but I do love me a Reuben. I just can't eat them that many times, you know. I could yeah. eat a Reuben every week because that gives me a get, sour tummy. Yes, it does. But a Rachel, I love as well. And I'm sure there's some people out there like, God, you fucking asshole! <laughs> don't you bring up that nonsense? Else is my entree. Um, not a big. I don't know. Sometimes Reuben sandwiches leave political. It, would it shock you if I thought that all they would have to do is get some corned beef patties, and on St. Patrick's Day, McDonald's could make the Big Mac into a Reuben because they already have the sauce. You got a couple. Yeah. Of, why wouldn't they do that? That would be pretty cool. That would be a very, very messy sandwich. 
political comments in Slack. So I also guess you'd have to change up the bond or right? there's a lot of there's, yeah, a, lot there's of, a lot of change a lot here. of semantics involved. <laughs> like, anyway, oh, I guess you just change that. It's good. It's still a what sour guy. It's not yeah, um, that's about all I've got work. for this week. So um, a few. Let's, let's see. It's what is it? Oh, um, about less than an hour. I'll be going over to Smoky Mountain Brewery and having some. Um, what's it? Green beer. Beer cheese pretzels and something else good. So until next week. Forget. Didn't oh, he have like a? Didn't he have ye old potato skins? Isn't that? Like, didn't I see that in the picture? He had some other appetizers that I saw, and they all look good. They all look so good. Yeah. Funny thing is, through Mike, the Smoky Mountain Brewery follows us on Twitter. <laughs> it's so funny. To turn that spotlight off. And really, I also Mike should get free food. I mean, every time he's in there, he's tweeting fucking eight things to make me hungry. Power off that Patreon spotlight. Watch out, because you never know when those boys from the Pop Culture Podcast are going to pop up and culture that ass. Keep it weird, and see you in seven. See you in seven, and thank you, Mike. And that On the seventh. Oh, on the seventh. He came back, Eric. I didn't even see that, but we are done now with the Rent Raves. Story of continuity. See you on the seventh. I, I miss hit. I wanted to have see you on the seventh. I was also doing? delayed. I don't know. But that is the end of the rent and raves. And if I look on ye old outline, Eric, we're going to go off to listen to Josh talk about uh, his Vermillion's visions, and then we'll be back to finish up at the books. Hello and welcome. To another installment of Vermillion's Visions, I am Josh Vermillion. want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. You guys know how I like to do things on Vermillion's Visions. want to give you guys a review of a, seg- or of a book not from one of the big two. Try to stay away from DC, stay away from Marvel for the most part. Um, and it ends up, honestly, being a lot of image. And this week it's going to be another image book yet again. But more specifically, it's going to be from their imprint, Top Cow. It's going to be Aphrodite 9 Rebirth, Volume 1. Uh, It's the first five issues of that series, written by Matt Hawkins, art by Stepan Sejic. Now, I didn't really have a plan going into this one of what I thought it was going to be like. But uh, to be honest, I kind of picked it to give a little bit of synergy here with... Not only the DC Rebirth that's been going on for quite a bit now, but also she's green. She's got green hair, green eyes, and a green dot on her face, green lips. So it kind of goes with the whole St. Paddy's Day theme from yesterday, uh, if you're listening to this on Sunday, that is. But that's kind of why I went with that this week. Plus, it just sounded kind of interesting to me. So I'm going to start out by explaining the world that this story takes place in a little bit. So humanity predicted an extinction-level event that would wipe out pretty much everyone on Earth. Uh, So they came up with the Aphrodite Protocol to try and save the human race. This protocol aimed to engineer humans in order to survive by using uh, genetic alteration and technological singularity, basically uh, making people into cyborgs. This ended up as a major success, but out of this this new world uh, came two different factions. The cyborgs with technologically enhanced portions of their bodies that live in the West and tribes of genetically enhanced humans called the Jinn that live in the East. 
the cataclysmic event left only a, a small strip of inhabitable inhabitable land around the equator so these two separate factions live close enough to each other that their their different uh, ideologies have caused them to, to be at war with each other for hundreds of years so the story it starts out with the cyborg faction getting ready to launch an exploratory ship uh, to the moon in an attempt to set up colonies to accommodate their you know their ever-growing population but the jinn for some reason they don't want that to happen they say they don't want the cyborgs to spread their evil seed uh, to the stars so marcus and lena who are set to be married so they can take up the throne uh, in, in charge of the jinn they're leading a charge on the cyborgs riding on dragons that they've created through genetic manipulation so basically the first few pages are one big cyborg versus genetically enhanced humans fight but my god does it look good stefan sedgick doesn't really have a dynamic style that lends itself too well to these battles but here it looks so so good overall that i can kind of look past the fact that it's somewhat static and if you can imagine kind of in your head the movement in between these panels you can you can really see how just how incredibly cinematic this this raid scene is you can almost see the hundreds of movies that raids have been in you can see how it's going to play out uh, before you even look at the next panel um, but this art is some of the best i've ever seen in any comic i'm just completely blown away but you know for now i'm going to stop slurping stefan zedrick and get back to the story for a few minutes so marcus and his team managed to stop the launch and ride off back towards their home of genesis but as marcus is flying off he gets held up a little bit so he's a little bit left behind the others he's flying off on his dragon executor chronos the man in charge of the cyborg army shoots him down with a rocket launcher. Uh, so the, the the RPG hits hits Marcus's beloved dragon Glamrung, who he's been friends with forever. Uh, Glamrung goes crashing down through a mountainside and into into an old lab of some sort. Uh, so when Marcus wakes up, he's looking at a woman with green hair, like I said, suspended in a stasis pod. The pod was damaged when Marcus crashed in, so this woman, who we find out is Aphrodite, she awakens in in this pod and, and then falls out of the pod. Um, it takes a few minutes for the computer, which she calls, she calls it the voice in her head, it talks to her all the time, but it takes a few minutes for uh, the, that computer to translate Marcus' speech, but after a couple minutes they are able to communicate a little bit. But they don't get much of a chance to chat. Three drones, they come riding in on hover bike things. Um, you can tell that they're very hostile. Um, Aphrodite's computer, when it saw Marcus, it you know saw that he had a weapon, but it didn't sense any threat. But when these three come in, you know it, it's saying you know they're in a defensive stance. They're carrying weaponry. These are an immediate threat. So. She kicks into gear and takes them all out with a simple disarm, kill, shield, headshot, headshot pattern that she does without even thinking about it and really without feeling any remorse of killing these cyborgs. 
So Marcus apologizes to Glamrung for leaving his body there, but makes makes a promise to come back for him as the two of them, meaning Marcus and Aphrodite, ride off on the stolen hoverbikes. They do make it back to Genesis and finally get a chance to relax a little bit and talk. So Aphrodite finally introduces herself, um, but she doesn't remember anything from before she burst out of the pod and saw Marcus. And really, Aphrodite only knows her name is Aphrodite because uh, she can see it when she closes her eyes on her eyelid. It's Aphrodite 9 and then a serial number, basically, which I didn't write down here in my notes and I don't feel like looking for because it's a really long number. But basically, she is an Aphrodite 9 model. So the entire time Marcus is talking to the others, Aphrodite is just analyzing everything from the weapons to the structural weak points of the concealed city. The voice in her head is just constantly talking to her, um, but it's you know it's it's a computer. She just calls it the voice in her head. So meanwhile, Kronos and his men make it to the same lab that Marcus crashed and find another human in the pod, but this one has no. No genetic alteration or cybernetic enhancements. So they bring him back to Spiros, which is their capital city, and they fit him with around 40% mechanical parts. Uh, without the enhancements, he would die as soon as he was exposed to the to the Earth's atmosphere. But this makes him definitely one of them now, doesn't really have a choice in that. So he's awoken, and he has a chance to talk with Kronos. And Kronos, he kind of starts out, making threats like, who are you? We'll kill you if you don't tell us what we need to know. But this man, his name's Birch. Um, he's basically like, you know, chill out, man. You you saved my life. There's no need to threaten me. I'm, I'm with you. Thank you. Uh, so Cronus shows him the recorded footage of Aphrodite killing three cyborgs so easily. And Birch is able to identify her as a tracker killer Aphrodite model. She is both both genetically and cybernetically modified, uh, so she has a little bit of both sides going on there. Birch also informs Kronos that uh, with the right equipment, he can link up to Aphrodite remotely and order her to kill anyone, and then this will also erase her memories of the kill in order to keep her from being questioned. Uh, he can control her for 20 minutes a day, and it takes 24 hours to reset, but for 20 minutes a day, she will do whatever he says, and then her memories will be erased of those 20 minutes. So Aphrodite is being well cared for back in Genesis, but the issue ends with Birch connecting to Aphrodite from Spiros, and she is asking who she should, or he is asking Kronos who he should have her kill first, as her eyes turn from their normal green to a, to a bright red. And that's where the first issue ends, actually. So this book really, really hit the ground running, and it didn't doesn't give you a whole lot of time to catch up, and that pace pretty much continues the rest of the way, but I, I had an absolute blast with, with it. I wasn't sure what to expect going in, because I've never really never really read much by Matt Hawkins, but he really impressed me as a writer. Like I said, it doesn't really hold your hand at all as a new reader, but there is just enough information about the world and about the characters scattered in here and there that by the end you really feel like you know about and are invested in this world. 
And coming in, like, like I knew it would look good, but I'm just going to express once again how incredible this art is. It's more of a, almost like a watercolor style that some people may not like. And I'll admit that it threw me off as a little shocking at first, but by about halfway through the first issue, I, w I was all in. Just the level of detail that goes into the art from the backgrounds to the faces and even even the scales on the dragons it just blows me away i have no idea how stefan cedric was able to do this and keep up with a monthly schedule if if it did indeed come out with a monthly schedule but if it did that's just that's just even more amazing to me and it and it surprises me that if he can do that other writers shouldn't be able to to keep up with their work in a month but you know i digress i'm not gonna you know rag on other on other artists that can't keep up but i'm just saying that this stefan zedrick art is incredible and i just i just really enjoy this world that matt hawkins is working with here i love the play back and forth between the two sides and how how aphrodite is kind of caught in the middle being both part cyborg and genetically enhanced even if there wasn't a ton of action and suspense to keep me reading, the world and the characters alone would have been enough to, to interest me and just see how they play off of and interact with each other. Uh, but there, luckily there is just a ton of action and suspense and a really good story built around that as well. I would definitely recommend this book to, to pretty much anyone out there. Like I said, the art... Might throw you off just a little bit at first if you're not used to it, but stick it out and you'll see just how good it really is. The writing is great, the art is incredible, and this is definitely one that I'm going to keep reading and possibly even go back and try to find the original run uh, with, with David Finch to get a little bit more backstory on the world and the characters. But anyway, I'd have to probably go with like a... Like a 9.3 out of 10. I really, really did like this book that much, which surprised me. Um, because, like I said, I didn't have any idea what to expect coming in. Now, I would, like I said, recommend this to anyone out there. But especially if you're looking for, you know, kind of a fun sci-fi story with, with great, interesting characters and really incredible art. If you like sci-fi and you want a good sci-fi story, check this out. Uh, but that pretty much wraps things up for my review of Aphrodite 9 Rebirth Volume 1. Um, like I said, 9.3 out of 10. But how I end things every week, want to remind you guys, head over to patreon.com slash weirdscience. Check that out. Uh, support them if you can. You'll get access to so many good, good extra shows that are really entertaining. Um, so definitely go check them out um, and keep keep some recommendations coming for me. Um, you can find me chat on Twitter at Vermillionaire3. If you have any recommendations, definitely send them over and I will add them to the queue. But that pretty much wraps things up here. So I'm going to end it, send this on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs>
This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell. Jim rings the bell. Eric Shay's reviews are all the bomb. Eric's the bomb. And if Shay's recaps are read without a single misstep, ring the bell. All right, and we're back. We'll see if we ring that bell. Uh, coming it's up, a lot Eric, of pressure putting on me here. There's some pressure. You only have one book coming up. We have three more books, and again, Pass we're going to go back to that whole deal uh, with uh, throwing shade at some books, I guess, by the positioning of it. Uh, it also mixes things up a bit, yeah. so we're, we're not going to get everything. It totally confuses me of what we're doing it at does. any given time. Every time we get, you know, ready to do it, what is the, uh, you know, the deal of this? Which one are we talking about? I tell you, but I did say that I was going to talk about when I was brushing my teeth the other day, and I believe oh, yes. it was before we ended up doing, maybe when I was doing my other review show. It was something like that because I did tell you a bit of this, but I went in to brush my teeth only because. I have had problems in the past where I do have a sock and a, a screen that I have on my mic. And the problem oh, is I, I do I, I, get really – like, What does this have to do with brushing teeth? Jesus well, I Christ. do get I very close. I get very yes. close to it. And if I eat anything pungent, uh, I tend Gross. to – Maybe smell it then later, and it makes me say it. Don't spray it, Jimmy boy. Well, that, and it's just you know. And the other day, I ended up having a tuna sandwich. You know, I'm like, I'm about to podcast. Seems like a great time for a tuna sandwich. I need some tuna, so I ended up eating a tuna sandwich and like, okay, I'm gonna go and record. But then I thought, ooh, the one day me and Eric were doing some things, and I ate like a gordita. Right before I ended up uh, recording and afterwards, like the next day I got up and I think it was last Friday, whenever it was. But I woke up the next morning to do the news show that I do on Patreon and I could smell fucking shitty ass Taco Bell food because of how close I get. So I'm like, oh, uh, I, I don't want to smell yeah. fucking tuna. Uh, for three weeks on the mic. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll brush my teeth before. And so I go in. And I see, first off, I should have been, uh, you know, aware that something was up because my toothbrush was out of the toothbrush holder and on the sink. So I uh -huh. end up, I go, I just grab it. I, and, and also, you have to also realize I have a very, very poor sense of smell. So I end up, I put the toothpaste. You go about it. I think you smell. Well, no, I, I'm saying I do smell very nice. Thank you. Oh, it's my yes. CK1, Eric, from back in the day. But I go, my Jacquard Noir. Yeah, your Jacquard Noir. But I go and I put the toothpaste on the toothbrush. I go to brush my teeth. And as I go, I am almost gagging immediately because even through the toothpaste, yes. I taste cologne. Just ah. full out. Again, it ends up being Dracar Noir is what yep. I ended up finding out it was, but on the toothbrush. So I'm like, okay, what the fuck is going on? So I yell, there's only one person in this house. Time to go beat house. some heads in around And there's house. only one person in this house that's going to have that sort of deal, and it's Zach. So I yell in, you know, Mr. Axe Boy over there. Hey, He's Zach. the Axe Man. Yeah, I'm like, Zach, what's Give going on? What, what is this? And he comes in, he goes, oh, I put cologne on that. Really? What? This is my toothbrush. Why did you put that? Also, he goes, <laughs> oh, I didn't know it was yours because you usually keep your toothbrush in the – 
in the bathtub, uh, you know, above where I, shower, I take yeah. a shower, I, I brush my teeth and I put it on the ledge next to the shower head. Well, the problem is I stopped doing that because every time I got in the goddamn shower and go to find my toothbrush, it's not there. And then I look and it's on the floor of the bathtub. And I know for a fact that everybody in this house, man, you know, I'm not talking Tanya. I'm talking nah, every guy I'll in this say house, to everybody. which is five of us, including me. I'm not going to say that I'm out of this as well. It urinates in the shower. So now I look at my toothbrush. It's on the floor. I'm like, yeah, that was urinated on. I can't Aww. do this anymore. I cannot. And then I pick it up. I'm like, eh, it looks okay to me. Go Aww. under the water, but whatever. No, I end up, we have a lot of spare toothbrushes, but in the meantime, I kind of like, okay, I'm going to have to keep it in the toothbrush holder. So now we're back to the, what the fuck are you putting cologne on this toothbrush? <laughs> so he goes, oh, I saw this thing on YouTube that if you want to get cologne on your back, you put it on the toothbrush, and it kind of spritz it to your back, and you wipe your back with the toothbrush. I'm like, oh, so basically also, you, you did you, you put cologne on it, and then you fucking rubbed your back. It's like a stick and a rag on his back. Rubbing his back. Uh, really? That's what you did. So now I can't get this well, taste Dad, out of my I, goddamn I, I heard, mouth. I saw on YouTube that the way you really have to get your butthole smelling like cologne yeah, is you really uh, got to get in there. Ken, this is the thing. If he would have told me, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. I got cologne. I used it on my butthole. Yeah, that would have been disgusting. That would have made more sense to me. This whole thing about this back. And then he's like doing this thing where he's <laughs> flicking the bristles. Like, this is what you do. You rub it and then you flick it. The fuck is going this is on? Now, you, this is why I can't have kids because he would have started into this explanation. Well, see what you got to do. And yeah. I already would have punched him in the fucking face. Yeah, oh, I wanted to. And then I'm like, okay, so basically, thanks a lot. You, you helped old dear old dad. Now, at this point, I'm saying this infuriated because the reason it came up again, I smelled Dracar Noir on this goddamn mic now. I didn't want to have the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the tuna fish. Now I smell cologne. It, it smells it's, it's like. It's a good scent, though. No. It smells like a. Uh, it's my favorite room cologne of all slash time. maybe strip club. I don't know. It, it smells like a, a frat house right here. I'd rather – I'm actually in between books going to go down and make a tuna sandwich so it will smell like something, something normal. And I had that taste in my mouth. It just it, – it fought through the toothpaste and, and was just that fucking cologne. Which Cardinal Wars a fighter. It is. It's a fighter, all right. It's not a good mouthwash. I'll tell you that. Uh, And with that, I was just so disgusted. Ended up going, and and I'm like, am I going to talk about this on this show, or should I wait and talk about it with Eric? There's a lot of shows to talk about this one. Yeah, I'll talk about it with Eric on the regular thing, and it just drove me nuts. And then, Eric, you know, I go in this morning, and when we go into uh, the bathroom, I get up at the same time Zach and Ethan are getting ready for school, and every morning I go in, I got to go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom yeah. every morning i go in zach is there in front of the toilet where we have the sink and he doesn't move and he like I, he looks at me i'm like you know giving him the huh like uh-huh. when are you gonna move oh i didn't know yet to go I, you have been going through this routine every single day for five years now you know that i have to go to the bathroom i have to go and then i sit there he moves aside i'm going on you know i don't care if he's in there i'm going and uh he's like oh by the way, I didn't put cologne on your toothbrush. Oh, thank you. Oh. Thank you so much for thinking of me Thank you for doing me, me a solid yeah, today, yeah, you, you did me a solid, all right, you son of a bitch. I should go in there right now and, and do something. Put like a super glue on that fleshlight of his. And then we'll oh, see. God, then we'll see who's laughing. And, and also, or how actually, about this? Actually, put some fake blood in there. No, no I, fuck fake blood. Get super glue. Hepatitis and I'm going to get hot sauce. Right. Hot sauce. <laughs> 
And mayonnaise. Actually, I should do that. Mayonnaise. And then when he goes, oh, my God, what's this? Uh, Oh, I used that. Uh, You know, I didn't know how you clean it. Uh, That's not mayonnaise, son. That's homemade. Just get a little bit of Icy Hot, just rub it on the front there, boom. Icy Hot would be good. Uh, Oh, I didn't know. I I read it or I saw it on YouTube. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. I didn't know that it was your fleshlight. That was your fleshlight I thought you kept your fleshlight somewhere else. I thought that was the random fleshlight. And by the way, your axe is gone because I don't want you to kill me. There you go. (laughs) So I do that. I'm going to work that out and go through that. There you go. I have a plan. There's got to be some kind of repercussion. Come on. Be the man of your house. Do something. I was so angry. I do something. I just sat there. And and half the time, I just sit there with my arms up in the air like, what is guy? It's a cuckoo clock. Like I always say around here. Like I, I might. Might as well have that going on while Ethan might as well go get those jalapeno chips and shove them in the bathroom, the fucking toilet again. Like we had that. At least he doesn't do that anymore. Though uh, the toilet has had some problems. We have a lot of uh, uh, well uh, oiled up machines here. We have a lot of shitters here. over here. We have a lot of shitters. So I was going to say the, the toilet is starting to get backed up a lot. And Tanya's like, you really have to get that, you know, sulfuric acid when you go out because the toilet oh. is it's clogging. Oh. I'm like, she's like, I think the pipes are getting narrow. I'm, no, no, no. The pipes are getting narrow. We got a goddamn horse shits going down there constantly. Ethan goes, puts 800 pounds of toilet paper, and then just closes the goddamn thing. He never even flushes. Fucking nonsense. Knuckle sandwiches for everyone. Yeah, really. That's extra knuckles. But yeah, here we go, Eric. You, you have your one and only chance to come through oh, no. because we are going to start with your book. And what is that? Wonder Woman number 42, written by James Robinson with art by Jesus Marino, Romulo Fajardo Jr., and Santa Temafante. Jason is back, and with that, we get nothing about where he's been or who took him. But it doesn't matter because Grail is out and about looking for apocalyptic relics. Wonder Woman and Jason show up to put the hurt on Darkseid's daughter, and once Diana gets the lasso around Grail, the villainess spills the beans that the Lord of Apocalypse is trying to get the Themyscira. Boom, Eric, you did it. You did it. The pressure was on I was, was so scared. You. I'm saying, the I pressure didn't read this from beforehand after I yes. read it. Oh, God, I, I hope it's right. I tried to throw you off. I didn't even I yell Noonan or anything like that or, you know, <laughs> get you going. But, yeah, uh, this issue is more of the same that we've been getting in this in this book, and that's why it's in the last section because so you do have an opportunity here to have an issue where we get some answers, maybe some intriguing moments and, the thing and things is, like that. But you, you do don't. get answers. You do. But out but of nowhere, randomly, and forced. Answers. Uh, and then it I, – I, I mean, it, it is an answer. If you ask a question and say, hey, where were you? And the answer is, I don't know. No, I'm, yes, see, I'm not even you're talking right. That about is an answer. Jason. I'm talking I'm, all Jason. I'm not talking about the Jason part. I'm talking about other things. Like, out of nowhere, we get an answer to that fucking deep six cliffhanger we had yeah. fucking how many issues? Like, six issues even ago. So, and then it, even, you know, Grail to saying, oh, I have the last on me. I have to tell the truth. Until I don't, boom, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and really, another answer that Darkseid's gathering uh, an army? Uh, I think we kind of figured that one out, but Jason shows up, and that's the big thing. Uh, he disappeared, he shows up, like, all right, that didn't Rocket's last long. Where armor. were you? Yeah, where were you? Which we saw before, you know, hey, where were know. you? I don't know. I was in a giant land. I was in a dream of giants. Okay, yeah. Are you using I, now? I, I, Have I, you been I, hanging out with Roy over there? Uh, because you, you sound really dumb. And basically through the whole deal, you get the constant thing of Jason saying like, oh, I kind of remember this. And I don't know. I, I actually pretty more powerful. Uh, I actually can fly really fast now. It's, it's That's the thing. Cool. It's like, where were you? I don't know. Well, what's up with this armor? 
What was given to me? By who? I don't know, know. but I do do? know, but I do know it's meant for me to do something. What? I don't know. I don't know. And and really, if you want to fly, somehow now I'm pretty good at it. I fly really fast. How? I don't don't know. know. But in the meantime, you ever hear uh, contrails? Because I'm now going to be getting a side money by making contrails as I fly. First that wrong turn, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that actually, I did, <laughs> I did have that. So, oh, go, you keep going and I'll find it eventually, Eric. I'm, I'm looking at Oh, you what? son of a bitch. I, I love that sound clip. It's like, what, where did you get that armor at, Jason? Yeah, I'm still looking at Oh, you dumb Keep bastard. talking. I'm trying. I'm trying to find a way. I got I it now. I got it. I got it. Here we go. Go with it, Eric. We're, this is not set up. I will edit what? this out to make it sound streamless. Well, go with it. Where did you get that armor, Jason? Pistol shrimp? Ah, oh, you bastard. No. Go away. Yeah, where'd you get that armor? I don't know. <laughs> I love how he, I love I how you, he Jason says it. is wrong turn Yes, this, he is. Which hey, is, where, where were you, though? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, the, the dream of giants. What does that mean? I don't know. But but your armor, it looks pretty cool. Uh, who gave it to you? I don't know. You, you can fly fast? Why? I don't know. There you go. You just have yeah, it. Next, right. thing, next thing, it's funny, and then she's like, oh, and by the way, who's your favorite band? Out of nowhere, he says, Poison. Uh, you know, yeah. now, now we're, we're talking nonsense. But yeah, really, you have this only to lead to, oh my God, we know where Grail is. We, that's the we, biggest, we heard that's of the this. biggest thing. Like, Jason's back. He has no answers to anything. And then, you know, breaking news. I Grail is know. in Germany. <laughs> yeah, just breaking news. Grail's in right, Germany. Well, it's going to take us a few hours to get a bird off, you know, out there and stuff like that. Oh, I'm Jason. I have stuff I can do, but I don't know why. Yeah. One, I my don't sister, know. Come yeah. with me. I will get us there it's quick. It's so weird. It's like almost like a thing where. You are like James Robinson is writing this book. You don't have to have a forced way for them to get to Germany fast. You can just have it happen. I mean, you could have it that at this point they're close or they're doing this or where they are. Don't have it all the way there, wherever. You don't need to just throw Jason into out of nowhere, say, you know what? I can fly really, really fast now. It's pretty cool. Uh, and I can get to Germany where they well, said, oh, my God, Grail's in Germany. Let's roll. I'll and tell they you, go. as weird as that is, just to have this, okay, I can fly fast. I can get a there faster. Yeah. On the way there, out of nowhere, what is wrong, brother? You seem like you're thinking of something. I'm I don't you, know. It, it really reminds me of it's like, you know, Escape from Witch Mountain. Sister, it seems yeah, like you're thinking is. of it's something. Like you're that. remembering something. And then he's like, but no, oh. It's like, I yeah. remember when I first met Grail. I was a fool and she betrayed me. It was that day I met the Deep Six. Yeah, I'm the like, Deep oh, Six. Are you kidding me? Are and, you and fucking just, kidding me? And it's funny, too. As this is going on, you have this. I'm like, okay, we're getting a little bit of recap for people jumping on. But out of nowhere, you get Deep Six. And this is supposed to explain why we haven't seen them since and what was going on. And the best, the best piece of it. It is so funny to me. And it's not laugh out loud funny. I'm telling you, I'm not going to chuckle. But the best is Jason saying, it was weird. They talked to me in this really funny way that as they talked to me, they yelled out their names. He they says they this. all sort of introduced themselves as they spoke. This, this is something that which at least is made such, them easier to tell apart. Yeah, I it's did such okay, a though. hokey thing that we always say that there's a lot of books that have that where at the beginning where you'll just keep getting like, "Why oh, yeah. I shall go yes. alone shall end it," or "Hey there." Black I Canary. Deal with uh, yeah, this. yeah. And this is like such a, almost like James Robinson was told 
by the editor. Like, listen, you, you gotta but, spell but out this stuff. Nobody knows like, who the fuck right. Deep Six is. You gotta yeah. do something with it. And this. he's like, okay, I don't really want to do that, so I'm gonna do it in a fucked up way. Yeah, you know what? When they came to talk to me, they actually talked really weird and announced their names. It's such a weird meta thing it's of something so that a lot of people get annoyed by. I uh, I reviewed this issue Tuesday night for you know New Comic Book Day at midnight yeah. on Wednesday, and Wednesday morning I'm in the shower just thinking about the books and stuff like that, and how much Wonder Woman has disappointed me, and how excited I was for James Robinson to be on this book because I loved his Earth too. He made me love that title, yeah. and I'm really afraid to go back and read it again. Maybe I was just wrong or naive. It's like or something. I say, I first uh, started reading it. it's basically me going back to read Tom King's Grayson. Where yeah. I, I said I maybe this sort of you know connect the dots, uh, very vague dialogue and things like that. Maybe that's something that was there all along. It's just not hitting with. Maybe me I now. was just like, like it was the first comic I'd like you know picked up regularly yeah. in a long time. Maybe I was just excited to read comics again and look past a lot of shit because yeah, well that's the what same. We, yeah. What am I doing here? Yeah, because with Grayson when I jumped on, a lot of people were and I love Nightwing and yeah. a lot of people were like, uh, no way am I reading a spy Nightwing. I'm like, no, no, I'm gonna give it a shot. And it was yeah. kind of like my book at that point maybe i went a little too much but the problem with deep six there and we did find out eventually that deep six are apocalyptic and yeah. things like that but i'm glad that they say their names but even then i don't know who they are and i'm not going to oh. care and three of them look exactly alike you if they're not far no uh, yeah i'm telling you if three of them Slick? at least maybe even four if, if they're not you know triplets the three the you know i wouldn't know who are but really all they look to me are is knockoff versions of he-man characters i really have to say that's what they he remind me of. better characters yeah well i'm saying knockoff i told you oh, like, yeah, these yeah. are the these are the manly men figures not the he-man figures these the aren't the snake these aren't the snake men figures these are the fish men figures yeah they're the fish men of the manly man line but yeah you have this fight which what well, why because he's just going to tell you that he ended up fighting these guys he kind of lost uh, his powers which he doesn't have to worry about now because of this armor and grell came to save him but yeah, he, he gets exhausted known. using them yeah and he should have known i should have known that i was going to be duped like this but you know what i was naive way back when uh, you know 3 weeks ago <laughs> It's even weird to me that they called the Deep Six now because it seems when Grail comes out to save the day to convince Jason to be on her side, she, like, she kills one of the Deep Six who we yeah. never learned his name. But I'm like, right, shouldn't they be the Deep Five? It'd be funny, too. They're there, and they're like, oh, no. Now we got to go get new sweatshirts. We're now Deep <laughs> Five, and that doesn't sound good. Deep Five. Now we're the Hang Five. And we're the like, High Five. That sounds good. Hang hang Ten, Hang to High Five. Yeah, you, you just get this so that people are reminded, I guess, that Jason has this background of being duped by Grell. The problem yeah. is, really doesn't come into play for the rest of the issue because no, when Jason they do go to Grell, to no, he ends up just fighting parademons. He ends That's up the thing. pretty he, much. He goes into this thinking to himself, I need retribution for yeah. being duped by Grell, so I'm glad we're going after her together now. Oh, wait. Uh, there's parademons over there. I already threw Wonder Woman towards Grail to get her there faster. Yeah, I guess I have to go deal with these parademons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and with that, you have Grail and Wonder Woman face off while Jason is fighting parademons. Now, again, it's and, such and a the, weird and deal. And the Wild Huntsman And it's such a weird deal because the Wild Huntsman is a German superhero. It's mm -hmm. the only connection to have to go to Germany. <laughs> like I said, there doesn't have to be this connection. You didn't need to have this whole thing. Oh, by the way, we have to get to Germany? Well, thankfully, I fly faster now. Let's go. And with this, you do get Diana fighting and ends up putting the lasso around Grail to find out the truth, Eric, and finds oh. out basically that Darkseid is gathering up 
a army and an army and, because he can't trust people and you know of apocalypse things like that i more thought it was mainly because he was kind of a baby here and then he was kind of gather up the deal but uh you get a little bit of an explanation of his plan i'm, telling you, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out it's such a weird thing it's all like you know i'm trying to get to the grail parts here it's yeah, like this with the, uh, um and the relics why are they so important grail yeah. Their energy, it radiates at a specific frequency from a specific time in the past when the new gods were old gods who walked the primitive earth along with other pa- pantheons. I'm like, the new gods weren't the old gods, no, though. Like, no. I, I don't understand what they're talking about. And, Back yeah. when the pantheon's frequencies were aligned, that means when incorporated into the science within the old new gods temple. Yeah. Oh, God damn. I'm like, what the what one are you in doing? the Amazon? Yes. I, I just, the same I just have, one. Yeah, the one in the yeah. Amazon that you couldn't find before. Now, but and, and with now, this, if we, all... we get the relics, though, we open this door, and we're we just going to go back in time to Themyscira and yeah, Mount Olympus? Yeah, it seems as if what, what they kind of go with – it's a weird deal because you're throwing time and things in where uh, it's an odd – thing because the whole thing with greg rucka kind of did and at the beginning more of the beginning of this book kind of has said and as we're going at this point the mascara is it's everywhere it's almost like the multiverse is how they kind of explain it that it's on a frequency that it's not really of earth but it's there you have to do this this only means to me that they're trying to you know give an explanation of what will open up the gate to go back to Themyscira, but it's not jiving with what we know was, in this he, book. When the new gods were old gods, yeah, no, I, the, the I new don't gods know what's going were on. Never the old gods. That's why they're the new gods. They're the new gods, and with that, yeah, but they—it's like new Coke. It was new Coke, and then Coke Classic came back. So new Coke was the old Coke with the new Coke of the classic Coke. I don't know what's going on, but with that, all they have to say is, "Oh, gathering the relics to go back to Themyscira." Oh no, and, and that would have been fine. You don't yeah. have to make a crazy We need to grab these apocalyptic relics to get enough energy to pierce the veil and get to this other place. Yeah, okay. that's all you need. That's all you need. And in the meantime, you have Grail like, hey, by the way, you know, you never really uh, had to deal with somebody like me. I'm Amazonian and apocalyptic, but boom, and, and ends up and freaking booming breaks, out. I'm telling you, boom, like, that's the thing. Is she Booms shoots away out an electrical from the deal, charge. Yeah. That I don't know what happens to the last one at that, that point, yeah. how it just – and then a boom tube opens up behind her. She runs off, and boom, yep. we're done. Yeah, it looks like basically that charge booms Wonder Woman, so she drops the lasso, and yeah, I, I don't know how it works. And then she gets the hell out of there. And then you have, thank God, the Wild Huntsman survives, Eric. I oh, was really afraid God. that he was going to have some problems. Thank God, now we can have that Wild Huntsman book we've all been wanting. Yeah, and then you have more of Jason just standing around. Hey, you know what? I'm sure I can control the wind and lightning like our father, but I didn't need to focus like I normally do. Like, really? And and it's so funny because he's talking, and even Wonder Woman's not listening. Are you listening to me, sister? No, I am not. I'm just worried. Uh, We may have stopped Grail today. No, you didn't. Uh, You did stop. You did save the Wild Huntsman. He does say that. Now, again, is this leading back to is Darkseid now – gathering an army like they say because i don't think the wild huntsman is down or is he still siphoning no, energy the thing, no the thing get... is i believe that she thought the wild huntsman had one of these apocalyptic relics yeah, and that's why she was but there it's just but when she gets back it's like all right you little freaking needle little fucking lowlies i got working yeah, for yeah. me do we have enough relics for the energy no sir no well do we know that argus has all these other ones we need yes, yes sir all right fuck it let's go to argus yeah. it basically is like me and you were trying to gather uh bread 
you know, we're there in leak slip right now. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh-huh. all right, uh-huh. let's go next door. You know, I know Luke Hollywood lives there. That's the Hollywood kid. He's probably got a loaf of bread. We go over. He only has two pieces left. He's been eating a lot of sandwiches. So we get that. And I'm like, all right, wh- who else can we go find? Andrew, let's go to Belfast. We'll get that. We go all the way to Belfast. We get his one piece of bread. And then finally you say to me, you know what? Does the local supermarket have bread? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Maybe we should go there. Like, at this point, you're like, really? That's what we got to of let's go to art. Why didn't you ask that immediately? The thing is, though, maybe they are trying to avoid this because for some reason, Steve Trevor and the Oddfellows can take out all the female theories. But with that also, they already knew some of the things were taken down by them to get these relics back to art. Like, he's like, all right, then let's go. Like, really, you waited all this time and all this nonsense, especially this issue. This issue should have started out where Darkseid just starts at the end and says, hey, by the way, How many relics do we have? I'm getting really impatient here. I am not a guy. I'm not known for my patience. You know, they don't call me Dr. Darkseid. You know why? Because I have no patience there. And he says, let's get the fuck, you know, I want to go. Let's go. No, we don't have the relics. Darkseid kills that guy because he don't like bad news. You know, he does kill the messenger. I don't know if you're aware of that. And then says, let's go to, yeah, let's go the fuck to Argus and get the shit. I am done. And then in the meantime, you have Jason there with that armor and things like that. So we can have a fight this issue does nothing and this whole what the last six issues what has it done we have just done nothing it is not good and it's it's killing me because it is making me realize that we were completely wrong and greg rucka was killing it because at least every time even when we were uh, confused when we did we were getting things i I like the god watch stuff it was the present day stuff i had a problem with fucking leaps above, above this Get me Ferdinand right now. Get him on the fucking Get line. Right now. I need him back that because that's what I want. goddamn not Minotaur. Oh, my goodness gracious. I don't need this. Like, hey, Tar. What the hey, hell is Jason, he fucking called? What, what are we going to do next? I don't know. Oh, goodness gracious. What are you there good for, go. Jason? Oh, God damn. Betsy, but uh, I just think, and also I think that they are, he, uh, James Robinson is souping him up so that at least he can square off against maybe even Darkseid or Grail when it does come down just to die. I don't think he's surviving this book, and if he does survive, it'll be one of those, like, they do end up seeing a rift to Themyscira, and he jumps in to close it, so we don't well, know I don't what know. I don't know if this whole thing, the armor shows up, he was in a dream of giants, I don't know if this is like a friggin', like, what is that, that, uh, that goddamn lightning thief book called, Percy Jackson, Percy Jackson, where all the gods are giants like that, and like, he was actually in a Mount Olympus or something like that, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't with. know. And yeah, he has I think the armor that he's gonna be going the, away. The ar- I say, the armor is somehow gonna sacrifice himself to use the power of the yeah. armor, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think that for he's the gods be gone. to stop this from yeah, going down. Yeah, he'll he'll close the rift with the power of the gods. That's well. But what did you give it? I gave this issue a five point three out of ten because while I really love the art, every bit of story we had here was just forced to get us what we needed to know to get us to the next issue, and it was very disappointing. Yeah, I'm giving it a fuck you five. I did like the art. I usually don't. Yeah, Jesus Marino. I'm telling you, it was this awesome. Like, awesome. First time on this uh, series yeah. right now for looks this, you know, great. since Rebirth, and it looks great in my yeah, mind. I'm, I'm actually telling you, wish we had some more Jesus in my life. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but I can't let this pass anymore. It's just nothing. You get Jason just shows up with the, you know, I like don't we know. said, I don't. Don't know. I don't know. He, he just keeps saying it uh, when I would like at least an explanation or say something like, I don't know. I think I saw our father, but he's dead. Or is he? Ooh, wait, Did you see the face said, of God? Yeah, yeah, really. And next thing you know, they're they're fucking lump. 
lumps there, and you got goddamn, uh, yeah, I don't know, Funky Flashman shows up. But I'm just, I'm so irritated with this book, and it shouldn't be. That Wonder oh. Woman should never, ever make it to the last section of books. There, There is no reason for it, and it gets me upset. But we're going to go to the next book. It kind of, well, it is, it's weird because it continues the James Robinson section of the podcast. It's Trinity number 19. We usually talk about what the Steve Orlando a bit, but again, this is another bit of nothingness, uh, written by, at Trinity number 19, I'll repeat that, written by James Robinson, art by Jack Herbert, Gabe Altiev, and Carlos M. Manguel. James Robinson ends his guitarist arc, kind of, by showing that the Trinity was duped the whole time. Wonder Woman gets her sight back. Just because Superman gets some of his powers back just because and everything was not what it seems, especially Steve Trevor, who was the one questioning them, but now turns out to be Deimos looking for answers and not really getting much. Oh, yeah. Warlord wasn't dead. And Steve Trevor's now missing. And this issue, I have seen people go on and on about how great this issue was with these other people. I'm like. Really? Like, this what am I missing? This was sure to read for oh, this podcast. Oh, goodness gracious. And it starts off with the continuation of that, you know, who... The debriefing. We, and we don't know who it was until now. We see the debriefing was through Steve Trevor. And you just get this whole deal where we're going to go, hey, you know, what was going on at this point? And, hey, I don't know. And yet you have the continuation of, through dialogue, we are going to continue that whole deal. Like, every time that two of them have given up... One of them, you know, shows how great they are to remind them that they're the Trinity and things like that. But with this, I'm like, at one point, I thought they're not even going to talk about how they got back from being old. Yeah. Uh, and it was just it was crazy with this. But again, you get this whole thing with Diana talking to Steve Trevor. Listen, listen, uh, Angel doesn't say that. But you know what? Uh, we did this and that. We went to the Warlord's Castle. We're trying to get help and all this, and it's nothing. It is nothing. And then we get to see that basically Diana's like, I want to talk about the fun stuff, the battles. And then the, no, no, no. Let's, no, we gotta let's go back. slow down here. Let's go back. Listen, I'm not the Steve Trevor, your friend right now. I'm the Steve Trevor who works at Argus, and we're not going to skip things just because you think they're boring. Every aspect is interesting to Argus, so let's slow down, back off, and the three of you tell me what Tell me all about Shambhala, the castle of the freaking warlord. Yeah, and then they're like, okay, we're going to go with this. And then even Steve Trevor says, the three of you aged. You may be 30 years to 40 years, but Superman and Batman became so ancient they were maybe a day away from taking a dirty I didn't nap. even get this in the last issue. Like, all no. of a sudden, like, oh, 30 years for Wonder Woman, but ancient for the rest. Like, and, what and the here's fuck? The Why thing is this is important? That the thing that's important to me is the way you're spelling this out, Batman's dead. There's yeah. no, like, you made that to me is such a bad mistake to do that and not say, listen, Batman may have aged 30 years, but you and Superman, you guys were, uh, you know, because you're playing with the different agings of an Amazon and a Kryptonian. You telling me that both Superman and Batman aged to a point where, to me, that's nonsense because you're going through a thing. You would think that everybody's aging the same way anyway because of how it was set up and whatever, but we don't even it, it know. It doesn't serve any goddamn no, purpose for this whole spelling because we go out, back. which I never got the idea no. of anyway. And we go back to see what happened, and you have Jennifer Morgan, who is the Warlord's daughter, who just basically says, well, you know what? You guys don't look so good. You, you know, you look pretty old. Let me change that. There you go, you're back. I'm like, really? This is All the right. big cliffhanger was then explained that, 
oh, there's a time fucking craziness around the castle. That's how we do things here. So that's when people break in, you know, they'd rather eat hard candies and ribbon candy instead of attacking us. Okay, you got a joke there, but what's going on? Because then Wonder Woman goes, I feel better, and you know what? I can see now. And then she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, just fooling around before. I I was just messing with you. And I made you blind because I thought that'd be funny. And also I thought that Deimos then would center yeah. on you guys instead in, of in fighting us. In your weakened state, I also th- knew that Deimos would be like going for you instead of us. I'm just saying, though, how does Deimos... Why? I don't like, even know no, why. I'm telling you, for everything that Wonder Woman did, we showed in this series so far that even Sightless, Wonder Woman is yeah, still like the greatest warrior even. out She's of all like, of them. Why does this make Lord Deimos' no. freaking th- and, people come after them, though? Yeah, and with that, though, she does say that... uh you know, hey, you know, I, I was the one who made you blind, but really, you, you did pretty good. I, I was rooting for you, but I thought that Deimos would go, and I'm thinking that the roundabout thing with this is Deimos is trying to take over the castle to try to get this time wonkiness, these time clouds and things like that. Why would he just completely stop that just to go off? And, and really what we saw, uh, I'm telling you, you see this attack that's on the castle. There's a thousand of these monsters attacking. When they were getting attacked before, it was in different areas by like three or four months. It didn't seem like it was really, you know, weakening the troops or anything. It just was nonsense. No. Basically, it, it you, just seemed like random monsters that yeah. were in the area that weren't a part of the big yeah. battle. Yeah, and so all this ends up being that you're you get all of this before now. Really didn't matter because now no. we're at the castle and now you can see. So then Superman says, "Oh, by the way." This is awesome. If, if you can give her sight back, can I get my powers back? Can I be Superman? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Uh, yeah. It's still a magical place, guitars. But let's go down below and I, let's I got check a out what's going that on. Can do that yeah, I got a computer. In the meantime, also says, here's Deimos. Look at him. He looks like the devil. Oh, he'd, he'd take that as a compliment. He's a very sexy fella. And he's Who who's fighting that? us. He's trying to get us. Uh, hey, Superman says, can I? can we go down? And get my powers. Yeah, yeah, come on. We're going to go down this ladder. We'll go down. And uh, th- this was old Atlantean technology. You know, Skitaris and Atlantis, we kind of had a, a thing going. So, yeah, out of nowhere, I can give you your powers back because of that. <laughs> and, and there's no explanation, really. There's nothing going on with that except that when she does explain, she says, I blocked your powers a bit. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. And they go down. I'm like, really? This this is what you're getting in the meantime? Using ancient Atlantean science, yeah. this technology can create and, more importantly, project a form of binary energy. It will envelop the, uh, the Superman and exu- exclude the magic that's taking his powers. I'm like, shut yeah. the fuck yeah. up. Yeah, really. And with this, you have where it's just the – and people are like, oh, this is such great characterizations of the Trinity – you you have Batman because Batman's the detective. He just doesn't believe anything. So he's yeah. like, huh, we should have maybe gone on the other side. No, no, I, I believe that I would probably say from what we've even seen. I mean, really, this is comic books, Batman. Deimos does look like the devil. He's a oh, bad God. guy. I'm and, going to like, say fuck everybody and just find just a way leave. the hell out of yeah, here that's because what these people wanted, are insane yeah. on both sides. Yeah, I wanted at a point where the Trinity said, you know what? I don't care about your nonsense. No. I want to get the hell out of here. And then you'd have Jennifer say, well, you know what? The only way you're getting out of here is through me. You're going to have to help. And then, okay. But really, basically. Like, right in the devil's hand, Jennifer. Yeah, yeah, really. But they just say, you know, all right, what's going to happen now is we're going to go fight. And I do like the art in this issue. I think the art's really good. There's some panels that I really, really like. Uh, but they go off to fight. 
And now we're going to get that continuation of what we had before that some people liked of like, Diana likes the battle. So she's talking about it like, man, I'm a warrior first and I like fighting and boy, I love everything about it. You have Superman there is like, yeah, it's not really my thing, but whatever. And then Batman's like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, but as the battle goes on, you have, like I said, at one point, they seem to think they're losing and they yeah. get a little upset. But Until Superman's smiling. Over, Superman punches somebody. But he's killing people and smiling. To me, he has now gone full out insane. <laughs> like, look at that motherfucker. He's just killing people. He's got a smile on his face. And they're like, oh, right, look at my boot tread. And you have the three of them going. Until then, they're like – and through this whole thing, you get the Batman detective is the – huh? as he, he's beating up, punch this guy. Punch! Huh, you know what? Punch! I, I think that this whole thing with Warlord, why isn't she telling us how he died? Punch! Oh, yeah, yeah I think there's something up with that. And then there is. And yeah. the Warlord And then we find in. out that, you know, the Trinity were acting as a diversion for the Warlord and the rest of his yeah, troop to come to in and fucking them. flank them. Yeah. And then the battle's over. Yeah, the Warlord's and really, alive. And that's hey. the thing with that is, you, it's like almost like, and, and it's funny when you look where you have Warlord come in and yell for guitarist, but it's funny too with Batman's reasoning. It's like, Travis Morgan died. Okay, this is when he's kick, kick. Uh, okay, why so vague about the how? Punch! And then it occurred to me, you're not given the title warlord unless you're a lord of war. Okay? Oh, that, that shows you that. And that's Very basically good. like, oh, that was together. the plan. With that, it really seems at that point, if you really go by the art, they show up. Warlord shows up, yells, onward, men, fight for Skatars. There may be three people left. On, on the bad side. You see a lot of people down, well, I'm hardly you, anybody up, and they just come in to take the credit is what when it, that, it when, means when to me. When Warlord comes in, Batman goes off on his own, then he has his own agenda because oh, this, is, this is something that I, I don't think was ever really pushed until right now at <laughs> yeah. this exact moment. The fighters who were clearly from Earth, like we were, like we were they had answers. I wanted that, yeah. like, you know, I wanted that. And I'm like, when did we ever decide that no. there were fighters in this no, war we didn't from Earth? No, know that. All we, we had was We had before. these people that came through with you in the rift who yep. aged prematurely they and aged. died. Yep. And, and now, now there are just people have, working yeah. for Deimos who – yeah, you you what, don't even have – yeah, you don't even have a point where they're fighting and somebody says, hey – Holy crap, you know, ease up there, Batman. Punch! And uh, don't do that because some of these people are humans. Like, why are they here? Out of nowhere, Batman's just like, I'm going to find out what's going on. Says this guy, hey, why are you here? And just the question makes the guy commit suicide. Yeah, that's like, not part of the contract. This. I can't do this. That's Bam. not part of the contract. And I'm not here thing, to answer questions. Later it, on in the wraparound, we find out that, you know, Steve Trevor isn't Steve Trevor. We find yeah. out about this Blue Strike security and – I was like wondering because I've been thinking about this the whole time where we had these people going. They had symbols that were reminiscent in my mind of the Blackhawks the symbol. Blackhawks, we yeah. haven't really dealt with any of that. And all of a sudden, no. oh, yeah, the Blue Strike security team that somehow is working for Lord Deimos. And, you know, and, yeah, I, I don't and get that's, it. And that's the big tell as it goes on because this ends. And I'm telling you, here we go. We, we're now the – the uh quadruple it's no longer the trinity i i'm on the team eric i'm on oh, we're okay. now the uh the four horsemen is what we're called and i'm one of these guys uh when i went through for some reason uh jennifer thought it'd be really funny to make me impotent as i came through and that really upset me but then i went down to the atlantean technology uh acted like viagra i am now able to get a hard on again but as this goes on we go back to the celebration 
and like you have Warlord and everybody's high five and I I don't know I'd be like okay uh, Wonder Woman Batman and and you know Superman what the fuck's going on? Because I think we should start beating up these motherfuckers yeah. because they tricked us. They or almost got us killed for us. many a time. We ended up aging. Who knows what that's going to do down the line? You know, you, you can only take so many times where you're at death's door from age and then brought back or whatever. This is bullshit. You know, what they did was complete bullshit. It ends up with them like, all right, thumbs up, guys. That was awesome. Let's shake hands. Hey, Warlord, I know that you left and let us fight the entire battle and then came back yelling shit about Skitaris. You know, that's bullshit. No, no, no. They're all happy and they're going to go back. And that's Time where they go back to the deal. And I'm with them, Eric. Now I have a raging heart on. I cannot get it. And now I have to call the doctor because I have experienced a no, heart on for hours. eight no. hours. And no, no. Uh, so we go back and Steve Trevor's there and that's the whole deal. Huh. You know what I told you before, mister, that when I was blind, I could sense things and smell things. You don't smell like Steve Trevor. You ain't wearing Dracar Noir like my Stevie boy does. You are not Flies who you're saying you are. He does. And this is where then you have Superman Love and Batman break him. in. Now, with this, this is where I go through the all roundabout deal. Yes, you have to wonder, like, okay, where's Steve Trevor? You also have to wonder, like, where is – other people in Argus. Where yeah. and, and really, they're in this thing where they can freely go between rooms. Like, right there, Deimos, you, you fucked up. You, you don't need that. You have things. That, just basically, he thinks he's so good at this that you can just fool. But where is everybody else? Where are they? And they just end up, oh, Deimos, you son of a bitch. Where's Steve Trevor? You know, because he ends up saying about the Blue Strike team and stuff. And then Batman, because he is a detective, says, wait a second. You, we never mentioned that. You just did. You're not who you're saying you are. What's going on? You're Deimos. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. And then disappears. And like, you know, Steve Trevor, smell you later and whatever. And then it says next, the search for Steve Trevor. And I'm like, really? This is you know, how we're uh, going to end this book? I, this I, is nonsense. We just went through a war. I, I don't think we really need to find Steve no, Trevor. Just, let's like, just go eh, have some R&R. You know what? When you sign up for Argus, you know, you know what's going on. <laughs> you know what's at risk. And we're leaving. Goodbye, Diana. And you know what we should do? Let's go back into whatever, you know, rift we can try to find again. Get Jennifer and Warlord. Get their asses out here. Now they can fight for us. They can do and do their Tell shit. Tell them to go yeah. find He's Steve like, Trevor. listen, and Batman's like, they're even worse than the gentleman. Jesus Christ. And then you're done. There you go, Eric. It's all done. But I, I, I'm telling you. I and the whole thing, too, like, we, like have, we have Jennifer opening portals to send them home. We have Lord Deimos just showing up in our world. It doesn't seem like Skitaris is this place that is, like, hard to get to no. and back and from anymore. It's, it's just, just, oh, I'm over here, I'm over Like, and, why doesn't Lord Deimos say, fuck Skitaris, this place over here and, is better? Well, and that, and to the point where the whole wraparound is that Deimos is desperate to try to figure out what is going on, but yet was already spelled out. That he knows almost everything that went on in Skitaris. Yeah. Now he's there because the whole thing ends up being that Jennifer explains to them that they have these time clouds that Deimos wants to get a hold of because they he can be weaponized, weaponized yeah. and things like that. But re- why do you need to talk to Wonder Woman and Batman and, you know, Superman? You're not, they're not even really, he's never really even asking them questions. He's just telling, tell me a, a yarn. Spin me and a please yarn tell me here. about this blue strike security team yeah, that happened yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, and with that, that, like nothing happens with this, and it doesn't even make sense to go forward. 
And I thought it was complete and utter nonsense. It was just all nonsense. I like the we art, just like did I things said. for no reason yes, at I get, all. Yeah. That I'm telling you, it's we nonsense. do things until we don't do things, and we're not really given a reason. It just is because. Yes, and I'm yeah. like, fuck you. I, now, I don't want to deal with this goddamn story. How can you make Trinity a bad book? Well, you have the you, best superheroes have that, out yeah. there, and it's a bad book. This would have been a, a book that uh, little Eric Shea would have grabbed on if he didn't get the Justice League, because this would have no, been I didn't his, have a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, I had to get the Justice League. Well, I'm saying, if, if somehow yeah. they didn't have that and you had to get this, but – in the meantime, Eric, there are eight reviews in the comic book roundup. Uh, would it be infuriating if I told you that there are two tens? Two ten out of tens and one nine. No, I know how the game is played. You I mean, know the game. Tens for to, fucking everything. Don't hate the like. game, hate the player, because that's nonsense. And it, it goes from ten, ten, nine, eight, eight, four, five, which is my score. I'll tell you, I yeah. gave it a four, five, a four, and a two. So I'm telling you, the two people before me, I'm giving you a solid, giving you a fucking, you know, fist bump there, guys. And it's Batman News and ComicBook.com. Uh, I'll more than throw shade at the people above. I'll give these people credit, and they say the same thing. This is rushed. Uh, in Batman News, uh, this Daniel uh, Cheeseman, a uh, very unfortunate name there, Eric, but he right, says, right. a plain rushed ending to a forgettable arc. I, I agree. I said the issue felt very forced and rushed, and it is. But the problem is when you get to the end – and you're like, boy, that was rushed. I wonder what they're going to tie this all into to end this. The search for Steve Trevor. This is going to continue. Oh, <laughs> you God sons of bitches. It. Really? You that's what me. we're going to get to? Yeah. Because I'm like, well, my goodness gracious. But what would you give it? This is a fuck you five all the yeah, way. I'm yeah. telling you, I do like the art in this issue for the most part. There are a few panels that I don't really like. But I think like Jennifer Morgan looked great. Warler looked great. Yeah. Batman, uh, I don't know. I guess everything looked pretty good overall. There was a few panels that just struck me as odd when I was going through. Like Steve Trevor. I don't like Steve Trevor for some okay. reason. But maybe that everything, was a, maybe that was a tell, Eric. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just saying maybe. everything I don't understand I why any choice was made during the writing of this book okay. or anything in this arc, and it just infuriated because they had these long drawn out explanations for things that, that don't make any to, sense. Yeah. And, and didn't like, nothing didn't to need to happen in the first place. No. And they like didn't there was need so much happen. talking in this book. For what we got, you know, this big battle, everyone can't just shut the fuck up, though. I'm like, what is going on it's here? So I funny don't too, understand. Because as you're saying that, you have the Trinity show up at the castle, and Jennifer's there. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they get old. And you have the, oh, there's there's time clouds. And we already had a setup for that. I know. You didn't need the Trinity to turn old for three panels. They, we already had a setup with what we thought was kind of like the hawk, you know, the, the whole deal there uh, before. So you didn't need that. The blue we strike, yeah, saw yeah. The, yeah, what ended up being the blue strike that we didn't know. Uh, but, yeah, it's just complete and utter nonsense. Now, I will tell you, we're going to go to the last book, speaking of nonsense, but – uh, one of the person, one of the sites that did give a ten out of ten to Trinity, Eric, also gave a ten out of ten to this next book. What are That's they you there, doing? Game. What are they doing? I mean, really, Bizarro every, Land over there. It, it is, I guess. Me and uh, love this book. There you go. Justice League of America number twenty six. What what is going on? I mean, at a point where you're giving these books tens out of you know ten out of ten, like it's goddamn M and M's. Please stop. Every day that you review a book is not fucking Halloween, people. Stop giving out the goddamn candy. Uh, it, it's insane. I don't even know why we bother. I really don't. When you have this nonsense, 
Justice League of America number 26, written by Steve Orlando, art by Miguel Mendonca, Dexter Vines, Wayne Foucher, Chris Sotomayor, and Clayton Cowles. I think I'm going to start it, – it's just going to be the Jim Throwing Shade podcast. In every podcast, I'm just going to find something that I find ridiculous. may even be something of mine because I'm telling yeah. you, I have a lot of nonsense myself, and I'll just read shit and, uh, you know, t- some tweets, maybe a book, Eric. It'll be great. It'll have at least one listener, me. Steve Orlando gives us a rushed ending to his Angor story so we can move on to the ending of this series. This issue was full of the usual nonsense, hokey dialogue, situations that made me laugh, and Lobo blasting off on the space hog, Eric, and I can never pass up two times that I can hit the space hog. This book lasted way too long, but it still makes me laugh. And like Anosenti's Catwoman, I may miss this when it's gone just for talking to you about it. Uh, Though I will not miss when I go to review this book. It's like I'm there and I'm lining up my reviews and things like that. And I always do want to get this over quick. We've talked about this many a time. A little peek into the reviewing game that we do. You want to end up doing some books that you don't like so much. And then you can get to some things. And and the problem is it is the devil's hand because half the time – when I pick the scheduling, I haven't read them yet. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm going to do JLA. I'll read it. Then I have to review it. But then when you get now, you know, and we've had some weeks where nothing's good. But usually I can count on this book to be one of the first I review yep. and then one of the last we talk about. It's first in, last out. It, and is I just what it sit is. there blaming you when I have to read this for the podcast because oh. I don't want to. Oh, blame me. Do you what you should yeah, do? Like we blame is, Reggie for his book. Yeah, no. What you should do is sit there and like he started off, and you're in Angor, and you're like, God damn it! But you know what? Jim took this book from me. God bless his soul. That's what you should no, say. No, and, and then to Batman. because and next week I get to least. say the same thing. Next week I can laugh because yeah, Batman's never ending. You're there forever. It's it's endless, uh, like the horde. In the demon realm, it's never ending, Eric. But you start off this book and we're in Angor and this whole issue is going to continue. That whole idea is, is Angor going to be rebuilt by Batman and Dream Slayer? And yeah, and as we must be Angor reborn, but you had the whole thing. God, we should have gotten to say Angor. I know we should have. The adjudicator. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. (laughs) I know the adjudicator there is the judge. He's pretty much judge, jury, and executioner here, where he has already decided no. You've tried this twice. Once where you fucked it up normal, then you got the wish from the you know, might be on the mirror, and this isn't the way it should be. And all came up into this point almost like a monitor slash Lords of Order well, type that's the deal. Thing is, this whole adjudicator, he's a character that has not been seen since before yeah. Crisis, and his whole stick was he was fucking insane and would go yeah. and judge planets to destroy them, and he would always deem them not suitable not, to survive. Not suitable. And in that this, was your stick. Steve Orlando's changed the stick a little where he's just there to, hey, adjudicator, can we bring this back? You didn't even really get that far at the beginning. And this is where I said, and a lot of people have agreed when they end up uh, reviewing Jeremy's one of them who ended up doing the Shadow Batman book, where he said, out of nowhere, it messages me, did I not hear you one time that you said that Steve Orlando kind of seems to forget what he's writing about as it goes on? I said, oh yeah, he's Uh really good at like a, a cliffhanger and then forgetting what that was later or whatever. And this is the adjudicator showed up and basically said, you Nothing have already, you Go have on. already 
stepped over the bounds of what is supposed to be. You destroyed this the Dream Slayer, whoever. It doesn't matter. This planet has been given an extra chance it shouldn't have. Still got fucked up. It's over. It's done. I'm here to stop this. In the meantime, I'm just waiting for him to snap his fingers so the planet gets, you know, done. But he's just hanging out. And this, you get this narration. But with this, he's then, a lawyer. There then, yeah, he is. It's a cuckold of planet destruction. And with that, they're there and they're pleading their case where we already saw before. Hey, uh, I'm Dream Slayer now. If you can't tell my impersonation oh, yeah, of Dream Slayer, Dream Slayer Classic talks Dream like Slayer. this. Hey, uh, Judicator, uh, I have Batman and Canary here. Is that enough? You know, does that make me able to bring this planet back? No. And he basically said, no. I've seen throughout the multiverse. Fuck who's here. Yeah, I've seen Batman. I've seen Black Canaries. And it hasn't worked out. This is not impressive to me. I've seen shit go down. Look at me. Look at this, you know, the 60 yard gaze I have here is what you get when you're a giant one with a goddamn robe. Come on. Yeah, look at me. I I don't. And the the worst part is I am a cosmic being of great power and I still have this goddamn receding hairline. I can't even get a wig. Around here. That whole receding hairline with the long hair is like not a good look adjudicator. No. And it's funny. He's like, well, it's kind of a judge look. And that, you know what? You're right, adjudicator. But he's there. He's already laid down the rules. This is done. But yet, like you said, he seems to like – he's like uh, me and you like we talk about even when we're doing a podcast where I told you never know when I'm doing it by myself how to end it. He's oh, yeah. a guy who doesn't know how to say goodbye. He's very bad with goodbye. So he's already said, listen – this shit is not happening. It's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. But he doesn't know when to say, now you guys go home. I'm going to do He just never gets there. He just stands around. They look at him and then start continuing begging and talking. Uh, now Lord Havoc's here and you get more of that. And you get him just spouting off complete and utter nonsense to explain. Just trying to explain how he's here because yeah, how he has he's conditioned here. Dream Slayer all those years. Yep. And subconsciously. For, and the thing is, it seemed like he was the whole idea was when, like, subconsciously he would be able to come through one of Dream Slayer's portals yeah. when Dream Slayer would realize that, you know, he doesn't need Lord Havoc anymore. It doesn't seem to be that anymore for this issue. It's like, yeah. I, I just programmed him subconsciously so I would be able to do this at any given time. And I'm yeah. like, all right, yeah, I guess. That, that's whatever, all man. it was. And we have Lord Havoc here now? Sure. Yeah. And he's yelling about it in nonsense that makes no sense. He says he contains his power through cellular portals. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thunk it? I think we spent all the last issue talking about it. I'm not telling. Returning to Angor triggered his subconscious. The portals came to life as I conditioned them to. Can you believe it? I'm waiting for him to say that. As, it's as it's because is- he came back to Angor. I'm like, I, well, it's really convenient then. Then what he like totally like – Said no to Lord Havoc anymore. Yeah. That's when you popped out. Yeah, he popped out. And then when he's like, hey, Dream Slayer was always my pawn now. And this is the best is where it starts with the whole idea. I always love when people yell and scream and, the, you know, use himself in the third person, which he does. He, uh, he's brought Havoc home. It's kind of a pun as well. So, yeah, you got that. With that, Batman just punches him, says welcome back and must back away. After that, because he punches him, and then, I thought you would punch more. Then Canary tries to scream, away with you, Canary. Then Batman is behind, all of a sudden, with these crazy fucking knuckles. Seismic gauntlets. Yeah, yeah, and he's starting to punch, and they just go until Dream Slayer's just like, listen. And this is where, again, some people are on there online and saying this is the best character development ever, only because Dream Slayer steps up and says, I've had enough. 
You know, have enough of this character nonsense. character development for Dream Slayer and Lord. Have, have some character development for and our fucking cares? heroes. Yeah, yeah, because Canary just keeps – she keeps singing I, the same old tune. It. I'm telling you, we have had 26 issues of this. There's no, been no character development for fucking Frost. No, I said everybody is a one-note deal. Uh, with that, you get uh, the full out uh, – what's his name? Dream Slayer turns into Ralphie in Christmas yeah. Story where he gets so upset he just goes to town – why he ends up going and then just stopping because out of nowhere you and and with that he's like you know what and they go through this whole thing dream slayers yelling at havoc you could have had a good planet we could have done this people looked up to you they looked at you know your dad banned you and now you're just like your dad you ended up fucking shit up like your dad and then whoo you have you, you know, became the same man yeah. dun, so you have dun, him dun, there. Uh. in the meantime while this is going on you just have canary and batman in the back and Canary just out of nowhere. You've got earthquake gloves and that utility belt. I, I, I don't even know where she gets that. And he's like, seismic knuckles, programmable nanofiber, thanks to Wayne Tech's trade deal with Markovia. Oh, right, oh. That, oh, that explains so much. And then she's like, and, or he says, but without the enriched DNA of a Markovian royal, the recoil could liquefy my spine with enough strikes. And she goes, how many? More than I'll need. Okay. And then you, you continue getting this beating up Dream Slayer there until out of nowhere, because I don't know where it comes from. I have no idea. A grenade goes. A bat and grenade. I, and it's, yeah, it's, but it's, it looks like a, yeah, a bat deal, but at no point did Batman have something like that in his hands. He has his fist fully clenched because he has these fucking seismic knuckles on. And to me, if he reached and grabbed a grenade with shit that's vibrating like an earthquake, it's going to blow up in his hand, but it doesn't. It goes, yeah. you know, gets them well, apart. Well, he designed the bat grenades to withstand seismic knuckles, Jim. You don't yeah, know this well, about Batman. He prepares for everything. But with that, you have these seismic knuckles, and he first throws a grenade and then says, let's talk. And you have Lord Avix like, fuck that talking bit. You know, that, that's nonsense. And then Batman's like, okay, seismic knuckle time. And they start fighting. And you have things that Batman says, such dialogue as, Narak! I don't even know what he's yelling. That, that, Narak! And then he says, not a request. And then yells that, uh, you know, Havoc doesn't take, it's complete and utter nonsense. And then says, I'm going to do this to your hand, and breaks his hand, it looks like. Okay, there we go. He broke his hand. But ultimately, Batman decides that he's here, he's going to save yeah. the day. And that's the thing, is like, I'm going to take that lie that I told, told you, you and, Dream, and Slayer. Dream Slayer, and sacrifice myself so your planet can be reborn, because somehow this is a, a, a thing that we can do now. Yeah. I'm telling you, the lie where he said, Doesn't I'm going to help you take over the Earth, yeah, when I'm he didn't. Yeah, I'm going to help you take over, and didn't. That means now... Hey, sorry, I lied. I'm going to fulfill my lie here. And then basically says, hey, uh, adjudicator, I know that you said that it was nonsense, you know, a Batman and things like that. But if I sacrifice myself, can we bring back Angor? Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> he, he seems bored. He does like, eh, whatever. What the fuck? Canary's like, why would you do this? And it's one of those, like, you know what? It's the lives of a couple people in Gotham as opposed to a bunch of people in Angor, which I have a feeling that when I go through this portal, within three weeks, Lord Havoc is going to fuck shit up again, and it's not going to be worth it. But fuck it. I'll do it. Yeah, I, This is, again, maybe this is the suicidal Batman that we had at the beginning of Rebirth. He's like, eh, maybe that's a good death. But he makes this portal, or actually the adjudicator does, make this thing with Dream Slayer, all this thing where you have 
never explain what this means or what it will do well, if Batman it's goes what we had, through it's it. It's what we had in last issue where yeah. somehow Dream Slayer was using his portal powers to reccreate the planet, but it always kept falling apart because yeah. of the adjudicator. So he's doing the same thing. And for yeah, some reason now that if Batman walks through being a sacrifice, everything yeah. will be fucking because adjudicators like, yeah, the adjudicator's like, yeah, it seems pretty cool. And then in the meantime, Lord Havoc's like, no, the EU filthy casual. Why should you sac your, sacrifice yourself for Angor? I should. And then, and then Dream Slayer says, you know what? Let me go too. Uh, you know, I don't want you to be talked about great. I want to get in on that action. And you have Lord Havoc really in this weird deal where he's like, what? Huh. Yeah. That honor is ours. You're like, okay, he's going to go because he says, I want to share it. Okay. That honor is ours, not yours. He says, it's like all of a sudden he has to go. And then out of nowhere, Canary yells in the back, learn to shut up, Havoc. All right. <laughs> Thanks for contributing, Black yes, Canary. Thank You've you. done so thank much. Thank you uh, a lot for that. And I imagine with all this, all this wind and noise, but learn to shut up, Havoc. <laughs> Just has her hands over her mouth. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm telling you, this is actually it'd be one this of those like Canary shit talk. Oh yeah, it's shit talk as they're already through the portal. Take that! <laughs> You're like, you really did good there, Canary. Uh, but yeah, as this then, you I see. Even the thing. <laughs> Hold on. You know, they've decided they are going to say, we're going to shut up, Havoc. And then Havoc and Dreamstar are about to walk in the program. You're doing good. <laughs> what is that? You can do it. He yells You're out. You're doing they, good. Yeah, they go through. And there you have it where the adjudicator then uh, presses the thing. Portal. You're doing good. Yeah. And the best thing of this then you is go. the adjudicator then is going to talk about what's going on. He's like, uh, Batman and, and Black Canary, they're so small. Oh, what? Why, why are you going with that? But the weird thing about this is, why can't they just leave? Why, in this point, why does it have to be sped up to the point where everybody, you know, I know that they're speeding it up to where Get it last got destroyed, time, but yeah. to me, you're gonna start this world again. Let, let it fucking breathe a little. There's no reason that you have to speed this shit up, but they do. So just so we, we, we can see. We need everything back on well, where just it so to we, be. Can we need see, to reset but, Earth 8. And that was the thing is, uh, the, the whole point of, of rebirth and going through this and this JLA book where you had the Ray that, you know, and really you, the big thing was Ryan and Ray Palmer, which we had at the beginning in the rebirth special number one, where we wanted to see what was going on and what I really, what I really, the, the most important thing, I know that you said Titans is the most important book, but little well, did we know time. that resetting Earth 8 was the most important thing that you had to have. I mean, this is all this is, is resetting Earth 8. Oh, great. Angor's back. Whew. I thought we were going to end this without Angor back. Oh, my <laughs> goodness gracious. Thank you, Lord. But, yeah, you, you have that, and basically it's like, yeah, the adjudicator still. I was Morrison just having it destroyed in multiversity. Yeah, I was okay that, yeah, with that. Really, yeah. And with that, you okay, have Angor. the whole deal here where this this planet just keeps getting destroyed. Well, you have the adjudicator like, oh, yeah, Batman and Canary, they're so small. But look at them. They're seeing the existence is infinite. Yet until now, my every ruling has been final, which now you flip-flop, you bastard. Yeah. They are small. 
but they tip the balance towards hope. Well, we already, you already spelled this out. Now you're going to get this. You're not going to fool me now, Steve Orlando, by making this all about hope and joy. Uh, this is nonsense. You, you have gone through rules that you set up that didn't happen to be rules. You end up with dialogue that makes no goddamn sense into a portal of a sacrifice that doesn't mean anything because it was going to be Batman. If you had the whole thing where it was supposed to be Havoc and, and Dream Slayer where they're like, okay, you're the only ones here. You, you were kind of involved in destroying it. So the only way to bring it back is to sacrifice yourself. And you have that progression of Lord Havoc saying, well, I really want to rule this planet, but you know what? Almost like a Sinestro, the planet is most important. Angor is everything to me. I will sacrifice myself. But instead, it just goes back and forth. And then you have, learn when not to talk there, Havoc. Learn to shut up, Havoc. Oh, my goodness gracious. You're well, doing we go good. Back. We go- <laughs> you can do it. But with that, you end up going back to Happy Harbor where you do have Killer Frost with her plans. She's there with her, with her blueprints and like, all right. We're really doing good. Do you think that we should probably tell what appears to be a trillion-dollar extravaganza going on here? Should we tell them what this is really about? No. <laughs> really? You, you're just building this ready, up, all this stuff, and nobody ready. knows. Nobody knows. Like, you're there. Like, where should I put this? Put it over there, but don't look at the sign that says Rehabilitation Center for Villains and Heroes, because that's all it seems to be. But with that, you, you get that, and you have that little caveat. But then... Batman and Canary come through this portal. Now they're alive. So basically, I would think that Vixen, who's there, like, would be like, oh, thank God you survived. So I guess it went good. No, she says, you have the look of somebody who isn't on the losing team. What? No, I'm like, standing? Can- Canary Batman. That's not the posture of a losing yeah. team. No, the posture World of a losing team Vixen is not there. entirely by us. Yeah, not entirely by us. And then Batman says, Havoc wanted Angor. Now, he and Dream Slayer are part of it at every level. They sacrifice themselves for it. Now, really, that is a very generalized statement. Like, you can think that they, oh, Havoc gave up the throne? He's no longer Lord Havoc? He's just Prince Havoc or whatever. But they go with that. Oh, you know what? Havoc and Dream Slayer, they sacrifice themselves to make the planet again. And out of nowhere, Frost. Yo, check this out. It it was crazy as shit. This cosmic god judge came out of nowhere. (laughs) Freaking opened a portal using Dream Slayer's powers. They walked into it, and he pushed him into the ground. It was crazy. He pushed him into the ground. In the meantime, I was going to go through it. Uh, Time time was sped up. I I saw monkey men. (laughs) I saw a lizard. A lizard, and I don't know what that turned into because I wasn't really paying attention. Things were going. And by the way, we're really, really small. But that's the big thing. Remember Turns the, out creationism? Bullshit. Man, yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. Plus, I think Angor is flat. I'm just saying it. I'm throwing it out there. <laughs> but they, they, she, he basically says, listen, everyone. Havoc and Dream Slayer, they sacrificed themselves to bring their planet back into existence. Out of nowhere, Canary, who is searching for anything, goes, what? Havoc did that? Maybe there is still hope for oh, me. Oh, no, no. That, that's Frost. That's Frost. Oh, that says Frost. I mean, I'm sorry. Frost says that. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at I'm all uh, jumbled. Maybe yeah. there is still hope for me. I'm Basically, like, Shut up, Frost. Frost says that there is hope for her. Because, because Havoc sacrificed himself. Sacrificed yeah. themselves for the time. In a portal. So maybe there's a we, hope for that you, That we Frost. know nothing about. We know nothing about what's going on. I mean, sick this going. I'm telling you. Yeah, everything is like, well... You know, and that Batman goes, there is hope, but really, we really, really need science. Science would probably be better, 
with what you're dealing with. You have kind of a sickness there. It's not the same, you know, whatever. Uh, but really, if you want to walk into a freezer maybe later down the line, maybe walk into a fucking furnace, maybe that'll help. I don't know what you're getting at, baby. But it, it really, and then she's there and she's like watching and they're like, oh, right. Who we saw, I'm watching Captain America. Oh, my God. Steve, Tre- you know, or not Steve Trevor, freaking Captain America. He, he Steve jumped, Rogers. Steve, he jumped on that grenade when he didn't know. You know what? There is hope for me. Yes, there is. Yeah, all right. It's just so stupid. It's you know, just goddamn Luke Skywalker stupid. got Darth Vader to turn away from the dark side. Maybe there is hope Maybe for me. Maybe there is hope for me. You know what? I saw that Eric went to uh, Burger King. He got a triple Whopper, but he got a Diet Coke. Oh, my goodness. There's hope for me. I'm in training. Yes, you are. It's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. Uh, then we get a weird deal where obviously Lobo is off for better things, which is basically one of those Justice League books, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He's on one of the teams. So he's got to get the fuck out of here. And you have Ryan show up and like, hey, don't, don't you kid me, Lobo. I know that you came and you were the one who wanted me on the team. And, and I knew that you didn't get rid of your transmatter token. Uh, okay. Oh. I, I want Lobo to go, the frag are you getting to? Like, yeah, I have it just like everybody else. Like, that's the thing. Uh, this is at the point where it's funny because he's just sitting there and he's saying, I know you wouldn't be here if it weren't, you know, all this stuff. But it's almost like Lobo has already said, like, hey, I'm leaving, buddy. I'm getting out of here. But the, the progression of the scene doesn't show that. The progression of the scene isn't, hey, you frag. I'm getting the hell out of here. And then you have Ryan say, oh, Lobo, you silly fool. I see you still have the transmatter token. You're going to come back and we need you. You love us. No, it's just this whole weird thing of like, you could have left after the might be on the mirror. You didn't. So you like us, don't you? I'm no. telling you, that, that, was a couple, that was just a couple of days ago. I'm not exactly helping with the sanctuary right now. Yeah. I'm sitting out fucking eating a piece of Fuck wheat that. and just looking at the yeah. sunset. Oh, I'm telling you, uh, he's Mentally, there. Mentally, I've been gone for months. And, and yeah, basically, <laughs> I have cut out on this deal on you know what? Not really into the heavy lifting. Like no. they keep coming to me and saying, "Are you going to help?" Uh, we have a lot of girders. Yeah, they don't like, know what that means. That. He's like, "I'm not doing this." And then he's like, "You know what? I'm going to do. I'm just setting goals for punching holes." And I'm sitting there thinking, like, "Is this what you've been waiting to say?" <laughs> like this is this line that it's been taking all this time. We're at 26 issues of all this where Steve Orlando's like. Can't wait till I can use this line. It's so good. And then it comes off. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're getting at, Lobo. And then yeah, you know what? I'm out of here. The main man's telling you what he can. And then you have Ryan, which his progression is, hey, Lobo, go frag yourself. And I wanted Lobo to stop and go, you do, Daddy. What the fuck did you just say? He goes <laughs> back, fuck, he fucking punches said, his he just, fucking he head gets, off. He gets back off the space hug. He's like, what the fuck did you just say to me, Tiny? <laughs> what the fuck? You, you really, Where you do better, you get yeah, off? You better fucking learn your role, my friend. But he's like, you too, Tiny. You better gets, check yourself before you yeah, wreck really, yourself. Gets on, and like, I'm going to be punching holes and, and uh, through your head. But yeah, he ends up going off in the space hug, Eric. <laughs> And the deal. best part is you're doing that. I'm looking right at the panel, and I can yeah. picture that you sound can picture, right, right as we do it. The best is look at Ryan with a stupid wave. Bye-bye, Lobo. Shut See up, you man. later. Frag yourself. Oh, I said it to you. And then we go where I'm like, okay, we're getting this whole deal. We're I really trying to thought set that this was book. the end of the issue right Yeah, we're there. trying to set this book up to end because it is ending soon. 
Now we go 20 years in the future to Ivy Town, where Micron is facing off against Kronos, who seems to know uh, intricate info about Ray Palmer, who in this, uh, you know, in the future is dead. But the whole deal is Kronos knows the way to fuck him because he has been sold out by his future relatives. And I'm like, really? What the hell is going on here? Like, I thought we were getting an ending, and now you're going to start a new story with Micron uh, from, you know, Justice League Unlimited and all this stuff? It's nonsense. But, yeah, uh, with that, though, I might like that story better than Maybe. anything we I, I got Maybe. I think it's going to be nonsense, deal. though. Just the whole ex- the explanation we get at this last page, you know, he's fighting Micron, Kronos says, and he's got him on the ropes. He's like, where's, you know, where's Ray Palmer? What? What are you talking about? Ray Palmer's gone, dead. Now he is, but then, then he's happy. He thought I wouldn't find him, but centuries from now, Palmer's family line betrays him to me. Now this will bring him, me to him. And he freaking rips off Micron's freaking, uh, you know, yeah. uh, shrinking, uh, like, you know, tech. And he's like, then Kronos is just going to have to steal that too, talking about Ray Palmer's happiness. I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, yes. This is going to get so convoluted at the end. Yes, the most ridiculous conversation. Just the idea. I'm 20 years in the future. I want to go after Ray Palmer when he's happy. But thankfully, centuries from now, his family betrays him. The f- God damn it. This is going to be so bad. So crazy. So And really, uh, nothing has led us to believe that anything in this book could possibly be anything good, except the other sites that seem to give it a 10 out of 10. I, I don't know. I guess they want to have lunch with Steve Orlando because I don't see what they're talking about. I wouldn't mind that. Book, it seems a lot better than reading his books. Well, yeah, well, and he does seem like a nice enough guy. I like I've heard, uh, back and forth with that. But, yeah, there was a guy online who ended up saying that this book was one of the best in uh, Rebirth and that you get such great character progression, all this. And I actually ended up, uh, you know, I, I had the whole idea of there's Eric Shea, where mm-hmm. somebody's like, you know what? I don't like Halloween 4 because I don't like the Silver Shamrock. And now Eric Shea's blood is shit. boiling, but he's got to decide. Should I – is this worth Do I, do I engage? Yes, do you engage? And sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I had that same kind of deal where, in fact – uh, it's something that Brandon ends up sending. Brandon knows how to tweak me oh, in, in different ways. So, yeah, and uh, so this ends up with this and Green Arrow and all these things, and it's the same deal. And I'm like, do I engage? I'm like, yeah, I have to because I, I can't let this just go with this idea because where I don't say – I'll never get on and say – you're a fucking moron and things like that. No, I said, I don't know. I wish I could see what you're saying. I find this book to be tedious to get through, and the characters are pretty one note from the beginning. And the guy's like, well, you know, at least there's, you know, books for everyone. And I kind of think he was trying to treat me like a bit of a jerk, but that's fine. I am a jerk. Uh, but all of a sudden, then people started, people I didn't even know, people that don't even follow us are like, yeah, I kind of agree with that guy. This book has been nonsense. I'm like, okay, at least some uh, people the, out the there world is right the again. same sensibilities, but. It is just crazy. It is just completely crazy. But, uh, you know, that's that and whatnot. But uh, what would you give it, Eric? What I, would you give it? You're going to tell me. Did, did you say what you gave it? Uh, no, I'm going to ask you first because I got to go and find out what I gave it. Cause okay, because I, I, I would give this a 4.5 out of yeah, 10. I, 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 I actually I really enjoyed the art I, because – I'm telling you, there is a bit here where I was reading this issue. I, I hate reading Just League of America, but there was a bit here where I saw that there could be a cool story going on here. It's just not executed properly, and I really like the art. So I couldn't give it a fuck you five, so I had to go 4.5 out of 10 because I still yeah. don't like the issue. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I give it a three. Uh, I did like some of the art, but this is just complete nonsense and whatnot. So yeah, I, uh, I, I give it a three and I couldn't deal with it. But that is the end of the podcast. All right, Eric, and that is it. Uh, the podcast is over. Uh, we time. can play, uh, closing time. Right now, maybe? Should we end with that? I'm sure that no. that would be a, a great way. Semisonic's closing time will end with and then f- uh, fade into the distance. But yes, that is the end of the podcast. What is your book of the week? My book of the week this week is a tie between Supergirl and Action Comics. Crazy talk, that is. And mine is, even though people would probably think that I was being more negative than I should have been, uh, it was... What's that called? New Superman, New Superman and the Justice League, League of China. China, yeah. And it was a down week in general. So uh, it's tough. It really is. Hopefully next week we'll pick things up a bit. And if they're going to pick up, Eric, it would be with one of these or many of these books. And you asked me before we started recording tonight, said, hey – you only have two books to review next week. And I'm like, that can't be because I've actually – like last week I had six right. uh, and I've had a couple fives in a row. And if you're not reviewing, that that sucks to have to have a Tuesday where you have all these books. But it's pretty much a constant. And to have two, it's pretty crazy. The last time I remember that is when Eric had none for yeah. annuals week. That son of a bitch. But uh, yeah, I only have two books. Uh, how many did you – did you count yours or you count Oh, I have four. You have four, so that's not that uh, crazy. What ends no. up happening, though, is we have a lot of books this week that neither me nor you nor Reggie review, so we will still have a long podcast, just we might have a little bit of break on a Tuesday, because four, four is pretty standard. Yeah. You're not going to complain that, but though, if you want to hear complaints, come around our work around probably two o'clock on a Tuesday, do and that's all we do. Night. We sit there and groan, moan and groan to each other just like that. <laughs> And then we say, and then it'll always go. Eric will go like, I don't want to review books tonight. And I'm like, like, you know what? What would happen if we didn't? You know, if we went back old school and didn't finish yeah. our reviews till the next Tuesday, but that is not going to happen because this are the these are the books you can go to our website and read the reviews on Wednesday morning or. Wait for the podcast or do both, like Dancing Mike does. Uh, You're going to get Aquaman number 34. And uh, it's weird because of Aquaman going monthly, it really shows you how far it falls behind. It seems weird that it's only at 34 when I see that because the next one's Batman 43. Uh, We also have Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, number 5, which will be on the site, not on the podcast. Brandon will be reviewing that. We have Dan will be reviewing Batwoman number 13, but we'll be talking about that and hopefully Eric that's lucky number 13 for that Uh, Chris and Reggie will be talking about Cave Carson has an interstellar eye number one so that's crazy we're going to continue with the new age of heroes with damage number three uh we're going to have some fun you know with me you and reggie with dead man number five eric dead man number five green lanterns number 43 harley quinn number 40 justice league number 41 nightwing number 41 which i think this will end the judge story who knows but we'll see we have a book that's going to be ending soon uh super sons number 14 we have superman number 43 which should be the last issue 
possibly before Brian Michael Bendis, because these things are kind of shutting down I, a little. I have but no idea I don't how it's know. I only know like, how action comics are, like putting being put on hold and then I jumping ahead. I don't know what's going I'm on yet. I'm with you as well. And a book that's going to be reviewed on the site by Matches Belombo. We'll be talking about on the podcast. Me and you, the Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman number two. Liam Sharp continuing that series. So there's not a lot of books in, in general, uh, but hopefully all of them are great. And I'll tell you, I'm not gonna throw this out as a joke. I would love everyone to be a 10 out of 10, mainly because then Eric would quit the podcast and I could yeah. go, and then I could never talk to him again. And that's the other thing. I said earlier in the podcast, if we stopped doing this, um, I would just not read comics. I, I'd, I'd have to just step back. And I also may not talk to you for at least a half hour at work. You'd yeah. come in, you'd give me your like point that you do, and usually I give you the eh. Or the finger, I would never react. see that. I know you don't. That's why I do it. Half the time, I'm giving you double fingers, and I'm just like, he can't fucking see me. And then I have wrong turn. Why'd you give the fingers to the Eric Shays? Like, yeah, because he deserves it. He deserves it. I love yeah, when I, I sit there. I don't even know what I just hit. I I sit there. <clears throat> And sometimes, uh, like, somebody will come over and talk to us, and then wrong turn will come over and, like, why was Zace yelling at you? And I'm yelling. like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, nobody was yelling. Yeah, they always yell. And I'm like, no, no, nobody was yelling. They come over and asked us a question. And, uh, you know, and he's like, I know, they yells. You go, whatever. They yells indeed. Wrong turn. But, yeah, that is what's going to be on next week. Obviously, in that, we talk about it all the time at the end. Two of these books will be on the Patreon account as a Patreon-only exclusive pick by the badasses. I have to put that poll up for people to pick. I already know what they're going to pick because I always do. Mm. Uh, but I'll put that up. So if you want to get involved with that and get the full gamut of books, you go over to the Patreon and subscribe. And it's Patreon.com slash Weird Science. We have a lot of other shows as well that you can check out. I know most people have heard this spiel before, but I usually think I will beat them down in the submission for them to go over. You will not be charged until the beginning of next month, so you can use it as a free trial until then and see if it's worth your while. We'll also have one of these books as a main spotlight that will be on the regular feed but will not be featured on the podcast, and that's usually out there as a – it's kind of a dip your toe, but it's also a little you know head start for the whole week and things yeah. like that so go check that out as well as well as going to our website and all that other jazz you know whatever they say and throw eric a little uh, bone and, and uh, message him on twitter and ask him how his toys are doing and then, and then he'll be happy to talk to you and if he doesn't talk to you it's not you it is him yes <laughs> he he has problems with talking to people but i don't I end up talking to people. So if you want to talk about anything, come on over and talk to me. But that is it, Eric. We're going to end the podcast. It's a long one uh, because I did ramble a lot. I apologize. I don't know what hit me this week, but it possibly might be uh, in pill form. Okay, that may be part of it. I'm not so sure. Uh, one of these weeks, I will clean myself up and we'll have a regular podcast. Goddamn liar. It, I'm telling you, one of these weeks, uh, we'll have a podcast that's two and a you half hours. You can quit anytime you want, everybody. I can. Two and a half hours and no nonsense. And we get on and talk about the books in a robotic way and don't really give you anything and say phrases oh, such as. Oh, so we're going to actually be on different pages. I love the art and the story. Ten out of ten. Actually, I love the podcast that will just they, they don't even want to say that they give a book a nine out of ten that's too negative so it's like i like most of this oh, all thank right you. thank you indeed but yes we're gonna go off eric what do we say at the end 
Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird, and weird. we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Don't play with this toy.